5393948. Mrs. Thompson, the cook is in the kitchen. 68356. 20 degrees by 79 degrees. Over. Sugar bitches, I'm America's sweetheart Eric Shea, and I'm Jim Warner. I didn't and know I was supposed to go that quick. Usually, I, I, you have I knew, more of an I intro. I was going to mess you up. You I was just threw waiting. me off, my friend. Well played. And oh, we're I'm... about to bring you some DC comic <laughs> goodness moly. in the form of episode number 140 of the Muddy Mighty Weird Science DC Comics One Podcast. 140. Boy, I that knew it was going to mess me you up. the hell off. You, all you wanted to do was shout out to the sugar bitches. That's all you wanted bitches. to do. Hey, usually you have, you know, your hip shakers and love takers and cr- craters. I don't know. Threw me off, Eric. Hip Hello and welcome. Love One and all to the official unofficial don't podcast take that, love. of Weird Science, DCComics.com for the week of September 9th, 2017. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Oh, so proud. So, so proud. If you want to find us on the internet, we're on the Facebooks at the Weird Science DC Comics. We're on the Podbeans at the Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. Oh, we're on the Twitters. Twitters. On the Twitters, Eric, at the Weird Science DC. And we do have what I already mentioned, an award-winning website, Weird Science DC Comics com where we try to review every DC comic each and every week. We sure also do. have an email, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, that you can use to get a hold of me so we can make fun of Eric, right? That's what I we hate do. My That's life. all it's for. That's why you never get the password. No, You're never allowed in that. I you, know if, the secrets. If only you would know the emails that I get, Eric. Oh, boy. But we also have a Patreon account. And uh, the Patreon account is at patreon.com slash weird science. And every week, the badasses of the Patreon account get to pick a book for the spotlight. Get to pick sure one do. of the books. One, I say that. That's in quotes. Because this week, they, there was a tie. And we told them, if there's a tie, we're going to go with the tie and do both books. It just happens to be two of the biggest books out this week, which are Batman and Superman. And the thing is... There, there's got to be a limit to something. You know what I'm I mean? I'm telling uh, you, if they freaking play this every week, I'm going to kill somebody. Because I'm all happy to if – if there's a tie out there, I'm happy to give them both books. Because yes. that's what we said. If it happens every goddamn week, there's some shenanigans going on. It's nonsense. I'm telling you, it's not even just the fact of happening every week to me. It's the fact that it seems like there's a little bit of collusion going on that they want to try to get every book to be tied. And there is a lot of books next week, but – if each person did vote once and some a couple people abstain from voting, it is possible that you have 18 books as a tie. We will have to kind of make you know some sort of exception for that, but who knows what that'll be? Because I told you, it actually to me, I was wringing my hands up, saying like, "Oh, Batman! We're gonna have Batman on. It's not gonna be on the podcast." And I thought that that was one of those books that I wanted us to be the voice of reason i talked yeah. about this on our regular spotlight this week which happened to be green lanterns and i said you know i want it to be the voice of you know to tell people that there is 
some people, like-minded people out there that may not love every book that comes out. And because a book says Batman on the cover does not mean it's a 10 out of 10. You have to look yeah, at the Yeah, but you got to add Kite Man to that cover. Then it's a 10 out of 10, right? 10 out of 10, indeed. But I thought that I'd do something a little different this week because we do say all the things. Oh, we do all this on Patreon. We do this, that, and the other thing. I thought that I'd give a little commercial for this, Eric, where I actually pulled some little clips from each each of the books that were featured and each of the shows that were featured on Patreon this week. It's kind of like a this week on the weird side. I just Patreon. imagine you're sitting back and you're setting this whole thing up. And so like, I may say that we do all these things. Are all the listeners sitting back? That's and what I mean. Bullshit. That's what I think. And I think that they, you know, kind of tune out and like, oh, and also I said, you have to realize when we do these things on the Patreon, this does not mean that we you know, pull back anything or we don't get angry because, boy, I got really angry this week and it was on Batman. So I did pull little clips of each of the books to show people. I, I think they're pretty humorous as well. So I, I, even if you don't subscribe, and I will say like I did in the in the uh, spotlight earlier this week, if you do go and you want to see what we're doing on the Patreon account – you go and you subscribe. You go and you know pick a level and subscribe. You do not get charged immediately. You will not get charged. If you go on right now, at the minute you hear this, your credit card will not be charged until October 1st. Up until the point that comes to October 1st, you do have pretty much a free trial. You're listening to all the shows. You Whatever level you get, you'll get all those shows. By the time October 1st rolls around and your card is going to get charged, you can quit. You can just say, you know what? I gave it a shot. It's not for me. I'll just listen to the regular podcast. You know, I, I've had enough of Eric's jerk off voice anyway. But so Makes basically, sense. up until all, October 1st, it's a free trial. You will not get charged. So I, I just stress because this is, I told you before, I said it on the spotlight. I am pretty confident that the stuff that we do, we do a lot of it. We do shows galore, and I think that it's something that I'm pretty proud of the stuff we do, and I think I'm confident enough that it's it's a quality product that you will want to support. So just go and try it out, you know, a little free trial. But this is this is what happened this week on the Weird Sides Patreon. This was on the spotlight, and this is a little clip from Batman number 30 just to show you that, that we don't, you know, it's not like we're having a grand old time talking about every book here. Why do we need this? I want a Batman book. I don't want a Kite Man book. I don't need him to be the guy who's going to change all the fucking, you know, joke fucking characters. Go to hell. Get get your Kite Man and shove it up your ass. So I say, see, I'm yelling at the people who, who need to I know. Why are you yelling? <laughs> they hear it. I, I can't help it. It, it, I, it infuriates me. I have to stop right there. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. I got so angry. I couldn't even talk. I'm telling Words you, this little bit. didn't make sense in my this, mouth anymore. This little bit where I've lost my mind completely. I just have to play it again. Look, it, 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 what was that? <laughs> it's so crazy. But here, I'm going to continue. I'm not going to interrupt this much, but I'll continue this. It, 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 it infuriates me when I see this. Huh, you know, Tom King can take any character and make him great. You know what you should do? Do that to Batman. Please. Give me a Batman, not not this Batman who's fucking sulking around and fucking telling Selena what happened. She was there. And when was the last time we actually had him talking to Selena? No, nah, I don't care. Shut up, Eric. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That was us talking about Batman on the Patreon spotlight. We also, in that spotlight, also talked about Superman. And here's a little clip of that as well. Really wrapping that one up, you know, yeah. thanks a lot. And then he's, he's like, hey, 
and thanks for helping them. How about I heat you up some pie, and you can tell me about it. I really think that that's code that they're going to go and do some nasty things. That when yes. she says, "Hey, hey, loving Clark, things, they're married." I'll heat you up some pie, wink, wink. And the funny thing is it makes me even laugh to it because I'm going full out that that's what she meant. And then John's laughing in his sleep. (laughs) He's such a dirty little boy. There you go, Eric. That was what was in the spotlight. I just wanted to throw that out just so people can know kind of what's going on. And also, I will throw out one other clip where we did do, because I want to mention it, we did do a Back Issues uh, podcast that we go, and the badasses pick an issue from the past to do, and they did pick Spawn number one, and we did talk about that, and this will be the last clip that I'll play. It always bothered me when Todd McFarlane drew the profile shot of him, and he's screaming no, because it is a mask kind of thing, but... Him having that nose, I'm like, Spawn doesn't have a nose. Yeah, it, it goes yeah. straight down. Any other yeah, scene you crazy. see, it goes straight down because Spawn does not have a nose. And seeing that nose outline in the mask, I'm like, Ooh. that doesn't make any goddamn – Continuity the, Kid the is, continuity kid kid is in me. town. Yeah. He's he in town. In the day. Yeah, see, there is the clip that the continuity kid – was in town back in the day. But also this week we also had, well, we did record a pizza podcast, the Necessary Nonsense episode about pizza, and me and Brandon had uh, the first episode of our sports podcast, the Far, the Far Out, Out Sports, sports Nuts. Nuts. Yes, we did have that as well. So e- each week we try to have, we at least have the spotlight definitely goes up, but uh, it almost to the point where every weekend we also have another special show that goes up and all this stuff I, I just wanted to point out so that people can actually hear that, that it's not me lying there's actually some shows going on and we do have some stuff that we like to do but eric we talked about already the badasses did pick the books uh for the patreon only spotlight and they picked batman and superman so that leads into what we like to call the badass roll call eric. boom you like it? You dancing, Eric? You're a little quiet. You're a little quiet. I don't know if you're down. You you little down now? You hear yourself? No. I told you to shut up in that clip. You're, you're a little down on I'm it, I'm used maybe? to it. You are used to it. But yes, this is the badass roll call. You, you think I should go a little higher on the I need some. No. There you go. You like that right there? Is that a good level? I don't want to be drowned out and have to record this again by myself. Because the one a couple weeks ago, I had to do that. I couldn't get a hold of you. You, you basically, on a Sunday... If it's not a time we're recording, and I try to get a hold, I just see you. None of my my day is done. My week is over. But this is the badass roll call, and we're going to start it out. We have Dave J, who's actually listening to us right now on Mixler. We have all new Dave, Rob Lewis, Matthew Rapier, Richard Richardson, Simon G., G Man, Monty, Hakeem, Jolly Drew, Manship. Tanya Werner, Eric. I, I heard that her status has changed. Uh, who knows what that means? Ian, D-Man, Reggie Hancock, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh, Little MRT, Bobby, Jazz, Havilland, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, and the OG Christopher Hyden. I talked too much at the beginning, Eric. I know. My, I was, I was my newly this edited. Happen. Yeah, but, well, basically because the older version, I did finally edit it. The older one was like a minute and 46 seconds. I, I fucked up and made it a minute and 16 seconds. Oh, my goodness. You want to hear that again, Eric? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. It's off the rails already. But, Eric, we also have, and thanks all the badasses and everybody you, who indeed. subscribes on Patreon. We, we really do appreciate it. We also have a rant and rave line, which you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452 
followed by the pound sign. Eric? It's just that easy, folks. Now, see, I do this, and I... <laughs> it's off the rails, Eric. It's all... It's me adjusting all the things. What What did you say, Eric? What was that? How you ended that? I you said, hit the pound sign? It's just that easy, folks. are the rant raves for the week I'm gonna oh shit they're gonna to be t- right and raving i'm gonna try to tighten this up a bit i'm having a lot of problems i told you before we started this segment before we started the whole goddamn thing here i have 18 windows open with fucking sounds here and there yep. and over there and over here hi yeah here we go we're gonna start with that silver tongue devil himself dancing Ooh. mike who just did sing the rant and rave song so obviously he should have a rant and rave every week correct he did not last week i believe and and actually we've been kind of a little low on some of the rant and raves so thank god he sent in this it is full of piss and vinegar this one eric Ooh, it's my. very just you ready you ready to sit down and take this all right bring it on okay. didn't want to miss the big anniversary episode batman wasn't very good this week Whoop whoop. That's it, sure Eric. Wasn't, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> now that is to the point. I think maybe he, he's messing with me because I said that I expected them to be short. I, I don't expect them from Dancing Mike to be that short. I mean, Jesus, criminy. But the next one, Eric, is. He got right from, to the point, though. He did. He seemed actually, he seemed more depressed than us about these books. And I understand. Well, he had I understand one book this week he bought. It was Batman. It sucked. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's not very good, but here we go. That was the go. best, too. Just thinking about, like, on Twitter, we have a lot of people send us their pull list, and, like, all the books they get yeah. on New Comic Book Day, and we get picture after picture of people doing collages on the floor on tables. Yeah. Dancing Mike's was my favorite this week because he had <laughs> one Batman issue in the middle of a big wide open floor that made me laugh my ass off. It looks so lonely, too. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Uh, but I don't think we saw his toes like G-Man. No, That's the that poor G-Man. I, I just – I look – there's a couple things. I don't think things. G-Man had his toes out this week either. Yeah, there's there's a couple things in life that make me smile and not only a couple. I know Some five things. G-Man's toes. I know five things in this house don't make me smile. But, no. they, you know, those toes, they, they always make me smile. Eric. If I if I had a picture of my toes with a pull list, people would be vomiting across the I world. I know. I'm they, they, would, they would not like that. But this is the next Rent and Rave, one of your favorite guys. Richard Richardson oh, here. And 
Today I'm calling to talk about my favorite book. I only have three words to say. Here we go. Kite Man <laughs> Hill, yeah. There he is. There, there he goes. There. That, but again, right to the point, right to yeah. the deal. So you know, the good old Richard Richardson. Yeah, that Kite Man. Uh, I think I mentioned. Is it. Is it weird that I consider Kite Man two words? I, I do too. <laughs> There's so, a hyphen no, that, in there in my mind. Yeah, There's two words there. I don't, I don't care. Know. I really don't care. I said we were doing something the other day, and we're recording, and then all of a sudden you, you tell me there's a tweet that Tom King's tweeting out, I really want to have some Kite Man toys out there. Well, you like, squeeze really, the really... legs and he says, hell yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you, he's saying that. He's only saying that to see how many people jump in and, and to yeah, fucking get his praises again. That's the game. all he does. I'm telling you, he's just like those people who do anything and say, I'm so terrible at this. Oh, no, you're not. Or, you know, you have a girlfriend or something like Oh, dude, I look so fat in this. Yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah. Eat a salad. I don't play that game. It's the worst. No, I don't play it either. And uh, you, I wish my wife would get on here. Eventually she will probably oh, uh, get on one of the podcasts. And she'll tell you that is one of the things that I have. It's kind of a, you know, a mental problem or whatever that, uh, you know, a diagnosed thing that I don't feel much compassion for people. Yep. I know that this is, is that shocking to you. I don't think I know this is shocking to you, Eric. But yes, it is something that Uh-oh. I was diagnosed I I with as a young kid. And I remember when this happened and oh, I gave the diagnosis to my mom. She basically told me that I was going to be a serial killer. That That's yep. how she explained it to me. Like they said that you're just like a serial killer. You have no compassion for people and things like that. But also because of that, if anybody does ask me something, I actually really have to make myself not just say the truth. And and I but the more you're a friend of mine, I will I will not you know, I will tell you the truth. So if you tell me, you know, I, hey, I, I never if, ask you for the truth because I don't no, want to hear it. Because I'll tell it to you. Because yeah. you I consider you know, I've I've consider you somewhat of a friend. After all these years. Look at me. I'm a big Yeah, but shot if my man. wife got, if my wife asked me, like, hey, do I look fat in this? You better expect the truth. And so she doesn't talk to me either, ever, because she knows that. Or she'll be like, oh, there, there's these people that moved in next door. And actually, the one guy lives there next door, and he keeps going. He has a rotating fucking thing of, of women coming in and out. Either – I don't know. The guy must be a wreck. Because these ladies keep, you know, they leave after two weeks and then the next one comes in and whatever. But I man lives his life the way he wants to live it, man. He does, but I don't know why he keeps wanting these. It's not like these are one night stands. These are women with three kids that keep moving in, and then the next one moves in. She has four kids. These are not just like bringing home, but every time Tanya's like full in. That's Tanya's problem. She's too nice to people and becomes best friends with people after fucking three minutes. Today I come in, I'm pissed off because I went to go shopping my kids ditch me i'm shopping by myself i come home my wife said to her hey you know what you want to come with me the kids aren't there rafe causes all sorts of problems so if she comes with us with me rafe and her rafe will definitely cause a problem and then there'll be nonsense so with rafe not there i said do you want to come she's like no i don't feel like it i'm tired i'm gonna take a nap oh okay then i come home she's on the porch with this next door neighbor lady and then i go in she's like oh why why didn't you say hi because i just walked by and she's like i think i think she's so nice I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass about that fucking scumbag. And I'm yelling. And I, I, I'll just I, tell you right off the bat, no matter what happens, she's not moving in. No. Yeah, basically. Because I said, what happens in two weeks when, when she's gone? And then you're asking me like, oh, I feel so bad for her. You know what? I don't even know the goddamn name. And I no. don't want to. And then she's like, but you, you think she's pretty, right? <laughs> pretty? 
<laughs> now you're asking me the truth. No, I don't. I think she looks like a meth addict. Get her the hell out of here. I don't even know she what looks like most going. women in Quakertown. Meth addict. Yeah, yeah, basically. That is true. I was at the at Walmart. I thought that I had fucking walked into The Walking Dead with these people walking around in Quakertown. It really does. It, at points, Quakertown appears to be taken over by a zombie it's apocalypse. It's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, because people do. That's how they walk around. And, and it's nonsense. And then I sit there and I'm like, I'm a scumbag too. Look at me. I'm in the middle <laughs> of Quakertown. I'm tired. That's all I am. This all leads to a great rant and rave here. I haven't listened to it yet, but I know it's going to be great because in the middle of the week, uh, I got a, a message on Twitter from one Rob Lewis. And Rob sent me a picture of what appeared to be a urinal uh, overflowing and then shit on the floor. Oh, uh, this, yeah. It looked like uh, not even it looked like a shit apocalypse had hit Albany, Eric. And, and he said, this is the, the worst. worst. Kind of apocalypse. He's like, you start off the fucking day by coming in and, and you see this. And I'm like, I expect a rant and rave about what happened here because it looked <laughs> like nonsense. And, and this is this seems to happen a lot at his work in Albany and it seems like to me it's like the state capital whatever this shit shouldn't go on you no. know what I mean this shit should go on at a Walmart or you know something like that not at the Capitol building well let's listen yeah hey Jim Eric Reggie and the badass members of the Get Fresh crew this boop, is boop, your boop. man Rob Lewis up, calling bro? with this week you can't make this shit up. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened to me this week. Do My it. grandchildren are up here in Albany now. They're, they moved up recently. Nice. And this week nice. was supposed to be their first week of softball practice. So being the grandfather that I am, I readjusted my schedule so that I can make their first practice uh, nice. Wednesday evening. So Wednesday morning, I get up at 5 o'clock and I go to work. Now, let me explain. I work in Albany City Hall in yep. the maintenance apartment. That's it. It's the City Hall. I, I yeah, think yeah. I said State Capitol, but is it? Now, the other thing that makes me laugh is we know that Rob had a lot of times worked at night because he'd send us those videos or pictures <laughs> of him watching movies. It seemed like the best job ever. But yes, I'll continue. It's the best Which job ever Which means I'm just a glorified yeah. janitor, but that's irregardless. So anyway, I get there at 530. I turn the key, I enter the building, and I'm slapped in the face with an odor that you just would not believe. I couldn't understand what was going on. So I proceeded to search the building and see what was, what was happening. I get up to the third floor, and I was greeted by a torrent of shit and piss that you would not believe. <laughs> you see, we've gotten a lot of rain lately, and whenever it rains a lot in Albany, because the drains on the roof backed up, the water tends to flow in the building wherever it can get in, and it, it gets it keeps in wherever it can. So apparently it backed up all of the toilets on the third floor. So like I, said, down the stairs. I had floating shit and piss coming down all the way down from the it third does. floor down through the mezzanine uh. down to the second floor. So I spent the greater part of the day sucking up shit and piss <laughs> with the auto vac. Isn't that a wonderful sounding job? No. Now, you, I know you're the worst is not even the, the thing that I think of is not that I think of actually when you have to empty 
That's what I was thinking about. That's the worst part. And the thing is, me being a terrible person, I know Rob's not a terrible person like me. I'm like, I'd be sitting there vacuuming up this shit and then dumping it and just blaming my grandchildren for having to schedule or maybe go on first shift (laughs) in the morning to all this nonsense. You you had to play softball, didn't you? Didn't you? You didn't you? Going to be a big sports star, are you? You better take care of your granddad. What does that have to do with DC Comics? (laughs) Well, let me show you. I could tie it in. And I know when I say that, you you think, oh, he's going to talk about the latest issue of Justice League. You're wrong. Oh. I'm going to tie it into Warner Brothers and their DC Extended Universe. <laughs> I want to tell you, <laughs> these guys are fucking up big time. Number one, I think they announced about 15 movies, and every other week they cancel that, that list. That is true. Then they film a movie. And instead of letting it grow, they want to double back and change their plans. Take Suicide uh, Suicide Squad for an example. Decent movie. I really enjoyed Jared Leto's interpretation of the Joker. But from what I understand, the movie was cut so bad that we lost about hours of his performance. So there's a debate whether back and forth, whether... It was really a good performance. We'll never be able to judge because it's been edited so deeply. Yeah, and he actually, I think Jared Leto even came out at one point and said they had edited a movie worth of footage of him. That's crazy. That that it was that much footage that they had to edit out or did edit out uh, just being – and they I think they even came out and said, like, listen, some of this stuff never was intended fully to – it was really weird. Like he claims almost like an hour, hour and a half of footage the way he said it. And then they – I think they tried to explain it like, no, 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 Jared's saying that we did a lot of, you know, various angles and he – you know, he knows how shit's done. That's a smart fella with the fucking great-looking hair Eric. oh my god and, and yeah oh Beautiful. god and dreamy and when when he says that he knows what he's talking about he's he was in you know tv shows and shit like that and movies he's a star Eric. he knows Dude, that he told me it's 30 seconds to mars and i believe him that is true and he was on my so-called life sure which was. made me fall i he was sexier than claire danes ever wished to be oh definitely Eric. that's what i say but back to Rob. so then they come up with this brilliant idea this week <laughs> We're going to get Martin Scorsese to do a standalone Joker film. And who are we going to get as the Joker? We're going to go out there and get Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, let me tell you why I think this, <laughs> why I think this idea sucks. Martin Scorsese's last movie, Silence, I think maybe three people want to see it. <laughs> so we really need this hear. guy to direct a standalone Joker movie. And as far as Leonardo is concerned, Uh-oh. I think I've seen exactly, yeah, one of his movies, The Departed. As far as I'm concerned, I have no interest in seeing him in, portray the Joker. He doesn't like him. Hey, Rob, I... go back to the 90s, watch Critters 3. You can see Leo as a young little boy. Critters 3, that's that's what's going to win people over. Yeah, Critters 3. I, I just think it's, I, I said in the Pop Culture Podcast, I believe is where we were talking about this, that I think it would confuse people, number one, Definitely. to have Leonardo. But I also think that it would just set up people saying, like, you have Jared Leto in a Batman movie, and you have Leonardo in this other movie. All you're going to have is people like, hey, why don't you, Leonardo's so much better. He should have been instead of Jared. 
or I like Jared Leto better. And why, why set up that conflict of the same character going on at the same time? It and the just, only thing I imagine what they're doing is like you have the DC animated movies, which everybody seems to love. Like I've been down on them over the past yeah. couple of years, but they're these standalone movies that don't really tie into one another. So like, hey, this works for us over here. Why don't we do it live action? Because it's going to confuse people, asshole. Yeah, that, that's that's the problem. It just it'll confuse people all over the place, but they don't seem to care. I, I don't expect. I don't know. I when we first heard of this Martin Scorsese thing, it seemed like it was more pushed as a Batman movie. But now they're just saying that it was. It's going to be a standalone. Well, Joker no. At the movie. one point, you get the standalone Joker movie. Then people are coming out saying how the Batman, which is going to be Matt Reeves, yeah. I believe his name is, movie, is like that's going to be a standalone movie. And then they well, came out. Yeah, that's because be a that part was the it. one Who that knows? was going to be Ben Affleck, and then he bailed, but he didn't, and all this other things. But it, you know, you're going to have get that noir style, and it's just nonsense. It really is nonsense. It's, it's, you know, you have right now, it seems like they want to do the Marvel Universe thing, but now they also want to do the Star Wars thing, yeah. where you have these standalone movies in between. The problem is they're not going to confuse people because you have a Han Solo, you know, story, a movie that, but it's a prequel, you know, it's in the past. So it's, and it's just, and he's, you know. It's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. I don't know what they're doing. And like Rob said, you, you'll have the whole thing. Oh, Shazam movie coming out with The Rock. And then the next thing you hear, Rock ain't going to be in it. But it's going to be a great Shazam movie. But then you're waiting to hear who it's going to be and who's going to direct. And they don't want to tell you this. And then you have this movie and that movie. I just don't know what's going on. I just, I, I've gone to the thing with the movies, especially DC. I just wait till they come out. I don't even bother with them. But I don't oh, know. It's weird, too, because I am, and I told you, I'm finally getting excited to see Episode Eight, Star Wars Episode Eight. I, I don't really have any feelings whatsoever about the Justice League movie. Oh, this is a when, when it comes thing out, I DC guess I'll see it. so but... much where I love DC Comics, I love the Justice League, I love all the characters in the Justice League. Yeah. I care more about Thor Ragnarok than I do about yeah. a Justice League movie, and it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, it is crazy. They just, I don't know if you know, this week, uh, Marvel, they have a Thor Hulk book. That came out now that seems to be kind of setting up that whole deal. Uh, I just – I don't know why I told you that, Eric. Right. We're a DC Comics podcast. But I, I'll tell you, with the movies, yeah, obviously Marvel is doing a better job, and that's – like you said, you're a huge DC fan. But yet I like the Marvel movies better. I just do, and that's how it is. But even so, I would love it. I would love to be able to say to my whole family, like, listen, we're going to sneak in the movies tonight. Beloved and we're going to watch Justice Let's League. all get together. And I'm going to say, listen, when this comes on the stick, I, I can't even tell you that when the Justice League comes out that I'll be able to get everybody in this house to sit down at the TV and watch and it on the stick. the shit out of it. Now, I will, but I won't be able to get all of them involved. But yet, you know what? I tried with Wonder Woman, and it was one of – it's the craziest thing. And I know that this happens to a lot of people with shows. And I'm not just saying the stick. I'm saying Netflix or whatever. Wonder Woman ended up being that movie where I watched it, right? So I watched yeah. it. I enjoyed it. Halfway through watching it, Zach walked through the room. He started liking it. He, it's like one of those where you know a movie is pretty good when somebody gets a sandwich and they start walking up the stairs. And then after like 20 minutes, you look over and they're just standing on the stairs eating the yeah. sandwich while they were watching it. So he only watched half. So he wanted to watch it again the next day. Okay, that's good. Yeah. We start watching it again. Fucking Rafe walks through the room three quarters through. And he huh, what's this? Oh, it's Wonder Woman. This looks pretty cool. 
Next thing I know, a week later, the next I'm watching it again with Rafe. Then Tanya walked out. Everybody in my house has seen it with me at separate times. I've seen that. I'm an expert in the Wonder Woman movie now. I, and I, I'll tell you, I liked watching it each time. And I liked Good watching flip. it because each of them enjoyed it. And I think – I don't think that this is anything that's a surprise because I think most people would agree that's pretty much the best of these DC oh, Universe definitely. movies. And that's what got me excited about Justice League, thinking they're going to go. But now it seems like that's not the case, that they're they're fucking around with shit again, and we'll see. Because they're we'll a bunch see. of big old dummies. That's what's yeah. going on there, Jim. But yeah, when, when uh, Justice League comes out, I just I pray that everybody tells me it's a 10 out of 10. God, and then, a, so. you know, they have a standalone Joker movie, and whether it's with Leonardo or whoever, it's a 10 out of 10, and I, I can like this. Somehow I think that people will say it's a 10 out of 10, but it's like the 10 out of 10s we see in these comics. These people are smoking something that I can't get a hold of. Actually, no, because it's a different review kind of style. When you have these movie is. reviews, they always seem to go low anymore, and well, freaking, you know, comics always go high. Yeah. Comic, I, I told you, I, I have lost respect for you, me, I know. Reggie. No, I, I said I don't know of any other, you know, it's not an industry, obviously, but any other sector of reviews that Any kind are, of media. That are as hokey as these comic reviews have gone, where, like you said, a 7.5, you know, you'll hear of it later. Actually, yeah. I realize we recorded this out of sequence, but <laughs> later on, Eric will give a book a 7.5 and almost apologize for going that low. Because it's people so think weird. a 7.5 is a shitty score now. And, and really, if you go by an average of the people doing it, it is. That's yeah. the problem. I sit there and I see, and we go to the comic book roundup all the time. We review these comics, and I go, and it, just to show people that we don't fake the funk, it actually bothers me. Or not bothers me, but worries me when I look at the page, and I see that we have the worst, you know, the lowest scores on every book almost. Week after and, week. And I just I, I just sit there, and I'm like, I, I don't I don't want to be looked at as, oh, there's those negative well, assholes, and then people tune us like out. It's hard not to look like that when – Every week, these other reviewers say that the comic they're reading right now is the best the issue best they've, comic ever, they've read. ever read. And this, every issue is the best issue they've and ever it, read. But so. it gets to me where I just – you get to a point where you start tuning that place out where you think, oh, they're always negative. Fuck them. But a 7.5 is not negative. No. And I just hope that we're not being tuned out by people. Then they t put on the podcast. I could just imagine they go and somehow they accidentally hit the fast forward. They get no middle review where I'm screaming at you and yelling yeah. and screaming at shit. They'll never I'm hear. Crying. Yeah, they'll never hear balled up in the corner. Yeah, they'll they'll never hear the the good stuff because yeah, people think we're negative. But Eric, I don't like to be negative. I want to love this stuff. I really so do. do. I. We keep saying this stuff because every week it seems like we have to defend ourselves. But yeah, you know, it just it it does get lately. to me. This summer if has been I a was, rough summer, Jim. Yeah, it has. And if I was if we were gonna fake the funk, no summer I would it. get a hold of you and I would say, listen, from now on, you give a six. That's now an eight. You fucking everything plus two, my friend. And that's how we're not going to do that, though. So we'll see how that works out. Eric, people tune us out. But, Eric, that is the end of the rant and raves. Thanks for everybody right. uh, writing in. I hope that Rob ended up cleaning up all that piss and shit. Uh, I have that. I hope you got somebody else to do it. Week. Now, Rob's a good guy. He's a stand-up guy. If, if that's his job, that's the job to he's going to do. Gonna do. Uh, this is why I like Rob. Here's the thing. You have a job. 
You have to do it, right? You're getting paid to do a job. That don't mean you have to like it, and that doesn't mean you're not you're not going to bitch about it because it sucks. So yeah, I I love Rob, and that, I I just hope that every day he doesn't have to do that just to go to softball practice because it's just it's weird too. In my mind, softball should be a false or a spring sport. Uh, fall should be field hockey. Uh, for the ladies or or the men, I, I'm assuming it's ladies because of the uh, you know softball being a girls' sport, unfortunately in in school. But yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. It's just weird to have softball in the fall. Get them get them to do the the field hockey. But Eric, it's now time. I for hate the field mail. hockey. Do you? You hate field hockey? I do. I love it. It's one of those things when you play hockey and then you kind of get involved and you have people and you end up trying to play field hockey just as a joke and because the girls are like, you'll be terrible. And then you, you start talking trash and then when you go and do it and you can't and then backhand you are terrible. things, yeah. you are. then you're terrible and they're right. But yeah, field hockey's tough. It hurts your back too. You really have to bend over for that. Those stupid but, little sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Really stupid. But yeah, we're going to go off now. To the mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. Let's hear Mail with Jim, Eric. Right. <laughs> it's mail, right? This yeah. mail, all the mail that's meant to be mailed, right? The mail yeah, that's this, really this mail. mail, not pass mail. Not pass mail from like May. That, that's not what we're doing. We're not well, having a flashback show of any sort. You're telling me it's Flashback Friday here with flashback Weird Science Radio. Here at the Weird Science Radio, where we're gonna hear a, a song that was from before and one now. And first, we're gonna handle. Mail number one. <laughs> uh, we are a mail section number one that you can mail into. I'm, I'm way off now. I know. You, you mail in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We read everything, Eric, and this is going to be mail for you and me, not just the shade-throwing mail about Eric Shea. Here we go. And I do want to stress, we read every single mail, whether you've mailed them today, yesterday, or seven months ago, Eric. I, we, I was still... really afraid you were going to stress. Really, though, the mail is all about trash-talking Eric Shea, so get on it. No, no. What I was going to say is you can send in negative mail if you don't like what you hear i get the idea that because it's one of those we have such a long podcast that if people don't like it they just are going to go away <laughs> they're not going to spend a lot of time bitching and moaning because of the effort that they have to put in to actually listen to the whole thing so maybe that does weed out some of the negative mail trash talking in my emails i send you yeah, really. You always trash talk me. I get these emails from you, and it's like, dear weird science. But then at the end, you always sign it, America's Sweetheart, America's Eric Sweetheart, Shea. Eric and Shea. I don't know why you do that. It lets it up right away, and then I know what's going on. Uh, the first email of the night is from Dave J. Eric, Dave J. was listening now on Mixler. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew, poop, 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 poopity poop. Just wanted to drop you guys a line and tell you how much I love the podcast. I found the show about two months ago and have been listening each and every week. I got back into DC Comics at the start of Rebirth, and I'm slowly catching up on the new 52 as well. So the podcast is great for filling in a lot of history and backstory. Plus, nice. you guys are just fun as shit to listen to. 
Fun as shit. Fun as shit. That, that explains it. That really, it that is very descriptive of what we are. I just joined the Patreon at the $5 level, and I've been loving the new 52 trade reviews as well. I really enjoyed the Detective Comics episode. I love the dark horror movie feel of those issues, even though the story had its problems, which it did. Now, I also have a little thing to say at the end of this paragraph, Eric. I've always oh. thought Batman was at his best when he was dealing with his most fucked up villains. Are there any other trades you would recommend with a similar vibe and before we do answer that i have to tell you that dave went on to become a badass as well he was mentioned awesome. during the badass roll call so he joined up as five this is why i said i am pretty confident that what we offer is pretty good including the, the caveat of becoming a part of the get fresh crew eric doop, doop. Doop, and going on slack and talking to people it's not just talking to me and you we don't have that many interesting things to say. At it's all. everybody else. And I really like when each and every person joins in, it just expands the conversations that are going on. You know, it really does widen everything that's going on and make it so much better for each and every person that joins. So I really do appreciate it. And Dave himself, thank you very much. Uh, I would tell him right away, since he's listening as we do this, he'll know. Uh, Batwoman would be right in for him, I, I really do think, uh, because he wants to know if there's any of those, you know, trades that recommend with the uh, dark horror movie feel. Definitely Batwoman to me is one of Definitely, those. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. That has and a that, whole supernatural edge to it. Yes, and that's our next one that you'll, you know, be able to hear uh, on the new 52 review advanced you know two weeks in advance that'll be coming up next week when it goes but i might even since dave ended up being a badass i may even send him the audio file what do you think of that he can even I, get it a little quick he'll have nothing to look forward to then yeah who cares it's it, this is what happens i have this thing you know the podcast also me and my kids you know jim has issues with his kids now that the jig is up eric and golf. because part of the deal is they wanted early christmas presents and i told them no this year i was putting my foot down I have to tell you, some of the problem is me because I, I like to give people – I like people to be happy at points. So I will give them early presents. I had just put my foot down this year. So there you go. You see, I am part of the problem you as well. You are the problem. I am not the solution. I am part of the problem. Uh, also, there's some other ones that I think that you would probably like. Like I don't know. It's weird because Frankenstein, Agent of Shade – I would love to say that has that dark horror movie feel. It has more of a goofy, yeah, that's classic, how I always it. like you know, universal. You have, you have monsters these universal deal. monsters in it, kind of, but it's more goofy than any horror. Yeah, it's kind more of deal. goofy than that. Some other ones, uh, I don't know. I know Red Lanterns is kind of horror esque. I was gonna say that as well. I don't know. There's all there's uh, the you know Justice League Dark. Uh, there's that, but even that, it didn't seem so horror movie. I Vampire maybe would be something. Maybe I haven't read that out. one though. Yeah, that that's kind of like that. I I read most of that that first uh, volume. Like Andrew but, Bennett, yeah. no thank you, sir. No thank you. But yeah, I would say right away since and we're going to be doing it coming up. The Batwoman. We already recorded it. We just have to wait for it to release. That that would be something good to grab and read, and then you can listen to us fucking talk about it. Listen to us Oosh. flap flap our jaws also love the shout out to buffy the musical in the red lanterns review episode and i i said i told you when we were reading that i once atrocitus said that he was going through the motions motions, i told you right away i said i i have to put that because it just reminded me and there we were at work just singing buffy the musical yeah we were we were sitting there doing all the musicals twirling around can i request a buffy themed song from reggie in a future episode. I think he freaking uh, watched Buffy. No, that's why if you do request that, 
I may sing it. So there you go. You can you can request whatever you want, and I'll make sure that at least I'll sing it. I almost sang me and Reggie later on. We do the Muttley, uh, Dick Dastardly Muttley book, and I was going to sing a song. And it's funny. When we get to that book, when, you, when you're listening, I mentioned that I was going to say what song I was going to sing. I never say it, Eric. So I'm going to tell everyone. Because it didn't exist. I'm going to tell everybody ahead of time. So you have to think back when we get to it. It was actually a kind of an obscure song, I would say. It was the song Bird Dog by the Everly Brothers. Was oh, the Bird song. Dog. That was what I was going to sing. And I, I freaking, because I was trying to think of songs that have dog in the title. And I said to Reggie, it, I ain't singing Led Zeppelin's Black Dog. No. And I said, I have another one. It's obscure and never get back to saying what it was. And it bothered me after we got done recording. So at least I got to say it now. And he, he continues. I don't know how you manage to put out so much content every week, but it is all amazing. The sports show on Monday was a nice surprise and a lot of fun. Keep up the great work, Dave J. And actually, Thank that you, is it because I actually thought the way I made up the mail sections, I thought we had two males at the first section, Eric, and I was wrong. Sure I, I was very wrong. So, Dave, you get the first mail section all by yourself, and we're going to go off Thank right now that. to the books. And thanks, Dave. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more, and we want to hear Voice of an angel, Eric. Songbird of his generation, I hear. Song of a generation. That is a man who is going to get you a snake mountain. He's Eric. already sent out that snake mountain. Damn I'm so right, goddamn excited. Yes, that snake mountain is on its way, complete with the voice changer sure that, does. that makes you sound crazy. I always like those. I, I I remember way back they had those Darth Vader masks. Oh, and, yeah. You know, all those. And it would make me laugh. I never bought one, but I would have it in Target and try to use it. And then my kids would get embarrassed. And then they'd run away. And, and then I'd, I'd go home and try to pretend that I wasn't their father. How about that? Would you like that? I thought you would try to pretend that you're not their father. Uh, no. Well, yeah, yeah. They, no, they, they end up. They, they're Right now they're asleep. Uh, because they played basketball all day and then might have been involved in a gang war. I don't know. I got, a word. Weird place. I got word that they were involved in some fight or something. My wife went flying out the door, yelling and screaming something, bloody murder, went to pick them up. 
Yeah, there was no such thing. They came home. I asked Rafe, what's going on? Mom said you're getting in a fight or something. It's like, no, I don't know what she's talking about. We were playing basketball. But everybody in the house, we're recording early. Uh, we, we tried to get a, a fresh or a early start on Saturdays to do this. And my everybody's asleep. My, my whole house. I think there's a carbon monoxide uh, leak. They're all there laying yeah, they around. they some more bleach and fucking created a goddamn chlorine fucking cloud. That is probably true, but this is the meat and cheese part of the podcast. We are talking about the books and this first section, Eric. It's going to be a little odd because, as you heard before, the badasses picked both Batman and Superman as the Patreon-only podcast spotlight. Our usual mainstays of the they, opening They usually of the are. I mean, and really, to, to tell everybody what this means to us, it does throw us off. Because when we do write our outline during the week, it's not even writing it up. We sit there and talk to each other and like, okay, what's going to start off? What's going to do this? It never a question on this week that no. it's not going to be Batman than Superman. The question always is, is what's going to be the third book? Now we're scrambling. Scrambling, Eric, and we don't like to exercise. So scrambling takes oh. a lot out of me. Takes a lot out of me. I, I just ate a, a extra large pizza. And I don't need that. Pepperoni. What's it the was. diameter on that? What is an extra large piece? Is that like a I don't know. It said extra about? large, and I think it was ten pieces. A normal pie would be eight pieces, so you get two more pieces, maybe twelve sometimes. This was probably around ten pieces. Now it was a Walmart pizza. It was a pepperoni, real big pepperoni too. Uh, it's just that me, you, and Reggie, uh, like we heard before, again, we recorded our pizza podcast for the necessary nonsense deal that goes on Patreon, and I was craving pizza all night. I, I ended up uh, stopping. Did you eat pizza when you were done? Oh, yeah. I told you. I had that Did cold you? – like, you know, Jess got pizza earlier in the night, so I had a cold freaking extra sauce, extra cheese, pepperoni – I mean uh, chicken and pineapple pizza waiting for me. Yes, and uh, I went from the, the podcast. I'm like, I want a pizza. It's one thirty or twelve thirty. I forget what it was. It's twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. I'm like, I can't get a pizza. I could go, but usually I do midnight shopping after we're done on Friday nights. All my they were all asleep again. I'm not gonna go out shopping at twelve thirty by myself. What am I? Like some kind of weirdo? What am I, a fucking drifter? Unless I can bring kids that should be asleep with me, I'm not yeah, going. Yeah, no, it makes me seem like uh, I don't know a cool dad. <laughs> but when I go, I, it gets me nervous there anyway because you do see some transients in that walmart shop your late. kids are going to protect you yeah that, you what do you mean the goddamn yeah. lions? I, I, there's no chairs to throw in my way so as i'm running i throw them i knock them over i get the hell out of there that's People what i like, do eric after all these years why are you still dating jess i'm like i'm just waiting for the zombie apocalypse to happen where i can push her over to run oh, away push her over huh they're gonna feast on on her eric yeah. is that what you're saying what are you throwing shade at her eric I was just trying to get the sound clip. Yeah, so I didn't go, and but I was starving. We were talking about food for two hours. Was I was hungry. So, hungry. so I ended up, and I, we, I didn't do my shopping. So I don't know about anybody out there. But at the end of the week, the cupboards are bare. It's like the goddamn, you know, the, the house with the goddamn bears, the, the three little bears or whatever. I don't so even know what porridge? I'm saying. What's going uh, on? No, I didn't have porridge. I, whatever You're it is with the covers of shit. That little Jack Horner. I don't know. It jerked off in the corner. But whatever it is, I went and I'm starving. We had nothing. We had nothing at all except a half a bag of these 
uh, Chinese dumplings, these dumplings that I we get at BJ's. It, it just I'm sitting there making goddamn dumplings at 12:30, and they really they they made me have some problems. I, I was up a lot of the night uh, going up and down the stairs, Eric, and not because I wanted to get exercise. I, I, I was honestly, really... I think you just been having a problem lately because you were bitching all yesterday about how you had butthole problems. Yeah. I always do. But this was something where I had that plus it comes with this, you know, sauce that you kind of put on. I believe maybe heavy in garlic. I'm not going to verify that. Actually, it actually smells so – it tastes so good though, but it, it kills me. So I had these dumplings and then I got freaking diarrhea and then I'm up and down the stairs running up and down. And it just – I did not have a good night afterwards and all I wanted was a piece of pizza. We didn't even have Elio's. I thought that we actually had – and I – you know, you've eaten Elio's in the past yeah. and things like that. And as a kid especially, it I thought I was going to get one of those where the Elio's was like two pieces but not in any sort of container, just there on the side and it's all freezer bump. I was going to eat it. I was starving. Yeah, I have two. That, that stuff, it doesn't change either way. Right? When, when it, you go and you're eat eating that, cardboard with sauce and cheese yeah, you're on eating it, a really yeah. little bit of cheese. Yes, and, and so at the end of the, you know. It always if, bothers me too when I look at a cold slice of Elio's. Even when you heat that shit up, it's yeah. like I, I shouldn't be able to see the sauce this much. I, I, I often sit there. You say that. I often sit and think that at some point Native Americans may have made Pueblos out of out of those. That That's what the Elios <laughs> came about, that they actually made a whole goddamn Pueblos. village. Somewhere they made a Pueblo, Eric, out of the Elios. But, yes, we're here for the books. We're here, and we're going to be talking about two. Like I said, it kind of threw us off with both the Batman and Superman being in the Patreon exclusive spotlight. So it kind of made it that this section is only going to be two books. Two of the books that I can't say the first one is something we love, but no. they're they're okay. But if you want to read the reviews to all these books in the book section here, you can go to weirdsciencedccomics.com, an award-winning site, and read those. Uh, but we're going to start with one of your books here. Eric, we're going to get this underway with what? Nightwing number 28, written by Tim Seeley with art by Javier Fernandez, Miguel Mendonca, Diana Egia, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. Our spiral story concludes with this issue where we find out all about Mr. Minos. And as long as you read the Grayson series, because if you haven't, this is just a hologram with a bad attitude that wants Dick Grayson's memories just because of how it was programmed. Spiral doesn't mean shit to me, though. And the most interesting part of this issue is everything to do with Bloodhaven, the runoffs, and especially DeFacer seeing Nightwing bump uglies with Huntress. Yeah, yeah, I, I have some issues with this, and my issues really do keep stemming from the fact that I was a fan of Tim Seeley and Tom King's Grayson. At the end, in the DCYOU end of the New 52, I really did like that book. And Tim Seeley, obviously, I just said, he's one of the co-writers. We we all know this. Uh, I don't know why he seems to want to go and fuck around with everything he did with that book before. Because he know. keeps it, like, changing. Honestly, it just seems like, like you know, we had uh, Lansing and Kelly. They finished that book off because yes. I don't know if freaking, you know, Seeley and uh, – King got involved. They went, with they went off Robin to do their rebirth stuff. They, they no, it was the stuff. rebirth. What, what, whatever they were up to, Lansing and Kelly had to go and finish the book off. Yep. And I don't know if this is Tim Seeley's way to freaking, you know, just rewrite Problem history because he didn't like the way sense. it ended. Does it make sense? It make sense because Mr. Minos and this was from issue eight. This was full out in the beginning of the run. This wasn't the end. They actually wrote this issue where Mr. Minos was last seen and having him in here. It's nonsense. And also, I, I don't know about you. I know some people like this Nightwing book. If I had to describe 
it in general, especially this issue, it's lazy. It really – it's like Eric Shea on a Sunday afternoon. It's lazy, Eric. I don't feel like he's really putting any effort into this issue or this spiral story where I see online them people saying, oh, my goodness, this is so great. All these Grayson fans rejoice. We're getting you know, a tie-in, and we're going to tie up loose ends and things like that. No, number one, the loose ends that you had at the end of Grayson were not Lansing and Kelly's fault. They were the, the shit that Tom King and Tim Seeley left on their goddamn porch and lit. You know, lit up the turd yeah, uh, because all of anything. We're like, no. nobody cares about Mr. Minos at this point because no. we saw him die. Well, and, anything, and that's if you the need problem. to fix anything from the goddamn Grayson series, it was the ending going into Nightwing yeah, Rebirth yeah, and, where Tiger yeah. was a bad guy working for Checkmate yep, the whole yeah. time. This is the problem is mainly what I think of the bad stuff about Grayson continues on to the beginning of this Nightwing run of Tim Seeley where he just kind of back and forth with shit and, and didn't. But I see people, other reviewers, oh, my God, this is so good. Nightwing, this this Mr. Minos is such a great new character and such a new threat for you know Dick Grayson and things like that. He's not new. This was no. from the Grayson book, and the problem is in issue number eight, the same issue that we talk about. It's a very good issue. If you go back and read Grayson, it, it's in the, volume you, two. You sent it to me yeah, earlier it's, before, it's and I'm like, very you know what? I just issue. realized, too, that this is the first issue of yeah. Grayson that I read for the podcast when we started reading each other's books for it. And really, it's one that kind of does go well to tie into this Nightwing run. Anyway, if you just read one issue, you can read yeah. this because it is the introduction of Jim and Juan that we joke about where the Skullgirls named Dick Grayson's uh, butt cheeks. And I, I read the, the issue earlier, and it is funny. I'm telling you, the Skullgirls in that are really, really good because there is a running dialogue with the butt cheeks it's not just like hey jim and juan the butt cheeks it goes on where they're arguing which one they like better and, and it's, it's know, just and, so bad that it's just too bad that uh, dick grayson's gay because yeah, like yeah, no because what a waste for them to be gay yeah and, and it's funny one of the one of the best lines in the book you i don't know if course. you saw it was they're like it's too bad he's gay paris and she's like yeah well i can still wish i could climb the eiffel tower <laughs> and it was funny it was actually a really funny line but Mr. Minos in that issue, he had the been girls, he had been kind no, he had been kind of the you know, he was the head of Spiral, he was leading their things, and he ended up in that trying to kill Helena. He he didn't because unfortunately for him, he, he grabbed Helena's yeah, he grabbed Helena's uh, you know, bow, her crossbow, her crossbow and yeah. she shot and she always it was a little thing that she said to Dick Grayson later. Listen, I always said it a little off center. So when if somebody does get it and tries to hurt, she knows she can correct for that to fire it. But nobody, anybody picking up will go to fire. He tried to shoot her in the heart. He was off because this was off. So then he went off. Dick Grayson and Helena, they killed him. They killed Mr. Minos. He was a hard like construct. That is said in here. Okay. Yeah. Everything so far, you're like, this is good. But. Then it goes too far because Mr. Minos then goes off, the real Mr. Minos. He goes off talking to what he thinks is a reporter saying, listen, I'm going to release all this info. I know who Dick Grace, you know, I know who Nightwing is. I know who all the superheroes are. They really pointed out like he knew who Superman's identity was, possibly yep. Batman's, all these people. He was going to release it to the press. Because at one point that was what Spyro was all about. Yes, that's the all they were about. The yeah. superheroes. And in this, and you did have, this was the issue where this paragon with all these, you know, I don't want to get too much into yeah, it yeah. to get people. But this. The thing ended 
ended with Mr. Minos talking to a woman, and then you realize that this has been the mentioned all through the series up until this point, Agent Zero, who they kind of made a little cloudy of it. You know, Catherine, came, they, they really didn't fully spell it out at this point, but it was Agent Zero, and she killed. Mr. Minos shot and a he, goddamn and he even arrow said, or a dart right into yes, his face. And he kept and it, and and if, if you remember, yeah, and if you remember, the dart was coming out. She was like pretending she was color, putting yeah. lipstick, and the dart came out, got him right in the, between the eyes. I'll spy he fell. about it. And the thing being that he was saying to her, "Listen, uh, I'll tell you who I am. I'll tell you all these secrets. I'll tell you who." Knows. She's like, I don't, care, "I don't care," and killed him. Now. Where you can go and say, okay, now if, if Tim Seeley would die, I was going to actually tweet him. It's like Mr. Minos like, do you expect me to tell you who I am? I expect you to die, Yeah, Mr. I expect Minos. that's pr- pretty much what it was. And, and in the meantime, while they're doing that, you have Mr. Minos there who has already had a hard construct that died. He yep. told that Agent Zero was actually bragging about that. Saying, oh, you know, they don't know that I, that's that's a, a hologram. They're going to do that. They'll deal with it. But, you know, I have to get out of here. So he's already told her the plan. So if you tell me that again was a hard like construct, now you make your Agent Zero a moron. Well, it's Plus, the thing is, I, if you want to say it's a hard like hologram, that's one thing. But they showed us his, him collapsing the table, the blood yeah. coming out of his yeah, face. The, it doesn't well, seem like a hard like hologram is, to me. The problem is the first time he bled too. When they, oh, when they shot what was supposed to be that – he ended up bleeding out then too and then in this issue helena says she flushed him down the goddamn toilet or whatever she said it doesn't make sense but the thing that gets me though is that agent zero was there she was agent zero this is the big cheese of spiral this is the zero she would know what's going on she would know she would not kill a mr minos and just walk away without knowing that in fact she killed him and it's just ridiculous for tim seal this all of this is is me telling you this is goddamn ridiculous to even bring him back there's no reason you've already done this stuff with tiger where at the end of grayson he was a bad guy he was with checkmate then you pull that back you, you start you, nightwing you, up in rebirth he's a good guy now yeah, you're, you're playing with that which is nonsense and then you you throw him Mr. Minos, which doesn't make sense. It makes sense if we never saw that part with Agent Zero. If it was the fact that all we saw was Helen and Dick kill him, and then he says Harlot, fine, that would Bam. make sense. Yeah. It does. This doesn't make sense. And he, he throws all these things in there with the you know Paragon thing, and and then basically at the end, which is nonsense too, is that he isn't even a guy. He he's a goddamn fucking he's a AI program. Fucking nonsense! It's just nonsense, and to me, this is just. Which the thing is, in, I'm telling you, they. I don't think it's ever going to go back to Cadmus or anything in the series. But the whole idea, you know, Cadmus does want to find out the identities to these superheroes yeah. and whatnot for their DNA projects and whatnot. Yeah. It kind of makes sense in the long run, but I don't care about this character or Mister Minus because up to this point, no one's talked about Cadmus. It's a throwaway line. Oh, I'm a program created by Cadmus, and that's all you hear about it until he's destroyed by freaking Lottie. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it's it's just nonsense. But he's there, and like we said, he has been using hard like construct kind of things, holograms to impersonate Tiger. He's he gets Grayson and basically says he's gonna do the same thing with him. Uh, but then you have the Skullgirls and Helena, and they're there, and Mister Minos comes out and he's like, "Hey, no tongue, no 
long time no see. And Helen is like, oh, my God, I killed you. We flushed your traitorous ashes down a mop sink drain. How do you make ashes out of a hard-like construct? How do you no have idea. a hard-like construct that you have killed where all of a sudden and you can you make don't it do into that, ashes? That's no kind of smack talk. No, it's just <laughs> nonsense. But yeah. And then he says, you killed a copy, you see. One Minos is never enough. And now if this whole thing would have been explained before of this AI and it's – and then again, this is where it makes me laugh that I'm going to go from this back to Grayson thinking that he's about to tell Agent Zero, I'm actually a program from Cadillac. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't – it doesn't jive with me. Uh, but he's like, you know, he's going to end up attacking them and the places gas they get out of the way. But really, this issue to me, it's just nonsense. It, it just is lazy nonsense. And I don't know why everybody was that, you know, it, the the rate, the reviews weren't great. But yeah. even so, some of them were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. It just to me, it's not even that well constructed a story. It's just jumping oh, even back. Even that, and the forth. whole thing too is that we uh, we have this thing that, like you know, Huntress and the Skullgirls they escape the gas that Mister Minus is pumping into the building by pulling you know freaking like a Star Wars down the garbage yeah, yeah, kind of down thing. The garbage, and they yes. wind up in a room that is being blocked of all like electronic signals hole. and shit like that. What's that? A bug hole, they call it. A hidden a signal hole, yes. invisible room. It's just nonsense. But it's Go an on. invisible room where no freaking electronics can pierce through and stuff like that. So that's how Lottie's been able to stay alive and off of Mr. Minus's radar this whole time. Yeah. So I just want to know how she starts sending out signals in the yeah, bug room. Yeah, she's sending freaking- it out. Now, she, it's funny because they try to make it make sense on the one level by saying, okay, Mr. Minos has kind of disconnected. Uh, I can get in there without him tracking us, but, but you're in a what you just called a bug hole where you shouldn't be able to do either of these things yeah. or do anything like that. So it, it just – it's played so loose. Uh, but yeah, really, it's just them trying to figure out and get a hold of Dick with him. As Mr. Minos tells Dick his evil plan and tries to catch everybody up with what happened in Grayson, but it doesn't really match up because things have changed so much since that series. Yeah, no. So then you go back to Bloodhaven, and again, this is where... We have said all along in this, this whole night. This is where my heart lies. Yeah, this is what we like. This is the part that we end up liking, and it's it it continues that it really does. It continues because you have uh, Mouse going or who? What's her name? It's Mouse. It's Mouse. I I always get it mixed up now, but yeah, you have uh, Giz and Goober, and you know, but there's uh, Mouse is there, and she wants to kill. Blockbuster. That's and she, because she blames Blockbuster for Giz's for death Giz's because he's death. the guy who was bringing in the secondhand guns from yeah. the secondhand into Bloodhaven. And if he wasn't doing this, Giz would still be alive. Yeah, yes, and Mr. Now, Minos is the one behind yes, the secondhand yes. trying to freaking you know gain funds and all the stuff to do his master evil goddamn plan. That's he's what the one get, that technically yeah. killed Giz, but she is blaming Roland. And, Rollin, and it's uh, weird. The, the weird Desmond. thing about this is, is that I don't think she'll ever find out that the guy who's really no. – you know, involved and really did it, which was Mr. Minos, ah, is dead. Have a throwaway line I don't know. I don't know why hit. he'd ever bring that up. Why that, you know, he may, but I don't even think that, uh, you know, he would go into it to tell Mouse. I don't know. The, all of this kind of. 
what, because sense? Nightwing was going with Huntress to find the killer of Giz. So maybe this yeah. whole thing, you know, he was searching for justice and, um, you know, for not just for him, but for the rest of the runoffs as well. And Mouse is the one who was like, you know, the like the girlfriend of Giz. So it would make sense that he yeah, might I say something. I don't hey, know that he'd killer, get involved because – The killer because, of your boyfriend, you know what I mean, taken though? care of. Because it ends up – I don't know. Just because it ends up tying in Spiral and stuff that he shouldn't be really talking to people uh, about. He doesn't and, have to get into detail now that, oh, yeah. I took care of this. Bam. Yeah, but still, look, she's just going to be fine. She's about to kill a guy because he's involved. And they, hey, I took care of that. And she's just going to, okay. But she's about to kill him. And he ends up waking up because Sean comes in, DeFacer comes in and says, stop. You can't do this. And and it's very quick. It, you know, it's one of those, like, don't be, don't go back to doing that. Don't be a bad person. But in the Which meantime. Which is a cool thing, too, because. We also have Sean doing the whole thing where she realizes that she's, you know, going against the advice that she's giving Mouse right here and going back and being defacer again. Yeah, yeah. Nobody should, we, should, we were the runoffs. We tra- we changed our lives for the better. We shouldn't be There's doing no point this. going back. Yeah. But in the meantime, Desmond turns into Blockbuster. You know, he's going to attack. And that's when Sean, you know, zips him with, I guess, paint. In my mind, it's just, she sprays him with some spray paint. It looks and like spray paint. Make her escape. Yeah. And they jump out. And there's, there's where Pigeon's there, who looks crazy. Every time you see Pigeon, she looks. She different looks to me. different. I don't yeah. know. Now she's a pudgy face middle yeah, now she's woman like again. a cherub middle-aged woman. And, and she's like, hey, damn you, Defacer. You choose to go backwards rather than forward. So now all of a sudden, now and we like, have... all monuments to the cruel past, the pigeon will someday remove you. Yeah, so now we Who have... talks like that by yeah, I, Pigeon? Pigeon? Who sits there out, uh, you know, on a building watching? <laughs> but she's there. And that just sets up that if you want to have Sean continue, now Pigeon is going to be her villain who was her mentor Which and then all that nonsense. Which is for how we end this issue anyway with the facer and what she's going to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you go back then to Nightwing and uh, Mr. Minos. And Mr. Minos, like you said, he's going to tell the whole plan. He's telling how he can do these constructs. He can make uh, the thing. And basically he can now what he wants to do is up the game. And instead of just having these kind of like replicas and things, he also wants them to have full memories and be yeah, able to do it. Yeah, it's just not enough to the know problem who is these people to are. Me, he wants to be these yeah, people as yeah, well. And the problem is it almost goes with like Deathwing and stuff like that to me. It, it's like it, it just is a little too much like that again. And all this because of the art and how it is in this dark room, uh, you know, under St. Hadrian's and all this stuff, it actually does remind me of that that uh, earlier – thing with uh, that Tim Seeley With Deathwing and Dr. Hurt? Yeah, yeah, the Dr. Hurt deal. It just reminds me too much of that again. And I'm like, okay, but really, all this is is him saying he's going to get all the superheroes' secret identities again. He wants all their memories. He's going to get their secret identities. Get their identities and, and, and then starting them with get you, their Nightwing. So can become them. Yes, but starting with Nightwing, he, we ended with him knowing who Nightwing was. He was going to tell the world who that was. You can tell me the Somnus satellite, you know, erased people, but it, it shouldn't have erased him. I don't think because, well, first off, he was dead. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, it's just, it's nonsense. It just, to me, it's it's just a repeat of things that seem to already have been tied up and, and changing things. But you, you end up getting the Skullgirls and Helena get, you know, breakthrough to be able to tell Dick, you know, a little secret like, hey, I'm, I'm in your ear now. Don't make, you, you know, so you can speak. Don't acknowledge you can hear me. Duff has hacked the device upon your head, but I have only a second to upload pertinent information into your brain and then live through this Nightwing. And you never really get the full idea of what that information is, except that it seems like just talking 
talk shit. Yeah, j- just stall Mind. him for a while. It and just seemed weird why they didn't just, just say make that. your villains enraged by you just talking so yeah, much. Yeah, why, why didn't they just say that? It just seemed weird when um, we're uploading this thing and you don't let them know. They should have just said, distract him. So we can get, you know, a, you know, you know a what's virus funny in. to me too because of how much I was not really invested. In this the whole thing where Huntress comes to him, like you know, Nightwing of the Huntress of the Mind kind of thing, where he's sitting yeah. there still right, strapped to this machine. He's like, "But I have only a second to upload pertinent information to your brain." And you said, "Live through this, Nightwing." I read it live through this Nightwing. Live like, through this live Nightwing through this machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She and and it's like, a, like okay, she's live. And it, it's just yes, it, it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> it's but yeah, basically. It's that uh, Duff is uh, uploading a hack, you know, a virus into Mr. Minos. Again, at this point, it's a weird thing to do because we aren't really fully – it's not fully known that he is an AI type of thing at this point. So to think about that you're going to hack him and and make a virus is very odd. But, yeah, that's what they do. The odd thing is the plan relies on Nightwing talking shit to the point where Mr. Minos – Takes off his head. Yeah, it his makes head no sense. So he can listen to what he's saying more. So like, yeah. okay, he's disconnected now. Upload the freaking. Yeah, virus. It, it's like, so odd. Like, why, like why you take said, off the headdress? Yeah, why? Why can't he just go over? He has like you know a brainiac type thing on him, and he. Wait, what you say? I gotta it's take like up this link. Yeah, yeah, it is like Lobot. Lobot doesn't talk much. He just winks no. and, and nods at Lando. Sometimes maybe he wants to take that goddamn fucking thing thing off and talk. But yeah, it's just it's so forced. To be convenient on this, that he takes okay, it at this off. Point, it's, it's the whole thing is like, I bet you, I bet you're not all that pal for Miss Minus. I bet you can't even take off that Lobot device you have yeah. on. Basically, okay, the, I'll show you night. The, the, the biggest thing <laughs> that he says, the trash talk is, you wear that swirling face because there's no answer to who you are or what you do at the end of this infinite maze. There's nothing. Yeah, he knows you. this, and then he, he takes <laughs> off the, the helmet, the robot helmet, and that's when they're like, he's disconnected, send the virus. And then he's like, basically, Mr. Minus is like, you're right, I am Hyperion 1.0, an ambient tech product of Project Cadmus in association with Checkmate Business Solutions, patent pending. What? So what now we have the Checkmate connection again, even though Tiger doesn't seem yeah. to be working for Checkmate like he was at the end of the Grayson series. And then and then basically it's, it's so funny to me, though. He's like, listen, behind that, you're nothing. And, and really, he isn't. He, like, he's just an AI. Had, if they had would have had one more issue of uh, Grayson or tighten the story up a little bit, you could have had where the, like this Tiger that said he worked for Checkmate was Mr. Minos the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. Then they had, or and then had him had him. Yeah, that would make sense. Here. You could have had that all along. Fucking Tiger was held captive under St. Hadrian's while this was a re, you know, now that we know and what, what they would, what Tim Seeley would say is basically, hey, yeah, they killed Mr. Minos in Grayson, but he was all along. He was an AI. He, you know, so you don't kill that. You just killed the vessel. But at that point, it was nonsense. But with this, yeah. like you said, that, that could have been used to tie up. The, the funniest thing is how quick this goes because he says this. The Nightwing, basically, it is a villain saying, you know what? You're about to die. I'll tell you who I am. Here I am. Yeah. I'm a robot, and a this is how program. it's going to go. The next panel is just Duff. There, I hacked him while his processor was getting its perceptions realigned. I just need a few more seconds to upload a worm, and that ball bag will be uh, nothing but a warm glow. The next panel, he goes, you, you tricked me. 
It, it's done. It, it's already happened. And I'm like, oh, God, because they put this malware in. And you're not acting alone. In the meantime, while this is going, he seems to be able to fight it until Tiger then freaking electrocutes who, who him. Is, all of a sudden, he's awake Yeah, he's again. awake he's and, and free. And yep. he freaking electrocutes the freaking hard light co- like construct of Mr. Minos, yep. which allows the worm that freaking Lottie programmed into him, even though I don't know exactly how it went into him because he was disconnected at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know how it works, but yep. Mr. Minos is done. He's disintegrating, and he freaking, like, his hard light hologram disintegrates into a skeleton until he's just ash. Yeah, and again, this is where you say this, and that's the wink-wink tie back to Grayson when she said, we flushed your ash down the toilet. That's not what happened in Grayson, nope. though. That's not what we saw then. And, in fact, if that would have happened back then, they would have why, – why wouldn't have Helena been like – the fuck just happened? Like we just killed a guy and he turned into ash. That's not how he died. But I yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what. Yeah, really, that's what happens. But it, it's so funny too to me. It's like it, there's Tim Seeley and he's like, oh, what? I'm I'm gonna blow these people's minds. Uh, I'm gonna have him die, and it's gonna be the robot who wants to know what humanity is and wants to know if there's a creator. Things that, but you barely know him from this issue. There is no connection. At, at I, all I, I to even feel any sympathy and i just want to know when we can get to proper nightwing stuff yes. and spiral behind us yes Please. every now and again we can jump back and deal with something with spiral because of dick grayson's connection but here we are at issue 28 and we have dealt with spiral over and yeah. over again at this point like yeah. let's just leave this behind and move on man yeah. come on and, you got blood just, shit to do it, it made me actually to me i, I laughed out loud that they that I thought Tim Seeley's trying to make me feel bad for this fucking Mr. Minos who's a robot <laughs> that wants to know if there's an afterlife and what's the what's existence on this this ride we call planet Earth and life and it's like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me you, you really have to be kidding me because and then you have Grayson who's just sitting there like on his like oh man I feel bad like the way he's just sitting there over these ashes I'm like fuck you. I, I can't take it. What's going on nowadays, Eric? Because then we go back to Bloodhaven and we have a little bit in Bloodhaven. And again, I'm like, this is what I want to see. Right. We got Stallion the there. We got freaking, all my you know, they're, they're trying to console Mouse and her recent choices in life and trying yeah. to kill somebody because of what happened to Giz. All right. And the face is like, maybe I shouldn't be doing the shit I'm doing yeah, either. Yeah, all right. It's good. Then we go back to St. Hadrian's. Yeah. And, and even like Stallion, he's ready to go. Do I need to gather up a posse? We're going to get shit done. Like, no, no, no. We can't do this. And now we're like, okay, I like this because to me at this point it kind of gets thrown out the door or out the window later at this point i'm like okay we can get these runoffs again at least they can be on the side dick grayson doesn't have to be involved with them every issue but at least i know that they're there again and maybe this will pop up you know in in another Three more arcs. All of a sudden, they Maybe come I back and they Maybe I get this one character of freaking the demon again so I can remember what the hell his name is. Yeah, because yeah. Been, oh, Thrill Devil. That's Thrill what it was. Devil. Yeah. We I'm telling you, I him. always have problems remembering his name, but if he Good shows up a few more Devil. times, it'll sink yeah. in. But then you go back to St. Hadrian's, and, and you have this whole you know thing there where they're going to say goodbye to everyone, and half the people, I'm like, I didn't even remember those one. The, the bunch of people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you guys. You, you know, the guy with the dot and, and yeah, all the that. Yeah, the one with no genitals from the future. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely forgot about them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I now I remember. Doing. Yeah, so then they're like, okay, we're going to take care of this. And that's where uh, Dust like, hey, I, I had this. I had this whole deal, and we have this new – we're calling it the gizmo. Here you go. And you know, just going. And that's where Helena and Dick leave. And I like at this point, 
I'm like, okay, it's tied up. This is okay. You have, you know, Dick say to Helena, hey, you're going back to Gotham. You know, there's a lot of guys there. And it's weird, though, too, because they're talking about mobsters still. We, yeah. We're way over that. So I don't know why they have to. He, he just doesn't. He didn't get the memo. But they go back to his apartment and have sex. And yep. it's that that is ridiculous. And all it is is so that defacer, Sean, can show up. Because at this point, she's like, okay, I'm going to go back. I, I realized that, yeah, with I Dick. screwed it you up. I what? shouldn't have done I'd this. I'd like to have him back because he was the best part of my yes. life at this point. And now I've decided, like, that's not me. So I'm going to go back and get it. Now, from the art, it looks like she has a fucking super a vision, too. She's way <laughs> off. Uh, but there you have Dick Grayson and Helena having sex. And the problem is, is she's also in a book with Batgirl. We're led to believe that Batgirl and Dick Grayson may get back together in the, you know, in the Batgirl, in series, the Batgirl yeah. series. And this is just, I, I don't know what to even think of it. it. It throws me off completely that they had to go that one step. You didn't have to now do Now you're this. just going to create more no. drama for Batgirl no. and the Birds of Prey or the Why? Batgirl book. Why didn't you just have Sean go to say, oh, you know what? And she's practicing like, oh, Dick, you know, uh, I'm sorry what I did. I want to be partners in everything in life and what? And she goes and sees Dick hugging Helena goodbye or sees Helena kiss Dick on the cheek. Th that would still lead her to get angry. But at least yeah. then Dick's not being a jerk. In in a couple books now, Helena knows that you know they you know with the history her of what's teammate, going on you know, and her teammate has this guy, yeah. yeah this is nonsense and and it really it really threw me off and yeah and then you have Tiger call and Tiger's you know he he's gonna talk to Grayson and kind of do things up but it, the whole thing is he found out that Mr Minos was up to shit and that Raptor has been released and now I'm like we're gonna go back to Raptor now. And I'm telling you, I hate the character Raptor so this? much, but I don't remember where Raptor would be because the last time we saw him was in the Deathstroke book where I thought he just got away. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, shouldn't we, have been we locked did, up I in my mind. Yeah. Well, I remember at one point uh, Spy, uh, Tiger did come back, and remember they were loading him up. In like a helicopter or something, and they in the went Deathstroke off. book? No, no. In uh, actually, yeah, th no. That's what's weird. The death that was actually, I think that they for he doesn't even realize the Deathstroke. When I was reading this at the end of the arc with Raptor, he ended up. They ended up it, as if Checkmate was taking them away. I don't even know why he ended up in that Supermax prison. But yeah, in the Deathstroke book, I even forgot about that. In the Deathstroke book, he just seemed to to get out. I don't think I, that. I that's thought what he just he got said. out. He freaking like you know, like um. Deathstroke overloaded the freaking his icon armor that yeah. uh, Raptor was wearing. He took it off and got away. I thought so. He should still be out in the loose. In my yeah, mind. I'm telling you, I don't think that when Tiger's saying this, I don't think that he means anything. What happened in that Deathstroke book? Because he's almost pointing out that it was something with Mr. Minos, and Mr. Minos was not involved in that. So oh, I know. I, I don't think is, I think I'm that that's out of this continuity. continuity yeah, mind. it is. It's terrible continuity. I think that I don't even think Tim Seeley realized that that was going on in the Deathstroke book because this is different this doesn't even seem to spell out that which would have been you're right that would have been the last time he would have been let out of prison but yeah. in in the whole scheme of things when we talk about the deathstroke book next that deathstroke they say it's been a year since it started i would say that that's six seven months since raptor got out of that prison that's been a yeah. while so it's all out of continuity this whole thing you're out of continuity eric you're just, out of continuity. Yeah, i'm just telling you the whole thing with bringing back spiral and not even getting it right is nonsense it, you ended up with mr there was nothing to fix 
with Mr. Minos. It's just you don't have any goddamn imagination to come up with a new fucking villain. So he goes back, dips into the well of a character that should be dead, tries to explain in an issue why he isn't. We didn't need this. You don't need to explain anything. Move on and have something good happen. Uh, this is nonsense. I was a huge Grayson fan. I love that book. I'll even go as far as saying I really love the whole series, including the Lansing and Kelly. It got wonky, but at least they tried. I, I said I'll, I'll always defend them because they got a lot of shit, but I, I suggest to anybody go and read that, that Grayson series. It's great. Michael Yannon's art is awesome in there. It's great. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm done. That is past. It's like fucking going back. I, I don't need to go visit old girlfriends. Eric. That gets me in trouble. This is what happens. And then I got to fucking tie shit in. And then next thing I'm making up stories about Mr. Minos. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just don't need it anymore. Don't I do know. this. It, to me, he seems to think that going back to – it's him and Tom King. The fucking – Goddamn the Holding hands, jumping through the goddamn fucking valley. Uh, skip to my Lou. You don't need to go back. Uh, Tom King. Hey Tim. Had, yeah, Tom. Who wants? To, do you want to jump in the well first, or should I? Yeah, you go yeah, ahead. Yeah, both of them should jump in the goddamn well and well, stay are. there. Uh, but here, he's there. Hey Tom, what's going on? Because I, I see these reviews. They're not doing well. You know what? Well, I got Kite Man. You can't have him. Oh, oh, you have okay. Yeah, I see. Every time Kiteman shows up, everybody goes nuts. What can I do? You know what? Can I go back and grab other people from Grayson and kind of throw them in? Because I think my my Kiteman's Mr. Minos. I'm surprised that Mr. Minos doesn't show up. And Mr. Minos, fuck yeah. He's like, I'm gonna up the ante. But no, it's it, you don't Mr. need this Minos, stuff. Damn straight. Damn straight. It's nonsense, and yeah, and now he's dead completely. And so at the end Maybe. of the issue, I, well, yeah, whatever. But at the end of the issue, I'm just like, why? Why did you bring this guy back and use this issue to explain why he wasn't dead, just to kill him off again in a fucking lazy nonsense issue? What did you give it? Her? I gave it a five point one. I hate Javier Fernandez's art, but I love Miguel Mendonca's when he jumps on for like yeah. part of this issue, and. uh I'm telling you, I still really care about the freaking Bloodhaven stuff. So going back to that, even though it was like only three pages out of this entire yeah. thing, fuck you. It five, still keeps I'm me interested <laughs> because that's why I'm five point one yeah. because of the goddamn inclusion yeah. of the Bloodhaven I, stuff. I, can't. I care about that. I, I do. I do care about that. I do care about it. It's one of those where when I hate the Mister Minos stuff so much, then when the Bloodhaven stuff and the runoffs come, I like that. But it yeah. reminds me that we're not getting enough of that, and then it gets me angry again. And it just—I don't like this book, Nightwing. I—I I say it all the time, but Nightwing's my favorite character. Dick Grayson is my favorite character. And if I wasn't reviewing books, if I was just—I would not—I would have dropped it. I it probably would have been this issue if I was still going oh, this I far. This the, I'm the saying though, it's like one of those where people—I wouldn't even don't want to drop. Like. Yeah, well, I'm saying people don't like to drop their favorite character, and this might. Might be at this point might have been my last book. Like I would have cut ties and just fucking started becoming a, a skateboarder or something. Oh, yeah. Start learning the break dance again. Do something with my life. But yeah, I would have dropped this book. And, and if I hadn't by this point, I would have because it, I just I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It gets me angry like every other book, but not the next one. Deathstroke number 23 written by Christopher Priest art by Diegenes Nieves. Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert, Eric. 
The, the every, Genis Neves is to really I, throw you off there? What I happened? want everybody to – no, I, the way I put it, everything was squished together, and I had to figure it out. I was trying to crack Oh, my God. It's, all these names are one word. It's like Diagenes De- Neves, Jason Aramai, Cox Paz, and Willie Schubert Aramai. Sweet Willie Schubert. It was, all, it was all in there together, all clumped together. The Stroke Squad – Stroke Squad, Eric? That reminds me of a song, doesn't song? it? The Stroke Squad continues. Oh, I don't have it ready. I don't have it ready. I thought you were setting me up for you this. You think that I'm setting you up for a song, do you? I Is do. that what you really think, Eric Shea? You think that the song God would sound something along the lines of this when I play it? <laughs> right on time, Eric. Holy right moly. Right on that time. Was- that was like it was meant to be, right? That that yeah. song. Uh, yeah, have you heard our Stroke Squad? Boom. Talk about voice of Now we're jam. Don't need to like him. Yes, that's enough. The Stroke Squad. Aww. <laughs> I sit there. I, I sit there. It gets me angry because I've yelled so much since I recorded that song. I don't think I could sing it anymore. I think those days are long gone from me just screaming at people in this house, and it really does upset me. I'm the chlorine gas. Yeah, that too. But I've actually completely seemed to have blown out my falsetto, which I, I always like to sing in falsetto as a joke, do a little Debbie Gibson and things like that. I've completely blown that out. That's that's left the house. So what and, you're telling me is your son Zach is right. You're a little flat. Maybe. Well, falsetto has left the building, Eric. I can't ah, – you know, I could do a little. But when I start to do a little song, it doesn't work out for me. It does. It, it upsets me. Here we go. Yeah, listen to that. Uh. He was in speedball the other day. I love that bro <laughs> I love that part Eric I also love the series this this issue uh to me it it seems like Christopher Priest is trying to get new readers up to speed, but yet he really likes to confuse people. He is not a guy who likes to write a standard issue of a comic where at the end you're like, okay, I saw A plus B equals 7GH, right? Is that yeah, what you say? Yeah, 7GH. Isn't that what it means? But, you know, basically what his issues are, like A plus B equals 7 is what really because nonsense yeah well you end up tying some things up and really he ends up showing things and in this issue but in the series in general of showing things to like oh my god okay that makes sense from before while he's confusing you in the present and it continues this issue now that basically the the whole issue pretty much is kind of it's not even set up it's more of just kind of treading water again i mean we've had this before he trains the team and then they go off to a mission and that really is conspiracy shit's going on in the background yeah that's basically what we get but i still like it i still really do like it the art's awesome the characters the art the art is so good and yeah the characters are, are really good as well uh but you start off where it says one year before so it's basically telling you because we've seen this scene if you it's weren't like reading issue Deathstroke number one the or some shit, wasn't yeah it? it was at the very beginning either in the rebirth or the issue one it seems to be around there where and this scene is you know 
pretty much the exact scene. They didn't want – this is important enough for Christopher Priest not to have just a editor's note, which there are about 700 in this book. Uh, but he wanted to show you this, and this is where – way back where he – Deathstroke was trying to kill, and in in the meantime, this was like with Clock King and, Clock and King crazy and shit Red Lion. like that. Yeah, and Red Lion, but these guys who were driving Deathstroke to this place, which it's also funny. I did not go back. I didn't go back to see the scene. To me, this scene took place in a truck before, and then a, a truck boat. in the desert in my yes. mind. That's how did, I remember. That's that. how I wasn't you pictured as well, right? Stupid, because I, I, you know, yeah, I, I didn't I go back. I should have went back. As close as you, because you review it, but in my mind, it was in a truck in yes. the freaking, uh, you know, African desert. That's what it seemed. It really did. It really seemed like they were. Ne- and we might be wrong. And maybe yeah. it's because there were a couple other times when they were. One of the times were they were pretty in confused a- at the beginning of the series. Yes, uh, but. This scene that they show you, why I like it, and we were talking about it before we were recording, uh, but while why I really like it was, in my mind as well, now again, my mind is very, you know, I'm an old man, Eric, I don't remember things. Trap. The, no, this may have been what I consider the first scene in the Deathstroke series of, of Chris or Priest that we really liked. That seemed really smart, and I remember yeah. reading it for a review and then telling you and then us talking about on the podcast because basically these guys are like, listen, uh, Jakai, he's going to end up and he's going to kill us because he's basically breaking a treaty by having Deathstroke there to kill somebody. Obviously, these guys aren't dumb. They realize we're kind of a loose end here. We know what is going on What's going here. down? And, They're going to kill us. If, They're going to kill our yes, families. If this gets out, it ruins everything. So we know right now this is a death sentence we're for these men. guys. Hey, yeah, we're dead men. And they're going to kill our sons so they don't take revenge. And what Deathstroke said, he says it again. They show it. It's an awesome moment. It was one of my favorite moments of this whole oh, series yeah. where he's like, what do you got? What what money do you have? And the guy's like, oh, I got a dollar here. I got a quarter. He's like, okay, that's a contract now. I'm protecting you I, because at this point, also what I think that he's dealing with here was at this point, Deathstroke, in his mind, he couldn't still even say, listen, you guys, you guys are innocents in this. I, in his mind, the only thing he'll do is if he has a contract. So yeah. he had to make a, phone, honor, he had to make a phony contract because he's not an honorable man without that. And now he seems to want to be or he seems to be that. Where he doesn't need an, an, you know, a contract like that to protect a life. He wants to do this without that. And I think that's the and first it's part. really messing that ties with him because in. he doesn't know how to do it properly. No, yeah, and he doesn't. And that's where when people say, oh, look at Deathstroke. He's going to be dead. You know, he's still doing this and he's still killing that. It's because this whole series, what Christopher Priest is Changes showing hard. us. Is, yeah, and basically showing that Deathstroke doesn't know things i mean this is like we get wrong turn and we take him to you know france and he does he's still wrong turn he he can't and this is deathstroke's idea of what's right and wrong has been fucked up since the day he was born it seems but it's what he thinks if he thinks he's doing the right thing then we we go with it and it kind of has started even before he had that epiphany in the speed force he's been trying to be which i hope we eventually get back to like i'm telling you it really seems like you know deathstroke might be going towards the whole villain route at some point in the future again before that happens i really do hope we get to see what he saw specifically in the speed force that allowed him to become this new man yeah, and I I almost got the idea that he you may end up that it's all he saw was him in a, in a hospital bed dying alone, 
And, they, and that really, you know, hyper time though, Deathstroke. You don't know about hyper time. That's true. But yeah, then we go back and basically it's Deathstroke training the Stroke Squad, Defiance. And it's nothing new at this point. We've seen this. But at this point, he basically is like, look it. You, you have these swords. Oh, look at you with your swords. Hey, you know what, Wally? Yeah, you know, Kid Flash, if you had this sword in your hand and were willing to kill, uh, you'd be the most dangerous man on the planet. I should probably kill you right now, <laughs> you know, for your own good. And and it's funny that he I says – I want to say it, why Aunt Iris used to tell him that a lot. And I, I'm like, I don't Does know. Does she abuse you, it Wally? Makes, because it that's makes a Iris look say. awful. I, I thought right away, I'm like, boy, Iris really behind I just, doors. I, it's Jesus one of those Christ. things where, like, we read the flashbook. Joshua Williamson's putting this out, yeah. this whole story. We don't see behind the panels what no. goes on in that West House while freaking, you know, the story's not no. taking place. I'm Tell thinking me. she drinks, she calls, she fucking she verbally must. abuses him. I actually thought that from here, Deathstroke was going to sit down and get a doll and start, hey, where does she hit you? Yeah. <laughs> He's everywhere. Do I need to call somebody? <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, when he goes to the bathroom, he sees those, <laughs> are, are you an abused little kid? Jesus Christ, it really threw me off. It actually made me laugh. Line. Yeah, it made me laugh, but in this meantime, he's saying this, he's kind of actually talking to Rose anyway and all this and throws the sword, and it's her sword, throws it off to the her. Among sword tells, say, yeah, in Minnesota, and was min- it? And, yeah, Minneapolis got it yeah. in that pawn shop, and it had her name on it, so obviously she thought it was still all a setup. And, and really, if you haven't been reading the series, Deathstroke has been doing some fucked up shit to Rose – Basically, to become a better father and spend time with her, but it includes putting a hit out on her, yeah. uh, setting up a phony family for her in Minnesota so that she could get some roots. But they were all phony. And then when she went, when she was in Minneapolis and went to this pawn shop and saw this sword, this rusty sword, she chose wisely, Eric. Uh, it had her name on it. And this threw her off and thought that, oh, this is just another planet thing. But this is the sword. And he says, you know, go and do this and goes through this whole thing of like basically to me, I thought at the beginning of this and maybe still think he wants to see if she is, number one, willing to kill somebody, including him. But I don't know at this point if he considers this good or bad. Because he's saying to them, like, look, and he's saying to her, you keep fighting, you hit people with the flat end of the sword. You know, A villain who knows better will know you're holding back, will know that you don't have what it takes. And, and really, to me, it's not the whole fact and kind of leads me back to uh, when we were talking about Batwoman in right. the uh, New 52 review. When we went back to that Batwoman, when Bruce Wayne dressed up as a, as a goddamn guy who was going to beat up. Uh, you know, Batwoman. Uh, he ended up. Remember with when he was draggy, like, his droopy pants? Yeah, with the droopy pants when he's gonna get Kate. But he had to pretend to be willing to hit her violently, and he but said that's very hard. Hurt her. Yeah, and doesn't want to hurt her. And so what I think Deathstroke is, you know, kind of going about with this is saying, I can tell you're not you're not going for the kill. So either he wants to teach her to be able to pretend enough. Is, you know, Go go for the freaking kill shot or don't use a sword because yeah. it's almost the whole thing. Like this is a gun. If you raise a gun at somebody, you better be intended yeah, to kill somebody. Yeah, you better somebody. pull it because the next time you raise it, nobody's going to take you seriously. Nobody's going to do it. And really, I think that when he starts with Wally West, he knows Wally is never going to have a sword and kill anybody. So no. he's saying to the team and also, about them like – And also a really decent way to reiterate what's going on in the series. Oh, I love like, it. Kind of catch I people lo- up here in a I smart actually way. really, really like the way he's trash talking and even brings in the Ravager 
their name, which I thought that was really, really cool uh, the way, you know, and, and she even says, call me Rose or the Rose. And uh, I but like I, the name I'm, the Rose. I'd rather her go as Ravager. Yeah, I do too. But even so, you, you do have, like you said, Deathstroke pretty much telling her, you use the sword or don't. You know, yeah, you, you can't. It's not. It's not decoration, and anybody worth their salt is going to know that you're not going to use it. So you know. But then he, she gets pissed, and she ends up stabbing him. Now, in the meantime, she kind of should know that he he has his icon armor. The it has sword a gravity cannot, sheet that protects and it, it has, yeah, it protects it from the piercing of the sword and all this. And he knows this too, so he's leaving. And I, I think to, if you want to really go about it, I think he leaves the kill shot way open for her to see if she'll take it yeah. and she does and he starts bleeding and he starts bleeding and a lot th- this is so funny to me because like he is bleeding he is like you know staying there acting like nothing is wrong there's blood all over her sword and then he starts collapsing and she thinks that he's just fucking with somehow this is a freaking fake blood setup the whole thing just to shock them in the training better or something like that now yeah. he's dying He's yeah, dying right yeah. there. You, you yeah, oh, he's, he is dying. And, and it's crazy because it made me think of little Eric Shea there. When with pranks Nick. go too far. Yes, and yeah. she, but she thinks that it's a blood pack. I'm like, yeah. just like Eric Shea. It is yeah. nonsense. But yeah, she, ah, you know, good touch with the blood. Uh, you're, you're getting heavy. <laughs> you know, I can't hold you up. And then, yeah, he just collapses. And if he didn't have his healing factor, he would be completely dead. He, he'd be dead. And then you have the best line in the book where Wally's looking, it's like, uh, are we being graded on this exercise? <laughs> and the, the book, the, the problem with this is uh, Christopher Priest, really, the story is still going to center on Slade and his family. And you throw in this, you know, this stroke squad, you throw in Defiance. Well, you have Power Girl and you have freaking, you know, Wally yeah. West. And it kind of, there's not a lot of room for them. There's not no. a lot because he is, it's, Obviously, the Defiance story going on, but Defiance also includes his ex-wife Adeline, his son Jericho, Jericho's you know relationship with both Adeline. There's a lot and the going whole mystery on. about who killed Etienne. Yeah, when so Jeff there's Rose a, there's well so there. much going on with their family that unfortunately I think that there's not enough page space. For and also setting this up the whole Willow thing coming forward. Yeah, and the Willow thing, which comes up next, but even like. Up until this, when we actually had kind of Rose and Jericho kind of were pushed to the side for Power Girl before, you know, all the strokes and yeah. stuff, he's proven, Christopher Priest has proven that he writes any character great. And what I, what I why I'm saying this, I really want him to center on uh, Wally West and So like, Wally be, has had no goddamn page no. play since he's like the Titans, he didn't have a lot to do. No. Uh, Teen Titans book. Then and he the Lazarus contract this, was and nonsense. he still doesn't have a lot of freaking yeah, page Yeah, and, and what I want to say is a lot of people are still throwing a lot of shade at Wally West, at Black Wally West. And I like I like the potential of the character. Oh, I, yeah. Basically, really, everybody's just mad because of the name. That's all they're mad at. If this was, you know, Eric Shea, the new Kid Flash, I, there would be no issues. It's that Why they call him Wally a West. I'm a man. I, yeah, really. I need something, though, so when these people start throwing shade, I can say, wait, you got to go read Deathstroke because, really, Christopher Priest is making this character great. Like He has that. potential, but no, he he hasn't done anything, yet you get the best line, but that really is the only thing he really does, you know, where it goes. But then we go off, and you get a very weird Terra. I'm telling you, I didn't even realize this was Terra at first. I'm like, what no, the hell? Who the hell is she's this? She's dressed to kill, Eric. She is dressed all sexy and having, waiting for a goddamn date. I'm like, 
you don't look like that young girl I remember. Yeah, even yeah, in the freaking I, Defiance costume we saw previously, like you don't look like that girl at all. No. And her ringtone, she's a disco fan. Eric, but you go and you have this, the weirdest part about this whole thing, because it's Adeline calling her and asking her what she's doing, which again is kind of a tie-in. Now when it goes to the end, I don't know if this is kind of pointing towards that maybe Tara was the one who killed Etienne. Uh, that's but under Adeline's you know, freaking hiring her to do yeah, it yeah. or whatnot. Uh, she is a loose end, and you don't know exactly what's going on with her. The problem with this whole scene, it was not in the review copy. That's I ended crazy. up, I ended up reading this scene. I'm like, what? This wasn't in the review copy. Not that it's very important, but it does show a little connection, at least between Willow. And, and Tara. And Tara. Again, are we going to find out that that Willow was the one who killed Etienne? I, I don't know because it is armed professional escort is what this Willow thing is. But basically it's just Adeline calling Tara and it's like, what's going on? Also, you have to be like, how's she getting all this money? I mean she looks like she's well, – I'm you saying know, it seems like Willow might just be Tara. She's the armed yeah. professional escort. And yeah. the whole thing with Willow we find out later on. This girl who was taking care of her out of nowhere, which is just an odd like jump to this career. I mean, it just seemed like she just found her on the street and took. I her know in. it's just weird though, especially for how Willow's acting. This girl, like you know, she called her Willow because she had just found a card that said Willow, armed yeah. professional escort, which Tara's holding here. So I have to imagine, you know, this is just a discarded card that Tara ha- was giving out at some point, yeah. and she actually is Willow. So you gonna have this two Willow connection when yeah. one is actually Tara. It's weird. Yeah, I just will have to see how it goes. Uh, the, the whole thing with that, with Willow being taken in, I don't know why. It reminds me of Fifth Element with, uh, you know. Lilo. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, Lilo, that's what whatever it, fucking name Yeah, is. And it just gets me angry. But, yeah, you go from there, and it's just a quick little scene. But then you go to Chinatown, and you do see Down who I guess is Claire because it does say Claire Chinatown in the little, you know, block there. But she's going around and asking if the symbols, she's showing these symbols to a guy and, like, hey, do you know what these symbols mean? And this guy just – he doesn't pay attention. They, this Claire leaves and goes in, and then you have Willow attack her as she goes in. And it, it's a very – it's like a, a typical cinematic thing, but it is out of nowhere. It's a lot like Orphan at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out of nowhere though. You know what I mean? It really is. Like you're well, yeah, like, because okay. you don't know this Claire character, and all of a sudden no. like Willow – doesn't seem like the Willow we saw before right right away, I'm telling you, because, like, she doesn't speak English at all, it doesn't seem no. like, and she's just this girl who's just, you know, she this this Claire brings her food, she just sits there and fucking pulls it out the bowl and starts munching on it right away. She almost seems like, you know, she's a like a, like a caveman, it seems, like yeah. she doesn't understand yeah. how the world works around her. Yeah, and again, though, from what that sorcerer said, that guy that, you know, that she ended up killing – she may just well be from, you know, 1000, you know, he, remember, I don't remember the year he said, but exactly, she yeah. may legitimately be a time traveler uh, to get there. Like For he some said. reason, I thought I had to deal with reincarnation. Yeah, but they, they did say that she was that and, you know, yes. all this stuff. And then there is a bit here with time travel thrown in as well when we get back to the stroke squad so i don't know but it's a very quick thing but that's where you see that she's been asking around i don't know these signs are up i don't know anybody who knows them but she keeps repeating you know kiao i'm never going to pronounce this right but she says you know kiao zhao long and she says it twice like she's reading the paper 
And then that's where the, this Claire says, you know what, Willow, I named you Willow because of this dog-eared card you had on you. And it's the same card that Tara was looking at. So, yeah, there's a connection. We don't know the connection yet, but we're going to find out. Uh, and then you go back to Deathstroke. And Wintergreen, they're trying to figure out, and again, this, this uh, you know, I don't know, what do you call it? The chapter block that he always yeah. puts. It does say 30th century Defiance Headquarter Bronx. And so, you know, that would lead to where they do think that the sword was from the future. That Rose because, has, yes. Yeah, because he's all confused. Deathstroke's like, how did that do this? What went on? How did I get stabbed through the, the uh, you know, the icon armor? They don't really have an answer, but Power Girl does. She's sitting there, and she's like, it's Innertron. And like, what? Innertron. What's Innertron? Yeah. Like, it's a synthetic. And, and she has it because it was on file at the Teen Titans. And she says, my old Teen Titans team traveled to the future to help Kid Flash. And, and the weird thing that she says this is that Deathstroke would certainly think that he means or she means Wally, Wally. West, Kid Flash. Yeah. It's not. That That's not what no, they're talking about. No, it's Bartor. Bartel. It's Bartor. And it's a crazy thing to and throw that. And it happened that... during the Forever Evil freaking crossover. Yeah. And, and it's a crazy thing to throw out there and use the, the Kid Flash name and not mean Wally West. And I'm sure 99% of the people reading this issue thought she meant Wally West. Like, why wouldn't Deathstroke then say, well... Get Wally in here. Let's see what well, the fuck they the did in the future. Even the whole there, it's Teen Titans number 25 for the editor's note. I'm like, but that's a Teen Titans 25 of the first volume of the new 52 yeah. before they freaking yeah. you know, renumbered it again before renumbering it again yep. now. Again, as new Teen Titans. So this it, is it was two series ago. Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird call up but she doesn't say she was right she says she saw the case files so, and i started you know, getting angry until she said the case file i'm like yeah. you weren't there no, that's i got angry too i thought that they were going to play around and say that she was there she wasn't she says the case files but then she wanted to check out the sword and it was gone so they go off to rose and say you know where the fuck is the sword go and there's there's freaking who's who's in bed and this is where <laughs> you finally find that deathstroke finds out that rose married him and, and it's kind of funny and i'll tell you of all the art when she yells he's my husband with the towel wrapped around her and that it's incredible and it's it's nothing like that this is gonna wow anybody but just seeing the textures of the towel and the robe and how she's looking thing is i thought the textures of the towel the robe were great i don't like her face though i love how she is because she is pissed and she's a humong girl and to me she even looks like lucy I can imagine that being Lucy screaming. But yeah, you know, this is where now you see that Deathstroke will now know that Husan, who is his formal tech guy. And he says, so what is my former tech guy? Is he your boyfriend now? And she says, no, you jackass. He's my husband. And this, they are the most and fucked I up family. And I want to go back to this because not only do we have this thing, which I really want to see it play out, but yeah. nobody cares about what happened to the fucking sword. Mm-mm. They didn't – well, again, they didn't even get to ask at this point. I think Deathstroke's thrown off, but yeah, and then it moves on because I think that what Christopher Priest keeps doing in this series and with this, the Defiance, every time something is about to happen, they get called and have to go off on a mission, and it, it ends up pissing me off because I don't need to see these missions because then you go off to Jericho talking to his mother, Adeline. And it's really, really good of him saying, you know, why why are you, you know, you're my mom. I want my mom back because you are fucked up, woman. You're using yeah. me against dad. You, you know, this was, you I was your my ticket. Wife, to, my, yeah, my you fiance. may have killed my fiance. And at the point she's like, oh, that girl. And like, you can't even say fiance, can you? 
You, you can't even say it. And he says, and I'll, I'll give Christopher Priest full credit, he doesn't back off because basically he has Jericho say, are you a racist? Are you a homophobe? What the fuck are you? You know, just be my mother. And yeah. she says, listen, I don't care that she's black because he says, and I like the line because he doesn't push it. He says, did you do this? Did you kill her because she was black or because she was a woman? And then Adeline's like, no, no, no. You know, I didn't do this. I did, And this is where I think it's a gray area. She didn't do it. But I think that we saw her talking with Wintergreen before. I do think that she ordered it to happen. Oh, and yeah. She's trying I, I to get out of semantics. Specifically. Yeah, but, exactly. By the end of this conversation, even, it seems like it's a given that it happened. You know what I mean? Don't you get that idea? Like, as she says, no, 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 I wasn't doing it. I by the end, she's kind of just like talking like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. And and to me, Jericho completely thinks that she was at least involved. But yeah. I even like the part where she's like, listen, you know, you always hated Rose. Jericho, again, I always have to talk about this book as if people haven't been reading because the sales aren't great. But I do want people to read it because it's such a good book. If he well, loves Rose. You, I'm saying it also made you like the character Jericho, yeah. which you hated yeah, who before. I hate. Uh, but he that wasn't a loves lot like. he loves Rose like that's his sister yeah. and I think it kills him that it is something that tears his mom and his father apart because he did end up you know Deathstroke had an affair with a whore he says yeah. you know and had Rose but and the the problem is is that going from there Adeline thinks it's one of those. That Deathstroke loves Rose more than the kids that she had, Grant and Jericho. Obviously, Grant's not around. He's dead. Oh, exactly. Grant freaking yeah. died because of Deathstroke. Jericho, Jericho had his fucking yeah. throat sweat. So, yeah, there's, and he's and protecting to me, Rose. It, it's so funny, too, because the way I go about it is it's almost like the youngest kid always gets all the benefits. You know, when you're you're an older kid and you're, you're there, I had to be in at nine. Now, it, it happened with me and my brother. My brother, and it... it Disastrous, you know. My brother know. I'm like the oldest of six, of but I'm also like a, an only child at some yeah, point. Still, it's but, weird. And it's like a weird thing here, where it's almost like Rose is just the kid that Deathstroke finally decided he didn't want to complete. He still fucked her up too. Well, now I can but, say this though, like when my father, like you know, my father terrorized me and my sister Randy with horror yeah. movies and tried to scare us all the time. Didn't By do the that time then, my right? brothers Mike and Scott came around, there was none of that shit going yeah. on. They actually yeah. had to have a nice childhood growing That's up. That's what I'm saying. Eventually. You know, Deathstroke, I think, decided in his fucked up way that he wasn't going to, you know, screw up. And unfortunately for Jericho and Grant, the reason why I think that he's so protective of Rose is what happened to them. Yeah. And so it's not that he loves Ooh, them more. I really more. screwed up Eric Lee and Randy. Yeah. I better be better with these Yeah, kids. I better not do this shit. But as this is all going on and he wants answers and, you know, and she's not saying, you know, she Adeline is not going to say either way. But I, I get the idea that she did. They get called. There's Defiance gets called. You know, they say, Defiance, report to the hangar deck. We've got a mission. And I, I do like the fact that a lot of times during these missions, you can only imagine, and it doesn't seem to play out as much in it so far. You can only imagine that they are so fucked up when they go off. Because at this point, they have to now get in a plane. You know, they're going off to, you know, Africa. And in the meantime, Jericho's pissed. He thinks his mom killed his, his fiance, and he's just arguing about it. You had Rose, who just told her dad that she's uh, you know married to her son yeah. i mean there's so many fucked up shit things happening deathstroke himself if they even sit there and think deathstroke they just may have seen him die they thought and, and, then and they if just you want to go with the whole thing too even power girl if you want to throw this man i'm working with killed my fucking dog yeah 
Yeah, yeah, there's all this craziness. And yeah, they go off and there's a pirate. The pirates have taken over his ship. And the whole thing is Power Girls, you know, her big, you know, emo chuck. And, but she can't just pick the boat up because there's innocent people. It'll break apart. I like the way that that's spelled out. I do out. too. I still don't understand, though, how she's able to pick the boat up at a certain point. Like they had this weird, like, you know. Well, they said to... that the thing is Tara, made, Tara ended up making a reef underneath it with her terra powers and it, it solidified I, they the tried bottom to explain i'm like i still don't yeah. understand but now, whatever best, she can lift the goddamn boat now the best thing that i like though is they and something that they don't even spell out and it confused me at first where they're going and they're trying to figure out you know we got to get these pirates there's all these people we got to do this jericho at the one point's just like i'm going to the leader and zaps his consciousness into this leader at the point he does he's flying he, he is in mid-air. And his air. body just drops his body into the just ocean falls his into the ocean. is gone. Yeah, and I thought it was so good, though. It really – I have a feeling that some people were probably confused by it because they don't realize. But they have terror there because when he ends up happening, that happens. You have uh, Rose there to go retrieve him. She yeah, has, Rose seems uh, you know, to be right there because she has an extra freaking oxygen yes. mask and yep. shit like she that. She seems the like, like this was the plan. This was her part of the job. When yeah. Jericho goes off all willy-nilly to somebody else, you save him. Yep, that's. I think that that's exactly what her job is for the most part is Jericho. And and in the meantime, when Tara says, you know, we got to discuss this wisdom of having Jericho as the quarterback. Anything can happen to his body once he's projected his consciousness into someone else. I do think that that is foreshadowing to some fun fucked up shit happening mm-hmm. with Jericho, but also leads me to believe, and possibly there'll be a time when Tara's the one who has to protect him, because this would also be him sitting in a chair, projects himself, and now they have to fight off wave after wave of people trying to get to him. I do think at some point that Tara is going to be the one who's in charge of protecting him, and she is not going to. She's going to let it go, and, and Jericho could possibly be you know, in dire straits when this happens. It's just a weird call-out to say and especially to have Tara say it to me uh, was odd. But then, like you Again, said, if you don't, if you don't even go with all that, it does catch people up with what Jericho's powers yeah. are to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think this whole thing was to set up. But we'll see. But yeah, yeah, then you have where you do have Tara doing this thing where she's making a reef underneath it. The problem is when Power Girl does pick up the boat then you don't see any difference in the boat you know what i mean that it just looks like it's falling apart but yeah all this ends up where tara even says why are these the missions we go on why is it these missions? Uh, yeah, what specifically know, about you have these Rose situations saying, allow us yeah, to go to Yeah, and you it. have Rose like, well, you know what? We're, we're helping people. And like, no, this is like there's something going on where it's just something for Deathstroke. Like, and I think she's getting the idea that this is like he Deathstroke is using the defiance as a redemption for himself to get and wrong the rights and right the wrongs and all the things that he's done and she thinks it's bullshit in the meantime they're doing this but it does end up wrapping around that the two guys that were at the beginning of the issue those, are Jazaki's men who he freaking Jizaki's put that contract with the hell he really went out on a limb to do this that they are the pirates they are the ones doing this and people look to be dying all this stuff and he is just pissed and he says do you know does red lion know you're screwing around and that's when they're like oh slade the deathstroke and he's like for your family's sake i once gave your men you men your lives back which means your lives are mine for the taking and and your pieces of shit and they says oh our families were starving he's like unless you can find a way to feed them for prison i don't give a fuck you're gone yeah. and I, and we were talking about it before i just think that this is 
Christopher Priest showing where Deathstroke is, is seeing that no matter what he does or even when before this you know epiphany, he was trying to do good by these guys. It did nothing. They ended yeah. up going from what he did. He saved their lives and their families' lives, and they went off and became pirates. Now, I'll give you credit too because I said they could get other jobs, and you're like, I don't know what jobs they can get. Yeah. The thing about it is I think that's another thing that's going to be in Deathstroke's mind and worry him that, you know what, even if I save these people, the world's fucked. They, exactly. They the no world, like these anyway. guys are pieces of shit because the world around them are pieces yeah, of shit. And so they have no I, other I, choice. But again, I think that this is what's leading to what will be what Deathstroke has to decide at the end of all the Stroke Squad and going forward as Deathstroke. Is it that he's fucked up or is the world fucked up and which has to change? Because he's exactly. trying to change himself. The world's still fucked up. And it, even it, though he it, put together the super team, the Defiance – what they can do is not going to change the fucking world. No, and even with this, you have everybody on the team in fucked up predicaments with each yeah. other and things like this. I mean, I think that what ends up happening is Deathstroke basically says, I tried to be a good guy, uh, but the world isn't good. And yeah. this is, you know, I am better off being it's Deathstroke. It's a losing battle. Yeah, and I'm better off, you know, to protect people as Deathstroke, not this guy who won't kill. And not, not even this. protect people as Deathstroke. It's better me being Deathstroke to kill the piece of shit yeah, than rather save piece the piece of shit. Of shit. And, and I should, and maybe even go from this, which is fucked up, but go from this Stroke Squad defiant story to a Deathstroke now who's even worse yeah. than he was before. Not worse as killing people, but I'm now a Deathstroke. I can't have a conscience. If I do this, this is what happens. And and I do think – I also think that by the end of this story, you're going to have, say, a Superman or a – you know, you have to have a big guy, a Wonder Woman, a Batman come and not accept Deathstroke as a reformed guy, a guy. Oh, there's who, no way in my but, mind that Batman would do this, even though this has been his shtick lately. Oh, Clayface, Killer Frost, you're all reformed yeah, now. No, like, you know, and even I though think that's that been that's Batman's shtick, be, there's no way that I think that Bruce Wayne know, would allow in his mind that Deathstroke is a no, good guy. No, and that's what I think is going to be the final straw for Deathstroke in this is him not being accepted by anybody as a changed guy. Because even in this book, it, you know, you have Wintergreen who's still. Barely, he's starting to believe what Deathstroke is saying is true about, you know, trying to redeem himself and things like that. But even he doesn't believe. And I think Christopher Priest is also going to be playing with the idea that people reading the book on social media, the reviewers, they're just nobody's waiting for him convinced. To go back. Yeah, yeah, they're just waiting. And I think that when he does go back, it's not going to be because he's a piece of shit. I think that it's going to be because the world's a piece of shit. And like you said, the world needs a Deathstroke to, to clean this shit up, I guess. But yeah, he goes back. Back and he sees that sword that he won in that card game, that that whole deal uh, that he had where Hive had, had yeah, his you know, fixed sword. it up, his Deathstroke sword, and he's playing with it. And he's like, you know what? I, every time I pick this up, I'm tempted to use it. I just but, want to kill everybody. And, and it's so funny because he's like, you know what? I need a good old-fashioned bloodthirsty horde right now. Maybe an alien invasion. Maybe the Watchmen universe. <laughs> so I kept thinking. I'm like, yeah, you're going to get something coming up soon, my friend. You'll you'll have your chance. That's all it made me think now, of. Even, was like, even the line yeah, to it said, I should down. just join the Justice League. I'm like, yeah, even if they allowed you to be a member, they're not going to let you kill people. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah even then, he's there. He should do maybe an alien invasion, maybe the Watchmen, maybe some fucked up Batman from the Dark Universe. Maybe yeah. that will be where I can do some things. But yeah, I, I do. It made me laugh when he said that. But yeah, then he he drops the bomb uh, that the society 
is after him that the they secret sent society him. yes and it is the secret you're right you're right on where i thought it was something else but it is the secret society and uh yeah they're going to be after him and i i love the fact that he's like listen yeah it's the secret society don't tell the kids yeah don't get them involved yeah, yeah. and i thought that that was a pretty uh, of all the stuff that he, i think he does care about this team i, I know he cares about power girl you know oh, yeah. I, he, I know he cares about his kids but power girl uh, to me he, he treats her like a daughter. A fucked up thing that he killed her dog. But I think that just he, like a daughter, then yeah, he's yeah, treating her yeah. just as fucked up as everybody else. Oh, in his he family. gave her a new dog. Out of sight, out of mind, Eric. But yeah, <laughs> I, I really like it. Uh, then you end the the issue, and is that Rose? Is that Tara? Is that I don't somebody know who else? This is at because all. It, yeah, because it looks like it is somebody going to get Willow, but. That is Rose's sword. That, yes. And if it's not Rose's sword, it is a variation of it from the future, whatever we're led to believe. Oh, that's because so, the whole thing is that where she's talking about when Power Girl was talking about how you know the Teen Titans went to the future and they had this freaking this uh this metal called Inertron. Inertron. Yeah, we didn't even that, finish like, that. Oh, yeah. but the sword's thousands of years old. Yes, but it could be from the future. So if you actually you know took a sword from the future, put it back in time. You know, at some point, it would become thousands of years old. At yeah, that point. and and even that, she they never carbon dated it. That's what Power Girl wanted to do. So when she goes to carbon date it, it may not even be a I thousand just, years I just want old. to know how the sword, like the sword has disappeared and we never got back to it. So when we end this issue by seeing that the sword is in Willow's freaking yeah. possession, I'm like – now, did did somebody steal this? Is this the original place where the sword yeah, was until it got to the future and got sent thing, back though, in time? Whatever. Because I don't know that it's in her possession. The way it's there, that could also be where off panel there where there's that Somebody's shape could it? be somebody holding it. So you can't tell. I think, this I is think Willow's that that's sword. Yeah, I don't know. But and there could be two of them now of the same. Now the way that he really is pushing it that we will end up knowing is because Rose's name is on that sword. And if it's the same sword, it should have the, the name on it or not. Be, and the who thing knows? is, since it's, if we're playing with time travel, it might not be on there yet. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what we don't know. But, yeah, there's somebody. And uh, you know what? Maybe Willow ends up being Rose's mom. I don't know. It's like Back to no the Future. Idea. Willow is actually Rose from the – I don't know. But, if yeah, it's, like it, future, it's very if weird. Willow's going to have to hit on Rose. It's very odd that there it is, and like I said, uh, we kind of glanced by it and went by when they were talking about the sword, and if it was from the future or the past, it did have Rose's name on it. Yes. And that's what drew Rose to take it and thought that it was set up by Deathstroke, another one of his setups, and what uh, Power Girl said was maybe she put the name in the future, sent it back, whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, this, that sword is very important, but we're left to wonder what it is. And again, yes. I, the is art in this issue. Is prophecy where yeah, like, yeah. You know, at some yeah, point, you know, like Rose put her name on it so that she would eventually find it to begin with? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it's funny too because they it even points towards like the Legion because the 30th century. It's all crazy nut. But I love the art. I thought the art in this issue was great. The I love the di the dialogue's also always great. Uh, this is not an issue that you, is an easy to jump in issue. I mean, not there are. I think I was counting. I lost track at nine editors' notes at one point. I was while we were at work and I had the review copy. I was just going in two. Three, so that many things. That's the thing. In my, in my mind too, when you were doing this, you were sitting in the stall in the bathroom. I was fucking blowing kisses yeah. at myself in the mirror, and you're just counting. Yeah, so, one, seven, and I was one editor's note, 
two editors no three and i just went down them while you're blowing kisses then yourself uh but really what it should say just screw these editors notes at the beginning of every issue of deathstroke put you got to read the whole series that's all you got to do and it's worth you don't read the series yeah, it's it's really worth it. And anybody who, you know, hears us gush about it because I do love the series. Uh I will tell it was you rough that in the beginning. Yeah, it was rough, but I'll tell you even like it's one of those where I think the series as a whole is definitely a higher rating in my mind than individual issues because they tie in so well and everything leads to this and that that I really like it. Again, at the 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 base of this issue, not a lot goes on. Not no. a, but but a lot does. <laughs> it's so weird though. I because I said I gave it an eight out of ten. I said I don't think you're going to go as high. I'm Mo- not. Most of my stuff is because of how it ties together and how it goes, and of any issues that we read this week and things. Like, I really want to know what the hell's going on. Like the sword. I want to see if Willow, it's her sword or it was somebody holding it. What's going on with all that? How Deathstroke reacts to Hassan being Rose's husband. Uh, you know, all this. How Adeline is basically at the end of the Jericho Adeline th- thing. That's one of my biggest problems with the book in general is that, you know, you get these little threads that you do care about just dangled at you, and then we yeah. move on, and it's very infuriating. Well, some of the things to me be, are – You want this story told. Yeah, some of the things to me aren't even like – I don't – I really don't care who killed Etienne. It I doesn't ma- It doesn't matter in the book at all. We, we may find out that she committed suicide. It will not change anything because we've seen even more fucked up things than that. But what I want is a thing that we're not really going to be able to say like here is this story. What I want is where Jericho's talking to Adeline and saying I want my mom back and he wants his family. This is something that you're not just going to get the next issue where it's like I'm back. Mommy's home, baby. It's going to be a progression, and that's yeah. kind of the whole series has been a progression of Deathstroke as well, where it's not just slaps you in the face the next issue of, oh, my God, she listened. We're going to see some things. I do, and you, you know me. I, I always predict doom, Eric. I think when he says I want my mom back, and she does look upset. She, she looks, looks like, you know, oh, fuck you, kid. I, be- I believe within 10 issues she's dead. I think that she is going to sacrifice herself somewhere. I know I always call that people are going to be dead. I think she's going to die, and I think that All of a sudden, she's... like, you know, it's just Jericho and freaking Adeline talk to each other. In your mind, it's like, oh, man, Adeline knows who Jericho is. She's yeah, going to die. Yeah, yeah, she gets – anytime somebody <laughs> finds out a secret identity, I always think they're going to – I think that she was involved with killing Etienne, and because of that, because what he says, I want my mom back, and he wants a family back as well, yeah. I think that that's going to force her into doing Doing something to kind of redeem herself, just like the only thing in my mind that she really can do that will redeem herself in Jericho's mind is accept Rose. So maybe she dies saving Rose. I think it'll be saving Rose or both Rose and Deathstroke, but I think it will be Rose. I think that she'll end up saving Rose, and that'll be like the, oh, Mom. Oh, Mom, I you love you. You care. I love you, Mom. Now, why'd you turn into Ash? You were just an AI from Checkmate. Oh, my Holy God. Moly. Mr. Minos is Oh, back. no. He strikes it's again. It's Mrs. Minos. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Minos. Oh, my God. He's using the Zeus engine. Oh, goodness. What would you give it? I have an idea of what you're going to give it. I have I- it in my head. Uh, I'd give it a 7.5 out of that 10. That is what I, I was going to say. 
I yes. do enjoy this series. It's not the that transitions much lower than were a me. little off, but I'm telling you, I love the art, and it was just a weird issue. Just thr- like you know, with all the things thrown at us, the Willow stuff really just crept out of nowhere and didn't make a lot of sense as it was presented to us in this issue. And yeah. that's the only reason that my score is as low as this because I really do love still, this. Still, you say as low as it is, it's still a seven five. Exactly. Any, I'm telling in you, this I week, that's almost your book. Of, I think that's your book of the week. It is seven five. <laughs> it's nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. People still think that's a low score. I know. It's weird how that has become a thing where you almost have to apologize for a 7.5. That is nonsense, Eric. You send that to Marguerite Panay, she's going to sick somebody on you. They're going to come know. after you. She only wants 8.5s and above or something. She was saying freaking nonsense. Jesus Christ, Eric. We're going to go off now to the mail and fun times ahead, Eric. I, right, I guarantee fun you fun times ahead. Till my woods would tell But if Eric tried to read it We'd hear an epic fail But when you reach the part Where opinions come The hero will be Jim A hero to us all And when you read the mail again You'll see Nonsense never takes a break. Ah, yes, thank you. It never takes a break. It never takes a break. Me, me, me. There There you go. This is mail section number two. Yeah, (laughs) you'll love that. Yeah, a little. I told you my falsetto is gone. I hey, should I do now if we want to do some like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that's good. You should see that's how the I hot have, shit right You there. should see how I have to put my hand up. And oh, I know. Tell them an hour to see you know what's going on. Yeah, uh, just nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just nonsense. Right now, Zach is busy working, so he he is not there to throw shade at me from the other room. This is mail section number two, Eric. Dose. And the first one, you're going to be shocked. It's a, a name from the past, Eric. He's oh. returned. We haven't heard it's from a him in a while. It's Maddie D. Oh, Maddie D. D. Hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and the rest of the Get Cut Prue. Poop, 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 indeed. Up, so it's been about two months, I think, since I last wrote in or left a rant and rave. I thought I would correct that and write in. I'm currently right. way behind on my podcast due to work and a week-long vacation in Missouri with the Fancy. wife and kids. Side note, Total Eclipse was awesome. Not, oh, my God, I'm having a total out-of-body experience kind of awesome, but awesome nonetheless. Me and Eric missed it. We completely missed it. I, I wasn't even worried about it, honestly. It's an eclipse. I'm like, okay, I've seen the sun. I've seen the sun not be there before. It's not I a big know. deal to me. I, I don't I know. Just, I'm cheated inside. To, I wanted to tell everybody at work there was going to be an eclipse, and somehow I thought that they were going to think I was a fucking warlock or something. But they, unfortunately, ev- everybody knew about it, Eric. I thought I was going to fool them, but I did not. I have been three episodes behind and racing to listen to everything that is free from the Emperor James Warner Super Podcast Network. 
Mm. Of course, to do this, I decided to skip the spotlights and listen only to the main show. Have them run back-to-back is like having a stream of consciousness from Jim and Eric constantly running in my head. For a sick fuck like me, that's great, he (laughs) says. However, the downside is I can't always remember the little comments I have about any of the nonsense you dish out when it comes to writing in an email. I suppose I could take some notes, but I'm a lazy man. I understand. like Eric Shea. Now, we're we're doing this live on Mixler, and people are talking about Eric Shea doing the Cellar Dweller, and they're, they're really excited about you having a video show. I said, it'll be great in no, 2028. Yeah, they are. They were talking. I said, 2028, <laughs> it'll be there. And there you go. Yeah, we're all laughing at you. At the time of this email, Aww. the only thing that sticks out to me is cookies. Some time ago, you had mentioned cookies. So I will cookies? give you – when don't we mention cookies? So I'll give you my top five cookies of all time. Number five, Samoas, which I do think, yeah, they they changed them to being caramel delights or from one to the other, I whatever. I remember them being caramel delights. I do like them. I love these caramel delights from those Girl Scouts who peddle them worse than a drug dealer. They also have a version of those at Aldi now that tastes goddamn good and they're half the price there. And you don't have have to deal and I don't have to deal with that nonsense when I'm going into Walmart. I'm going in. Listen, girls. When I'm going in, I'm not gonna listen, girls. Listen, girls, 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 girls. When I'm going into Walmart, I'm not gonna give you money. I'm gonna give it on the way out. When I leave Walmart, I'm, I'm not going to give you money. And listen, girls, on the way out, I will never make eye contact with you, and I will keep on walking because I pay with a credit card. Now, that, really, when you set up at the entrance and not the exit, you are now pissing me off. You are ne- you are making me think because if I buy those goddamn Samoas, number one, I'm going to be very concerned, though it doesn't make sense. I am not bringing food into the Walmart. It's just not going to happen. I'm yeah. going to be afraid that some fucking Yahoo is going to think I stole those cookies when I'm on exactly the way out. Right there whether, the or not, frozen food whether or not they don't sell your cookies in there, I don't, I'm, my kids have a, a fucking water halfway done. I will make them keep it in the car. You don't bring shit into a grocery store. You don't. No. So that's number one. Number two, I'm going to buy your goddamn cookies. Now I'm not going to be able to fucking buy my X-Lax that I came there for, but I don't want anybody to know about it. You got whole problems. It's terrible. No, but I'm going to end up get, getting these cookies. Next thing, I'm not going to be able to feed my family because I'm on a limited budget. I just, you just don't set up at the entrance. See, Maddie D, don't do it. This is my issue of the week. I just it drives me nuts when they do this, and see, then honestly, you see there, and I feel so bad. Uh, uh, but I, then I feel bad because these girls they're they're trying their thing. They're going also. They don't, hard ma- enough. don't make it a big production. Don't have like seven mothers there where they're fine. You know, I, I don't need that. Now you're just trying to shame me and shuffle. It, it just get you know. I'll give you some money. I'll give you some change. Usually what I had doing. Would you like to donate a dollar to the Red Cross for Hurricane – like whatever it is now? I know. No. (laughs) The thing is too – yeah. But even so, just – I don't even know which one they're peddling now. When they have these cookies – when I was a kid, you got – these Girl Scouts went door to door. They actually fucking made their money. They had to walk around. Now, I know that that can be dangerous, but still – 
You're just that's, sitting that's outside harder. a Walmart. You might as well not even do it. That's nonsense. You're not going to get my money. Walmart, people from Verizon are fucking trying God to get a hold it, of you. That is the worst. Guy with a fucking, what the fuck the is going on with that, too? You're know. in the middle. In the toy section, there's just a guy standing there. I, I think he's just some guy who lost his way who's in a red shirt. And all of a sudden I walk and he's like, hey, buddy, can I can I can you help me for a second? I'm like, what? And next thing I know, he's, he's fucking talking about I'm like, fuck you. Dude, I don't even know. I freaking walked past going to go pick up my Play-Doh today at Walmart. And I walked Play-Doh. past three of these people. I don't even know what they were peddling. They were talking to this woman. Well, if you do this and you can, you're entered to win a fuck chance to have that. this. And I'm like, the fuck away from this. I say nonsense. all this. But if I go back by that guy and he doesn't say anything, then I think that he thinks I'm not good enough for him. <laughs> Like they look at me like that guy. He, like, he yeah, can't get an upgrade. Too. That guy can't afford an upgrade of anything. He should start with his wardrobe. <laughs> I get so angry when they don't because I want to be the one who fucking disses him. He can't diss me, Eric. Number four was the best when we got this. I did see the beginning of this email, and and I thought that we had now come across the new Mexican cookie called El Fudge. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually oh, El the, Fudge. Uh, El Fudge, E L Fudge, the cookie. Yes. I, I think they're nonsense. Keebler Elves came up with a great idea. It's like an Oreo, but with chocolate in the middle. And mm. no, uh, no I, I don't like it. it's the Fudge. reverse. It's a reverse Oreo though, and uh, yeah, I, I don't care about these kids. I don't need your El Fudge. Not in my country. Seen your fudges in town, Jim. <laughs> Senior Fudge is in town with a few days to thrill. Get your L Fudge and get it the hell back wherever you came from. I don't know. L Fudge. Number three. I'm telling you, I love Maddie D. These are a bunch of nonsense. Ne- <laughs> Neapolitan wafer cookies. My grandmother would have bullshit. these at her house. You know why? Because they're an old lady cookie. Yeah. Hey, what is your favorite candy? Fucking ribbon candy and, and goddamn black licorice? Were Whenever originals? When and he would yeah really I like those though. So Whenever I. I would sleep over her house, actually, you know what another thing is is those Luden's cough drops. As a kid, my mom would have those and eat them like candy. So I always yeah, think she, of that as an old woman candy. She's a big dummy though. She is a dummy eating Luden's she fucking they were cherry. Candy. She probably did. Though you, you know what she ate them like candy, but fucking voice of an angel. She never had, had a sore never throat a sore throat ever. <laughs> Neapolitan never wave. once heard that woman cough. No, never did. Life. Never did. Always yelling at me, too. You would think that she'd lose her voice at least one of those times, but those goddamn Ludens allowed her to keep yelling at me. <laughs> Neapolitan wafer cookies. My grandmother would have these at the house. Going to ride, sleep over her house when I was a child. I, I don't like those. I, I think that they're nonsense. Uh, another thing that I have a problem with, because I'll eat the vanilla wafer cookies, that those are kind of what those are, but those yeah. are Neapolitan. And it's one of those where I think that that is a cookie that definitely needs a zip tie bag or, or container because you open those up and there's so many of those goddamn things in there. I know you probably eat them all in one sitting, all you big fatty. City. But if you don't, those are a cookie that do they don't I last very long. Away. They don't last very long before they go bad. They need a zip lock top. That's all I'm saying, Eric. Number three. Or number two, tag alongs. What can I say? It's more Girl Scout nonsense. What can I say? Those cookie-dealing Girl Scouts put chocolate and peanut butter together after they've stormed the Reese's corporate headquarters and slashed everyone's throats and took their recipe. These cookies are so good, I just can't eat one box. I don't think I've ever had a tag-along. Yeah, they're okay. They're just standard deal, peanut butter and chocolate. I'm not a big peanut butter fan, so they they aren't my favorite. Uh, But he says, I can't eat just one 
box, I'm pretty sure yeah. there is crack in them. And number one, and this is a thing that Matty D has to realize too, because he he isn't on the Patreon. He listens to the the free stuff. He said earlier, me and my kids did deal with the Oreos, and he says the double stuff Oreo isn't number one. Why can't there only be double stuff? Which I agree. And We've me and my about kids, that a lot. yeah, me and my kids ended up doing taste tests of all these nonsense Oreos, and it, it, most of them made me sick, including the jelly donut one. That was the most. That was the sweetest thing I've ever witnessed in my life outside. Of one Eric Shane. I can't believe you ate the whole thing. I did and ate a bunch of them. We kept eating them. It was weird though because we knew that we weren't going to eat those the first time ever we put a cookie in the refrigerator and they stayed probably for two months. It's probably been about two months since then. We just threw those away like three weeks ago. There was still like six left. Nobody wanted them after a while. But okay, so that was my cookie list. As for comics, the real meat and cheese of your podcast, well, I'm behind on those as well. I'm seriously thinking of dropping Trinity after those Pandora Pit arc. I will tell you that if you get the next one, we believe that we're going to be in that issue. It should be that issue. Yeah, it should be. I just started reading the Shea Fontana Wonder Woman arc. I really want it to be good, but this first issue is feeling a little lackluster, and it probably does not change. Batman is starting to disappoint. Detective Comics isn't interesting me anymore, which is weird because I love me some Zatanna. I would read anything with her in it, but the rest of the story just isn't grabbing me by, by the short and curlies. He Gross. needs pubes. Gross. <laughs> pubes, Eric. Uh, the Zatanna story, that actually wasn't bad. The intelligence story, and I think it got better after that first issue. If he's just read the first issue. Uh, I'd up stick- and down. I'd stick one. I'd stick that one out, but the next story that you'll get to, Maddie D, the one we're dealing with now, not so great so far. That pretty much covers my monthly pull list. All that is left is the non-big two books, which I would have to write a much longer and separate email about that. But I will save you the pain. Well, all that's right. all I got now, Maddie D. And thank you, Maddie, you Maddie D, for driving me insane with your cookie and your Girl Scout nonsense. Why don't the Boy Scouts sell fucking like pen knives or something? What do they sell? I've never Honestly, seen. Honestly, I'd be I'd be afraid of fucking Boy Scouts selling pen knives. Like they're gonna rough me Would up you? going into Walmart. How about like a Bowie knife? They do that, or maybe some tents. Why don't they sell cookies? Why don't they go? You know, fucking sell me some beef jerky. Throw Boy down Scouts. the gauntlet. You want beef jerky for the, for yeah. the Boy Scouts? That'd be okay. Beef jerky. I'm. Any different would, flavors? That's the thing. You ever buy beef jerky? Jesus Christ! I know you do. You actually yeah. buy it a bunch. Jesus Christ! You got to set out a you know refinance your home protein. to buy that. Yeah, protein indeed. Fucking for twelve dollars for a little bag. Jesus Christ! Brandon is the next email of email section number two. He says, sup, fellas? Been yeah, one hell of a crazy week around these parts since my daughter's daughter started preschool. And the roomie also went back to teaching this week. This all translates to the women in my house being extremely stressed out and tired. I don't – it's weird that his, his daughter would be stressed out from preschool. Usually they – you know, you go and you're all excited. At, at preschool, you I still think school is the best. Uh, once you get a little later on in the game, probably first grade, then you realize it sucks. Then they all take it out on me for no goddamn reason. No, welcome, I'm sure there's reasons. Welcome to the club, my friend. Yeah, there's a reason. He's a male, and he's in the house, and he's he an easy target. <laughs> there's a bunch of reasons. I got hardly any reading done as a result, but did find overtime at work thoroughly more enjoyable uh, than usual this week. And cathartic, he said. He just wants to get the hell out of there. The yeah. stick 
got a little work this week watching the new Goon movie, which was pretty good. You had mentioned that a couple days before. I still want to watch that. I haven't done it yet. Not the level of the first one, but a few pretty good chuckles can be had there. And I'll tell you, people haven't seen Goon Goon with uh, Stifler. I I don't even – what is this real name? I'm sitting here thinking, uh, Sean William Scott? Yeah, I think that that that's what it is, yeah. Uh, If you are a hockey fan and a movie fan, unfortunately – not a lot of options to no. to really sit there and think what is the best fucking hockey slap shots movie. Over and over no, again. and and don't don't give me that. I am a I'm a huge hockey fan. I played hockey for 40 years of my goddamn life. I hate slap shot. It's the mo- one of the most overrated movies ever. If you want to go sports movies and go hockey, it, it starts and ends with Young Blood, Eric. That that's where it, you get Rob Lowe. Yeah, Miracle Mystery Alaska is not bad. It's hokey. Doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it's a fun movie. I want to a lighter watch. touch. I'm a Mighty Duck this shit up. Mighty Ducks better than than fucking Slapshot ever will be. Yeah, I Slapshot was just as I was growing up that you didn't have many options, especially no. when I grew up. Eric, they they didn't have the talkies yet. <laughs> I you know they're silent movies, but no. At, when I was a kid, really for the most part, you had Slapshot and you had nothing else. Really? I, I'm just sick of it. I I think it's nonsense. So Goon though. Is up there. I liked it. I thought it was a really good movie and really shocked me how much I did like it. Uh, same can be said for the Baywatch movie. Not too shabby. There's yeah, enough man meat. There's enough man meat in that movie to keep the ladies happy too. Between the Rock and Zac Efron. Woo-wee, That's the thing too. Says. I want to watch that movie because I am like terribly, terribly in love with Alexandra Daddario. But yes. everything I see for promotions, she's really pushed to the side. I'm like. Do I really want to invest the time to watch this movie? There's I, not going to be a lot of Alexandra Daddario. I would certainly bed down Zac Efron way before The Rock. How about you? I would let him bed me down. Well, yeah, I'm saying The Rock seems he he wouldn't be gentle. He's going to take uh, like Zac Efron. He would. He would take you by force. And then I think The Rock at the end of the the end of the session when you get out of bed. Uh, he would think that you owe him something because he's the rock. I think Zac Efron would Zac give Efron you as well is going to expect me to. No, owe him I think something. Zac Efron yeah, would give you, you his number. God. He would give you his number and and hope that you call. You know who Zac Efron is to me now that I think about it, and I mentioned no. him just a couple minutes ago. I think he is that generation or this new generation's Rob Lowe. What do you think? Don't you I think that they're, that they're very, very, very similar, similar to look me? Too. Yeah, that's what I think. Way I more think... cut than Rob ever was, though. Yeah, but you didn't have to be cut back then. Rob was cutting his teeth on underage girls, Eric. He didn't sure need was. to go to the gym. But yeah, I think he, he was is with the... them while they were actually cutting their teeth. He is yeah. the new Rob Lowe. There you go. You heard it here first. Anyway, just oh. through on Death Note. I think it was a comic at some point. It was a manga, manga and a anime on Netflix. I'm checking that out while I'm writing this. This is an Eric movie for sure. I'll keep you updated. He was sending me messages while he was watching it. Really? Yeah, you you are interested, right? You actually saw it. Yeah, I watched it the, the first week and it came out yeah. without even knowing it was something that was a manga or an anime. I talked yeah. to you about it. I'm, he's like – you were like, I told you about this like three months yeah, ago. Yeah, I was just going to say, I told you about that. We were talking about that when, when we first heard that they were going to make it. And I th- said, that's going to be weird. You should it. watch the anime. It's really good. 
Uh, well, hell of a good start to the football season, I'll say. But wouldn't you know it, of course, I missed the fucking fireworks factory after passing out on the couch. I fell asleep shortly after the start of the third quarter and missed the following. The Chiefs going totally ham on the Pats in the fourth quarter. Dancing Mike totally triggering and offending some mass hole on Twitter simply by trying to get a Madden curse chant going and a few hashtags. Uh, also count on the Patriots sucking horribly this year solely based on the reasoning I have several on both my fantasy teams and I'm a huge mush for any sport team I like. I actually asked them this this uh, year because we do have the Get Fresh Crew, boop, boop, we have the Fantasy League going. And uh, it really what they're doing right now in the Fantasy League, they're all trying to vie for second place after me, Eric, is what's going on right about now. But I said to him, are you going to draft any of the Patriots because you hate them so much? And I, I almost always refuse to draft any Dallas Cowboys. Well, this year I have the Dallas Cowboys kicker. He's not really a Dallas Cowboy. Kickers are a whole breed themselves here. But but he ended up – Brandon ended up drafting a bunch of Patriots. So he, he thinks now everybody's going to get injured or suck just because he finally drafted them. So we'll, well see. Some people are cursed like that. It's fine though, Brandon. You'll come in last and you'll you'll be happy about that. You, you'll, you'll, we'll give him a participation trophy is what we will do. Uh, he goes somebody's going to get traded, Jim. Go buy a fucking jersey of somebody. That guy That's is gone. That's right. Yeah, really. And then they're gone and then I can – scoop them up but the book superman i didn't hate this story like you and eric did and i primarily put it on the fact that i know nothing about the green lanterns or any lantern at all so the problems with the powers and what parallax and sinestro can do doesn't bother me a whole bunch now any arc following up that awful shit we got in july is a step up so maybe that's another influencing factor too but enough uh though it did feel a little rushed in parts it has me intrigued enough to check out the hal jordan issues coming up seeing how it all wraps up and yeah, I, I this is he's Brandon isn't the only guy. Uh, Chris from the DC Squadcast. I actually listened to their podcast and they were talking about how much they like Superman. So I sent him a message like the asshole I am and yeah. said, "Hey, Chris." the hell's going on you like that superman and he said the same thing listen after the fucked up and he called it like the uh the vacation like the fucked up vacation uh, of the superman deal and he said after that i probably would have liked anything i'm like yeah i can see that it was better than that fucking nonsense but yeah i just didn't like it as a story and i thought that and again this was on our patreon patreon only spotlight and I just – I thought that it was just hokey. I thought it was forced. I thought – and me and you both said you have a fear lantern ring that he – Superman ends up using hope to use. That don't make no goddamn and sense. Is, and because of this aspect, the whole book just becomes this whole thing that people are pissed about with the character Superman. He can do anything just because he's Superman. Yeah, that's basically it. And that is something you, you just said, that people are always complaining about Superman and that he did it and made it worse. It's not just – he can do everything because he's got his own power set. Now he can just use anybody else's powers if he wants to, yeah. including just taking a, you know, a Sinestro, taking his ring and putting it on and being able to use it right away, using his own hope. Stupid. Batman. God damn it. Though I did like at the end when Lois said that she was going to heat up some pie. Some hot Batman. Pie. God damn it. Tom King right now is making me question why I liked his books in the first place. I legit feel dirty reading the story right now because I feel like I should be rooting for Batman. It is his book after all, but I kind of want to see someone put a bullet in his head at this moment in time. I'd pick up this book to read stories about Batman, but this issue I'm reading about Kite Man, his divorce, and his ex-wife calling him a joke. Now I have to go hire a psychologist 
just because he's making me relive my childhood. That son <laughs> me of as a well. bitch. It's just here. This is for Brandon. This will cheer him up, Eric. I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Have fun. I know. What, what, That's not going to make anybody Once feel a better. week, Brandon needs to hear that so that he can cheer up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. There's so many. I thought there was so many things wrong with that Batman issue, but yet everybody seemed to love it that aren't. And then I get the idea. I, I hear people, and some people talk behind the scenes to me and stuff like that. And some people have uh, accused me and you of being like – you know, getting everyone fired up to the point where nobody wants to admit to us that they like Batman. Uh, this is not a joke. People, there's a couple people who have, have said that that really? basically everybody in the Get Fresh crew has do, no, do. you know, has no mind of their own, and we have brainwashed them. And I, I told nonsense. the people that they're goddamn, you know, shut your mouth. That these people are finally, and, and really, there was a time in the Slack chat. Where I was fighting with everyone and saying that I didn't like and, and some of the reasons some of the reasons that I had didn't come out you know to play or you know have been rectified but a lot of the reasons that I had from the very beginning uh, it kind of are starting to annoy people as well so and I think that the people have their own minds Eric their damn own. right Green Arrow seems extra preachy this week I'll get around sure to does. it eventually Ike gents. And that is Brandon, and we're going to go out to Brandon and Trevitt right now. And what do you think they are talking about, Eric? Because I know I have it right here in front of me. What did you vote for? Can you remember? Because we Venom talked about this number at work. one. That's what you talked about, and that's what won. We both we both right. uh, we both voted for that. That seemed like the given of what it's going to be. So I'm looking forward to see how it was. All right, how we doing, guys? Welcome to this week's edition of the Marvel Minute. This is going to be for Venomverse number one, and none of the edge of stuff, all that's done with. Uh, this is the legit and real Venomverse series, so so we're talking main story here. Uh, and this beat out Guardians number nine and... I don't know, Astonishing? <laughs> Did I put Astonishing up there? uh possibly maybe we'll we'll go with that uh but it edged okay. edged out uh guardians by like uh one or one or two votes so this is what we're discussing here today and when i'm along uh, with vader my oh vader I, I knew i was putting another star wars one up there uh <laughs> we get a lot more votes in the poll when there's star wars comics in there I, i've True. noticed <laughs> uh yeah all those star wars fans andrew spreads it around so shout out to him uh, I th I didn't think I introduced you yet. Uh, Trevitt is of course along with me here. We're discussing Venomverse one, and writer Cullen Bunn is on duties here with art team of Ivan Coelho and Matt Yaki. Uh, I don't know if I really are those are names I'm familiar with, but I'd like to see him again. I like this art. 
I know um, uh, Coelho or Colo, whatever. Um, yeah. I know him from Deadpool and Mercs for Money. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like the art in that book too when that was going yeah. on. I, I read the really first good. series. I didn't read when they renumbered it again back to one. Um, but it, this is a big variant cover issue, so there's a bunch of different variant covers out there. One of them is the Todd McFarlane. So did a quick research uh, on that cover before we got started. It's like going for eBay anywhere between like a hundred and a thousand dollars. So good luck to that person trying for a thousand. Uh, but yeah, th that's that's a one in one thousand cover. So you know, um, retailers had to jump through hoops to get it. There's probably not many out there in the wild. Uh, but but uh, he did one for Edge of Venomverse too. I always find it weird when he comes back and does random covers. Who um, Bradshaw? No, McFarlane. Oh, McFarlane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got a but, McFarlane variant? No, I didn't get it. Um, oh. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just looked it up on eBay. I was curious because I uh, I just assumed when it wasn't just on the regular listing on the preview site that uh, yeah. it was some super rare, you know, super rare variant because it's not just like a cover you can uh, order regular. I. I blanked out for a minute. I was arguing with my brother over fucking IMAX. I'm like, it is not worth the price of yeah, IMAX. Yeah, no, you don't need Sorry. to see that in IMAX. No. I agree with you. That's like for Star Wars or Marvel movies only. That's yeah, what I see exactly. IMAX for. That's, yeah. that's the exact point I made. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not for, for horror movies. I don't need to see someone's head chopped in half in IMAX, you know? No. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get into our blurb here about Venomverse, and then... Spit the bit about the book and send Trevitt off to go see it. Um, one event ends and another event starts. It's the new Marvel way. Or more accurately, one event begins in the middle of another event and gets lost in the shuffle. Kind of like uh, Generations and Venomverse here. So I guess we almost have to choose to accept it at this point. After the beatdown on our comic senses, that was Secret Empire. In all honesty, I wasn't looking forward to dealing with this book this week. However, I, whole, I was wholeheartedly surprised when halfway through the issue, I found myself treated to something a little lighter in tone and a whole lot more fun than I ever expected. So let's discuss The Ugly Brother and sort of sequel to Spider-Verse that is Venomverse number one, uh, now that all that edge of nonsense is done and out of the way. Um, so I, I don't know personally, but uh, I don't know if you did. I didn't really enjoy any of the edge of books, which kind of killed like some of my interest for this this event you know what i'm saying yeah i did the same for me i read i think two <laughs> of them and the first one turned me off and i only read the yeah. second one because i had to so <laughs> yeah i'm kind of in that but i read the uh first one i read the gwenpool one because i'm like well this might be interesting i'm a, a gwenpool supporter uh but but yeah i i couldn't get into any of the other ones after that because i kind of knew what was coming kind of like generations you know i'm having a hard time even like downloading or reading those books because i'm just like uh, i don't care you know yeah. um but anyway th this again kind of took us by surprise because uh this issue begins uh with, with our beloved eddie brock on earth prime just the regular universe here chasing down um the world famous jack-o-lantern uh isn't this the dude that was killed in um the original civil war by punisher uh the original. Oh wow! I read that so long ago. I can't I remember. I'm pretty sure Punisher <laughs> blew this dude's brains out uh, in Civil War, but uh, I remember him popping back up in um, what was it? Fucking! Uh, I can't remember the name of the last Spider-Man event. 
right clone now. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, clone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clone conspiracy. So he maybe was, that's why he's back. <laughs> he was one of the clones. He was yeah, one of the clones. I thought yep. so too. Um, that makes sense. So he must have caught the signal. He's floating around New York City or wherever uh, Eddie Brock likes to call home at this moment in time. And uh, he's, of course, being chased down by Eddie Brock because uh, I don't know if anybody's been reading the regular Venom series or not, but Eddie's back in the Venom suits, no more Flash. Uh, and and he's, he's really trying to kind of be a hero, you know, more hero than anti-hero at this point, I would say. Um, especially the last couple arcs, like he saved the city, the, the one point after chasing down Stegron and uh, um, avoided turning the entire populace of New York into dinosaurs. So <laughs> it, it was kind of a cheesy story, but it, it was enjoyable enough. Uh, I didn't hate it for as, as kind of corny as it was, you know, I expected to hate it more. Um, but, but anyway, we're not, we're not here to talk about that. Eddie ends up catching up with Jack-O-Lantern uh, eventually, and he, he's kind of grabbing him by the throat and hanging him off the edge of this balcony. Uh, Jack-O-Lantern is basically just begging for his life at this point. Uh, <laughs> Venom uh, actually kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't know why, but he just ends up dropping his ass, kind of a little Punisher-esque move uh, from, from this, I don't know, couple-story balcony. So, so he lands on the pavement below. Everyone kind of thinks he's dead. <laughs> I got the feeling he was going to kill him when he was I did too. I thought, I thought he dropped him from like the top of the building at first. <laughs> uh, he's just he's just really fucked up. And just for good measure, Eddie jumps on his back, jumps on his goddamn back. Uh, and he and you know, like when somebody you're laying on the ground, somebody jumps on your back unexpectedly, you do one of those oof things. Um, but it, just before we get to this part, the the first kind of splash page or the first full panel page. Uh, is is really cool looking. Like uh, Jack O' Lantern's throwing these Halloween candy bombs at Venom. Um, all, all these different colors are exploding around him before he gets dropped off the balcony. There, and that looks beautiful. Um, it? I, I love that picture. I might change it to be my tablet background for for a few weeks. Uh, <laughs> but after he he drops Jack O' Lantern and jumps on his back, is there uh, candy falling from the explosions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was throwing candy bombs. There's, there's candy everywhere. I wouldn't suggest eating that candy. No, no. Uh, so, so when Eddie jumps on his back, like the front of his pumpkin goes flying off. He, he's all fucked up in bad condition right now. And there's like some bystanders like looking on. One of them, ironically, looks a little like Miles, like with his hoodie up. Yeah, um, he does. But, but they're like, "Are you a good guy? Did you just kill him? Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> Uh, Venom kind of does this cool thing. I, I don't usually see the teeth on the like entrails that stick out of them. That looks pretty sweet. Yeah, it does. Uh, um, but I think that's because he's. This is the point he starts getting pulled into the Venomverse. He's getting sucked in, which is why those those kind of teeth and claws are going everywhere. Uh, and he basically spins off into. Never Neverland, every right in front of everybody's eyes, uh, like exactly as happened in all if you've read any of the edge of issues happened at the end of each one of them uh like whoever was featured in that issue got sucked off into this magical you know magical land which we weren't really getting any information about that we finally start peeling back the curtain um curtain for after this title page uh filling in on you know just the general going ons up to this point if, if you didn't read any of the the stuff previously 
Um, Eddie ends up landing in this new universe. They don't ever even name it, do they? No, they never name it. That's that's the one thing that I like about like DC when they get sucked off to other worlds and other places. Like it's always a place you can pinpoint or know, like on their their Earth map. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Marvel just has all these unnamed alternate universes that people get sucked off to and have to deal with, and, and you, you never, never know. really know, especially after Secret Wars ended, and they're all supposedly new, spun out by Reed and his son. You know? Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. And, you know, DC even made a friggin' even had Grant Morrison write, yeah. like, an encyclopedia on every one of their universes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like just a reference. It's a good reference point instead of just really always is. saying general universe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but any, anyway, when Eddie lands, he's trying to get his bearings, kind of stumbles out into just a uh, world that looks beat to shit. Uh, it's all <laughs> rubbly. Cars are everywhere. It looks like a zombie apocalypse basically took place. Um, and, and this kid, like, covered in what looks to be ash at this point, like, starts stumbling up to him. Looks like he, he came walking out of, uh, you know, I don't want to bring up bad memories for anybody here, but it looks like pictures of somebody, like, covered in World Trade Center rubble. You know what I'm saying? Like, covered in all that dust. And you can see it everywhere, all over the streets, too. Yeah. Um, so, so Eddie thinks this like young kid is in trouble as, as this kid approaches him, he, he tries to stick his hand out and touch venom, uh, and <laughs> for sticking his hand out, ends up taking a cap shield directly to the side of the dome piece. Like, <laughs> and all this green shit goes flying everywhere. Um, as, as the shield path goes back to cap and, and venom follows it and, and sees this venomized captain america uh he's like you're captain america and you just killed a kid <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was funny uh you know what i loved about his shield is that like when he threw it like part of the symbiote goes with it so he can just call yeah. the shield back to him that was awesome yeah that was cool instead of just uh the momentum swing like how it's usually drawn like, you just see the momentum like wind following him back this time yeah. it's just parts of the symbiote um captain america's like no time to talk follow me and get the hell away from that thing he's like what what this kid <laughs> like he's still in shock that this kid got murdered right in front of his eyes um cap takes him down this subway tunnel He's like, we can't be up on the main ground. You know, we're, we're not prepared for this. Uh, it mentions something about the magic that brought him here. And they go taking off down the subway, which leads to just this general opening area. Kind of looks like this makeshift hideout they're, they're at or just kind of a, um, a meet, meetup spot. Doesn't look like really any equipments here <clears throat> other than what uh, one of the characters is building down at the bottom. Oh, what we have here is yeah, rocket. It's the <laughs> rocket venom. Uh, we just have a room full of the different venoms here. Um, I wanted to see if I could name them all when I was doing the notes. I think <laughs> I got most of them. I don't know in the top left. That's is that Ant Man? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say the top right in the rafters. That's the one I couldn't figure out. Yeah, that's Ant Man. Okay, the top right in the rafters is Mania. Uh, okay, that's I didn't know who that was. she was in the Ven Venom Space Knight series with Flash like a piece of the symbiote that broke off. Okay. Um, at the bottom right, is that Deadpool or is that yeah, like yeah. by midnight? No, it's Deadpool. 
Okay. Well, he's like all hairy and he's got fucking strange feet. <laughs> yeah. He looks like uh, arachnid feet. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Deadpool. He looks weird. But I, uh, like, the word bubble is, is kind of the giveaway there. The yellow, um, yeah. You know, it's just a big splash page. Looks pretty cool. Uh, then we move on as Cap and the team start filling Venom in on exactly what's going on. And finally, we start figuring out bits and pieces of uh, of this event and what we've wanted to know pretty much for about a month and a half, uh, at least in my case anyway. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we find out uh, Doctor Strange, some Doctor Strange from one of these universes, has been calling all these Venoms here to this earth to fight this thing they're calling the Poison. Um, I, I don't know. That's the best that I can explain it right now. Uh, so that basically means this kid from the beginning that Cap killed is is one of these poison things. And when they are kind of in their little version is when they can do the most damage, really. Um, anyway, all, all it takes is like a touch. They touch yeah. you and you're you're done. Yeah, you're done. It's kind of like a, a zombie, but it doesn't have to bite you. It just has to touch you. Uh, it's like tag and you're it. That's kind of the rules we, we figured out so far. And then uh, Cap and Eddie are still having, I can't just keep calling them Venom because we've got a room full of Venom here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cap and Eddie are just kind of going back and forth and, and Spider-Man is chiming in at points. Obviously has beef uh, with Eddie Brock from his world and, and just doesn't trust him. So that's some added tension to this situation. And Eddie just is like, fuck it. You guys don't need me. Uh, it looks like you got this all under control. Um, he finds out basically that that's not really an option because if he doesn't help, they're going to come. The poisons are going to come for him eventually. Um, and this is all this entire conversation, unless I missed anything you want to fill in there. No, that that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I, I liked, uh, they, they even gave uh, the Ghost Rider Venom something to say, where he's like, I'm not concerned about the base form, I'm concerned about what comes after, which is what we see. Yeah. Yeah, like, everybody kind of gets a few lines, uh, just kind of featuring the different characters, in case you missed them on the splash page, you know? Uh, <laughs> and um, Spider-Man and Venom's beef is kind of interrupted by Spider-Man's Spider-Sense going off. Uh Spider-Man is like that one of them has followed you. And that's when we get really introduced to what happens when these little guys touch you. So this at one point must have been a Venom Hulk, which would have been pretty cool to see. That would have been pretty badass. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a Hulk comes smashing through the wall, but he's got like this white bony type doomsday-ish armor on. It looks yeah. like a little bit. He does look, he kind of looks almost exactly like Doomsday with a little bit of green. Yeah, like not, <laughs> not so many spikes sticking out anywhere, just more of an armorish look than like a, a raw bony look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, th this is the end result of when the little guys touch a Venom symbiote. They take over basically that, that person's symbiote and their form, but leave behind the host body. So th this is... Uh, a Hulk kind of going right for a Flash Thompson. Uh, he pulverizes him. And this is when we get the second rule that once they've bonded with a host, they can't bond with a second host. So Flash is just, I don't know if he's dead or if he's going to heal. Um, 
but he's still attached to a symbiote technically on the floor. Yeah, he kind of um, looks dead, but he does. But but we'll get to that part later where I'll, I'll yeah, I, I was think say. he's not. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so so they're they're like, let's get the fuck away from this Hulk and Rocket. Set your fucking bomb off. So the two Spider Men uh, start heading for cover. Cap takes the Hulk head on, kind of buying everybody some time to escape. We're not sure if he ends up making it out because Rocket ultimately sets off this bomb and, and everybody stuck down there is stuck down there at this point. I don't um, know if anybody Rocket, else gets away. Do you think any, like, or they all get stuck except for? I think the only people that didn't get free are possibly Cap and Flash. Yeah. I think everybody else kind of made it out from what I understood anyway. Um because it's, I mean, it's not super clear. They start really focusing on Peter and Venom on, as they escape. Um, and they, they hit the surface. Uh, they continue to kind of have beef with one another a little bit, which distracts them. And uh, Peter ends up spotting kind of one of those little children from before, but in its <laughs> pure form, not in its uh, trickster type. Because uh, it's kind of got powers like... Um, mystique like it can transform into things to to fool you into touching it well it's a, a psychic shield so it makes you believe you're seeing like something close to you that's why when in the beginning when captain america says let's go and he asks eddie he's like did uh did that look like anybody you know you know what i mean and we don't find mm -hmm. out till later why he asked him that question but he was like does that look like someone who's means something to you yeah but he never I answered think, i think it was just a general uh kid to to yeah. like to distract him. You know, I don't think because, it was anybody close to Eddie. Because like Eddie says to him, I I don't have anything that means anything to me. He says, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about anybody but myself. Uh, <laughs> and the symbiote I like. Um, so as, as Peter and Venom just take off trying to run away from this little thing, they want nothing to do with it. He, he, this is when we kind of get that they're called the poisons um, from Peter uh, and they are confronted because they're arguing again and distracted again by a, uh, another one of these armored up villains uh, th that has possession of a symbiote already. Um, so can't technically take theirs. And that's a Doc Ock looking dude. I mean, they say it looks like Doc Ock. Do you think this is Doc Ock? Yeah, yeah I, this... I, I think it's Doc Ock. Okay. Because at one point, the, the first battle lunge that Venom makes doesn't go well for him when, when he attacks this Doc Ock. And I'm like, oh, is it maybe Scorpion? Because it goes, like, right through his chest with a point. <laughs> like, they yeah, almost yeah. forgot who it was for a second. I uh, thought it was the clothes, because you know how he's always wearing that, like, green onesie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Scorpion's green, too. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but it does look more Doc Ock-ish. And, and, like, he's got the octopus head with the venom entrails all coming off of him. Uh, he looks crazy as hell. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Venom lunges at this Doc Ock, uh, and he gets stabbed right through the chest. I mean, clean through the chest. Uh, and through the back. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks like his stomach is coming out of the back of his back. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, he, he's laying on the ground. He's like, come on, heal me. Heal us up. Um, and Peter jumps into the fray and starts taking on this Ock to buy Venom some time. While Venom's trying to just kind of regroup himself and heal on the ground, he gets confronted by one of these 
tiny little poisons. Uh, P Peter tells him he's it's there, but while Peter's distracted, alerting him, he gets kind of fucked. Excuse me, by Doctor Octopus, he gets grabbed up. Uh, Eddie knows he can't touch these things now. These are the ones you cannot touch. Uh, so what he does is pretty clever. The the entrails of the symbiote kind of sneak around the back of the poison and he uses like a brick or a rock or something and just throws it through the back of this fucking thing's head oh yeah that uh, was dope that was yeah that was super cool um <laughs> at first i didn't i didn't really know if that was peter or if that was venom but then you can see venom with the brick in the bottom left so yeah just, just cool art filling in the transitions between panels like yeah, I'm not sure what happened in the top left, but by the bottom left, I'm I'm clear on everything. You know, it's a good transition art wise there. Um, anyway, it seems in this book everything seems like that. Even the writing, like you know, even if you're not sure at first, like it just gets set up next and like the next page or two, like very well. Yeah, well, I, I that's one of my beefs with some of the reviews on this book. We'll get to at the end when we finish here because I want I want to discuss that with you here. Uh, anyway, Venom. Taking down the poison, who now looks dead, um, goes to help Peter, who's really in a bad shape with Doc Ock at this point in time, and he <laughs> he punches him with some power in the back oh, yeah. of the head. <laughs> like crushes this it. Is, this is the meanest back of the head punch I've ever seen in any comic book. Uh, and then he he like starts gnawing off his like entrails that are hanging off his head. He, he chomps a, uh, one of them off at least and then picks up some loose rebar uh, laying around <laughs> and impales this, this uh, Doc Ock right through his head. <laughs> like it is <laughs> brutal shit. Uh, pretty cool though. If you ask me um, kind of like violence you'd see in an indie book almost like this isn't, normal like marvel type comic violence you know what i'm saying it's usually a little no, lighter in tone it's way brutal uh, and i think especially because they bleed green blood they get to go that extra mile yeah, yeah i think you're right there too because it's not necessarily brains and shit coming out of the back yeah. of their head you know uh anyway while while venom is taking down this doc ock um giant poison uh peter is then distracted now is this the one that Venom thought he killed, then you just can't kill him that easily. They come back, or is this a different one? You think? I'm not. That's sure the only on that. thing I'm not clear on. Yeah, I'm not clear on that either. That is the only thing I'm not clear on because, like, there are so many of them, and they travel in packs that it, it could be another one. Yeah, but who knows? You know? Yeah, it could be. It could be either killed. way. The what? The one thing I think Peter is just kind of like out of it, like kind of concussed at this point, which is why he's being tricked because he he's the one that kind of gave venom the heads up to stay the fuck away from oh, this thing okay i went back a couple of pages to when doc ock shows up and there were two of them with him oh okay all right there we go so the art comes through for us again <laughs> uh <laughs> anyway um peter while venom takes this down ends up touching the poison and our cliffhanger panel is then venom pulling the damn rebar out of doc ock's face <laughs> And coming face to face with a badass looking poison Spider Man. Like, th this thing is sweet looking. It does. He looks, His he kind of looks like anti venom. Yeah, he does look a little like anti venom, more armored up because uh, he doesn't have the mouth like venom yeah. normally has. 
but like the entrails are the arms coming off his body. That looks cool as fuck. It looks really cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is just an, the, an issue I really enjoyed. So, um, if I saw I that mean, thing, I'd be scared as fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> even if I was in a venom suit, I would probably turn and run the other way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway. You know, you could probably tell from how we were talking whether we would buy, borrow, or forget this one altogether. I was really 100, 150% surprised by this this book. It really snuck up on me. Not that I didn't know it was coming out, just by the quality really put into it. Um, uh, I, Cullen Bunn is, is kind of like hit or miss with me. I like some of his books a, a bunch and others I just could care less for. And, and this is one of the ones, you know, he's seems to be on like his a game that he cares about and putting some work in and, and the art that accompanies like and even goes as far as answering some questions that might be brought up throughout the comic is also just great so i hope they stick with this art team although i have my doubts i haven't looked ahead at solicits because it's a weekly title unless they really got to work on this ahead of time i think it is might kind of change because uh, there's a letter in the back that made me think that um, it's going to be the same artist. Made me think that just because of the letter, but I'm not for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's the same artist, I would legit, if the story kind of holds up to the uh, level of number one, would consider buying this as a trade because I really enjoyed the story off the start, and I really enjoyed just looking at it too. You know, it, it, it looked great. It was a fun story to read, and. You know, the, the overall score on Comic Book Roundup is only a 6.8. Um, what? Yeah, I know. And, and like some of the reviews here, I'll read you this one review. The first issue of Venomverse from Marvel was exactly what I thought it was going to be. A crammed together, confusing mess. That might be the most wrong review in one sentence I've ever read in my life. Like, it was not confusing at all. It answered every yeah. question you had going into the book. Like, who the bad guy is, what their powers are, what they do, uh, how they can kill you and how they can't. You know, like I have Everything. no questions. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. It was all set up so well. Like all the rules were set up. Everything was answered either in the art or the writing. Whoever wrote that review just wasn't yeah. paying attention. So, so court, of new, court of Nerds is fake news. Don't read the reviews. Um, yeah, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> screw them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I really liked it. You, you got anything else, Dad? I, it was a full-hearted buy for me. One of, one of the... Oh most genuine buys I've given in a while for Marvel Minute, I would think. I was just rereading the letter in the back of the issue, and, and the guy's like, uh, what does he say? Considering the gravity, blah, 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 but a comic is no, nothing without an its illustrator, and we found one of the best for this story. Yeah. Uh, Iben Colo, uh, whatever it is. And uh, so that made me think that he's going to be on the rest of the issues. And they said they were working on this for six months. He says nearly six months in the making. So I'm thinking maybe they worked on it and it's coming out. Valiant does that. Like they put like a, a whole he's arc at in least the listed. Okay. I just looked it up. He's at least listed on number two. So he'll be on two at least. All right. That's awesome. Cause he, yeah. you know, dead, he hasn't been doing anything since the Mercs for money. So if that, if he's been working on this since then, I'm like that's that would be pretty awesome. If, like you get a weekly book with this quality of art and this quality of writing. Like yeah, he, he did he did a lot of Batman Beyond stuff from his uh, comic book roundup page, uh, kind of the 2.0 stuff and Batman Beyond Universe stuff, Justice League 2.0 Beyond, um, he, he Earth to Society he did a lot of the Elseworlds books for DC, some Injustice stuff, 
And he's kind of been at Marvel since then, I think. So I'm gonna have to uh, go back and check out some of that DC stuff because yeah. I I liked the Deadpool and the Merc for Monies, and I, I didn't read the the first series. I read the second series, so we're like yin and yang. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're flip, the first series. I read the first series. I really liked it. I thought the art was good in that one too. So I don't know if I if he did the one I read or not, but uh, yeah, uh, he's he's an artist. Uh, I would legit buy a book for for his art. I really was impressed by it. So um but yeah it's a i pretty much got the same like the 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 writing was great everything was set up i never for once even if you ask yourself like oh uh what's this about the next page or the page after it's answered uh even the cover is beautiful for the nick bradshaw covers like it's it's a genuine buy for me i i loved this i i was so i was texting you while i was reading i was like this is really fucking good yeah i know I had uh, low expectations because of the Edge of Venomverse. I did not like at all, but this is great. Yeah, yeah. This is is a total reversal from the quality of the Edge of Venomverse books. And and Colin Bunn wasn't writing. Um, he might have done one of them. I don't know. Uh, he he wasn't on that entire series, though. That went no. back and forth to different writers and stuff. So uh, it, he's going to be the writer, and we got a good art team. And, and it looks, hopefully, we'll hold the quality and, and keep our attention. We'll check back in on it, throw it up on the poll. Uh, for you guys, but um, if you're looking for a little more Marvel talk, we got even some more Venomverse coming in Marvel Madness uh, this week with the War Stories book and Guardians and Royals we're discussing. So you can find us on the Marvel Madness Comics Podcast there uh, or on our Twitter pages. I'm at bmer 3660 Trevor, where are you at, man? I am at Afronatics. All right, guys, look for the vote next Monday. Until then, we are out. Party's over. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Peter? This is for you. Double time. is one of my favorite songs i know that always picks you up gets you you going
It really works in this because now I'm thinking that all the burned in Green Arrow are going to fondle me in my sleep. So here's the thing. It it works on so many levels. A green song, a burned victim song. We just came out of Venomverse, Eric. It all works out. Yeah, it all works out. But this is the green section of the podcast. And one of the reasons why we only had two books in the first section is because – He lives in constant pain. Why is he going to fondle me in my sleep? Well, he wants you to have constant pain as well, and he can only give you psychological pain, Eric, Uh and something that will last well past his burned victim ass's death. And and he will die. He'll be dying soon. And he just wants you to remember him. Leave something to remember. It also reminds me, too, of beef jerky. Eric, when I see those burn, I just imagine you could just peel off part of their skin and eat it like beef jerky, right? You are the worst. That would be tasty. Very, very tasty. But this is the green section of the podcast, which I would also like to call the Green Lan Arrows League. I just like calling it the green section myself. You like the green section, do you? Yeah, it's the Green Arrows League. No, it's the Greenland Arrows League. That's what Just. I like to call it. But we we are going to start. I mean, like I said, this is why we, we always want to maintain some semblance of uniformity. So that's why we had two books in the first section because we wanted to have the green section intact and raring to go because I know that you loved every single bit of every single part of these books. Is what you told me before we started recording. You said, I can't wait to get to the green section because I love it. I love it so much. I want to marry it, Eric. Was I drunk? You may have been uh, no, I am not going to get the drunk Eric soundboard ready because well, you good. said that. It's because you wouldn't hear anything like this. Segregation, Reggie! You will never hear that. You will not hear this either. Who is laughing? I nope. hate that. Just don't ever expect to hear this either. And the milestone comes nope. out. You'll never hear that, Eric. You'll never hear anything of, of these sorts. Fucking nonsense. Nope, that won't happen either. I, this, this is my favorite one. <laughs> I'm so glad I, I didn't have to hear all that. You, you will not. You liked it, baby? Yeah, yeah. I, the, the drunk Eric, he needs to return. No, drunk he does Eric not. was so much fun, so much fun. Though God I have to, menace. I have to tell people, I have to go behind behind the curtain for a little. What the last time we talked about Constantine, one the Hellblazer book, Tim right. Seeley's first issue. In that issue, Constantine gets very drunk oh, and ends up vomiting on the stairs. If you read that, or kind of, I don't know how, if you didn't read it, you'll remember us talking about it because I barely was paying attention to us talking about it because I hate that book anymore, even with Tim Seela jumping on. But the funny thing is when we were talking about that, you had the night before had gone out because, again, if I'm going to go back in the time machine, Eric. That it was a Friday we the were talking about machine? it. The Wayback Machine? Yes, the Wayback Machine. Me and you had both taken off that Friday. We both yep. decided not to go to work. We were all happy that Thursday night when we were doing our spotlight and stuff. So when we got done that, you ended up – Yeah, you went to the bar. You actually got smashed and ended up throwing up all over the place and never told us. It was the prime story. The, the shining light was on you during that, that hellblazer to say, look, look at Constantine throwing up. I did that as well. Oh, it's no. the worst. I got so embarrassed because I even thought about bringing it up. I'm like, no, I don't because I was so embarrassed. I don't want to be that guy. I drank yeah. so much and I hadn't drank it so long. Nope. I just remember it's closing time. The bar's letting out. I freaking uh, I walk out to the curb, just vomit right there in the street yeah. and realize my friend's about to come out. So I, I walk to the other side. like Vomit oh, again. Did that. <laughs> Look at that. 
hey, whoever did that's a real fucking drunk. As, as there's fucking chunks of shit on your shirt going down your goddamn I just chin. I reeked of vomit too. And it's, it's so it's worse. it's so funny because you told me this the the next week. It was like Monday or Tuesday at work, and you're like, you know what? I got really drunk. I was throwing up, and I the funny really thing is, with fucking Constantine. Yeah, and you're like Constantine. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Why didn't you bring that up? And you're like, I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm like, God, that's what people love. They love drunk, Eric. They love to hear this. Segregation, right? They love to think that as you were throwing up, you were yelling at the sidewalk about segregation. Oh, nah. it's the worst. So I, I actually, I don't even and know then why. I went just... home and started dry heaving in the kitchen sink. Yeah. And then <laughs> not the so best. dry heaving. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the stuff. Basically, when they have those commercials, and most of the commercials are like anti-smoking commercials, they really should just have anti-drinking commercials where you see a guy fucking dry heaving after he's already thrown up so much that there's nothing left to come out. Oh, that's okay. that's yeah. Yo, that is the worst. I that I don't drink anymore. I have not drank now. In probably 18 years, probably. I've had probably one sip of beer in 18 years. What, you tell me you didn't get drunk at the 100th episode? I, well, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I did drink. I drank a little, but uh, no, I drank uh, when we did that one with Blanche. Yeah. That one before we had a podcast, so I'm a liar. I'm it's a straight-up liar. liar. I got smashed that night, but I didn't feel hungover. But really, all I was going to say is I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all because I just I really get hungover bad. Oh, me and also, too. I'm one of those guys. I have a problem. Once I start, I can't stop. Well, until and you that, yeah, I'm with you. And then I start. I'm the life of the party until I start throwing up on everyone. Uh, the yeah. also the problem I have is uh, a problem that many a heroin addict might have, Eric, or maybe you know some hard drug user. Living? No, you know, having maintaining a job and keeping a family together. Now, what my main problem would be, I, me and you right now, we get done. Hey, we should go to the pub. Hey, let's go. I will be back 18 years ago thinking of, you know, basically I'll have 10 shots and I'll do this and I'll I'll fucking die. I'll die of, uh, you know, alcohol poisoning. And you'll die when you see the bill. Yeah, really. That's true, too, because the last time I really drank a lot would have been in college when I was in a band and we got free fucking liquor and beer. So I never had to pay for it. So there, so there. Eric. But I don't know how all this leads into the green section. I it was kind thought, of green when I, I was vomiting up. Yeah, well, that's good. And I was at home green with envy that I wasn't dry heaving with you. I, uh, I will tell you, I almost started reading a mail. I thought we were in the mail section again. We went off at such a tangent. But this is the green section. We'll start it right now. We are talking about Green Lanterns number 30, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Carlo Barbary, Matt Santarelli, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. The battle is on between Simon Jessica and our first six Green Lanterns against the mighty power of the first Lantern, Vothum. Too bad that our new Lanterns only had a day to train because goddamn three of them get ripped apart. When all seemed lost in the battle, it was Simon without a ring that stepped up to take on Vothum, and because of his ability to overcome great feel, fear, feel. the three Lanterns who feel, <laughs> feel. Fear. The three lanterns who died's rings come to Simon, and so does the previously dead Kryptonian lanterns as well. Now, since this is a lantern book, Eric, we have to do this quick. You love this. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. There you go, Eric. Oh, you dumb bastard. (laughs) 
you really like you know what i wish that ha- happened in this book it may happen anyway i wish that simon when he got those rings used the oath and we actually find out that because of that wraparound simon was the one who came up with it originally because he went back in time i thought that would be pretty but cool. we but we already used the oath last issue i know that's true yeah i guess so I'm I'm wrong again, Eric. Wrong again. Now the the thing that I have the most problem with, and that was nothing about the book. I just I would have liked that, but yeah, you you're right. They already used it. Uh, the thing that I found that was off in this issue, number one, was you do have Volthum, and he does go nuts. You said that the problem is is you had Frank Leminski already, the who Phantom basically Frank yeah was basically kind of the same kind of idea. Now it does make sense because when when Volthum went, he did tell. Frank Leminski that he knows what he's going through because he did the same thing but as this goes with this issue it kind of is almost like set on repeat the thing that I was off on was that a lot of times he was using the different the different spectrums right Right. and some of them I'm like boy that should have been orange there instead of red and I never I don't think that they really spelled it out enough for people who are just reading because unfortunately for people who just came in with rebirth a lot of them aren't going to really know the much about the red lanterns or even know the symbol even though we had them at the beginning of this this series but you have that you have all these symbols going that's supposed to cue you into what's going on because sometimes like i said sometimes uh volthum seems like he's greedy about something but at that point he's a red lantern well, at and that I, point I, too he starts to become greedy he's like my travel lantern they took it from me and then like he starts becoming yeah uh orange but at the point where he says it's mine, which I always consider like yes, that is in that's my mind, orange. The, the orange lantern yes. oath in my mind is He's just red. it's mine. And he is fucking raging out yeah. completely. I'm like, yeah, yeah that doesn't exactly jump. Yeah, and, and what happened to me is not even just being wrong because I thought that was the big one. You say it's mine and you better be orange. There is no doubt in my mind that you better be orange. But the thing is, to me, it was just more of the fact that it really it happened too quick. A lot of the things that he was going through and happening, and it was not completely spelled out so that people who are just jumping on that don't know much about the Lantern lore, just like this book, could sit there and go, oh my god. You know, even if even if you had some crazy thing, and I know that this would drive people crazy who are in the know, but you have something where he's saying this, and you have Jessica or Simon there saying, oh my god, he's turned red. Yeah, oh my god, he's blue. Oh my god, whatever it might be. But to me, it just... He was cycling through it so fast that you were never getting the coolness of that. All you were getting was the craziness that we already saw in Frank Leminski. Again, the, this craziness that Frank Leminski was having, you could even say was more like the Volthoom, but it's going back and forth. And well, in this series, is, this we're point, not getting anything I re- new. I really see no difference between the freaking. That's you know, what I'm the, saying. The You're not getting anything that new. Volthoom has between that and the Phantom Ring. I'm yeah. like, what is the difference here at all? Because it's the same goddamn character essentially yep. at this point. And that, that was my one of my biggest problems. My second problem was the fact that you had really rushed to me, you really rushed through these lanterns. You know, they yeah. oh they, they train for a day. They even say Simon even says, you know, oh we're thrown in. I know that the the emergency's happening, they have to go. But the minute that you actually like, okay, I'm kinda getting invested in Brill. I love Brill. I think I he's the coolest. And I snap a finger and the, he's dead. He's gone. gone. And I'm like, really? It's like, we hardly news ye. 
and he's gone. And I'm like, boy, that that seemed like a missed opportunity of all. And and really, to me, it all goes down to the pacing of the book, where we had the setup where Jessica was training them and all this. And like you said, I I completely forgot they did say the Lantern Oath, which was supposed to be a big deal. At that point, though. I barely knew their names because you just threw them at us. Yeah. You didn't explore a lot, and then all of a sudden they're dead. And, and that's I'm just not, like, it's what? not even that. It's just that we took so long. Like we we well, took it's the like pacing, there was, yeah. Well, I'm saying there was seven of the original Green Lanterns we have here. We got introduced to Jen all like two issues ago, and she died immediately died. as soon as we yep. introduced to her. But the thing is. It was so spaced out where we like, you know, one issue, we yeah. got a bit of this one and then the next issue, a bit of this other. And then we actually, I think at one point took a goddamn break. Well, to this, t- is these, this is the problem. This is And then we the came problem. back to yeah. it. So by the time, like, I already forgot who the other lanterns were. Yeah. Well, this is the problem with this book in general, where every time I want to like it and I talk to some people, you know, get fresh crew, but boop members and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I really like this book. And I say the main thing that I have a problem with is the pacing of the overall series because you do have these like even with the Volthoom Volthoom shows up he ends up taking over Rami's body and we go off to two issues without that then we get yeah. back to Volthoom with Rami's body and then we go one issue and now we're one extra issue that we don't deal with that I mean we dealt with Frank Lemensky which was a good story I- I'll say right now that was when I was like okay you know what I might even put this on my pull list I'm starting to even enjoy that this. had a lot of filler yeah, but, to it, uh, really the minute though that Rami took over freaking uh or volthoom took over rami then all of a sudden we went so many issues as if you almost got the idea like i think sam humphreys is ditching the story because then you had you know all of a sudden the the green lanterns are in gotham then we have this we have that and everything seemed to be and even with a uh, what's his name from the suicide squad versus the justice league when we had uh, dr polaris all of a right. sudden that's there and, and all these things are thrown in that always seem to derail it well in this story this first lantern story that the thing about volthoom and all this is you have in issues where we have said like you're saying you have a lot, a lot of padding where instead of having this padding, let's explore some of these interesting concepts that you had because these original Seven Lanterns, that is really cool. That's a really cool idea to see and, and go with it. Now, I will tell you, number one, I just don't know if you realize, was this not the issue that Sam Humphreys promised that the whole Manhunters thing would be resolved or was that 31? I think it I was thought 31. he said 30. I thought he said 30, but even so. So I think that what. I don't I, know. Whatever it is, I think the only way it's going to be resolved is how they're going to stop all. Is send, you know, I don't know. Somehow we'll see Manhunters out of nowhere. I don't know. But yeah, this, this issue, there's not a ton going on. There is a very cool battle to me, but it's one of those, like we'll say it a lot, where it's not really earned. When you have these things, like you have Volthoom going nuts, and you have these lanterns going down, and well, when even, they I'm die, saying, like even this whole thing with the like you know Volthoom going nuts, it like this whole like Sam Humphreys has come in in my mind and just decided, all right, I have a bunch of stuff to play with, but I don't like the way other people have been playing with them, so I'm going to do my own thing. So because yeah. even doing this whole you know Frank Lemensky esque Volthoom, that's not the way I always, I understood his powers to work in the New Fifty Two, where it seemed to be. Yeah. A mixture of all of the freaking light at once instead of just yeah. individual cycling instead through, of jumping like, through we never exactly. saw this jumping through before no. it and was always that frank lominski thing that really just takes away from the character but getting into the the yes. uh the first six green lanterns that we have now i will say one thing is that you do want to know more about these characters because these yeah. are the first six green lanterns but it does add a slight bit of freaking tension to a fight that you don't get it in a lot of like you know comic book fights like this because people can die now they are dying well, they and can. like 
Exactly. And when, but the when issue you to me where, right away, where you don't get okay. the tension, though, is that we kind of know that in the end it kind of all works out. I mean yeah. it does throw that out. It would have been cool at one point to have before you know they got sent back in time and all this stuff for them to say, listen, when you go back, you know, you have the shit can change. Like hopefully it works out, but it, there's never like that sort of deal. You always get the idea, okay, when this happens, that's what leads to that and this goes there and we're always going to end up at the, the last point anyway, yeah, especially because you have Tyranir. put in the goddamn vault of shadows the yeah, chamber and of shadows. You have, you have Tyranir. He's already there and he recognized Simon and Jessica, so we know he's not going to die. Yeah. And if he does, it'll just be like, oh, poor guy. He's no longer here now and whatever. But you pretty much figure he is going to live and everything will work out in the end. But, yeah, you have it where you start off – and I really like Brill. I'll tell you. That's one of those – like I really think that his whole concept of how he's searching for the creator and he's – I I really like that. had a cool little backstory and it was actually a little bit sad when he just dies out of nowhere because that is the one that we kind of grabbed a hold of. Now, I secretly like Zakran Zaran the most just because I think he looks cool. He's like this force of justice out in the world. He's going to kill murderers. Yeah, I don't like him too much. I I really don't like him. He seems mopey. He looks cool to me. Yeah, but even so, and this is where they actually finally did what we wanted, where you actually get, you know, big uh, character boxes. So we're like, okay, you know, we're getting there. I'm getting to know them even better because they continue that. You have Colleen, who is pretty cool, almost like a swamp thing. Yeah, they're playing elemental friggin', yeah. And, And you go, but really, they're there. And for the first part, we're not really getting much. We're just yeah, having them they're, talk. They're just setting themselves up on Maltus so they can yes. actually make a coordinated strike once yep, they yeah, they're like, on Maltus. Which, freaking like defenses are down. And that is the big thing. But you also have where Simon is giving us the pretty much recap. He's telling us what happened. So the first yeah. bunch of pages, you know, we realize, yeah, Simon doesn't have a ring. We we have all the stuff where they haven't really trained. Now they have to go against Volthum, uh, you know, the first lantern, and go with that. And like. Like man who said. can destroy a fucking planet. Yeah, he and they, he Sam Humphreys has him pointed out. He's there with some Malthusian. And it, it seems a little off, this whole thing, where he's been trying to get into, get at the Guardians. And, and it looks like he's taking a breather here to talk to people and try to get them against. Like he's trying a different tactic where he's like, hey, well, you I'm know what? It doesn't make sense because it's here again. He is cycling through the emotions. We start yeah. out with hope where he is helping these fucking Maltusians, like, you know, yeah, put their freaking things. buildings yep. together, help with their crops or whatever. Then he goes to compassion. So then he's still compassionate. And then it leads into the freaking orange degree and, and then red the rage. And then angry. it just yeah. cycles through. And I'm like, I, I don't need this though. But like, yeah. it is not the Volthum I have come to fear and know, but like, yes, this might be an early iteration. This is the earliest yeah. we've seen of it him. It just with seems this. like a force setup. It's exactly. just all this is is we are now at page, you know, pretty much at least a quarter through, if yeah. not more, where Sam Humphreys is kind of now. Can we give him? Are you? Can we give him a little credit that he's not just saying like previously in Green Lanterns, he's trying a different tactic of, hey, listen, uh, these people, if they don't know who Volthum is and they're just jumping on, I don't just want to point out exactly. I want to show it organically where it does throw out, like you, you want to see the Volthum that you are used to and saw in the New 52, which again, I have to stress, that's the continuing continuity. Rebirth was not a reboot. It's supposed to go from there. They often, you know, grab things and keep going. After this battle, the next time anybody will see Volthum is in the freaking Wrath of the First Lander yeah, in the, the New 52 story. Lander. So you have this, but you you had Volthum to me that was a little bit different than a Frank Leminski, 
but now he's just like it. And yes. it just, you know, again, it makes it seem less impactful to see him like this to me. But again, a lot of people jumped on him rebirth and they, they've never seen Volthoom, so they're gonna go with this and, and so be it. And like you said, I think you can get yourself out of it by saying, you know what, this was a Volthoom who just had started. He was just kind of the the you know, the lantern inside, it was going nuts. It was a, a raw nerve of, of maybe the, over that ten uh, billion spectrum. years he was imprisoned, he was able just to freaking he was hone able his to powers control and cycle it. through and so realize we can go you know, with he became that. one with the spectrum like all the yes. spectrums, whatever. I just want to say that if, if you just jumped in here, he does do a good idea of showing you that he cycles through, and that's what we're going with. But it yeah. does seem like because we dealt with Frank Leminski, uh, it does seem say, like a This was a, a godlike character, though, in freaking the New 52 who could, like, yeah. you know, say like Guy Gardner. He could hit him with a blast, and it would cycle through all the things, the iterations of Guy yeah. Gardner throughout the time. And, like, it yep. really tore apart his, the, their souls that he does deep being. inside. And it was it, the being itself. And I'm like, yeah. this is a godlike being. Here he is just a fucking, like – Frank Lemensky, who was kind of yeah. a joke character. And I'm like, yeah. I want to be more than that, especially yeah. for the threat that he's supposed to be, you know, him just freaking hanging out on like Maltus. Just like, I'm going to help with some crafts until I get angry and I might yeah. kill some people. Who yeah. knows? Well, and he's <laughs> there. And he's there. And the one really good thing that I think Sam Humphreys does, I love the point where Brill and Simon are talking. And Brill's like, hey, listen, uh, I just want to ask you something, John. And John's like, Brill. I know. I don't want to even want to talk ah. about it. It's funny. I don't want to talk about it, but I kind of will. Uh, I don't have a ring. Please don't ask me about it. I'm sick of even thinking about it myself, whatever. Well, then the plan is they're going to just straight up attack Volthoom. Yeah. He's there. They're going to attack him. I will say that I don't understand the plan in general overall, but – I think it's going hot and heavy. And don't It is going hot and done. heavy. I would have thought that like a Frank Lemensky, something like this, they were going to try to – Push Volthoom into a certain state of mind where they can kind of control him. To me, if you want to do this, make him greedy. You can attack him as an orange lantern. Try to maintain him in one spectrum so you know what to do. They just go hot and heavy and, and start beating the shit out of and him. What, and but, once the fight starts, this issue goes by so fucking well, fast. And this Scotty, is where that's I one said of the things my, of the Green Lantern's book. This yeah. is one of the quickest reads issue is. after issue that I have. Like. In any of the books I read, for some I reason, this plays out really fast. Well, and before it, my favorite part is what I was leading up to, and I think he does a good job leading up to it. Brill seems to be just stalling because yeah. when the fight starts, he imprisons John in a construct. And I Simon. think that is great. Or Simon. And he says, Jessica told me to do that. She promised – I promised her – that I would do that. You can't get involved in this battle. No. You don't have a ring. You got to stay. You don't have a ring. It's the first goddamn line down. And I, I really think that it's well played out because at the point then when they're fighting, like you said, it's very quick and and lanterns are going down. But this is where I think that him cycling through the emotions, it was too quick to ever get an impactful thing of any. When he's a red lantern, you do get a panel full of the blood and all that, yeah. you know, that stuff. And the, he is killing people like that. But it never maintains enough where I can be like, oh man, he's a he's a Red Lantern now. Oh, that's awesome. It really makes sense. It just goes boom, 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 through. Brill yeah. ends up trying to imprison Volthoom, and then Volthoom's just like, uh, ring, we don't have to find a way out. We'll just walk through. And polarizing against green light, and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on, really. But when Brill goes down, 
and the rings of each of them are going down. Well, when Brill goes down, Simon's cage is gone. That, that and, is the and construct. And while this is all going down as well, Valthum is just losing his shit because he yeah, sees he these other lanterns out there and he wants those rings. He wants yeah, all the power he kills for himself. Them, the rings go away. He, they fly away to try to find a new bearer and he's losing his shit because he can't get a hold of these yeah, rings he before they fly and off. He wants to get them. Now, the other thing that drives me nuts in here is something that's driven us nuts throughout the whole deal is this every time it goes willpower spiking i'm like here we go this doesn't you can't use this as an explanation of why they don't need to charge their rings you can't just say their willpower because what sam humphries has done and of all the things that i think he has gone back and changed continuity including volthum the way he came about and all that i think that i think that the thing is the most problem with me and i think you would agree i don't know if it's the most but this not having to charge and you can spike with willpower. Willpower allows you to you know, control the ring, and when you're using it, you use the willpower, but that ring should deplete. There's no reason that we're getting these spikes out of no. nowhere, and in this issue, they don't even mean anything. It just ends up happening, and then they, they die because they're, they're trying – You know, I get the idea that he's saying like, look at these guys. They're giving it their all, and, and Valthum's still ripping through them. And it just – to me, it's it's nonsense. It, it kind of is nonsense. And when it goes, like you said, the rings all go off as the, he's killing them. And when Brills go – when Brills goes off, we, we know now, oh my god, Simon's cage is done. He comes out then and, and really is a good moment. And if you like Simon, which we do, it's another one. But it's something that it and seems like we keep even, getting. Even when Brill dies, though, I like this final line. I wish it was a little bit oh, more. Yeah. It's like, final conclusion, the most efficient way to find the creator is to protect the creator. It's to protect the creator. I don't know if that's the truth because that's what you were doing. Like, you know, you were just protect. Like, I guess that's what he means then because they're like, he is dead. He's going to go meet his creator. And that's what, because he's protecting the creator. Yeah. So, like, I, it is a good line. But, you know, I, for some reason earlier, I was like, I wanted a little bit more. But no, I'm thinking about well, it now. Here's the thing. I'm like, you know, that's a pretty it good line. It doesn't say that. It actually says, and I'm telling you, it gets real small. Uh, and it says, the, the way to find the creator is to protect the creation. And and it mean you know uh, to me it's just like he's like okay protect the world yeah that's the yeah, same yeah, thing in my yeah. mind like you know he's protecting Rami at this point that's the creator of the rings it's not the creator of the universe like he has set out but in my mind like what I was talking about it goes down to the same thing it boils down where it is a good line because that's all he wanted to do is find the creator of his people yeah. and you know now he will be I he'll meet he, the creator yeah. of the people now that he's trying to protect the creation itself yeah to me I think that you know in general even he's like okay you know the find the creator is to actually you know if he wants to find the creator of the universe the, the best way to find that is to protect the universe and and that's what his image is the, his creation and stuff but it, it, it's pretty cool but i i do like brill i i thought that he was a pretty cool lantern that i would have liked to have seen more of but he's dead and the, the whole thing simon comes down and by the time when simon comes down and is pissed and says listen i don't have a ring it's finite over yet. You know what? You're gonna be you're gonna be messing with Detroit Steel. And he punches yeah. ball through. I'm like, I got pumped up. I love yeah, Simon. So Me and I. you both love Simon. At this point, right before All of a then, it's fucking Rocky Five. I didn't hear no is. bell. Ding yeah, ding. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and even Volthum at this point, it looked like it was over because basically he'd killed three Leonard's and then set off a fucking explosion uh, that ended up knocking everyone out. Everyone else out. He's even had Jessica like. Yeah, Jessica like, has her grabbing by her, by her hair. hair. Yeah, I mean, they are about to die. And he shows up and just says, yo, ding, ding, and then going. <laughs> and at that moment, I'm like, 
he's going to get those motherfucking rings, isn't he? And I'm like, I, I liked it, though. I liked the Honestly, whole thing. Honestly, but... it never even occurred to me. For some reason, I'm like, goddamn moron. I actually got no. to the story when he came out like this. I'm like, how the hell is he going to compete against this? I was this? just like, like, oh, my I God. Actually was, I actually thought for some reason it was going to be those shards in his arm is going to react somehow. Yeah. And But no, like all these other rings. And I actually had this biggest nah, problem yeah. at all because these rings start flying on Simon. And then he has four rings. I'm like, I had to go back. I did not. I didn't read the goddamn dialogue. I just saw four rings. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck else died? Then it said like Jan All. I'm like, oh, that's where that ring would just yeah, come. Yeah, it, it just kind of came I actually back, thought but, that ring blew up. Yeah, and at this point, the the way I got it, because Simon comes up and he goes, hey, this fight ain't over yet, buddy. And then it's like, hey, I must be the stupidest damn idiot in the universe. I got no ring. My partner is out. My new team is gone. Volthoom can crush me like a grape. I'm like, okay, he's going to die. And then when he says... You bet I'm scared as hell at the same thing when he's like, listen, I ain't got no ring, but I got fist of Detroit Steel. I'm like, boy, he's really overcoming a lot of fear there. Oh, I yeah, think man. those rings are coming his way. Uh, and then he Good headbutts thing there's Volthoom. a Green Lantern power that doesn't require a ring. Yeah, the exactly. Ability to overcome fear. Yep, and then he, yeah, and he says, listen, uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He's like, I got Detroit Steel and Emerald Willpower in my heart. I'm like, okay, you're getting a little over the top there. So <laughs> you don't have to be that hokey. But then when Volthoom is kind of like, he's a little out of it. He blasts Simon away. Simon gets, throws a rock at him. And it actually, it's funny because <laughs> out of anything. So why doesn't his freaking force field protect him from a rock? I don't know. And the funniest thing, the rock seems to make the most thing. He, like, knocks him silly. And then he goes nuts. And then he is about to, he's like, enough. You're a dead man. He turns into rage. Okay, that was pretty good. And yeah. then the rings come. And it's like, boom, the ring comes on. And it's like, you know, Simon Bass, you have a ability to overcome great fear. And he's like, this is Brill's ring. So he's like, okay, Brill's dead, which we knew. And he's yeah. kind of getting the mask going on now. And then the next one comes on. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But you know what? It's kind of cool. Like oh, pretty soon, ring, pretty ring, soon he's, Jan yeah, all. I'm like, he's going to look like Jeff Johns. And he had it, and I really liked it because it almost was like a parallax kind of look. I don't think they played it out enough, no, they but did I like the fact that it almost is that, but in a good way. Like he is actually so good. I just good. want to know why the rings only activate the mask. Like why does I he know. get to keep the rest of his costume uh, in the series? Because he's nude. I don't know. That was weird how they did that with the mask. Uh, but yeah, he gets it, and that's where I was like, boy. Now I'm pumped. This is almost, it's very much like last issue of Superman, where when I saw it, like, okay, you know, I, I can deal with this issue. But then at the end, when Simon had both rings, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty fired up. I, this is pretty cool. I love Simon. We were wondering how he's going to get a ring. Now he has four. He's yeah. ready to kick ass. And I want to see what goes on now and see, I'm sorry, you know, this what right happens. Now it's very reminiscent to me of the New 52 towards the end of the Red Lanterns thing when it was the War of the Red Lanterns when Guy yeah. Gardner was taking on a, uh, Atrocitus and he got a bunch of these rings and shit like that and he freaking yeah. went all hog wild on Atrocitus. It was a very cool moment, very reminiscent here. Yeah, it's so funny because to me it's almost like the willpower spiking. Uh, to me, it's kind of silly that four rings, are, you know, four is better than one, but it's kind of yeah. just the way. But I'll go with it. I think it's cool. And the it, last it's, panel it's was really for a cool. long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'll go with it. So this is where, like I said, I think I like it. Well, I know, I know what you gave it. So I know I liked it a little better than you. Not, not a ton, 
But by the end, I was having some fun. And yeah. a lot of times when an issue reads this quick, I can at least say, you know what? I was having a bit of fun. I was yeah. enjoying it and having you know this back and forth and seeing them beat the shit out of each other. The problem is the pacing leading up into this and then having this where we have these first lanterns, uh, you know, the seven and having them, you know, half of them just destroyed right away. Uh, it just makes me upset because I thought that there was more of an opportunity to pace this out a little better, but they didn't. But what did you give it? Well, that's the thing is that all of a sudden it really feels like since we've been freaking pacing this thing out like filler after filler – now we have to rush to a conclusion, which is very upsetting. That's what I. Is, that's the problem. We yeah. finally got to what I've been waiting for this whole time, yeah. which made me initially very happy because we're getting the fight with the freaking Green Lanterns and Volthoom because yeah. we've been we've been dealing with the idea of this for fucking months and months now. It seems like, and because of this, I I really like the like Carlo Barbary coming in with his more cartoony style of art. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was really cool. I, I for some it. reason I really found myself digging it. Usually, like that, that throws me off if we have one yeah, style stuff. Yeah, usually does, but no, I, I think that it worked very well for so this issue. Yeah. And but because of that, I give it a six point eight out of ten. Yeah. Um I have some problems with, you know, the way that uh Volthoom is acting, more Frank Lominsky than Volthoom yeah. in my mind. But overall, I am pumped for the next issue. I want to see yeah, Simon come for like, you know, front and center, kick the shit out of Volthoom, see what he has going on because it just really interests me. You know, now yeah. we have this whole pumped up thing and I'm like, God damn it, now I gotta wait two weeks and that's yeah, what I, I want out of comics. I wanna fucking yeah. get to the end like, God damn, I can't wait for the next I one. Know. And, Even and, though a lot of this was filler, and then just the fight scene, we got our our characters killed right away. It's kind of anticlimactic when you think about it, but I don't know. It, it worked for me in a way that we yeah. had casualties, and you don't get that a lot of times in battles like this because, oh, everybody's going to survive because, you know, these are the fucking characters. Yeah, yeah, and again, they die, but we knew eventually they would have anyway. This is way back in the past, so that yeah, didn't get me. The one, thing that, the one thing that, that kind of bothered me that I hope kind of gets used next issue I wanted to see what happened to those shards of the ring in his arm. I, I wish they well. would have That's activated. That's how I thought he was going to freaking do That's it. That's what I wish that that would have started. I like him having the four rings, almost like he's there, but those lanterns didn't go down, you know, for no reason. They they're actually fighting with him now. He is fighting with those four lanterns, though they're the rings of them. But I like the idea of him, like, okay, I'm going to use their power. You're going to take it. You just killed them, but they're going to fuck you now. But I wish that that shards and his tattoo, all that stuff, would have come about and meant something for the setup that we had. And I wish it would have been even to the point where he did go down and say, listen, you know what? You're going to get some Detroit Steel. And instead of the rings coming, him pretty much, his willpower is the be- you know, greatest. And he's overcoming fear more than anybody in the universe at that point. I wish the shards would have activated somehow that from now on he's a lantern that doesn't even have a ring he has that's what i've been talking about for a yeah. while and i thought yeah, that i thought that's what come about but then i was like the way they're going he's gonna get those rings but i, I wish that it would have included that as well and maybe it will but the problem is at one point you even see where you get the idea when he does it like that tattoo glows and he has yeah. all that shit you, you have a bunch of times where you might be able to see even if he punched volthoom with that fist which he did and and it affected volthoom more and Volthoom was just like, what the fuck just happened? You don't have a ring. And then all of a sudden you realize that he – all along, Eric, the ring was inside him. But just, now, just you, you the know whole idea. It, it's, a, it's a silly concept where Simon comes yeah, out of nowhere, is. no ring, and starts punching about Volthoom's face because, you know, lanterns have a fucking uh, – a, a shield around yeah, them shield, all but the But if it time. was that those shards were do- – I, I would have been full in. And I'm telling you, I'm giving it a seven. 
It's not that much more than no. you. I could go a 7-5. I'm telling you, if they had the shards working out and really getting something, I, I may have gone up to an 8. That's how much I would have been fired up that, oh, my God, it's all wrapping up. But, again, what you say. To me, I think that it's also something the way we deal with things nowadays. Uh, we have – issues this this book comes out every two weeks yeah but the problem is we're so used to nowadays marathoning everything that when we get to the ends of these things we're like god damn it i want to get the whole thing because we're so used to like even the marvel stuff comes out on netflix and people have it done that comes out on a, a thursday night by friday when we get home from work the, people are writing to us man did you see that i watched all of them i sat and watched it all i think that we're You're in that about frame other of mind i, I get and it's you work. too on freaking saturday morning that's what i mean and, and I think that we are into that kind of concept, so it does drive me nuts, but it's what it is, and we do get it every two weeks. But yeah, this is actually one of those where at the end I was pumped up, and I want to see what's going on, and there's not a lot of comics. A lot of these comics nowadays, uh, what we're getting in Rebirth right now, I get to the end, and I feel like I've been whipped. I God feel like damn, I've been fucking tortured. Two weeks. Yeah, and I'm like, really? I need more a break than that. But yeah, I like when something like this happens, but hopefully well. Sam Humphreys can maintain and really wow us because this is a book, I told you, I almost I, – I'm begging Sam Humphreys to get this on my $25 pull list because I love Jessica and I love Simon and I want to have This fun. was the book that I was looking forward to the most when yes. Rebirth was announced. This is the one you like, picked, one of the ones that we had books that we one. actually – we had books that we said like, okay, I'll do that. But we at the beginning, we had books like – I want this book. And yeah. mine was Batman. And yours was this. I ended up giving you Batman. You still have this, so we'll see what yeah. goes on, but we'll see. <sighs> the tales they'll tell her. Who? The tales that those Green Lanterns can tell. And do as you tell me, Eric. Boy, what do you think of those Green Lanterns? Uh, oh I my god. Right. Boy, this green section is is hitting its fucking, you know, it's hitting it at all cylinders. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. I'm a tired man. We did. I just every time we're going through these books this week, all I can think of is how tired I am at this moment and how many more books we have next week and you won't be around on the weekend. And yep. I, I start to panic. But we're going to continue the green section. Should we continue it right now? You want to continue that green section? Eric? Are you green with envy? Is that what you are? Is it easy being green? Is that what you tell me? No, no, it ain't easy being green, Jim. No. I, I thought it was easy being green since all of these books seem to be doing it. It seems so easy. I, these these writers, Eric, they just put pen to paper and fucking masterpieces just flow out like wine. Like wine to the masses. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. I told you I'm tired. I'm getting goofy and we're just starting. Just starting, Eric. Hoo-wee! Green Arrow number 30. <laughs> you don't want to talk about this. Green Arrow number 30, written by Ben Percy. Art by Otto Schmidt and Nate Picos. Double trouble right there. Otto Schmidt and Nate Picos. You see them coming. You run. That is a duo that you don't want to mess with there. Can I the, hang out with them? What the, the fuck's going on now? The next thing you know, uh, one thinks he's crazy. The other one is as ready for retirement. And you don't know what's going to happen next, One's do you? One's getting too old for this shit. One's getting too old for this shit. The other one has nothing to lose. Ooh-wee. <laughs> Ooh-wee. The hard-traveling hero arc gets close to ending with a visit from Hal Jordan, a lesson on satellites, and not a lot of story that started this whole thing off in the first place. Ben Percy has so little concern 
with what is going on with Oliver and, and this whole goddamn trial and murder, why should I? Yeah. There you go, Eric. Take that. I will. Take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it, buddy. I'll smoke it up. <laughs> you will smoke it, won't you? How many cigarettes have you had since we've started right now? I don't know, three or four. <laughs> three or four since we started. We just started two minutes ago. That is a lot of cigarettes, Eric. You have I'm a I'm in problem. flavor country. It's a you big country. You are. You know what I'm not in? Excitement country. No. Uh, this, I'll tell you, this book is boring, this issue. And it's getting me kind of angry because this hard-traveling hero, uh, Ark, Ben Percy seems to have just lost any sort of vision of what he wanted to do. And instead of having this story where – now, I, I said to you even before we started here, Oliver left Seattle or, if you like, Star City. Aaron. I don't like. No, don't you? Don't no. you? Do you? Uh, he left Star City to go across the country. To take care and bring down the Ninth Circle, kind of take them down across the country because we were told that they are eh, – really, when it first started, we were kind of told they were worldwide. Well, that's the uh, thing is I'm reading this whole thing, and I realized while going this whole route, you know, okay, here we are, hard-traveled heroes. We went through all these heroes now. Oliver's going back and forth all over the country because he he doesn't recognize America anymore. Like, no. Wasn't this a bigger deal than just America? Yeah, well, that was the problem. Now it seems very centered, and that's what I was going to say. It seems very centered that it's just a America thing, Eric. And the other issue to me is what has what Oliver about the done? the Trans-Pacific Railway? What has, what has Oliver done since he went? Now, the Trans-Pacific Railway, he took that down. That probably caused no, I'm some saying, trouble. I'm just that was outside of America. Yeah, but that caused some involved. trouble. So far, as far as I know – he has stopped a speed force tapping machine. Yeah, right? a bomb. Yep. He did that, and and then they went. But not even that. The bomb was supposed to be in D.C., and when he went, there was no bomb. Well, it, the whole thing was that that thing was just the machine, and then the scientists said, oh, there's a bomb in Washington. Oh, shit, we better go to Washington. They went to Washington, found a bunch of people dead. They found a bunch of people dead. Yeah, no bomb. And even then, what did he stop then? He made, he he stopped he, the woman from getting killed for TV, and he he stopped the senator or whatever from getting killed by a couple hours because then they killed her anyway. But yeah. they kind of it did inconvenience them a little there. Then he goes you off. Mean I you gotta know, kill her over here. This is and bullshit. there's Wonder Woman there. Then he goes to Metropolis and actually ended up in the middle of a hack job that was a, to LexCorp, which really then again. Didn't really, he didn't really stop anything. Lex he, he did. He saved some people. He saved us. some people. But this was not anything that he brought down. They, nope. He did not stop. He didn't expose anything. And it anything. wasn't even like – it was a weird thing too because it seemed to be something that Henry had just created like right then that they used then to yeah. do this. Oh, yeah. So he, like, he seemed to do it that morning. The infrastructure of no. the Ninth Circle. No, it did not stop that. So then he went off to uh, Gotham. And seemed to stop a kind of like a, a re-upshoot of the Court of Owls. A wannabe Court of Owls fucking That nonsense. were somewhat into getting people from the underground men that are kind of involved in the and Night hunting Circle. the most dangerous game. Yeah. And then man. at the end of that, Batman just said, oh, you know what? They're getting info around the country. I guess you got to go to a satellite, and that means Green, Green Lantern. So up until now, I don't think that he has done anything. 
all this has been, as I said from the beginning, it seemed, it was very obvious to me, was a very sad excuse to get Oliver to get some guest stars in here, some team-ups, so that people could get excited and say, oh man, Oliver Queen's going to be on the Justice League eventually. No, no. This whole story was supposed to be him taking down the Ninth Circle in, this, in the same time of clearing his name. Now, and in the meantime, Emiko and Dinah. The, the whole idea you're throwing at me like, oh, Oliver McQueen might be on the Jets League someday. With the goddamn loosey-goosey continuity of the Ben Percy yeah, who knows? I can't he say that he is. hasn't already been I know. On the well, Justice even League. if he wasn't or has been, whatever they want to say, uh, the m- most important thing of this whole deal and this issue again is the part where Emiko and Dinah are actually after Wendy Poole, Love who is alive. But that's one page. And the other thing is it's people – It's pages, see the, and, it, yeah. and it was, the way it ended, though, for this issue, it's kind of disappointing because it's, it makes Emiko and Black Canary look like dumbasses. No, it but looks like everybody thing, looks like dumbasses. So leading does the up Ninth to this, Circle. though, the whole Emiko and freaking Black Canary bit is the best part of the hard travel yeah, hero and it back still home. sucks. It still sucks. Then you, you had this whole thing setting up – uh, you know, what's her name? Kate Spencer, who is going to be Oliver's attorney. But oh, I think okay. that by now, I, most people, we can guess that by the end of this, there will be no trial. They will get Wendy Poole. She'll come out and say, look at me. I'm alive. Trial over. Kate Spencer, goodbye. That, Oliver that, Queen you know, didn't kill me. I was a sex slave. Because Oliver at this point. Ground. Oliver is on, you know, they have bet he got bailed out and he's off, but he has not been there. There has to be check ins, meetings. We had one time where we saw Emiko go and talk to Kate Spencer, where Kate Spencer put her cigarette out in Emiko's fucking tea and right. was, you know, one tough cookie. Uh, but other than that, what's she doing? At this point, she should already be going to the court and the judge and saying, listen, wipe my hands clear of this. My my client has gone. He has skipped town. He is I don't bail. I don't want to be involved. I and and really then whoever put up that fucking million upon millions dollar bail, they ain't getting it back. That's gone. And, and instead, what we get here is we start off this where Oliver is traveling the U.S. and now Ben Percy is starting to get a little fucking you know on on his horse again, his high horse where he's like, I'm gonna show people what America's really about. Like instead of telling a comic book story and, and letting things work out naturally in the you know in the comic, he just starts off with, you know what? I'm afraid. That's something I've been nowadays, and I'm afraid that this country's gone to hell. And then you have these people. There's a, a farmer. I'm afraid of a drought. You have a teacher, and the teacher is so funny because she's like, I'm afraid of budget cuts and overcrowding. This, uh, w- what is she doing? She Look should at be that fired. Panel. I'm afraid of those terrible little goddamn children. No, she should be fired immediately. First off, she doesn't even have her – she has her back to the kids. They're going nuts. She's just cashing a paycheck. Then then you have a, a guy who – you have a black kid who is there with a physics and math book. It, it's a dual subject, physics, math. And oh, yeah. he's like, I'm afraid of the people who are afraid of me. And like, okay, we get it. And then there's and then a it cop. goes to and then it goes to David Bowie. I'm afraid of America. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. I don't even want to throw that in because I like oh. that song, even though David Bowie's a piece of shit that was a fucking you know a child rapist. Eric is what they they recently have come out and said allegedly. So yeah, I don't like him anymore. But you have a police officer. I'm afraid my next traffic stop will be my last. A woman. I'm afraid of terrorists. Then you you get down. And it's like getting to more and more piece of shit. And then the one guy's outside. I'm afraid the factories going to close maybe you should check in and get to work buddy and stop standing outside that goddamn fence Seriously. and then you have what appears to be a muslim girl who's there and she's like i'm afraid of the president and Ooh. some fucking hillbillies with the confederate flag and i'm like i, I don't like this 
Well, uh, we talk about it all the time. We don't really like to, you know, push politics or anything in. Or you don't win anyway, even if you no. did. But it's nothing that I, you know, strongly go with. You know, I don't like to yell and scream about stuff like that. Uh, but when it's thrown at me like this, I'm like, I, I don't know what you're getting at. You know what I mean? I, this it, is this is just awful. And all of this, it, all it leads to is freaking, me. you know, Green Lantern. I mean, Green Arrow jumping in the freaking Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, all of a sudden, then there's where he is. Barbarians and freaking gas Somewhere in Nevada, throwers. they have the, the Burning Man, you know, that big festival. This is the Burning Men, Eric. I, I, I don't know what this is. It looks like a rally of the burned slash goddamn Mad Max Fury Road nonsense and and they're they're just attacking oliver like he just sh- did he just show up and like it's like han solo going around the fucking turn in, yeah. in the death star and all of a sudden there's a thousand stormtroopers is this what happened because he's just standing there while Somewhere it looks like nevada it looks like a million people together to burn motorcycles for some yeah. reason what I is going on yeah, they look like they're burning motorcycles. Possibly a guy. Shit is going wrong. You have a guy who's just shooting a flamethrower off the top of a semi truck. Why? I like to think he's that guy with the the guitar. Yeah, he looks like he probably is. His guitar. His guitar's in the shop. He's just shooting a flame. But why would he do this? What is this? Oh. So what ends up happening? Then Oliver goes. He's shooting a. And it's it's funny too because later it does say that uh, Hal shows up and is like, you know what? pretty good shooting from somebody driving and uh, he, he isn't driving <laughs> it's parked when he shoots and even the next part i don't think it's driving he ends up shooting those arrows and then takes the fuck off and so what hal says doesn't even make sense with the no. art and, and even so i don't know what's going on i i don't know i, 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 sort of I know really how he got don't to know Gotham, the freaking nevada here for no goddamn reason no, when we knew we just had to get the green lantern yeah he's hard trying well uh, because you know what a green lantern you, you couldn't possibly just get a hold of them. You know, no. Batman couldn't. No, you have to go to Area 51. You know, Area 51, the only place that lanterns come down. Also, nonsense. You can't just – it looks like he has gone into Area 51. He He's dead. He will be shot. You can't do this. And, and he goes in and he's talking like, hey, so when I say I'm afraid for my home, it really means I'm afraid for this country. I'm afraid. We're all afraid. And that's something I don't recognize about this country. It feels alien. And then that's the cue for some reason for Hal to come down. Hey, yeah. I heard you needed a lift. Oh, so Batman got a hold of you, said I needed a lift. But you, you just couldn't show up in Gotham and take me up? We had to and go you, somewhere you in Nevada? You lend me a hand when these fucking well, burn he says, reenacting Fury Road yeah, were going He even on? says, he's like, you know, hey, I saw you back there. Good job firing arrows off the back of a bike. is probably as technical as, as firing a missile at Mach 2. No, no, the bike wasn't going. It wasn't <laughs> moving. Uh, so he's like, hey, thanks a lot for helping there, buddy. And they, and they just go back and forth. And to me, it's just it's just nonsense. And, and I see some people, uh, man, it's really fun back and forth. No, no. What, what is fun about it? Because I I it throws continuity out the on. window. It just because, I don't like, understand. When Oliver sees like how it's like, you look different. It's been a long time. Dye your hair or something. I'm like, he doesn't look any different to me. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's just not. I, hey, I don't know what the you try I- eating a porcupine and give up. I would have like, who gave up? 
wouldn't like, laugh. I, I and I wouldn't have like, even understood to, it. Are they trying to play that whole thing where he, like, he was going gray on the sides back? Yeah, I think that that's what ago? it might be. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, again, parallax. Yeah, it's throwing everything out the window. And that's probably what it kind of is hinting at. But then he's like, hey, you know, I'm a different guy, Hal. You know, I, I might still be a hothead, but I'm not as much of an asshole. But yeah, you hear what's going on, all this trouble. You know, I'm going. And then Hal's like, oh. So so you're what? On some soul-searching quest across, across the country. Again, and again, it's pointing out to the original hard-traveling heroes. And, and again, then you're like, well, what continuity are we dealing with? I What's don't know, and it bothers me. It's just playing loose, and, and that's fine for if this was an annual. And what I'll say, this hard-traveling heroes, each issue feels like one of those one-shot annuals that yeah. we actually enjoy. But when you're supposed to be telling a story, like Hal shows up, and there's not one point where they're like, Hey, you know, what are we really trying to do here, Oliver? You want you want to try to, you know, free your name and get your money back and do this? No, it's just like it's all of this, man. You used to be an asshole. Yeah, you know what? You were too. That's why we got along. All right, let's go. Because there's nothing to it. There is nothing to this. But then again, they're like, hey, uh, we need to go into space. How I usually would get a fancy spaceship and things, a Queen Industry deal, but I'm broke. And he's like, okay, I, I got this. And he kind of makes a construct suit, things like that. But it's just, to me, it's nonsense. But then he says, so this group where you're fighting, the Ninth Circle. And he's like, uh, Oliver says, they're a bank and their investments encourage wars, rape the environment, de- uh, de-huma- dehumanize the lower class, blackmail the upper class. The ep- they epitomize untransmitted crap. I'm telling you, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I, I wish Hal was like, Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? You're like, just say, they're bad guys. They're bad bad guys. guys. I'm telling you, the the dialogue is going on, and I was actually rushing to try to get ready for us recording. I'm trying to get through it. God damn, I'm bored with all this fucking nonsense. What is this actually about? Yeah, and then he says, hey, how are they everywhere with their hooks and everyone? And this is where you go. That's where the key is of... You know what? An eye in the sky, an orbital space station from which they spy, cheat, and steal from targets around the world. And then Hal's like, I really don't like these guys. It's the ultimate privacy invader and and corruption machine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please, stop it. Stop it. And then they go, we're going to find it and destroy it. And I said to you, yes. That's a good plan. You want yeah. to bring down the Ninth Circle, you find out. They, it seemed like Batman even was kind of hinting at the whole deal that they're getting information somehow. They're transmitting it. They have to have a satellite in space. If we can bring that down, that will cripple them. Unfortunately, they don't seem to do that. They they nope. seem to want to check things out too hey, much. Hey, let's go inside and look around for a while instead of doing the yeah, one thing well, we actually need to do. Yeah, and then they don't have a spaceship, so he's like, oh, how are we going to do this? And that's how's like, I got it. And he makes like this kind of like fucking truck type deal car yeah. uh, construct that they go up in and they're flying through. And then they're just talking like, hey, and how's like, you know, what are we looking for here? And he's like, I don't know. I just never thought through. I thought it was just going to be a satellite that says Queen Industries. We're going. And then Hal goes through an explanation of what it is to have satellites in orbit and how they do it and things like that. And I told you. The more I, you know, I, Jim. The more yeah, you and know. And I told you when I read it, it seemed like 800 pages. It's only uh-huh. a couple, but it, it's just nonsense. So they're going to have to find – it's like a needle in the haystack type deal to find the satellite until they do – 
which is very quick because Hal gives them a little info. In the meantime, we have Beneath Star City then. The most important part here to me is that Emiko and Dinah have gone down. They're, they're searching for the trafficker, the, the big thing for the, uh, the underground, underground man. And the auctioneer is the guy, the, the main guy that they want to see. They ended up finding all this out and finding that Wendy Poole, the woman that Hal or Oliver was supposed to have killed, is alive when Henry hacked that tablet that they had gotten a hold of from the underground men before. So they're, they're following that lead. They go down. They see a little girl and like, hey, you know, tell us where the bad guys are. Okay, come. We're going to go. And they end up walking into what they find out too late is a trap. It's like, you know, I don't like this black canary. What's not to like about crawling through miles of filth and rescue women and children of all, like from the human yeah. trafficking? And like goes into this whole thing like, yeah, but like this is the third of the underground men's fortresses we've broken into since yeah. like cracking the encryption. You know, wouldn't you think this is a trap? Like, it's a trap. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Basically, Emiko at the last second. At this point. Again, you know, I'll, I'll, I just watched Star Wars again and stuff like that. But again, this is definitely exactly like when the Millennium Falcon gets out of the out of the uh, Death Star, and yeah. Princess Leia's like, you know, they're they're, tra- they're tracking us. It was too easy. No way, sister. Nobody's <laughs> tracking us. But that's it. Emiko just keeps going. Like, I don't know. Seems kind of easy. It's easy here, and then it is. And oh my God, a trap. <laughs> And there's Wendy Poole alive. That's the best where... part. It's because they're going. They're about to go to fucking Wendy Poole. It's like, you know, you'd expect them to improve their security. But now you're right. Unless as they walk in, it's, it's a, trap. a trap. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn it. You're supposed to be smarter than this. Why yeah, wouldn't you, you recon or something? You've already spelled out that you've gone after three of their fortresses already. Yeah. They're going to catch on. And I like it, too, because they go. And this this little girl is in, like, a cell. And they go. And, like, hey, little girl. Show us where the bad girls, or the bad guys are. It seems like they just walked down the hallway. Like, like they didn't have, like, and it's so nonsense. But the problem is, is I'll just keep repeating it until this is over. This whole story is the Ninth Circle are a ruthless organization. Yes, they're pushing them more as a bank now, a bank but now, they yeah. are involved in murder. They are involved in corporate sabotage. They are legitimately getting people and funding the underground men who child trafficking, just people trafficking and stuff like that. So they're not above doing crazy nonsense. Why did they keep Wendy Poole alive? I this don't is, know. There is no reason because when they do go and have this eventually, if they did have or do have the trial, uh, the way they want it to happen, Oliver Queen is the framed for murder. The only thing that could exonerate Oliver Queen is Wendy Poole being alive, which yeah. they allowed to happen. Like, and, and, the, and the real problem is really if we're going to have a trial – the only evidence against Oliver because there was no body because nope. they had because she wasn't dead. The only the only evidence was blood, blood. And, you know, obviously they made it look like Oliver was on this boat, but she there's no body. There's nope. no weapon. There's no, nothing I, I've seen. You know, I don't watch all these shows, the crime shows that my wife watches, but just one of those two out of the equation. And, and you're really trying uh, really hard. You know, to to frame somebody or not frame somebody or or find them guilty without a body or a murder weapon. And they really didn't have that. And they could have. They could have just. Why didn't they kill Wendy Poole, leave her there, knock Oliver out, have him there with a weapon and done. He'd be in jail already, probably on death row. 
But yeah. they, they end up, they are the worst with these loose ends. It's the same thing with the Trans-Pacific Railway. They left a lot of shit up for chance. It didn't go right. It's just nonsense. And then now in the meantime, everything that they have, they end up having it on the satellite all together in one location, manned by two goddamn burn victims. That doesn't sound hey, great hey, to me. Burn victims with. Mecha suits. Yeah, mecha suits. Burn victims with mecha suits because after it looks the like – The worst Am- case scenario yeah, of any yeah, situation. Really, yeah, really. After Emiko and Dinah seem to get trapped. Now, again, they are not captured yet. You do have a lot of burn, but you have Emiko with a drawn arrow and you have a canary cry ready to rock. So yeah. I'm not sure. You know, it's a trap. doesn't mean they're going down. No. And then you go up and then, again, you have – Oliver and Hal. Hal's talking about, listen, you know, this this thing that we're in, they're above Star City in this, you know, in space. Hey, this is called the Clark Belt, named after Arthur C. Clark. He came up with the uh. idea that communication satellites can be Earth-synchronous, uh, uh, geostationary. Like, when does Hal, up, when Hal. does Hal, who all he can come up with is a goddamn boxing glove or a hammer or a train, knows this shit? Yeah, this is not Hal Jordan, the fucking stupidest of all the goddamn Green Lanterns. He knows everything about the Clark Clark Belt. Belt. He's like, it's the Clark Belt. You know what that is? I loosen it when I eat too many Clark bars. I'm addicted to those motherfuckers. That's why I'm always in Pittsburgh. Jesus Christ. Pittsburgh, the Clark Bar place? Yeah, that's where they they have them. You you did not know that, the Clark Bar? I did know that. I didn't realize you'd know that. See, I'm like Hal Jordan. I'm like Hal Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm a dummy too. I guess maybe he could know things. Right. Yeah, they're they're going and they're like, okay, we can't find it. It's not like we're gonna find something that just says Queen Industries. But once Hal gives this information, which I don't know why he didn't say before, like before they took off, saying, listen, when we go up there, the satellites will be right above where the transmission, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, you know, what should we do? Well, it'll be above Star Tower. Let's go right there. Uh, the only thing that gets me is is that they are right above Star City at this moment because they're in this deal. Now, they do end up going over to the dark side of the moon, but I think it's also pointing out that at some point, one of these satellites or the one they're in is just going to crash right down on Star City, but we'll see. But uh, they're there. Hopefully not. No, and they're there. Oh, yeah, I just think it'll destroy the Star Tower. And it'll be another thing that the Ninth Circle gets destroyed. But like, well, even oh, if the right. satellite did fall down, I don't think it could do that much damage. They said it wasn't even that big. No, like I'm saying if they if they end up having that real big one or whatever happens, I just think that they want you to know that they can just go down now and they'll be instead. There's it's just a weird call out to have to be above Star City at that one point. Right but above like, the okay. Star Tower. The well, they're like, Circle okay, we're here. The Space Needle erected the Star Tower yeah. in its yeah. place. It's just such a weird call out that I think that they're just pointing out that that will be destroyed you know, by the end you of know what Al? i'll bet it's not just a monument it's a receiver and switchboard yeah, it's for the a re- world's yeah. vulnerable data and then they're like oh it's right weird thing this, to say oliver yeah this is really odd dialogue between you two but then the best <laughs> huh you know that sounds i'm i'm sitting here i'm like you know what with all this nonsense that does sound feasible Oh, my God, it's just a router, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, you fucking assholes. And like, huh, now we'll never find it. Now we have the needle in another haystack. Until Hal's like, no, 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 I'll just check with my electromagnetic freaking attachment of my ring. And here we go. Oh, it's on the dark side of the moon. There it is. And they go. And, and there it is. There's a big and out of nowhere on the dark side of the, the moon. The fucking Eric. Black Knight satellite. There's the 
biggest goddamn satellite that looks like the goddamn fucking empire has just brought it in. I mean, there there is such a thing as being subtle. The Ninth Circle, they don't care. Well, as they're going, I just imagine the freaking the burn the Ninth Circle, whatever they're building this satellite. I don't even know when the hell they would build it. They'd have to build no. it in space when, or they launch it. No, they it built it at the same time they built that Trans Pacific Railway. All right, that's going on the same time. Like, all right, sir, what do you think of our our, our satellite here? It's going to be on the dark side of the moon. Yeah, add more sticky knives. The, oh, I'm telling you, they're doing it. Say. Not evil enough. Add more spikes and knives to it. But sure, people will know what it is. Fuck if I care. (laughs) That'll be the last thing they know. (laughs) This is the dark side of the moon. Who the fuck's going to go over there? Who the hell goes over there? But yeah, as they go. This is purely aesthetic for me. These drones go by, and then they're like, oh, then the rings tone. These are, (laughs) oh, really? An information drone. It attaches to communication satellites and transfers data contained therein. And there's Oliver's like, and it's so like now. How is the smartest guy ever up until this point? But I guess Ben Percy's like, I can't have him know everything. So the ring will. So we'll just go yeah. on. I'm like, really? So they end up going. You know, Oliver's like, we're gonna hit your ride. And they go. They end up breaking into the satellite, which I thought was just gonna be a communication satellite, not expecting anybody to be there at the controls. But there are. They're there. And one of the burned is in a mecha suit. They attack because obviously, to me, Oliver and how don't expect anybody to be able to be there or see oh, them or whatever so they're I don't just, know what the size though you'd expect to be a fully man it's a fully pa- a functional space station it's fully functional no i just to me it was just a communication satellite they don't have people in those they're just up there you know where we get our you know the direct tv and shit like that they don't have fucking three guys up there in the satellite I, fucking press a button that's the size of a space station though yeah i'm telling you this could just still be but the size of it to me is only because of all the information drones they're getting uh but it's just there and it's just getting these drones and so this one guy's there i don't know what he's doing he seems to be security because no, no, he's got we get a maintenance alert so well that's what i'm saying but it even seems like because he's got all of these security monitors and things getting every i don't know so then yeah out of nowhere oliver gets shocked He's upset. They break down a door, and there is a cool, very cool-looking Mecha Burn guy. Uh, you know, it's like fucking Ridley in a goddamn thing. It's just Ripley. Nonsense. Yeah, Ripley. Uh, again, I don't even care. And then they, they attack Hal. Hal gets knocked out, it seems. And then because of that, Oliver's losing his construct suit and is going to die. Boom. The end. Yeah. That's basically it. Uh, it's just Shouldn't have left that door open, should you guys? No, now Oliver's no. going to die in the vacuum of space. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And I don't know how will just fly, float down. It's just, it's nonsense. It's, it's and it's also nonsense. weird to me that like the freaking Mecha Burn guy. It seems like he hits him with like four missiles, but for some reason one of the missiles doesn't go off and then pushes him into outer space where it finally explodes. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I don't. Again, what don't what like is the point? Art. What's the point of this? The point know. was supposed to be Oliver going down. And trying to take down the knights, but he ends up just nothing every time. Now this, if he does destroy the satellite, we're finally getting somewhere of him, you know, wrecking some shit and, and maybe upsetting their, you know, their base of power and things like I'm that. I'm saying the point of this arc is Ben Percy trying to have the longest run of a single villain. It's 30 issues now we've been yeah, dealing with the, the same guy. Circle. I, and it's and you, ridiculous. You, because you can't tell any difference between them, it actually kind of looks like it's that one mega burn guy that he's somehow gotten into space. Uh, uh, you know, you can't tell. Wayne. Yeah, you can't tell who if it's anybody different from that really big guy before. Oh, so. they're all burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I give it a 6 out of 10. I did like the art. I probably might even could go down to possibly a fucking 5, but I, I like the art. And, I enjoyed the art in this issue. And even with all this nonsense, uh, it is fun to see Oliver and Hal together, but not here. But at least they're together. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't know what it will lead to. But it's it just – he doesn't – it seems like he's just spinning his wheels at every step of the way. And then realizes that he's not doing anything with Oliver, so he has to have Dinah, who was going to leave town. And they seemed to be breaking up, and he was going to leave. And Emiko... She left instead. I mean, he left instead. Yeah, he did. And Dinah and Emiko are now in charge of kind of doing, pushing the story forward. And there you go. The only part of the story I care about, and we only get one or two pages for it, I'd give it probably a 5.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art, and I still really do care about the stuff going on with Black Canary and Emiko. It's just the rest of the nonsense. I just want it to end. I want Oliver to get back to Star City, Seattle, whatever you want to call it. And I want this arc to be over. I mean, like the whole nice circle arc. Like, this is issue 30 of the same arc in my mind for what we've been dealing with because it's still the underground and ninth circle. Yeah. And uh, like, I just want to move on. I just want it's to one of those, on And it's this. one of those like when we talk about – and it's not everybody's cup of tea. But when we talk about even Deathstroke now in Rebirth. But when we yeah. talk about Wonder Woman, Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman, you're like, listen – it's not really arcs. It's one big story. Oh, my God. It'll blow your mind. This is like, Jesus Christ, the guy can't fucking die. You know, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel as impressive as something like that. It's like, like you said, what, what can we get rid of these guys? Like, I'm, I'm so bored of them. And by now, the shit that they've done wrong since the start, the Ninth Circle, that Trans-Pacific Railway, Broderick pretty much should have been outed. Uh, as the head of Queen Industries, because he should have run them into the ground by now oh, the with the of shit that he's, he's been nonsense. playing and all this nonsense. That it's just ridiculous. But and even like you even go back. I mean, people who are listening, just think of like how long ago in your mind it was when they sunk the Inferno, which was yeah. the big th- the big base of the Ninth Circle that was supposed to where be all their the money thing where held. all their money was held. Now that sunk, done. And out of nowhere, it's still going on, and they st- they don't seem affected at all of any of this nonsense. But well, of course to me, they're not, because all of the things that Oliver's continuing to do to take him down, it's nothing. Yeah, it's doing, doing nothing. I-, I think it's a wild goose chase. They've set up. They just the set it up. He's not hunt. even doing it. And yeah, I just I just think in my mind that that Inferno bit that seems like six years ago. I know. It, it seems so long ago. But Eric, we're going to move on to the next book in the. Big green section. It is Justice League number 28. We're, we're getting very close to the end of Brian Hitch's run. And I'll still tell you, I'm looking forward to another creative team on this. Uh, but at least I can say, and I still maintain, and I'll you'll hear me talking here, I think he's doing a really good job with this story. And not even just saving the best for last, because I don't think that that was like his plan. I don't, I don't think, think so it all along. I think that basically... I don't know. Maybe it's one of those he had too much time to think the last bunch of things and it ended up getting convoluted and swirled around in his head. And then this, they're like, you have to end it. And he's like, okay, I'll just end it with this. And he's a little more relaxed. I don't know. I don't know why this is so much better than anything I, I don't he did. know why either. I'm telling you. And all of a sudden, though, I care. These characters yeah. introduced with these Justice League kids. Yeah. I like them so much. I actually like them more than the Justice League that we're and, getting and, in the and, book and, and, yeah. like, recently, like, since Rebirth started. 
and I don't want them to go away, and I'm really afraid they're going and to. Yeah, the and, and are you with me that one of the biggest problems he had with Justice League all along in Rebirth and Brian Hitch in general as a writer was the fact that he didn't have enough for everybody to do. Yeah. And while he still has that problem with the Justice League, I think he's doing a really good job with these kids of showing yeah. just enough. Uh, you have Serenity in this book. That's she's not that interesting, so I don't no. mind her not being. But yeah, everything you is have, focused like, you have two better. Pages and like it's just her fucking worrying about you know her, like you know whether or not she's yeah. Mara's daughter that's now. Fine with me. Like, they might change. I'm like you know what. You are the least interesting character here. Yeah. You were just kind of a queen of Atlantis. You don't know, like you're kind of out of your element now. Everybody else, they're doing stuff that I care about. I'm like, fine, cool with yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just now there. There is a big problem, and a lot of people have the problem. But I will talk about that after my blurb, and I kind of have it in my blurb. Justice League number twenty-eight, Aaron, written by Brian Hitch, art by Fernando Passer, and Bat. Brad Anderson, remember Bat? Remember when Bat was actually the inker, I believe, on the Batman book at one point? We thought that that was the be- best synergy ever. B A T T. Do you remember Bat? We've had him like, like seven. We've had him like seven times, and I always, every time we'd had him, we had him on one of the Batman books. And I'm like, boy, that's synergy right yeah. there. Brad Anderson, Richard Starkings, and yes, Eric. Comic Crafts Jimmy is in the house. Ooh, he has Crafts shown Jimmy. up, and I, I have fully labeled him as Comic Crafts Jimmy Damn right <laughs> in, in my credits. Though I would have laughed because usually Jimmy when they don't have come that, without Comic Crafts. Well, sometimes they have that sort of tag, and I'll go like if it had Comic Crafts Jimmy Werner. I don't know it's the Comic Crafts. Yeah. yeah, it'll just be Jimmy. But I can't just put Richard Stark and Jimmy. Jimmy. I, Comic Crafts Jimmy. Uh, he sounds like he'd be a good like stand-up comedian. That'd be a good YouTube channel. Comic Crafts Jimmy coming at you. I'm making like fucking paper mache shit and fucking macrame. Uh, I'm making like an owl out of macrame with a, the stick on the bottom that Look, it's standing on. If, if you're on. making Comic Crafts, it better have something comic related, all right? Well, the, uh, then again, I'm doing the owl. Like I said, it's Court of the Owl. Eric, oh, okay. See? Now, now, comic now Crafts Jimmy. And Boom. then the next thing I'm making oven mitts with the flash on them. Comic Crafts Jimmy. I'm ready, Eric. The legacy arc continues with little continuity issues, but some really good character moments. I know that some people were upset that Aquaman was not in the issue, but I love these kids, and I want more and more and more. He's still a crowd of thorn shit. What do you want from him? Yeah, Well, I'm they were upset. Cyborg. Uh, Aquaman, because it did end up with the future oh, Cyborg sorry, Aquaman. Aquaman. I thought you meant the yeah. other. I got you. No, I no. Most people were upset because the cover has Cyborg, you know, Aquaman the Cyborg on Cyborg Aquaman of the future. And, yeah, and the last issue ended with Cyborg Aquaman of the future coming back and pretty much looking Beat like he killed Batman. Batman. And it's funny, too, in this issue, Wonder Woman just doesn't want to listen. Because at the one point, Jeannie is talking to her and like, huh, yeah, Bruce didn't want to play a game either. Huh, Bruce wanted to look at that footage too. Bruce was doing this. Bruce was doing this until his friend showed up. Bruce is laying there dying. Bruce is dead. I'm, I'm waiting for saying, all look, of this. Look, I'm Wonder Woman. I'm looking at something. I'm very like interested and she concerned about something. She was very interested. And Jeannie's out there. Oh, like you know, Bruce's friendship. Oh, Bruce, he has many friends. Why not? But you know, at the beginning of next issue, you would almost guess that Wonder Woman. Whenever Wonder Woman shows up, she's going to be like, "Wait a second, what did you say about Bruce?" And we'll get back to that. But it, it did throw me off that he did not put wait that a whole second. deal Bruce in there. Bruce doesn't have any friends. Yeah, wait, what? Bruce was looking at footage. It'd be so funny. She gets it wrong still. What? Bruce didn't want to play a game? That's not like him. He always <laughs> loves a little fun. <laughs> but yeah, they, you start off at the 
Kent Farm. And I'm telling you, this does not look to me, it looks a little more advanced than Hamilton County. It really looks like it's supposed to be Smallville, but we said we're going with Hamilton County. To me, Hamilton County had a barn and a house, and this is really full out silos and shit that I do. But it, it's a different book. The only thing that gets me is they really – it would have been better if they were in Metropolis. It, it really would have been. And and as it goes on – I'm thinking – so I, I started having these crazy theories because this really throws yeah. things off because we start out at the Kent Farm, which is okay. We don't know when this is happening in the timeline. No. They could still be living in Hamilton County. The fact that when Hunter says that, yeah, that's oh, the I problem I was going to say. Ten years like from that. now, exactly. they're, they're still, still living there, and now, that's the problem. That's where it really – that's one of the continuity issues. If it comes out later – that this is a big thing where, oh, my God, this isn't the, like the future yeah. that we know because it's this alternate future because they never moved or something like that. Maybe he could tie this all up. And, and it's have it weird, but sense. how would they know that until I 10 years from now? Don't they know. really wouldn't know it by then. Like, you know, hey, this is weird, Lois. We were planning on moving. And then you'd just be like, I guess we didn't. <laughs> something came up. But it, again, well, right there, the future's changed. That is a little bit weird of, you know, yeah. a, it's not a deal breaker. It really isn't. Like that is something I don't even think most people even thought of. It just, to me, it's one of those. Now we have the continuity kid in town. He's just walked right. into town, spurs a click in there, Eric. But I think to me, it's one of those times where, where I go with it is how I deal with it. You would say, that's it. Not on my watch is what, what you would say. With me, how me? I go with it, I say, you know what? If in the future Hunter said, oh, you know what's weird? It's weird. You always talked about this farm, but when I came, you were in the city. That just It's not going to make it worse that they don't do that, but if they did it, it would have made it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one of those where I, if I'm right down the middle of the street here – Saying it and making the continuity work just would have made it that much better. But I'm not going to give I, it points And the points thing off. is, even with the whole thing, say Hunter comes down because he's staying with the Kents now. Yeah. You want to have that whole like intimate moment with him and Clark in Hunter's room. Like, oh, this is yeah. the room that I – it was my – Yeah, so that's – you want to have that. If you just didn't say this is my room 10 years from now, nope. would have been fine as well. Yeah, but uh, even then, it is kind of fun to have John there because they're having dinner. And there's Hunter, and they're, they're asking him some questions, and John's, like, all excited. John has a really odd statement where he's like, you know, because he's like, what am I like? You know, oh, man. And he's like, oh, you're really big. You're like your dad. It's the shoulders. Show, show he's, it. like, showing him really big, and I really like it. John looks all excited. Even Lois yeah. looks like she's having a great time, and if you go by the art – Clark's already concerned because he's already he's already heard what Hunter has said, kind of alluding to John not making it out later. Uh, and he's looking at John kind of a little sad, but he's like, hey, that's so funny. Dad hadn't told me about time travel, but I know he's done it. The League has loads of times. I'm like, what? Why would you know they – he hasn't told you, but you know they've done it loads of times. I thought that was such a forced way to show, hey, they know what's going on. Later, Barry talks about it, which makes sense that you yeah. know if Barry says, listen, time travel is really crazy. I know all about it, and shit can go wrong really bad and change. Yeah, we know that Barry knows. John's saying that – Oh, no, that it's the cruise point paradox. Yeah, yeah, and, and when John says it, it did throw me off a little, and – but then John's like, oh, man, this is going to be great. I can't wait to tell Damien. And that's where Hunter's like, again, Damien, he used to make fun of me all the time. 
Haven't seen him since. And then he stops, and there's Clark, like, with the weirdest concern. I hate look. his look. Yeah, I don't his like his goddamn that, face. He, yeah, I don't he like He looks it. like a liver lipped goddamn yeah, face motherfucker. But, and you I know, hate you, get so the, much. you get the concern there. Yeah. And they're like, and then even then. I just then, hate the look of Clark in this entire issue, though. And, like, and, I, I, I actually am a fan of the art for the most part. I like I the just art. Hate Clark but yeah, so Clark's much. weird. But even though I like the scene because then you could even go with the whole deal with, like, Clark, like, all right, you know what? Because he doesn't – who knows? Hunter could might just blurt out. He doesn't want John to hear anything oh. like, yeah, you're dead and Damien dies and your mom is dead. So he's like, oh, you know what? Hunter might need a trouble. shower and uh, you know he might need some clean clothes. And then, Hey, show them where they are, John. And I like this where Hunter's like, you know what? I sort of already know where they are. And, yeah, but you can see my room and I know you already have seen it, but you can tell me how cool it is. And how kids like are that. when they have a guest. It's and awesome. They think it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Especially one that he kind of finds out he has a a, a little brother who's bigger. Little, I mean, big it's, such, yeah. it's such a cool concept for a little kid, and that's where Superman's like, you know what? I, I'm kind of concerned. Th- but Lois, thanks for understanding. You know the shit that goes on, the stuff that we bring to your doorstep. And she's like, no, no, our doorstep, Clark. And I'll tell you, this is a very good Lois. He doesn't go it's too great over Lo- the it's, top. It's a too good Lois. Yeah, for yeah, some but reason. it's I like I just imagine trying to put somebody in this situation where you know Lois has dealt with shit like this oh, already. Yeah. Her husband's super. The fact you bring a kid from the future who claims that yeah, everybody's dead, you. you bring yeah. this troubled motherfucker into my house. You're yeah. buying me a new car. Yeah, really. You're gonna you're gonna pay for that sucker. I'm gonna you're gonna be making me hot pie next. Damn right. But yeah, but they they go with this, and I I do like it. But this is where Superman starts thinking like. Maybe we didn't do what we should have. Maybe what we were supposed to do, you know, even with the kindred as we go later on where he talks to Hunter, but he's already starting like, you know what? Maybe we didn't do as much as we should have. Maybe they're right. When they showed up, they said we fucked things up. You know what? I'm afraid they're right. I'm afraid what just happened in Midway City, what we didn't do to the kindred when we knew stuff. And even stuff- that, like, yeah, we knew the kindred were doing something, but we never bothered to find out what and why. And it's yeah. just like the whole idea, like, Throwing the kindred in here out of nowhere feels weird, you know. Like I actually, we, uh, the one thing to is, me, to me, that? the way I went with it is that it's almost like fucking Brian Hitch kind of going like, yeah, you know what? I never did end that story. I'm sorry, I should have, and now it's, it's shit's one, gone wrong. It's just one thing where we do have kind of like the Hitch verse going on ever since JLA yeah. started the New Fifty Two. Oh, this into is it fully into the Hitch verse. Yeah, and it's complete the Hitch verse where. One thing will always like everything that the Just League has dealt with at this point is going to lead into the next thing and continue yeah. throughout. Like we we have Genie throughout. We talk about the Fear Monster. We, we talk, talk about, about the, the Kindred, Fear Monster, the yeah. Purge, the World Breakers, the World All Breakers. All this stuff is thrown in. I'm like, if we were able to end those things, and this was just the Just League's kids, and the Just League have to deal with the next big thing, and we don't have to tie everything in, I think it would play better. Yeah, but I'm telling you, he has to end his run. He to me. He had talked about the time crisis and what this should be. It's what it really is anyway. But to me, he was planning on being on this book to fucking issue 200. So I think he was going to tie those things up eventually in a different way. He just has to – he's leaving. He only has a couple more it, issues. It, it, so he I wants to tie it all everything up. everything didn't have to be so connected I actually together. think it's – I think that he connects it pretty well here. And where, where he has Wonder Woman later talking about what the kindred said, it really does – Make it seem like that was the setup all along, and I like that. And she it uses does. that it j- fear. It just feels weird out of nowhere, though. That now, like you know, 
They dealt with the Kindred so long ago in my mind. Yeah, but they've talked about the Kindred the last arc. They keep bringing up the Kindred. It's just the whole thing where, like, Wonder Woman is just now trying to look into the fact that the Kindred said something to her at one point. It's just, it feels weird now for everything else that we're dealing with. Like, one thing in my mind should not connect to the other. I just, I'll deal with it because it's going to, he's trying to tie it up. And that was the one thing that we had his the problem all along is he, oh, he never, never tied any of them up real, yeah, and it was yeah. set up and then you had big baby and stuff like that the timeless and that led to this and and whatever so if it ends up keep tying up and he does tie it up in a bow I'll give him full credit like, because, even for some reason the whole idea that genie is now the freaking processor for yeah, the that, entire that's Justice nonsense. League feels that's, weird that's just nonsense that that is completely I know Batman went off with it having Batman put it in the you know, in the Batcave is one like maybe thing. Maybe he wants but, to play with it a little bit. Yeah, but having it the in – Yeah, the Watchtower is way off. That is way off, and I don't think that Cyborg would have went with that at all. No. So it is very odd that that is. But again, like you said, it seems like he's dealing with the quote-unquote hitchverse, so you would yeah. have that. But as they're doing it, it, Superman is worried, you know. Hey, you know, I'm worried. Maybe we are the ones that fucked up. Maybe that's why they showed up. And, and Lois says, like – you asked yourself before, why here, why now? Maybe that's a good question to ask again. Maybe the kids aren't in the wrong time. Maybe they're exactly where they need to be here now with all of you. And yeah, and this is what you were saying. You're like, some of these kids you really like and you want to have stay. And it's like almost hinting that we know they're not going to stay. We know I really, they won't. I'm telling you, the thing is I really do enjoy the twins. I want to see their yeah. characters like completely fleshed out just because I think it's a cool idea. I want to find out more about them. But right now, if I could just choose, if Hunter like, oh, just pick two. Hunter and Cruz, the yeah. only two I really care about. Oh, I'm that telling I you, I actually didn't like Cube at all going into this issue. I like him too now. I think he's a pretty cool deal. I don't, I don't know, know a lot C- of him, but Cube I like the way. Cube weirds me out. I don't like I just see him like anymore. the way he explains things. But we do go quick to Amnesty Bay. Where, uh, you know, Arthur Curry's lighthouse, and that's where you have Serenity and Mara going. And it, it's a weird change because they're there. They look like they are having a ball. Eric. They're, they're smiling away, and they get there. But then you have Serenity that's a little upset. She wants to know, hey, hey, Mom, where is Dad? Where is he right now? And I don't know. There is no real reason why she Mara can't say, oh, oh. they thought he was dead. The only reason is is when this was written – they probably didn't know what was going to be going on. So it was kind of like an in-between because we did have Mara dealing with this, but that was not Brian Hitch. At that point, or even before, he must have been trying to get this story together. That's the only thing that I can explain, that she just doesn't say, listen, or the yeah, other problem would be. Down the story well, with that's like not, even that, stuff. the other problem, but they, they've thrown things in where, you know what, he's having problems in Atlantis, and they'd have C, Aquaman. I think the other problem is, if Serenity hears this, she's going to want to go and save yeah. Aquaman, and you can't. You can't have that go on. That would be too much. But this is where one of the major problems with this issue happens. Uh, Mara calls her the wrong name. And, and uh-huh. there, you know, this is something that I have to say we rarely let pass. You know what I mean? She calls oh, and her. And we've had it happen a bunch of times. Yeah, and she wrong. calls her Eldora. Her name was spelled out as Eldorus. And Dory for short, but it yeah. wasn't Eldora. It was Eldorus, and now she calls her Eldora. Well, and maybe it's one of those things like, you. yeah, you're my you're my kid from the future, but I did just meet you. I'm not that great with names. I'll tell you, I know. <laughs> I I want to I want to give it a pass, but it's something that we really we get really pissed off about going from an issue to an issue. You have to know the names of your characters. It's fucked up. But then also out of nowhere, Maris says. 
hey, are you are you and Hunter something going on? And she, she says, Eldora says, hey, it's complicated. And that's a bit odd because before, and you even told me, you pointed out, when you go back to that first issue, it is Cruz and Hunter that are fully flirting. They are yeah. going. Now, it, Serenity shows up, and there is something a little weird going on. Like he, you know, Hunter then kind of gravitates towards you know, a serenity and stands with her a little, but not as much as Cruz because there was the whole thing like, hey, you, I, can, I can't move as fast as you only when I want you to and shit like that. And it was really like – and then you had him, oh, man, I think it was the twins. Like one of them like, man, do you have to flirt around us again? And then, but that was Cruz and Hunter. So this is weird that Marilyn. I know, picked- I, like we had a little kind of like a discussion slash argument about this because, like, in my mind, it was fully Hunter and Cruz who were boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend. Now here's this, the problem, know? though. It, it beyond that, Mara was never involved in anything that they were flirting. She nope. was never around when they have come to this, you know, this time, and they came flying out of that it's wormhole, whatever the boom tube. Yeah, they separated. They all went to their parents. Cruz immediately went with the twins to Jessica and Barry. There was no flirting ever again. There was nothing going on like that. So Mara even Mother's saying this. Mother's Jim. Yeah, well, Mara saying this is, is just – it's completely off, and to me, it's supposed to be like, ooh, mother's intuition. But no, it, it shouldn't be. But I do kind of like this where – but Serenity is a little whack. She's a little whack job, Eric. A little, if, little if whack? You, she's a little whack because she's there, and she's having the grand old time. And then that's when Mara's like, what's going on? Because all of a sudden she starts crying. I might not be your daughter. Not now. Not really. Maybe ever. Uh, no. How about you just enjoy you, yourself while yeah, you have your but mother they, here? Two panels before, they were laughing it up. And now she's just gone. Nuts. But maybe it's one of those that as they're talking there, she's like, man, this is what I always wanted. I never really got to you know, know my mom. And now and I, I don't am, want and to now mess it's not it up real. so that this never happens. Yeah, because that's what it seems like she's you know, going with the whole thing about the you know, a, a paradox and a time yeah. thing where she might be screwing it up and she doesn't want to. And Mara's just like, you know what? You, you're my daughter today, and it's it's nice. It's but nice enough. Not Again, tomorrow. yeah. Ser- <laughs> Serenity, if you piss me off. Or Serenity not. is the. I'm gonna hit you now. Uh, I owe you a lot. daughter only. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, be good. Listen, I we got we're going to Maury next. I don't think I'm the mother. Like that's not how it works, mom. Usually it's the dad we're who denies it. I kind of yeah, Maury's there. But yeah, uh, Serenity they go by really quick because really. She is the least interesting. I, yeah. you know, according to me and you, both of us think they go to Cube. Cube is in the foundry in Metropolis, which is kind of, you know, kind of neat. Why, but why weird. are we not in Star Labs? In that's what's problem. It's, it's kind of neat, but it's kind of weird. But they're going, and I like this because you have Silas there. Obviously, it's his grandson, but he doesn't look at it as that. He's testing. Oh my God, this nanotechnology! It's beyond any concept we have. Oh my God, this is great. And Cyber's like, Dad. Dad, this is your grandson. Please talk to him. You know, don't do this nonsense like you did with me. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Hello, young man. And then Cube's like, by the way, uh, you're going to die in three years. Uh, You should eat better and exercise. And right there, you know, the paradox there. It's out the door. You you can't do these things. And you would think that Cube would be the one who wouldn't do it, but – I think that Brian Hitch is going with the that's nonsense. Like you can do things, whatever he's doing. But, you know, and I, I thought it was a pretty cool moment right there. I was like, I really like Cube now. I think he's cool. But it really gets me the next scene because he's sitting there and he's like, 
Cyborg says, I can feel you reaching out. You're getting all this technology. And he says, listen, the last couple of years after the war, I might as well have been dead because I am no a signals, living computer no yeah. and there's nothing. So without that, I'm I'm pretty much deaf and dumb. I mean this is what I live off of and having nothing, it's almost like one of those. The silence was deafening. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't deal with it. I felt alone. I, I did have a construct of you and that I could talk to. So at least I had that. I liked it. I was like, you know what? I like that explanation of how he didn't have technology. And now that he does, he's going nuts with it. Though I thought right away he's up to something. I'm telling you, as soon as this starts happening, I don't know these kids. They could be up to no good. If he's That's reaching out thought. to every goddamn technology in the world, I'm like, yeah, maybe you should slow your roll on that one, huh, kid? Yeah, and then he's like, you know, we can connect. We can join. And yeah. then Silas is like, it's joining? A- you and Victor can connect with each other? And then cube out of nowhere. I can't join with you, Grandfather Silas. He didn't say that, but he's like, hey, you want to join Daddy? Hey, Daddy. For some reason, you want to get joining? It creeped me out. Can can we please join like we used to? I'm like, this is creepy as fuck. Don't join with your son. Don't do it. It's weird. Papi. Oh. (laughs) The best is, as I say that, I'm looking when, when Cyborg says very much. And I think that the look on Silas's face is the look you have. He's yeah. so disgusted. Yeah, but hey, Poppy, you oh, want to join, baby? Do you like that? Does that get no. you sexed up? And you go back to the best. Cruz is the best, right? And the twins. Yeah. Those, those. And you go back and Barry and Cruz are having some fun. They're not joining Eric. They're running back and forth between Central City and New York. Yeah. And, and it's so good. And he really is maintaining a really good character with Cruz, who is like so eager to, you know, check out how great she is and how she's so chipper and things like that. And I she's really love it. Than her dad. Oh, I love it because then she, am I, you think I'm faster than you, dad? He's like, you know what? You might be a little. Yes. yes. And I'm like, it's so good. I need I need the twins. You're always hungry. That's all I need them. But they're like, hey, the twins are asleep. Keep the noise down. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. Do you mind if I call you Mom? And that, that's kind of getting a little old. But you know what? I don't think I do mind. Oh, this is so cool. And they go in to look. She goes and look at the twins. And I saw one reviewer out there and said that this is the hokiest thing that they've ever read. They don't understand it because they claim, oh, they weren't blue lanterns because they're glowing blue. Well, they are the embodiment of they the, have all the, the spectrum. spectrum they and don't and need rings. it's no, they don't need rings. And whatever they feel at that moment is what they project. And at this moment, it's blue. Jessica says, oh, blue, that makes you know, that's hope. Blue lanterns are hope. And Cruz says, you know what? That that's cool because at least that shows we we never had that before. Yeah. Now we do, and cool I thought scene. that I thought that was the best scene of the whole book. I really did. I thought that is awesome. That is really cool, and I'll give Brian Hitch kudos for doing that. And no, you know, I'm not about to cry, but I really like that. And I it just made me smile, and, and I really like the fact that Cruz kind of slows down at that point. It's like you know what. We haven't been much hope around. Well, now, you know, and then Jessica says, now that you found us, maybe there'll be a bit more. And I really like it. And it sets up that we're going to get our heart broken, Eric, when these I kids know. are done. But I thought it was really good because. Then and the thing like, is, I'm going to get my heart broken, too, because I can see if like, say this thing does work out where the freaking the, the future is not terrible. And the, but yeah. the, the people get together, the Justice League members have these kids and they have this family like. I can see the future of Barry out here who looks like he has a big old fat face and a double chin and watching yeah, TV on the yeah. couch. I'm like, just That's sitting the there. future of Barry Allen. Just sitting there. He, speed 
channel surfing is the only thing he does best. But yeah, she, and then they're like, "Hey, Cruz, aren't you aren't you tired?" No, no. And then she falls asleep, and it's nice. She right on, right on, like you know, Barry's chest, like holding yep. on to him. She falls yeah. immediately asleep. I'm like, that's a good scene. Too. Yeah, God it damn is. It. I like it. I really like it. Then you go to Midway City, and I told but you just, just the whole like the whole idea though. It's like you know. Of Barry and Jessica, you know, they they had this family together, but they're not together right now. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, and they're it like, is. I, I it's don't very know, how, weird. like it's it's cool, and I I don't know if I like it though. I don't. It's such a weird. Well, thing to and and I do. Like, you, it's such a weird situation. And I'm like. I kind of just want to have a book of this. Yeah, and and then Jessica says, you know what? You think this really is our future, Barry? And he says, could be, maybe not. I've time-traveled enough to know a small change can lead to a vastly different future. They need our help. That's enough. And it's funny. like You would maybe guess that their future stemmed from the kindred. Like, at that point when the fear that you know the fear monster came that yeah. seems to be very prevalent like maybe this future that they came from came because that's when they went on that date they yeah. were on the date during that fear thing and that fear monster thing really seems like it's very important going forward with this that's where wonder woman said you know a little later boy i wanted to take over the world when this was going on and that's how i really felt so maybe that was where it diverged off into this other thing where maybe. if it did work out because they were on a date then well, even i don't the know energy frequencies that simon baz comes across yeah because yeah City, it looked like, like the fear deal they look like the me. fear but it's yeah. only in this so like you know this energy frequency that he has to isolate for them yeah. to see like and it's that's just, what happens black next floating yeah. around and it does remind me of the fear monster yeah you go to midway city where steve trevor shows up and they're looking into that attack because and to me i'm like huh let me think oh yeah i remember those people were just killing each other again very reminiscent of possibly the fear deal i did too uh and i'll tell you that's more because of how much i've been enjoying the kids i think but yeah you have simon there at with steve trevor and then out of nowhere he's like you know what i think i can look at this frequency and see what's going on he lights it up almost like a a black light. I have not really liked Brian Hitch's, you know, like depiction of the Green Lanterns. I haven't liked a lot of the depictions yeah. of the new Green Lanterns because they're always just fumbling around and not yeah. pretty good at their job. They're or they're he's pretty good so here. This might be one of the best Simon Bazes. He's taking command. He knows his powers, and he's freaking just making sure yeah. he is the liaison for the Justice League of this whole city right now with yep. Argus and Steve Trevor. I'm like, you know what, Simon? You are fucking coming together as a goddamn hero, and I really yeah, like. Yeah, and he's there, and he does this, and you do see almost like a. Uh, tendrils type thing going it's Just like floating the, around. this black floating thing that seems to be infecting the people and coming off of these people who were dead and things like that and he's like you know what I don't know what's going on here but at least me and you aren't infected Steve and they're like okay but they're going to try to figure out and Simon then like you said he says once you and Argus have finished the evac I'm going to permanently lock this down until we can figure out what's going on and how we can counter it. And yeah, that's that's Simon, like you know, really, really taking charge. Yeah, but before that was really he, cool. Yeah, and before he goes off, though, all of a sudden he hears these voices from what's going on. It's like here, like before, different, more, fine, grow, feed, feast. Again, seems kind of like the fear monster again. And that's where Simon's like, huh? Thought I heard something, but you know, he he doesn't know if he did, but it yeah. does really feel like that. We go back to the Kent farm again, where you have Clark, who's kind of a little disturbed about some of the things that Hunter was talking about, but he he's there. He's like, hey, you know, get yourself, you know, settled here. I ho- I hope you like it here still, and you could be here. But just talking to him, like, you know, what happened? You know, what's going on? When you said stuff about John, and even before that, that's where Hunter starts really getting a little more angry about Wonder Woman again. And, like, you know, and, and, and Clark tries to explain it. Listen, 
the the Diane I know, she wouldn't abandon you. Like something is wrong here. You know, she's proud, she's stubborn, but as angry as she can get, she has compassion for the whole world. And he's just like, none for me though. I lived it. And he just says, I don't have to imagine shit. I lived it, and yeah. this is nonsense. And then Clark's like, just settle down, you know, go to sleep, you know, relax here. But then he's just like, huh, he's about to leave, and he comes back, and he's like, yeah, what you were saying, when this happens, what happens to John? And that's where Hunter even tries to get out of it. He's like, you know what? I, you know, things are weird. I didn't I'm really know it, a lot. It, it's when Clark walks back in the room and wants to know. Yeah. That's where all the fun that's for where me you goes got out it. the window. Well, it this has is like, to because he, it is I, a darker story. To, we, we have to get to the freaking the, the whole plot of the matter. I was yeah. having so much fun reading this and the whole yeah. thing because even they're sitting on the bed. It's like it's you never, you're, too, you're never too old for stories. I'm going to help Lois with well, the clearing up. Just come down when you're ready. He's like, and here's where Clark, I, I yeah. think that the good like, thing oh, about it is. But here's yeah. I think, yeah. Well, he says, he says then, what happened to John? He died. They all died. You guys all died. You know, he tried, he he fought with you, but he died. But here's the thing where I can tell you, I guarantee you that whatever goes down, there's no way crews or these landers are going to join in with what, because if they kill, because what ends up happening by the end, uh, you know, Wonder Woman figures out what's going on and says, I think I'm the one who ends up fighting everyone. I think I kill everyone and in the future. And for some reason, she's saying this out loud so Cube Yeah, she's can saying hear it out her. loud and Cube <laughs> hears her. Uh, the thing is, that's when Cube gets a hold of Hunter and says, listen, we're going to have to do it now. You know, we have a chance. She hasn't done this. She doesn't even know about it yet. And then Hunter's like, okay, we're going to kill Wonder Woman. I don't think Cruz, the twins, Serenity, I don't think they're going to be with them. I think no. there is no way because Cruz is having so much of a good time now and so happy that I think that she's going to say, no, let's just let this play out. Hopefully, you know, I, I I pray that we can change it a different way. I don't think Cruz will be like, OK, we'll do this. I can't be a part of something that my parents will hate me for. Well, hate him. It, it, you don't even know that if they kill Wonder Woman right now that they'll ever be born then. Yeah. They, they may – they don't know. They may disappear like that hokey disappearing thing. But yeah, that would change the future. I think that those others are really liking being with their parents who they really never got to know too much and are alive in this point and would center on the let's do the right thing, but let's do it a different way. Let's try to do this. Hunter, why don't you try – to you know, and I think at the end it'll be that instead of killing Wonder Woman, Hunter will go to Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman will realize, you know, no, I can't let this happen, and then it'll all happen anyway. That they'll be disappeared and never, you know, you know what I mean. Better the not. whole paradox of the thing. I, I yeah, want Vincent point, Infinity Core to come out of nowhere and freaking and just take them rip. and like and yeah. like somehow make go, take, go inside the building with the freaking Forever Stones and somehow make their timeline like work with this. Like uh, even though that future doesn't that, exist, yeah, yeah. they are now they are now stuck to this time. In this yeah. reality, so they are a part yeah, of it. I know you I want like that them. to somehow happen. Yeah, because this is where Wonder Woman is in the the Watchtower. She's talking to Genie, and this is where Genie keeps you mentioning Batman, Boy, and she Jim. just goes, "Yes, yeah, Wonder Boy." We were talking about it today, but she does go back to the Kindred and wants to hear what they said. And they did say, "You will have a part to play, but it is not now, not here, not today. You know who we are. Soon, you will know who you are." And when we had this, and she even before that, you do not understand yourself and your place in this when we had this unfortunately or fortunately whatever your you know deal yeah. is it was during the greg rocket deal and we really everybody centered and on oh my god it's all the truth it's all the truth it's all the truth so everything you would see with this you were like okay they're just playing off this guy yeah, we thought greg it was rocket bullshit shit. this was we're like fuck you you know we had enough of this 
even at the point though, and maybe in it this, was, and he's retroactively making maybe, it into something but different. even in and this, cool. what's weird in this is that he even goes a little bit further to kind of say, "I have learned. I learned that much I thought was true about myself was a lie." Okay, then continues. This is, now more than ever, even without my lasso, I can feel the truth of things, and I'll tell you <sighs> that explains a lot I know. of what's going on in this book. Going on in the Wonder Woman book now, it we really does. I know like, we hate the lasso it. on, and like, yes. oh, I can sense the truth. That yes. was in, I was in, it was in Justice League. Too. Yeah, like, it was in this. Why the fuck is she doing that? So but we really like, hated and... that. But I still at least do hate he, that. <laughs> at least he's explaining it. Before we thought it was just what the fuck are you? You don't even know what you're doing. It's explained a little, so you yeah. can still hate it. But at least he's recognized that he did that, and it's going. But yeah, she realizes I'm the one who does it. When she thinks about the fear thing, what went on in Midway City, and she's like, you know what? I when and even when she felt that portal open when the kids came out, she's like, I, I sense something from that other the future, and it was that same feeling that I had with the fear deal and all this. I think I'm the one who they're going to fight. I think I'm the one who's going to fucking bring the whole world down. And that's where you have Cube has he's heard this. He's looking into the Watch Sharks. He's, he's, de- he's synced up with everything in the world yeah, right now. And he's yeah. pretty much, in my mind, watching Wonder Woman from the, fr- the foundry of Metropolis. Yeah, and, because yeah. they do have this secret plan in their minds. And it's like, you, you know what? You know, it's going down. And then that's where Hunter's like, Cube, are you sure? And then, yep. She's sure. I was connected to watch how I heard everything she said. What do you think it means? And then Hunter's like, it means there's still a chance to save our future. We have to kill Wonder Woman. Now, again, it's not his future he's going to save because if she dies, he's gone. You know, if that's the way time travel and this would work, his mom is gone. So is he. So he is really doing, again, what Superman kind of claimed he wouldn't do. Like, I can't let people die or kill people because he is – this is pretty much the hero's choice. If this is how to save the future, Hunter is pretty, pretty much – it's a suicide mission for him if yeah. he kills Wonder Woman. And, you know, that's you know that's a hero, but it's fucked up. But I, I do like it, and we'll see how it goes. But And as again, you know, Clark was telling him about the whole thing with the Kindred. Like, you know, we, we one person died, which is still nonsense to me, but like – yeah. Know, we we found a way to stop them without you know kill, having people die and shit like that. Like yeah. you should have let them die if we could finish the job completely, so billions could have lived. And this yeah, the whole and, and argument they, they, they had. Even then, I I kind of like okay, I'm just gonna go. It's like you let the kindred sing. I'm like, please don't ruin this, please. I, you know, I'm yeah. liking your story here. Please I, don't bring up shit. But I'm telling you, that, you right when that shit happened, they start talking I'm like, okay, the story's going downhill in my mind. This is yeah, where yeah. I stopped having fun. And yeah, I'm like, but nope. it, it, you have to go on. But I I do like I said, I think that Cruz is still gonna be fun. I think that she's gonna be like, we can't let you know, we can't let them die because these are our parents. And it, it, you know, I didn't think, and they'll say we agreed before we. Came and then she'll say stuff like, yeah, but now that I'm with my parents, all this shit. So we'll have yeah. to see. We'll so have to see. Freaking I Cruise give, versus Wonder Boy. Yeah. I give it an 8.5. I really like it. I really do. Bad News Cruise. Well, I like the art. I didn't like Liver Lips uh, Superman, I but I did Clark like the art in general. Thing, but yeah, I didn't mind the art. Here's the thing. Are you with Clark. me that the Justice League even, you can say, yeah, the kids, though, are great. It's oh, almost she. like Fernando Passer, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing these kids. These are my designs, and I'm really going to kick ass with them because I love all of them. I think that they look great. So what would you give it? I would give it a 7 out of 10 because yeah. I'm telling you, this is still, I think, the weakest part of the story in my mind, except, even though there was a lot for me to love with the whole kids, like like Man. the whole Barry Allen, Jessica Cruz, and the kids thing at Barry's house, apartment. 
best part of the book. I, it was yeah. just so much fun. I love Hunter Prince, and I, I don't want him to turn evil, which I don't think he will. But, you know, he'll be swayed back to good or whatever his ideas yeah. are now. It's just once we get to the seriousness and the whole, like, the whole idea that freaking Hunter is this troubled kid that Clark wants to, like, I don't think John should hang out with him. Like, yeah, he's almost got saying, yeah. Aspect, I'm like, you're taking the fun of the story. And the whole idea that, you know, you say it's like you you, you appreciate it because Brian Hitch is tying up his things. Yeah, yeah. The whole he idea how to. connected everything is, I think, is a hindrance to the story. And it takes away because now while we want to, fe- like, you know, feature these kids and what's going on in their future, now we have to bog the story down with stuff that's co- – like everything that's gone down in the past – has to be forced into here. I'm like, it just takes away from the story in my mind. So I still like this arc. It's still Brian Hitch's best arc by far. This issue is yeah. a little down for me. I mean, there, just there's only of all the forced yeah. nature of the project itself. There's still three really issues left. That. That's all there's left. Three, yep. three more issues of this. So things have to get tied up, and even to the point where we still have, you know, Cyborg Aquaman running around yeah. at at some point. We still have Batman's Batman bleeding out. Man. So you would expect that a big part of the next issue will be that. So I think that he wants to tie up everything. I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to spoil ahead because I have looked up some of the, uh, the solicits. Yeah. It's not like they they they're not 100 no. percent accurate things, but yeah, shit even gets even more crazy. So I, I do appreciate. That at the end, maybe he'll have tied everything up it's to a that, point where, because if he doesn't, and then you have the next, or, you know, the person, because they haven't announced who's coming on next. He ends right. up finishing this. I believe he has one issue of a tie-in into Metal, and then nothing else is announced. Oh, no, there is. There's something announced after that, which might also be uh, another Metal tie-in that he's doing. Uh, yeah, that's what it seems. So he's doing his thing. Then he has two issues. That's a metal tie-in. Then you get a new creative team, and you'll have people. If he doesn't tie it up, I know that me and you won't care if they never get back to shit. But people will be like, will. "Hey," but I think they will because that's what they'll be like. This is bullshit. When are they going to tie up this stuff? It just ended up. People get pissed off, and then it's just that it's like just you know, got to tie up. We're we're on the final arc now, and he's freaking coming out. He's, he's leaving strong. This is the best thing he's done by far. And like, if we would have left everything he did in the past, in the past, because we hated all of that stuff, and we yeah. just focused on this new story and this new story alone, I think it would have been worked out so Maybe. much better. Wait, uh, well, we'll never know. I just think he wants to tie up all his loose ends for when he leaves, and oh, then I got we you. will. And again, if all of a sudden the the kindred show up and start punching people and stuff, then that's a little nonsense. But to, that they let a you know a little hint to Wonder Woman and they bring it up here, I'm fine with that. That that actually ends up being okay for me. But we'll see how it goes. But we're gonna go off to some mail and back with some more books. It is the best podcast of week, even the gym. All right, Eric, we're going to read some mail with Eric. And we're going right. to start mail section number three with Luke Hollywood going up the charts with number one with a bullet. 
What's going on, Luke Hollywood? Hollywood still kid. one of my still one of my favorite names of all time. Good old Luke. Luke says, "What's up?" And I even I love the name Luke. And it's not Luke Skywalker. I think a Luke. Why are you naming Duke. your kids Luke then? Yeah, because my wife gets involved. She fucking I don't know what she does. She has some black magic where I sit there and I'm like, you know what name I like, Luke? Like and then somehow we we called our son Zach, and I think I came up with it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, Ethan was supposed to be Evan. Before I knew it, he's Ethan. I, it's too late. It's you just don't know late. how to spell. Yeah. And then after Ethan, I ended up pretty much being told that, that my uh, I didn't count. My opinion no longer counted, and all I got to do was pick middle names from then on out. I, awesome. I'm surprised I even they have my last name, and I'm, that doesn't mean I'm throwing shade. <laughs> my wife or anything I could know. I'm surprised she didn't go back to her maiden name just to stick it to me. But no, yeah, she's a hyphen it now. Even you know, we have uh, Rafe and it's Rafe Ewan Werner. So I I picked Ewan. Named after Bobby like. Ewan? No, you win. You oh. win. Like I say he says like somebody says, You wanna go to the buffet? You win? Uh, yeah, I'm in. That's like all I Ewan say. McGregor? And then uh uh, Logan Avery. I, I came up with Avery. So there you go. I like the name Avery. Avery. Logan. Logan's nonsense. Nonsense. He's down to sleep right now, so I can say that. Everybody's no, out. No, he's awake and crying to himself. No, now. everybody's sleeping right now except Rafe. I went down between our uh, in our breaks, and he's down there, and he's looking up when Taco Bell is open till tonight. So that shows you. And what, what time we are. is it? Because I want to know. It says it. They say two a.m. All right. So I'm in. I am in, Eric. <laughs> Better go you know. Think outside the bun as soon as we're done. With you this. in? Yeah, I'm in. Luke says. What up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, and everybody else in the Fresh Cup Pro? Poo, poo, poo. That Fresh Cup Pro. Little did Wrong Turn know that he had set a trend. I, I said actually that fucking Wrong Turn. The one day, and this is no joke. The girl who works with him says to me the one day that oh man, Wrong Turn. You know, that's not what she said, but his real name, Wrong Turn. Is such a jerk, and I hate him, and you know he thinks everybody. That. It's things like that, and I said, I just at some point I have to tell him how many people love him. Like, <laughs> to me, he needs to know this, but it, it'll blow his mind. He won't know what I'm no, because saying. Because he doesn't understand numbers, so he'll have I no know. idea. I know. Yeah. Yeah, he sits there and he weighs himself, and he, he weighs himself. He's like, oh, man, I'm 210 pounds. And then fucking 10 minutes later, he weighs himself. He's like, oh, right, I lost 15 pounds. I'm now 230. I don't know what's going on. Until that scale actually talks to him, it will never know no, what the real thing I, he is. No, will still not understand if it talks to him. No, nope. I, I, I talk to him. He doesn't understand a goddamn thing I say. Love it. This is what at work what happens is he'll he'll say to us, you know what? I'm gonna get, when he's telling me the one day I'm gonna get a tattoo that's a shark's head on a on a wolf. And oh, I talked about this before. It. And then Eric will say, listen, I don't think you should get that because what happens is wrong turn. When you get older, you're gonna look back at this. And really regret getting that because it doesn't mean anything to you. Try to get a tattoo that means something because then at least 30 years from now when you still are looking at it every day, you're going to be like, okay, that means something to me. So he looks at you at this goddamn cross eyes. He goes oh off. My God. The next day or two days later, he comes up to us and he's like, you know, and then I'm there because I swear to God, I want to be the reason he gets this shark to the goddamn wolf tattoo. I need to see this. So I say to him, hey. You make your appointment, you get in that shark wolf tattoo, and he goes, 
No, I was talking to my brother-in-law, and he said that what I should do is get a tattoo that means something because in 30 years, I'm going to look at it every day, and it's not going to mean something, so I'm not going to do it. And you get so angry, and this happens over and over. The thing is, I'm over. telling you, in, in his mind, I might as well be his mother, his You're brother, his mother and his brother-in-law, and his brother-in-law. all the advice that they supposedly give him is the advice that yeah, I and gave it's him always, the day and, before. And, and the problem is, is when you're giving the advice the day before, he's fighting tooth and nail against it so you'll say he'll go i'm gonna buy a new vapor uh, it's gonna be three hundred dollars and then you'll say come on it's not three hundred dollars number one yes it is no it isn't yes it is no it isn't you're like, it, that doesn't matter you don't need a new one you have two so you have two why buy it i money's is money's no you don't need two just you know you don't need any more just go with what you have next day he comes in and then goes – he fights you but then comes in the next day. Yeah, my mom said that, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be that expensive or expensive as he says. It shouldn't be that expensive, and I don't really need more than two. And you get – you're about to blow. I see you over oh, and then I – and then there's me. Huh, your mom told you that, did you? Your mom's a wise woman, that woman uh-huh. is. You know, she is a saint, and you're bad. You, you sit there, and I hear you slamming shit all over the place, and then you come and say, I told you that. It wasn't your goddamn mom. It was me. And then he looks at you cross-eyed, and now the next argument starts. And I'm waiting for the next day him to come in and go, you know what? My mom was arguing about not arguing with her and talking. to. It's all going to wrap around and fucking implode. I'm telling hey. you, I, I'm not a violent person, but I think I am going to be arrested for murder at work one day. You may, because that it's him and the boss's son. You, oh, you want to kill, kill both. both you want to kill both of them. And I just giggle. And I don't have a violent bone in my body, but when I get to work, these fucking cocksuckers, oh my God. Yeah. What the I fuck just, is wrong with them? I giggle the whole time and then yell for them to come over and, and bother you. That's all I do. Hey, I know. hey wrong turn. What's going on? Come on over here. Come on over here, or or anytime he'll come up to me and like, yeah, he claimed that he ran because he wants to exercise. He lives on the property of our work, pretty much, and uh, he wants to exercise. So the one and Eric, all you do is try to catch him in lies, which is not that hard. I don't. Try. You, you don't need a bear trap to catch this guy because he's there, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm going to lose weight because last night I ran around the building, you know, a the factory. I ran around yeah. it a bunch of times." And you're like, "Really?" So how long was that? How long? Uh, my my girl, she timed me. It took me 18 seconds. Now, I'm telling you, I used to think I was a fast fella back in the day. No oh, yeah. way am I running around this building at any point in my life in 18 seconds. So then we're like, you're, you're a goddamn liar. So he's talking about this. In the meantime, I have him run from where we're talking at our section of the warehouse to the back of the warehouse, touch the back. fucking yeah. thing and come back, which is nowhere near around the building. And he does that. That took him like a minute fucking huffing and puffing so then you realize this guy of anything that he is proud of or doesn't want to get fucked up it's his shoes it's his new white sneakers and his white sneakers around the building it's very high grass they haven't really maintained it very well you know it's okay but there's grass he'd have grass stains on his shoes so now you're like Fuck, and it, it's like you had an epiphany. You're like oh, fucking yeah, like Destro. Yeah, you're like Destro in the goddamn Speed day, Force. Was, like, you know, cleaning his shoes at work, yeah. and it was just yeah. fucking making me furious. And he's going on in the story, and all of a sudden I see him cleaning his shoes again. I'm like, 
That lion piece of shit. Yep, you're like, he would have at least stains, and there's no way he's running around. He's told us that the biggest problem he has with these shoes, he doesn't have what what Logan likes to call his beater pair. He yeah, does not. Shoes. He told us he does not have play shoes. He has his shoes, so when he goes home, he takes off his shoes, or if he has to, but he's really worried about them. If he ran around, so you go in, you think that you've caught him. And you oh, go yeah. and you're like, you didn't run around the I've building. First off, 18 seconds. And then he claims, oh, that's because my girl used my phone. My phone's fucked up. No, no. A no, timer is a timer, my friend. So you say to him, there's no way. And then he goes, oh, I ran around in my socks. And the problem also is is that in very large stretches, there, there's rocks everywhere. Yeah, and a he's long a pussy. stretch of rocks. Which it's I'm telling you, I take nonsense. break in the back every fucking day, and it took me till that lunch where I'm sitting at the back picnic table, you, just yeah. sitting there contemplating life as I do at lunchtime, and I look to my right and just see the whole stretch of rocks, which I see every day, and I'm like, that lion <laughs> piece of you, shit. It, it's your fucking Batman. You're the world's greatest detective, though it's it's wrong turn who's the yeah. Riddler. Riddle, it'll me this, oh, he'd God. say. <laughs> What's It'll big this. and blue and does a, a flip? What? A shark? That's all. It won't make any sense. It, it's him. He's, it's wrong term. But yeah, him and his goddamn nonsense and lies. But yeah, I don't you, know why he's you, always lying to me. And, and you're done with him, you said. You, you have completely, you're, you're done with him. But I, I, I still call him over. I still like to call him over. Jim and Eric, I finally got my shit together. It took me long enough, but I finally got my ring, my finger out of my ass and Is slapped down Hollywood? some. Yes, this is Luke okay, Hollywood. I forgot all about he it. says, I finally got my finger out of my ass and slapped down some dollar bills on Patreon for my favorite troublemakers from Quakertown. And I Sweet. thank you for that. I felt thank it you. wouldn't be fair to email you guys without showing my support, like I was cheating on a faithful lover. But now that I am an official member of the Get Fresh crew, boop, boop, and that's the thing. He always was. It yeah. doesn't matter the deal. I have officially passed the test. Now I'm no Rockefeller, so I couldn't hit that badass level just yet. But as a wise man once said, Monies is monies, <laughs> and I'm just glad to show my support in what little way I can, and uh, we appreciate that. Plus, the early access to the New 52 podcast alone makes it all worth it, as every episode is a gift. I also managed to finally catch up on my books, so no more month delays for me. I actually blitzed through all of August's books this week, as it was only a measly annuals week, but that also meant binge listening to a month's worth of the podcast. There's only so much nonsense one man can take, he says. Seriously, though, keep doing what you're doing my comic reading wouldn't be half as much fun without you guys and when it comes to the shit books like supergirl and jla your pain is our pleasure p.s it's sunday night now he did send it last week and i was like oh man you were a day late so i, yeah. I was afraid that he listened to last week's episode and think that i forgot his so i did tell him he said, so I don't know if this will get into your guys, to you guys in time. If not, Jim, you can just take this mail and sit it like fine wine till next week. Then it'll be even sweeter. <laughs> and he says, your boy from Lick Slip and XOXOXO. Then the next one is another you, guy who we haven't heard from on the podcast a lot. I see him a lot and talk to him a lot in the uh, on Twitter mainly, but it's Matches. Matches belongs. says, hey, oh. Jim, it's Matches. Haven't been around Twitter or the matches? Slack chat because life sucks and I have to work. This week, I've been working overnight, so I've been able to catch up on the podcast. I'm currently on episode 136, so I'm not too far off. Just heard about your new laptop and how you don't like to spend money on yourself. I completely relate to you. Last year, I started a small YouTube channel to show off cool DC Comics merchandise. It wasn't anything great, but I really love doing those stupid videos. Long story short, my crappy store 
store, bought computer, died on me. I got a new job so that I can buy a proper computer, but I always put my family first. So to this day, I haven't bought a new PC. I've been able to help out with the bills around the house and help my mom and sister get out of debt, so I don't feel totally bad, and that's awesome. But the funny thing is I've spent over uh, $1,000 on my little brother's gaming setup. Ha ha, talk about fuck my life. This little asshole suckered me out of a new laptop, monitor, keyboard, mouse, and a ton of Steam games almost every weekend. Right now he's convincing me of getting him a new gamer gaming router, a desk, and a chair. And to be honest, I'll probably end up buying it for him. LOL. Don't really know why I'm writing this to you. I just find it funny that I don't like spending on me, but I bend over backwards for my little brother. That's kind of what I do. Though I'm cheap all around. But you, yeah, little brother. If I'm going to know, I'm saying for my kids. Ethan was talking about in the one break, he was talking about getting a video capture card for his YouTube channel. And he's giving me. He's, it's something so then he can end up like playing retro games and stuff uh, on the computer monitor and actually capturing the video and stuff for YouTube videos. Okay. But he's telling me about this. He's all excited about it. So, Anyways, uh, but he actually worked today and he's working tomorrow and that money will be out of his pocket within two seconds. He cannot save money. Anyways, love the podcast. Gets me through my work and keeps me up at night, although I'd be lying to you if I pay attention to the whole thing since I have a short attention span. So do I. And I'm too mm-hmm. late easy to rewind the best is listen to us at slow speed and it sounds like me and eric are drunk that'll get your attention remember how much we laughed at that we just started so listening good. to that the entire like every ride home we just listen to us we slowed down to us slowed, and it, it sounds like we're two guys who are at at like a, uh, the end of a party loving each other too because like Hey, Eric. Oh, it's so good. Listen, Listen here, Jimmy here. boy. Love you guys. I promise I'll be a Patreon badass one day when I have some cash in my pocket and more time to hear all the Patreon exclusive podcasts. I think what you have to do is tell your little brother to get a job. This is what yeah. you need to do. Anyways, keep doing what you're doing, you son of a bitch. And see you in seven. <laughs> P.S. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And thanks, Matches. We haven't heard from him in a while. So yeah, I love hearing from people. And that is the end of mail section number three. And we're going to go off, I believe, at this point to talk to Reginald, is what I would guess, right? I could you with me? Reginald, but we'll see. So close, no matter how far. come straight from the heart.
yes. Yeah. How you doing, Reggie? How you doing? How you that's doing? The, that's the only Reggie intro because my name is mentioned. That is well, true. Well, Reggie. There, but <laughs> there. then again, hey, hey, my hey. family is not on the podcast there, Reggie. Well, you can uh, use you either one, then. It'd be better, though, if they mentioned Gollin Gabernick. That, that would hey. be good. I'd like that. Hey, yeah. Gollin Gabernick. Hey, that Gollin Gabernick. <laughs> here we are. We're here with Reggie, uh, with me and Eric. You have one book. You have one book this week yeah. uh, with the three of us, though. Reggie, me and you are going to be doing a secret special book, uh, just the two of us. And obviously, you have the young you animal dumb stuff. Bastards. You have the young animal stuff with Chris. That's right. Uh, so it's not the only thing, but it's going to be probably the only song we're going to get if, in fact, you have a song for it. Tell me right now, is there a song? There is a song. There is a song. I'm going to yeah. say. Although I got to say, I'm kind of reusing a song I did once Ooh. before. This is I bullshit. I want to say something that it would be a song that would have something to do with make believe. Maybe am I on to something? I don't, I, I don't think so. No. No. Okay. Would it be something about? Could it be like uh, when the walls come tumbling down by uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, uh, almost alluding to the fourth wall? Would that be a good one? Would you like no, that? I, no, one? I didn't. I didn't go that way. I, I didn't <sighs> do that one. God. Damn it. Is it something that the last time you did, uh, I liked the song and I was going to sing backup? Is that possible? Uh, that's probably I, possible. I'm not sure you do feel that yeah. way. Yeah. Me, me, me. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. I think I'm going to do it shit. this time. I'm going to go for it this time. This one, even Eric might want to join in. Eric it, might it, join it, in. It's one we can all sing along. It's not about, do you believe in right magic? Is that, is, that, is that the one? Do you believe in magic? No, no. Is that it? It's not. It's, is it uh, uh, Hell is for Children by Pat Benatar? Is that possible? I would, would like to sing that. With that, how about that? Uh, you want to do that song? Just I am the warrior by Scandal. Just sing Pat Benatar songs. I'd be cool with that. Hell is for Children. I don't even remember. <laughs> I would want to do. Goes. We could do the Keenan Kong "We Belong" thing. That could we, be could do that. we could do that. We could do that. Maybe Benatar. that would be good. It would be maybe. a lot better, better than this fucking issue of hit Harley me with your best shot again. I'm trying to get out of talking about this. This this yeah. this week is another one of these garbage weeks. I have to say, uh, a couple books I like, but boy, usually at least when you show up, Reggie, I can enjoy your company. But when you bring yeah. this garbage book with you, I can't even enjoy that. It's like you've come to the potluck Look dinner. What you did Reggie? You came to the potluck dinner and you brought baked beans. You know, I, I like baked beans. Hey, you don't need or that at the like potluck dinner. It's like I came dinner. to the potluck dinner and I brought my trash. Yeah, and I was like, here, really? here's a bag That's of my trash. Did. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Look what I ate last week. Yeah, I'm like, right? here. And I'm like, hey, anybody want to take Reggie's trash home with you because nobody touched it? But yeah, That's the worst. You ever go to a potluck dinner or any sort of thing like that? Yeah, I say potluck dinner. That That's nonsense. But any sort of party and you bring, a a, you bring an appetizer or something to a party and nobody eats it. Does that get you sad? Has that ever happened that's to you? I've it's, never brought food to a party, so I've really? never had to worry about that. You yeah, I'm a horrible a person. Bitch. Not yeah. even like a bag of Doritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know, I might that. bring that, but who the okay. fuck isn't going to eat a bag of Doritos? Some people I definitely, don't. I definitely don't show up with the weird chips. I'm not like, oh, have some, uh, you know, clam chips. Wasabi chips know. here. Yeah. I ended up going to a party once. It was a Super Bowl party, and I went and I make these things that me and my kids call cowboy beans. They're called they pizza are, bagels? Th- th- no, no. They're, these are beans that in- include, like, it, it takes a while to make these things. It's crazy. And I made them, and my kids love them. So we we're like, okay, this is this is a gimme. And I went, and I just sat there the whole time, and nobody touched these beans. And it made me, I almost cried. 
I was so upset. I'm like, and then I got mad, and then I got mad at everyone, and I I pictured. And then me. you ate an entire tray of cowboy beans. I did. Beans no, we went something. home and we ate them, and and I took them home then, and also I envisioned me slicing everyone's throat at the Super Bowl party, that's and nice. I was angry, and I well, was that's angry. Got- that's kind of like the cookie day at work. The first yeah. you know, year that I worked at our work, we have cookie day every year where everybody brings in cookies for this one day. You have an extended yep. break and stuff like that. Everybody has a good time. It's around Christmas time. And I was a 19-year-old kid. I like you know I didn't I, I just moved out on my own. I did not bake a lot of things, so I brought a freaking thing of Chips Ahoy and a thing of Oreos, and people laughed at me and didn't touch them. So I'm like, fuck you. I'm never bringing anything again, you bunch of cunts. What yeah, the fuck yeah. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't touch Oreos and Chips Ahoy? What the hell's yeah, wrong because with Because the, these people are fancy. At least you know and, what you know. they're getting, right? Here's you the thing, though. You know, you know what's you in have there. at this point, most of the people, I believe, when he was where at that point, may have been most of the Pennsylvania Dutch people working at that point. They mm. get all fancy with their cookies, the big fat asses. They don't want no Oreos yeah. and they, the Chips Ahoy. Well, but the problem is, I put the effort out there. Yeah, well, Eric tells it. me the story. So when we do, he basically not only does not bring in cookies anymore, but does not participate in the whole day. So we all run in. This is how lowly our life is at our work, <laughs> is they have a day where we get to have cookies and yeah. people lose their fucking minds. I yeah. go in. I told you that we've talked about this before. This is where I go in. And grab plates for Eric and then run out, but then I eat most of it myself anyway. But the thing is, when I go in, Eric has told me the story, and now I get pissed because when I go in, they're like, oh, what, Eric's too good for us or something? And I get mad at people who weren't even there at this point. I start yelling at them. You know what? He brought in fucking cookies before, you fucking pieces of shit. And they're like, there's nobody. But there's nobody still working from that point, really, and I'm yelling at them. Two or three. Yeah, but not a lot. But they're yeah, a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's just nonsense. And this cookie day is is complete and utter nonsense. But yeah, I always like I I like to use Eric as an excuse when I'm yelling like, oh, these other three plates that that's for Eric, that big fat ass. And then See, I, I imagine I imagine that's all distraction for you to load up on sleeve cookies. Is that right? Oh yeah, we well that's that's Thanksgiving and and, and Christmas. <laughs> where no, there is nothing you have not lived until you've had sleeve potato salad. You you really <laughs> have not world. lived. Yeah, I love. I you His just have to. Is wet the rest of the afternoon. Oh, and, and so it's gross. disgusting. It starts yeah, stinking. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Like sleeve, uh, fucking, you know, deviled eggs. That I don't oh. suggest that to the timid and or the weak sleeve, at heart. Sleeve baked beans. Yeah, sleeve baked beans. Oh. I'll do it. I I am a king of the sleeve, sleeve food. Sleeve cake's yeah. good. I, I'm telling you, I just all I do this for, and I legitimately He's a just mess everybody. Just imagine me putting my hand into the potato salad and then pulling my sleeve over it because there, there's no plate. It's oh, just God. me with a handful of potato salad. Oh God, I didn't Only, know that. Really doesn't wash it up. No, and the problem is. Worse. All it is is to get a reaction from Eric because I'm like, hey Eric, you I want some? Boom, and I, they, my hands come out, potato salad, and then he's like, ugh, he's almost about to throw up. And then I have to go, then I have to start eating it to make him so Aww. weirded out. So I'm like, and it has fucking, because I usually wear like these uh, pullovers. They're not more, they're more like, uh, they have fabric and stuff. So the, the potato salad now has, has blue yarn in it and shit like nice. that. Uh, I'm fucking eating it. Floss my teeth when I like to imagine like you that. wear a lot of hockey jerseys. No, no. I actually, I don't even. No, no. I do I just not. Like, just a lot of pullovers. What am I, Kevin Smith? 
I, I, like I wear that. Just you no. hockey jersey, some shorts you wash in the shower. That would be good. But no, no I usually I have like two or three uh, pullovers that I really like. One of them is an Eagles pullover, and that has been stolen. And I am in. Uh, I'm not in a good mood about that. Stolen? I, I, yeah, I think my son. No, no, no. At home, oh. I think my son Ethan stole it and gave it to somebody. It's missing. I actually had it, put it out on my bed, went into the shower, came back out, gone. And then no, well, it's gone. It's still gone. What Ethan is up to, I yeah. mean, anyone who – all the Get Fresh crew can do this. Just watch his YouTube channel. He's, let, he's letting all the family secrets loose, folks. I'm <laughs> did telling you, he's, he's did you hear, the house upside down on that thing. And did you hear the one where Tanya was screaming for the cats? And, and yeah. Ethan yeah. called her and, – and I think Ethan uh, labeled that crazy. one crazy like, bitch. Crazy mom, no, crazy yeah, crazy mom. mom. I didn't realize yeah. he was uploading all these videos already. I oh yeah, on this. yeah, oh yeah. He, he's. I told him. I actually, hopefully, he's been upping the ante because the one time he was doing one at like three a.m. and and I, I watch a little of it. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna go to this place. And I'm like, listen, Ethan, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little hint here. You, you got to spice it up a little. And he's like, well, what am I gonna talk about? I said, first off, you're doing this shit at three. I will lose my fucking mind if I know you're up at three playing that. I said, right there. Go with that from now on because if you're playing at 3 a.m. and me and your mom catch you, you are fucking dead. So, you know, and stuff. And then I said, also, yeah, and I told him, talk about how you're failing every goddamn class at school. Eh, People will be amused, but yeah. Uh, We've we've ditched the subject for a while. Let's talk. I want to hear this song. We're talking about Harley. Let's go. Let's go, Reggie. Number 27, written by Frank Thierry, art by Eleonora Carlini, and hi fi. This issue is fucking bullshit. This issue is fucking bullshit. This issue is fucking bullshit. And a bunch of crap, too. (laughs) That's it. I was hoping it would continue. This, it is. I thought thought about doing another verse, but I'll be honest. This book doesn't deserve it. This book should never have been published. Second verse, same as the first. Second (laughs) first, same as the first. This book is bullshit. It's it's nonsense. And and I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, This is one of those where... You know, it's not an annual. Maybe it should have been. Maybe it was going to be a story in an annual at one point. Maybe it was going to be a fill-in at one point Maybe as it well. Have it shouldn't have been anything. It's obviously there to give, uh, you know, uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti yeah. not only a rest, but next week we have this 25th anniversary issue, which I think they have major points in it. So I do think at one point they needed some time to work on that. Where uh, also. We just had the Harley number 25 in this run. This yeah. run is not like so important. Yeah, like this, yeah, this this yeah. run of Harley is not that important that you couldn't have taken that issue and in a meta thing having the 25th anniversary also be the 25th issue in this run of Rebirth and just get it all the fuck over with because now we're going to be dealing with this issue, which is nonsense, which is Frank Thierry. And Eleanor Carlini, and I, I like the art. But next week, me and Reggie are going to be talking about Harley again. Okay, Nonsense. Another oversized one, too. Like, and, and it's funny, too, because at one point in this issue, because Harley is basically, she breaks the fourth wall. She's going all this, and she says, listen, DC. She calls up DC and says, listen, I'm the, I'm the woman who makes the most money other than the Batmans. Uh, you know what? Yeah, maybe about four, maybe about three years ago there. Uh, I, uh, I you was going to say, I bet this story was written about a year and a half, yeah, two years that ago. Would, that would have made sense then. With. 
because like we would say certification thing that was a whole yeah. like bigger thing like about a year and a half two years yeah. ago yeah the, the roller derby was a bigger thing two years ago the whole idea uh, they bring up the hipsters yeah, yeah, yeah and the hipsters, which we I, were I talking about, me and Eric. Eric you yeah, know well, yeah we were talking about that. I was thinking that the whole time. Like, here they go, throwing my goddamn face <laughs> yeah, really. again. I say yeah. one thing. So funny. Yeah. I, I actually used Harley as the way to show that Eric should know the hipsters. But uh, yeah. even then, you have – and you had Frank Thierry involved with the Gang of Harleys, which is pointed Ooh. out now. Nobody reading Rebirth or joining in with Rebirth probably even knows what they're talking about. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, a pre-Rebirth thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's before. This is all before. I'm surprised that Power Girl doesn't show up and talk about yeah. teaming up against Sportsmaster. <laughs> uh, because it, yeah, this is nonsense because you start off again. I do like the art. I really do. And, uh, uh, no, I the art is not the problem with this yeah. book. I don't, no. I don't really love the art. There are yeah. parts of it I think it look weird, but overall, I, I it's okay. You know, if this was okay. a good story, I like I'd be giving it good points. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're roller derbying. Uh, Harley pretty much almost kills or kills somebody. They're like, listen, if you keep doing this, we're not going to have anybody to fight against and, and play roller derby with. And then out of nowhere, they're like, up. Oh, I guess this is over anyway, because you know everything's shutting down. Coney Island is going to be fucking. You know, uh, what is it? Eminent domain and they yeah, just taken over by eminent domain. Yeah, is- yeah. I thought Eminent Domain just had to do with freaking like you know like uh, wildlife and protection and I shit like know. that. No, no, that's what that's when the government takes over your your area. Now, to be honest, Coney Island could, is nonsense that, for that. That could happen. I mean, technically, what the story is, becomes about later on is about Penguin wanting to set up a iceberg casino at Coney Island, and that's the yeah. what they're using Eminent Domain for. Technically, that wouldn't be for – eminent domain is to build, like, freeways. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it would you know, be something that's a government-sanctioned uh, government thing. My, yeah. my whole background on eminent domain is from Tremors 3 where they had the great mm. white graboid and the freaking eminent domain was there to freaking say, you can't build here because we have the last graboid here. You can't you can't build, buddy. Yeah, I think I think uh, maybe people writing Tremors 3 hadn't researched eminent domain. <laughs> <laughs> Took me that long. Well, apparently, I didn't either. <laughs> and you know what I that's like fun. about Tremors? Those, those grabbers. Eric, the, the grabbers. grabbers. <laughs> I was saying well, the other day. I love the part in this issue where the giant worms burst through the ground and ate Harley. Remember that? Yeah, that, that would I have been good. That, that would have been nice. My my favorite thing at work is to just say things about horror movies and, and get them completely wrong and just watch Eric just fucking his blood boil, even though it, it should be nothing because I don't know anything about these things. But, yeah, the other day I was talking about, you know, and that Tremors, those grabbers, and he's like, they're graboids. He kept saying it. He cannot go with me just saying that as a joke without him, you know, correcting me. That son of a you're bitch. T- you're taking uh... – uh, what's the right wrong turns bit here? You know, I am. Let, let, let that guy do the role. You know, she's, yeah, right, he's yeah, the, wrong, the problem is wrong turn would never even know that he watched Tremors. There is no way wrong turn. I'm gonna go just... as Tremors. Is... Hey, I was watching this thing with the worms, and they're there with the sharks with the the head of a, a lion. And that was him, and that's him talking about back to school with Rodney Dangerfield, Reggie. So oh, there yeah, you go. The but yeah, all this good, whole thing where you you have that they're going to have an Iceberg Lounge casino in, in fucking Coney Island. So Harley has to go and talk to uh, freaking Penguin. The Penguin, and, yeah. And they bring up – they do bring up that you know fetish superhero club type thing, but that's so quick that that could have been added in very easily that's, if it was written before. Was which I totally up. forgot about. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it, it, there was definitely touch-ups to the story, yeah. and, and at the end, I think he like 
We'll get there, I guess. Yeah, well, even then, he's, he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, Harley, you know, join me for dinner. I'm having my lobster. And then she gets the lobster, gets pissed off, and then shoves the goddamn lobster claw in his goddamn crotch and then goes, it's just nonsense. It's you know, complete utter I nonsense. I think that's what they're implying because in the two panels later, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they, they had to go, you have to go all the way. If you're going to do this, you got to show yeah. the claw clamping on the guy's. Oh, yeah, have it clamping jump, on you know, his nutsack. And it doesn't. They kind of pulled back at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. It is, then, it is yeah. a teen comic it's just or whatever nonsense. the hell it is. But then you have, you have uh, Penguin going then, and he's going to have a big presentation. Hey, everybody, look at this. The Iceberg Lounge in Coney Island. Here you go. The new Coney Island Casino. And they're like, boo, you know, and Harley sprays them with, with mustard. And, like, you're not going to get to do this, you know. We have everybody here. We have the hipsters, the freaks, the hookers. And then it was actually the only laugh I got. Was when like huh, the hookers haven't figured out yet that they'll actually make more money with the casino. <laughs> but let's keep that on the QT, okay? I actually thought that was very very funny. That's about it though. That is all that I. Because then out of nowhere you got baseball players that I, I don't even know what's going on. The coasters that they, they they were in some Harley. Yeah, but why are thing? they there in the- uniform? Oh, no. There's the no those. reason. What what did they just cancel the game and they just showed up in uniform? It's nonsense. I would. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, I would too, maybe. But yeah, maybe no, they're part of. Just... You know, you ever see the movie The Warriors? Maybe they're yeah, part of it. Of course, maybe I saw the movie game. The Warriors. I was talking yeah. to Jim about it this week. We were. Ethan, he wondered if my kids would like that. Ethan watched it. He did like it. I'm not a huge fan. I've no? I've said this to Eric before. No, I, I think it's very dated. It's, the, it's, it's the actually, vandalism, right? That's the that's, it you is. Know I, I'm not. I don't go that route. <laughs> you know what? People's property should be their property. You don't. You can't deface it. But then, as the, they go the on, biggest prob- the biggest problem with that movie, because I don't want to talk about Harley anymore, yeah. is that you have the warriors who are your protagonists of the film, and they're still all about rape. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is the harsh realities of you know New York City living in the late seventies. Yeah. yeah, gang life is not is not a beautiful thing. It's I just think scrabble, it's dated. Maybe. But then again, rape is pretty much universal, right? (laughs) Rape is timeless, they say. Uh, But no, at this point, then Penguin gets hit by the bat, and then he's like, or he's about to, and it gets stopped by his big giant mutant penguins. Who, who just start beating this up I people? I didn't. It just gets nonsense. He got them from Star Labs. It just gets nonsense. Yeah, I you mean, see, he got them from Star Labs. At, really. at this point, I, I, you know, I'm not taking anything in this story at many more than face value. I liked when they got into the rides. That yeah, well, that, I'm telling you, it's just riding nonsense. the cyclone. It was ridiculous. Yep, but these big. They're nonsense. pretty much this fucking book is yeah. over the top bullshit now, and I don't yeah. know what happened yeah. to it because it used yeah. to be fun. I think too much of a like a good thing is just too much. Yeah, you know, no, you I, I think that they, I think that at the end when we do get to it, and they kind of explain, you know, what Palmiotti and Connor, though it's Frank Thierry, but I think in general it should be at the end Harley saying, you know what, guys. Uh, I've been in these specials. I've kind of done this. I really don't have anything else to say. You know, as a character, as <laughs> I am end. Harley, sayonara, and I'm out and just walks Smell out. Smell you later, bitches. Yeah, I really <laughs> think that we have been just – we've been oversaturated with Harley, and you, there's just not anything for her to do anymore that's going to do anything. And you had this thing. This is what gets me the most mad because as we're going on, Harley has to figure out what's going with the penguin and kind of have him stop. So she gets Psy – Cyborgman to make a hologram oh, of Joker that goes and threatens the I penguin. Hated Peng- this so yeah, much. and Penguin I hated gets it. rid of this. Penguin gets rid of the whole. You know, okay, what casino, Joker? Sorry, man. I, oh my God, hey. 
You're going to go all the way down, all the way to Chinatown, capiche? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Joker, I understand. And then they're leaving, and you find out it's like that. But the problem is then it all goes with Harley being pissed off and calling up DC and saying, listen, what the fuck is going on? You know, where's – get me Palmiotti and Connor. And to me, we have had this Harley universe set up. Where we have let everything kind of slide. Even the the continuity kid over there, he's been like, okay, you know what? I can deal. It's Harley continuity, whatever. This has has made it a joke. And I know that that sounds funny. That sounds stupid of me to say that about a Harley book. But if you're going to go this far... Fucking end it. You, you can't do this yeah. now. Now it means this, nothing. This really is this. I really did take this issue as a slap in the face to long time. Yeah, Harley that's what I'm saying. You've made it now along, nothing. And, and, and even even if you are just, you know, faking the funk, you don't come out and out say it. That's like when you yeah. kill a character, then someone says like, but we know he'll be back in six yeah. months. It's like, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to say it. That's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, that would be like, you know, Batman. Somebody dies. Uh, oh, man, Batman, they're dead. I didn't see the body. Wink, wink. Exactly. And then you'd be no, like, fuck you. Like, there's no stakes anymore. There's yeah. nothing to it. So at any point now, you know, anything that happens, all we're going to say is, eh, who cares? This is bullshit because this yeah. is what it makes it. It makes it complete bullshit, though it's a book that's based on that. So it, it's kind of weird to say it. Like I said, it does sound odd or goofy to say it, but you have pretty much made your book inconsequential you know throughout the last four or five months this book really did have its own tight internal continuity it was it was goofy as hell yeah but they really kept things tight the characters were developing remember red tool is a character that went from being a a parody yeah we love them like wow we actually enjoyed that's the other thing it's weird like he's nowhere to be found here He's nowhere uh, yeah, to be well, found. He didn't exist that's weird. This was written for that's sure, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's what's weird about it. Or he did, but he wasn't anything that meant anything. So they didn't they go. Hadn't decided to use because him really, yet. even when Eric at the beginning was reviewing it, you had Cyborgman. That was one oh, of yeah. the cool characters at the very beginning, and you know this stuff. But yeah, once you you not just break the wall. With, you know, Harley going, hey, folks, you know, this is way beyond that. This is way beyond that whole deal, what they do. Hit that wall that, with the fucking sledgehammer. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it puts your face right into it, especially people who would be reading it. And I say that, I guarantee you, I'll hear some people or read up, up, you know, a review and they'll be like, oh, it's so hilarious. It's so meta at the end and how they do this and whatever. No, it, it's not because the, we have gone with this and let Harley have a pretty well wide berth with continuity and a wide berth of what we thought was funny I mean, and all this. I mean, this is just Looney Tunes now. Yeah, now, it is. Why don't you now just it's nonsense. Off panel it's and nonsense. grab a fucking stick of dynamite, put it in Penguin's yeah. mouth, yeah. blow it have up, him blow have like up, and then and you know, then you have him have Mammy, and that'll be it. That's and have Penguin like up in the air, suspended. He's not going until he looks. The minute he looks down and sees that he's in the air, then he realize, then he falls. Just have that. Just yeah, have, that. have the Joker come over and say, "I say, I say, I, I say, I say, I say, son." That's the joke. Close the casino, Penguin. Ah, I say, son. Jim Warner's gonna hate me. Uh, or, you know, have an elevator go down at the last second. They get out of the elevator so they're not hurt because they only there fell two Ta-da. inches. That's my favorite gag ever. Uh, yeah, it's nonsense. Well, you know, what else is there to say? What, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, the issue infuriated me. Like you say with, about the art. I say, uh, I, I say! Don't, <laughs> I don't really like it. They're, they're like certain, just really little, like little nitpicks about faces at certain points. Overall, though, it is fine. It definitely is well executed and everything looks pretty good. So I really can't be angry at that. But 
the story was is absolute and total bullshit. Yeah. Not even just for a fill in, but it, I really took it like I took offense to it, you know, as someone that has read every issue now for yeah. a really long time. Uh, on the site, I gave it a three out of ten, but here for the podcast, I am giving this an official fuck you five. Yeah, I'm going with your three out of ten. And even that, <laughs> you, you have where Harley had all these specials, and they kind of have backed off from there. But you have this villain, you, you pretty much you would guess. Now, again, you, you're uh, you're saying that maybe this was written years ago, so it wouldn't have been the fact that they're like, hey, write this for this time or whatever. But yeah. you have September, it's just started. You have a la- You could have had a Labor Day fucking thing. You could have had something to deal with Coney Island having something going on for Labor Day or a back to school day. You have a bunch of things where you do, it's a fill-in issue, but at least just have a fill-in issue where, or you have Harley start, because the next thing is she's going to be running for mayor and all this nonsense. Have something where that starts. You know, you you don't have that Frank Thierry. Of course course we wanted that. That was the Yeah, and you don't need Frank Thierry to do so much. I'll I'll be honest, Jim, the way this this book's been going and the way the solicits have been so fucking way off since yeah. like February. I don't think they they were able to plan. That's what I'm saying. Nothing's planned. That's why like, I, I this, think this that they fucked up it up. They were just like we got to jam something in there real fast, and they did jam it, it hard. Jam it, jam hard. it in hard. Heard it real fast. hard. Yeah, I'm looking. What about at, that um, cover, guys? What about the cover? You love the cover of this issue? I I, I know that I thought I liked the variant. Uh, no, no, I don't like. No, it. the variant was all right, but I like the variant. Obviously, yeah, that watercolor cover. That, I think that's is that Hope Larson. I can't remember. Yeah, I, uh, I know she could do better, but that shit looks like something from you know sixth grade. Give me yeah, a break. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. At it's least so... it looks it looks so bad that people might know to stay away from the comic because they're like, yeah, wow, man. this looks like it's, fucking it's shit. Just, it's just complete and utter nonsense. But yeah, what are, what are you giving it there? I'm giving a fuck you five because where oh. I don't mind the art. Uh, the whole idea at the end where they call up DC and Palmiotti, it just makes this whole entire issue not worth reading in general. And the thing is, if you would have gotten rid of that, they even gave up earlier because you could have had this decent story where Harley does have to take on the Penguin for this whole territory of rights to the freaking, you know, zoning. And if he can build this goddamn, you know, casino and tear everything else down. As soon as you add in mutant fucking Penguin monsters that are riding rides and just Star eating Labs, people. Star I'm just saying, they're eating people. How how is this okay? How is yeah. this okay? You you already gave up on the story before you gave up on the story. So New it's York a is a, five. Is a loose town. New York is yeah, a loose town. That's why I don't go anywhere. I, I'll be honest. You know what really pissed me off more though than anything was the Joker hologram. I thought that was such a fucking lazy thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I stopped caring at that point. You know, I mean, you, you could have had a guy dressed up as the. I mean, I didn't even like the whole Joker angle. I thought it was just a really bullshit way to get out of that. Yeah, situation. It's all bullshit, Reggie. And, and, and it's funny too it's because then dream. then they have to kind of tie it in because again, who knows when this was written? Like, who? I guess he doesn't realize that we're on the outs. You know, shit like right, that. Right. It's just nonsense. Which nonsense. one of the three jokers is this hologram? Nonsense. But we're gonna go off now uh, for me and Reggie to talk about a super secret book. Ooh, dummies! All right, we're back. Eric hey. has gone. Bye. Bye. Bye, Eric. Uh, this so long, is Eric. the mystery book we were talking about. I don't think I ever said what book it was, so the mystery no. is revealed. I don't even know what it is yet. I can't wait to find uh, out. Here we go, Reggie. I hope that you read it. It is Dastardly <laughs> and Muttley number one. And, uh, yeah, th- this thing kind of popped up out of nowhere. I know that, you know, we had heard about it before. I, w- books like this, they kind of end up, I push them aside. We have so many other books to do. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, because of that, maybe I'm just a dummy, 
But when I heard, oh, Desley Muttley number one, and it throws me off because this number one does not necessarily mean it would continue. We've had these one shots, sure. all those Jack Kirby one shots are number ones. We know we're not getting a number two and, usually. And the Looney Tunes were one shots, yeah. remember? It, it those drives were all me one nuts. Shots in June, well, so. Yeah. Why do they, I guess they put that number one just to, to have the number one on the cover so people buy it because yep. everybody wants to grab a number one. But it drives me nuts because there are people still probably sitting out there waiting for the Batman Elmer Fudd number two, which we yeah. may get eventually. That one, maybe one or two of those will end up, you know, in two years having but, another one. But you're one, not but, getting a Bugs Bunny Legion of Superheroes number no. two. I'm pretty and, sure And what cracks that. me up is a lot of times with the reviewers, they're like, this is good setup. I can't wait for next issue. Wow. Oh, <laughs> like, man. you dummies. You big dummies. And, and that dummy is Jim Warner. I don't know. I, I've never I, – I have seen that before, though. But this is a number one, and it continues. And that's what shocked me. I, I didn't know that Dastardly and Muttley was going to be a miniseries, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But I'll tell you, at least it's just six issues. They kind of spelled it out because those Hanna-Barbera books that came out, it, it was kind of up in the air. You didn't know how long. Scooby Apocalypse is still coming out. You That's know, right. these things are still going. But... Whereas I think Wacky Raceland is done. Like they, yes. they did finish some of them, but the, some of them they've continued. But, yeah. you know, Garth Ennis, who wrote this, he's kind of the king of, at least at DC, of the six-issue mini. You notice that? Yeah. It's always, yep, he is. He always just cranks out these six-issue things. Yeah. So and and he's, he's good at it. I mm-hmm. think that he is a guy, because when we go into this, uh, after I read my blurb, I almost did a song, and I'll tell you what song I was going to do. I was going <laughs> to honor you with a song, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. And it's not Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. That was oh. my original thought, but I, I went uh, for a deep cut. But with, with this, with Garth Ennis, I, I trust him from what we've got in all these uh, you know, minis that he does, that he knows the pacing of it. So even coming out of this at the end, we'll probably be saying... It is a little more of a subtle start for a mm-hmm. book like this, but I think that he has his story well, you know, he has it laid out, and he's like, okay, the pacing's going to be this, this, and this. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's not really in your face right away. It kind of, you know, may even some consider dragging along, but we'll, we'll talk about it. It's written by, and it's Desley and Mutley, number one, written by Garth Ennis, art by Morissette. Which yeah. me and you are both fans of. Uh, John mm-hmm. Calise and Rob Steen. After the hit and miss Hanna-Barbera books, including the awful miss that was Racky, Wacky Raceland, which <laughs> that was the worst piece of crap book. It was, so, yeah. you know, That and Vigilante may have been one of, <laughs> some of the worst books we've ever had. I was at least, they, at least they cut Vigilante off at the knees. Yeah, though, you yeah. Know, well, Ra- Wacky Raceland, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you go back and look up the reviews, I only did a couple, and I bailed. I said, I am done. I hate this book. It's terrible. And if you go and look at my first review, and I think that in the end, when that was over, most people now consider that a piece of garbage, right? I don't see many people going and saying that Wacky Raceline was a great book. A lot of people, but if you go back to my first review and look at the comments that I, I'm fighting with people, yeah, and people finally, I, that book. oh so my god, I'm fighting. It was a genius book. It was insane. Yeah. And then I said, uh, you know, I think the second issue where they still kept arguing with me, I said, by the end, you'll see, uh, I'll be right. But you can go on and read your goddamn book that you like. Uh, the problem was that was like my book, the Hanna Barbera books, where we're giving them out, and I'm like, I'll take Wacky Race. <laughs> 
Yeah. God, I picked the, the short straw on that one. It was bad. Uh, Never Garth volunteer. Ennis, that's what they no. say in the Army. Yeah, that is true. Garth Ennis. I felt like it was one of those, like, anybody who wants to do Wacky Raceland, step forward, and all you motherfuckers step one step back. <laughs> <laughs> that old yeah. trope and made me look exactly. like a jerk. Garth Ennis yeah. has arrived to give us a better dastardly and muttly, maybe. The first issue of this mini-series is all set up, and while I like what he is doing, it's still too early to say if I'm fully on board. The art and story is enough for those who are curious about it, but I can't outright recommend it to anyone who goes in skeptical. And, yeah, I don't think this is going to sell great or whatever, but if you are interested, if you like those Hanna-Barbera books, if you're if you want, if you a Garth Ennis fan and you want to go in, uh, there's enough here, I think, to get people involved, especially the art. The art is great. I, I love Morissette's art, yeah, and here really it's really good. really stepped it up good. a lot here. Uh, you know, I mean, we've always liked him, but I think maybe on other books he had to keep on that monthly grind, and you saw a little bit of fraying at the edges with the a little the art was a little looser, I thought. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it is really tight. There are some yeah. great scenes right from the beginning. You see this like Middle Eastern city, and yeah. it just looks terrific. And, yeah, uh, it does. You know, there's the explosion. All the faces look great. They're all very yeah, they, do. Uh, they all look uniform. Great. You know what I mean? They are they're consistent throughout. Uh, I think he he the art would be one of the biggest things to praise about the issue you know yeah. and not to put down the story but the story is more or less just kind of there but the art really carries a yeah, lot of and, what's going where, on and where you get it it's funny because when it starts off it starts off in, in the middle east they're going and they have you know there's a middle eastern country talking about having an atomic reactor there you know you mean unlikistan yeah unlikistan <laughs> yes unlikistan <laughs> yeah. uh, you know king ohak ohak harim mm-hmm. uh, i said if if you have, you know, kind of the, you know, you don't like a lot of, you know, I don't know. This is, it, it gets to be a bit racist. It, it a little, really, a little it, bit. it definitely, is. Definitely stands on the side of the stereotype. No, I'm telling you, if you're one of those guys who, you know, consider yourself open-minded and don't like other th- cultures being disparaged, you may... He may have a problem with this actually yeah, at the beginning, yeah. and and it is played almost at the end, played off as them being kind of retarded, even because you know basically, and but it it's full out cartoony thing though because you yeah. have this quote unquote you know it's in the Middle East but it's this unlikistan so you could go with that and where it is is there's a reporter like hey you know you you guys you have this atomic reactor what's going on and this king's like oh you know get the scientist in here you know press the button show her what it's like guy presses the wrong button and blows up the whole goddamn country so uh-huh. it, it's, it is very very cartoony like a Looney Tunes type cartoon even uh, the, the thing that gets me though you never see these people. This is just a scene of, you know, you have the cityscape and the, the word bubbles up there as a goddamn buzzard's flying around. So, you know, you could even take that as an, a, you know, a foreshadowing. Oh, shit. Right. Shit's going to go wrong. But yeah, it blows and the up buzzard the eats it on that, on that spread, though. You see yeah, on, the, yeah. on the right side. I love yep, that. His eyes done. are all coming out. It looks awesome. Yep. Yeah, and, and basically there is a nuclear explosion. Now, five days later, they have a, you know, the U.S. has sent a reconnaissance plane in to that area. You know, it's it's a nuclear wasteland, they say. But the real reason is, is because they had already sent a drone in to check out what's going on. And if this drone gets in the wrong hands, if they see that they've been doing stuff, and that's where you meet Dick Dastardly, which is Colonel uh, Archerly. Yeah, and also, Richard, Richard Atcherly. Yeah, Actually, 
and Captain Muller, who's Mutt, and they're in a, you know, they're in like what an F nineteen, whatever. I don't know planes. Some sort of a some sort of an Air Force. Yeah, jet. some I'm sort of Air Force jet. And, going. Mutt, and Mutt has brought his dog. Yes, Mutt has brought his dog, and that is not right with with Dick. He does not like that. And I love when these things, and it even had it the most in, I think, that Elmer Fudd Batman. I love when an artist, and Morissette does this here, you have Dick Dasterly, so you have to have him look like Dick Dasterly for the few of us, Reggie, me and you, who know what Dick Dasterly even looks like. And I like where you see. You see that that is Dick Dasterly, but it isn't Dick Dasterly yet. You know what I mean? It it is cool the way it is where you're like, okay, I get it. That's all you have to see. I know that that's him. It's true. He's got got like a super ridiculous grin. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the face. And then he's got that laugh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. And there's Mutt with the dog, which obviously is Muttley, him combining whatever. And they're going – and it, it, it goes on and on, though. This is the part this where... This is the part that drags. Yeah. Yes, it really drags. And, and Garth Ennis really, to me, wants you to see that at this point at least, and, and going forward possibly, is that Dick Dashley is a guy who follows rules. He's mm. a guy who's very meticulous in how he does things. He doesn't like things being different. He doesn't like to go against what you're supposed to do because with this dog and the fighter... He's pissed. He's like, listen, Mutt, you, you can't have your dog in here. Now, you would guess to, you know, I would guess that a, a thing like this, a, you know, Air Force doing this may be, mm-hmm. may cost $5 million. I, I mean, to fly this jet into this area, do all this stuff. He is willing to just turn around. At this one point, they're there. It, yeah. Yes, we're scrapping the mission. You have a dog in here. We're going to get in trouble. Shit's going to go wrong. You can't have a dog in the, in the plane. Uh, we're going to go. But really, this is like, you know, four pages of this going on and yeah, on. Yeah, it well, goes on too long. It does. I, I mean, it's also it's also like character work if you don't yeah, know their is. relationship. But I, I think it is yes. too long. It well, yeah, and also you get shorter. that whole thing because, uh, you know, as a thing at the end, Mutt and the they kind of fuse. It seems to become Muttley, the human dog, uh, at the very end. And this is the thing. You have Dastardly and Muttley. You do not get Muttley until pretty much the last page. That That is the cliffhanger. Yep. And I do think you're right, though. It does set up the kind of like, you know, Dastardly being the guy who's in charge and, and always pissed off at Muttley and things mm-hmm. like that. And Muttley ending up... Being a guy who's a jokester, likes to laugh, you know, things like that. So that that is okay. It just goes on a little bit. But then the drone comes up. They spot the drone, which makes no sense. And even Dastardly's like, you know, Dick's saying, this, this can't be. That drone can't be flying. It this should be out days. of gas yeah, by now. it should now, be out yeah. of gas. It should have crashed. And as it goes by, it's spitting out the cartoony exhaust, uh, you know, crazy colors, uh, you know, emojis and yeah, symbols. Chinese and the, characters. Chinese like characters, lightning. Skulls. Yeah, it, like it's the classic. To me, it reminded me a lot of if you have a Looney Tunes character cursing right, is exactly. what that seems to be. And I think that this is like type of the quote unquote that is the curse that they're going to get because this smoke goes. They just go by. And as the smoke goes, as they're continuing figuring out what's going on, the, the plane loses power. It, it's falling and they're yelling at each other. You have the dog barking and, and, and Dix just keeps like, shut up that dog, you know, get him. But in the meantime, all of the instruments and things are now starting to turn into 
cartoony things where he has yeah. the throttle stick. It turns into like a almost like a clown car steering wheel with that. Yeah. Rah, rah, you know, a little Aruga horn. Yeah. On the a side little the horn back. there, and it's going, and and you know, all of a sudden, uh, Mutt in the back, who he seems to be like navigation and, and stuff like that. His eyes come out like, and yeah. that was a little more gruesome than an actually to me. I thought it would have been better with the Ooga eyes where they get really big and fly back in. Like, maybe, yeah. uh, or maybe even stay like that because obviously he's supposed yes. to be under some distress. But yeah, this was a little gross. It was almost it Beetlejuice was. level gross. Yeah, I it was. It actually was very Beetlejuice thing. Like Again, I, th- I expected the big eyes. Like If they kept it like that, would have been cool. But yeah, he's going. But in the meantime, he's he can still see. He grabs them and puts them the, you know, near the sockets to see. They're trying to figure out I don't think it works like do. that, by the way, people. Don't no, take I don't either. out of their sockets and I don't. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I don't believe so. It's going down, and they end up, you know, he presses the big, beautiful, shiny red button on the control panel. Muttley does, or Mutt. And they do eject, and as they eject, you know they're they're going, and they they look like they're going to end up in a you know it's stress. This is a country now that is completely irradiated. They are yeah. they're probably going to die, and Dick wakes up in the hospital, and he doesn't know what the hell is going on. He's trying to figure out what's going on. The doctors are there. They won't tell him anything. They're in. He's in Germany. He's in an Air Force base, you know, mm-hmm. U.S. Air Force base in Germany. Doesn't know what's going on, and then you get the Men in Black come in uh, they're actually in brown but they, you know they they come in yeah, it looks the like agents, they would be, the agency yeah, comes in yeah the agency I, comes in and starts you know hey you know i'd like i'd advise you to answer these questions colonel you know actually you're in a lot of trouble and he's just desperately he's like you know and again i keep saying desperately he's not dastardly yet but dick keep you know what's going on tell me where i am where's mutt i want to know what's happening is he alive or whatever and they have these agents just hey do you know this drone he's like what do you mean yeah that's war pig one it was called we, we went we tried to get it we went of course we crashed how did i live and they just keep asking him questions but again it's it's very drawn out. It, it really is of, you know, hey, uh, there's no answers. They're, they're not giving you any answers. But as it goes on, these agents start arguing. They mention that this drone actually passed over their car. They do acknowledge mm-hmm. this crazy cartoony smoke came in. Uh, but the one starts acting like Elmer Fudd. He starts acting like he wants yeah. to know where Bugs Bunny is, kind of, and it gets a little crazy. Yeah, uh, he wants to go. He wants the Acme catalog. I mean, yeah, he it wants really the gets Acme catalog. And so they're showing. I guess obviously that this makes you cartoony. This is like yes, the cartoony. All the, yeah, this this po- gas makes you cartoony. And yeah, with this. Even he wants the Acme kettle. He's like, "Listen, you're not going to trick me by putting birdseed under a, you know, a boulder and stuff like that." And it, but it's not, it's not over the top. It's just weird no. the, the way it is. And I like it, it. Again, this scene goes just goes, a couple of pages yeah, too it long. It does. It just goes uh, on. You know, a I mean, too I understand long. it's supposed to. This scene is here, and it's again, it's sort of more character work, and it's also sort of filling in. A little bit for us, but not enough yeah. for us to yeah, there's not you know, a lot. solve the mystery. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it goes a little too long. It does. And, it, like, again, it's one of those where I can't say that you're going to read this. Like, I'm trying to think of any of those, you know, even the Looney Tunes books or the Hanna-Barbera where you'd have some scenes where you'd actually laugh and chuckle. I mean, one of them was, uh, I guess it would have been that Elmer Fudd. Uh, the Elmer Fudd Batman one when we saw all the different characters in the bar and we're like, oh my yeah. god, that's supposed to be that guy and, and we got a chuckle. We actually really liked that issue. Yep. This, there's not one part where I was like, ha, 
You know, that's that's cool or that's funny. It just kind of happens. And the, this agent just ca- keeps mentioning freaking, you know, Looney Tunes stuff, which yep. is kind of odd anyway. But, yeah, it's it seems that this cloud, this gas, is turning everything that it gets around cartoony because these agents end up leaving. And they're like, you know, even that, it's like, you know, that's all, folks. And the, yeah. the one guy, the After one agent. these messages. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The one guy, uh, it's a black guy and a white guy. The black guy doesn't seem to have been affected. And he's just like, let's get, you know, let's get out of here, Agent Perkins. We got to get. And he starts pretty much going insane by the end where he has to get taken out. Uh, but, yeah, they t- they leave. They leave uh, Dick there by himself. And then you see somebody in the shadows in a flight suit. So you expect, OK, that's Mutt at this point, which was a guy who was with his dog. But he's like, listen, uh, you know, Dick. And I'm going to turn on the lights. You know, you're in the dark here. This is later on, it seems, at night. And he snuck in. He's like, I broke in the window. I'm here to get you out. But when I turn on these lights, you can't scream. You, you can't react. Just don't do it. Please, please promise me. He's, I promise. I promise. Okay, just don't freak out. Turns on the lights. He, he's Muttley, the half-dog, half-man yep. uh, guy. And the art is great. It, and yeah. I'm telling you, this uh, I got close to laughing at. Only because he's told Dick, listen, don't freak out. Don't go. And when he turns on, like, Dick freaks out completely. And, and Muttley turns to the camera. <laughs> he turns to us. So much for that idea. And the yeah. expression that Morissette puts on Muttley, uh, to me, is hilarious. It's but, yeah. great. He really, really gives him good. Even even the way Dick Dashley looks, too. He's so, oh, yeah. like, climbing on the curtain. Oh, yeah. He's you know, climbing like, up the curtain, really, ripping the curtain off. It's great. It is it, a good scene. It is, is a good really, payoff. Really but the only problem being... You see Muttley on the cover, you know, yeah, and he's like, and, 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 and pretty and much, it's called you know Dastardly reading, and Muttley, you, you know. You know you're reading, you know they're flying over a nuclear zone. I didn't know, yeah. you know, obviously until we got to it, I didn't know about the drone with the cartoon gas. No, no, the, no, but it. yeah. You, you but can, I knew yeah. they were going to fuse somehow. Yeah. Like, we knew what was going to happen. I actually uh, just, thought, I actually did, I thought that it was just going to be Muttley was going to get irradiated and turn, you know, the fusing maybe was, you know, a little bit more than, but really, yeah. like you said. I was not expecting that there wouldn't be the minute that he's, you know, the flight suit and he's in the shadows, you know, don't freak out. And it really, again, it goes probably a panel or two too long where he's just like, listen, don't freak out. I'm going to tell you this. Don't freak out. And like you said, you're sitting there like we know you're Muttley. Just turn on the goddamn fucking lights. We know it. We know what's going to happen. And then it happens. But again, I kind of give Garth Ennis a little bit of credit here just because he is kind of laying out a story. It's not really like, in, like I said, it's not in your face gags yet. But, you know, I don't know how it's going to go as we go forward with this cartoony thing. Also, we, we know I, he can be funny. I mean, there's yeah, no question oh, yeah. about that. So I guess maybe now that he got it ramped up, we see the, the characters we can yeah. get going. Yeah. The other thing get that gets me, though, is like, here's the thing. You have you had Dastardly and Muttley in that awful, wacky race line. When I go in, I... It, I kind of know what this book is going to be about. They're going to have races, and whoever wins gets a prize. You know, I don't Ooh, know, know, know what this is about. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll I don't know if Dastardly and Muttley now are going to try to save the world from becoming cartoony. Are they going to go with it and do something? Are they going to end up? I expect at one point as a thing that at least one scene they're going to end up in some sort of race. 
<laughs> that'll be the I joke, and then they'll so, get yeah. yeah. Subway. But I don't one, know. one issue will be dedicated to a race. Somewhere. I would, I yeah. would think so. But even then, the real mystery here is the War Pig One drone, though. Really, yes. we want to know and, and what is, is that, that what, about? Why does that yeah. exist? And are they gonna? Is that gonna be where it goes forward? Is them trying to figure out and take out that drone? Because yeah. I, I don't know. Muttley seems like you know maybe it, the whole thing. It was stress while they were crashing that Mutt was yelling, I have a family, I have a wife and kids, da da So maybe that'll be the, the push of trying to get him oh, back to being be, his dog and guy. It's going to be another dog welder thing that's going to make us yeah. all sad. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what's <laughs> going to go on because after one issue, I don't really get a concept of what this book's focus is yet. Yeah. So. Which but might be I, a good thing. It, it leaves it open to being yeah. really good or really or, shitty. Or, or really we'll just, yeah. But, but I would say we, we'll continue doing it. It's good enough that I, I sure. enjoy it. And I was actually surprised I enjoyed it as much as I did. I really thought that this was going to be nonsense. But just to tell you, if I was reviewing it, Jeremy reviewed it on the site. If you want to go read his review, he liked it a lot. He gave it an 8.5. I'm not as high as yeah, that because high. I don't really know exactly what's going on. But it's a, it's a 7.5 to me. Uh, you know, seven at the at the least, which to me that's an easy you know buy if you're interested because the art I think itself I would go is seven not. with it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I I would go seven seven five, but the art to me really pushes it over the top. I really like the art a lot. Uh, it's a shame though because there really isn't except the end with Muttley. There isn't really like that one panel that you'd be like, man, they could he could sign that at a you know at a conference and you know at a comic con or something. It really doesn't have that one really full out like cool ass panel. Yeah. It's just the whole art's great. It just it, each. I, each I might have him great. sign the uh, that first spread with the Would nuclear you? explosion, but I yeah, don't that know. that it's, explosion is great. It really is, good. and even but the yeah, colors I and mean, the art, the art is, is just solid throughout. Yeah, uh, I would just say like. This is not the book to draw you into these characters. No. If you don't know who they are, then you can keep going on in your life without knowing who they are. Yeah. This isn't going to be the thing. No. But if you think nope. it'll be a good little, yeah. I don't know, fun little. So I jolt, said, if you're curious about it, pick it up. It's not bad. Look, what is it? It's three bucks, right? Or yeah, it... yeah. I think it's I think it's three ninety nine. I'm going to the front. All Usually right. these are three. So you know, you you got to throw that in as well. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Our our uh, review copies don't have <laughs> they don't have a, a price on here, price so I don't know now. So, but I'm expecting it's three ninety nine the way they see. run these. Now, I'm looking at that explosion. It does have a lot of uh, Kirby dots in that explosion. That looks you like good. that? Look that crackle, yeah. huh? I'm telling you, well, once that crackle was pointed out to me, I'm like, I can't escape that fucking crackle. Like, I do like, like a it though. Comic book shorthand. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm you know at four dollars, you you got to be curious to go. Don't just grab it. And say you know I'll, I'll get it just to get it uh but if you're curious about it or like some of those the money, i recommend you try to get the liam sharp variant cover which was fucking awesome did, yeah, you, did you see the, this one with, with it's Muttley. like a realistic mutley yeah i love it it, it was, was that cool. one of your covers of the week did you put that yeah, or did you it, okay. yeah it's good I, I think it was my number one it was up it yeah, was it's really good i like it a lot. i like that smiley that's on yep. the, the hounds of war jacket but yeah, yeah. It, it's good enough but now we're gonna go off to your young animals books with Chris. You had two this week, right? I have two, including what is the likely the conclusion yeah. of Shade the Changing uh, yeah, Girl. Yeah, Shade the well. Changing Girl. It's crazy that they really haven't said anything about that, right? That you can only say it's likely the conclusion. Did it seem like a conclusion when you read it? No, it, it, it does, but it leaves it open for more really? adventures, you know? Yeah, it we'll definitely. See. And they, they keep saying hiatus, hiatus, but. And actually, I saw online the. Uh, the artist Marley Zarconi was drawing some new okay. shade shit. So I guess really? 
So There's maybe it will happen. I I don't know. Do you think that they might have November, a? Right? I, I heard some like ramblings that they would have like a young animal event that it was going to be like a you know almost like a a young animal yeah. all the books and one thing going and some nonsense. It's crossover supposed to happen. Yeah. I believe in December, January. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how that's going to work. I have no yeah. real concept on it, so now, we'll see. Now, you, you have always told me that and I should read Doom Patrol. Way, you always tell me, up. and you know, you guys will be talking about it. But just in general, do you has it maintained the quality? Because I know when you start out, you, you got to read it. You, you know, you should check it out. Would you still Sh- say Save that? the Changing Girl is probably the most solid of all the books in really? the Animal. And Chris do, and I have Doom really Patrol? enjoyed the hell out of it. Has it, Doom it took Patrol fallen a little? Because it's got a lot of concepts in it that really w- could be kind of grating, but it's just really? a cool story. It's very psychedelic, cool. believe me. It's, it's cool. an esoteric weirdo book. Don't get me That's, wrong. This is not it's a, a Reggie this book. It's not is what you Lanterns, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> it was really well done. Really, That's really cool. consistent throughout. What about Doom throughout. Patrol? Is Doom uh, you, Patrol you, you begin to really know and like some of the characters really? and then understand other characters. You know, it, it, it was a, it's a great book, I'm telling you. It's going to be a good trade to get. That's cool. You're avoiding my doom. Is Doom Patrol? Would oh. I still be enjoying it? I'm I'm still enjoying it, but okay. it's not as consistent as Shade. Really? Yeah, I'll that that was what some people were saying because when that first six issues came out, like people were telling you all the time that you know I I got it because you said it was good, Reggie, and boy, it's kick ass, and I haven't heard anything. I guess the delays and stuff. It's the delays are the killing hype it. Out too. Doom Patrol will be another one that is a lot better to read and trade, and I tell people. Even though it probably it might kill the singles, don't waste your time. Don't yeah, don't bother wait. chasing the singles. Just wait for that trade. It'll yeah, be a lot better. Especially with the delays, it's crazy. It but, kills you. But we're gonna go off to your books, and then we'll be back uh, with some mail after that. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. To the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast, where Chris and Reggie, I'm saying your name mm-hmm. this time, Chris, because uh, I think I figured it out. And mm-hmm. we have two Young Animal books for you this week, if you can believe it or not. And one of them is a the end to the series, uh, as far as we're concerned, right? Because. Well, let's be optimistic here. It, uh, there's a good chance. No, no, there isn't. There, we don't, Not, we, it's we don't probably. Think you'll ever. You, you might see it, but it'll be so far. You might down see the, the line. character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might see the character. We're talking obviously about Shade the Change of Girl number twelve. That's uh, then after this it goes on hiatus, which we don't think is going to be uh, brief or you mm. know possibly limited. But uh, first we're going to talk about Doom Patrol number eight, written by Gerard Way, art by Nick Darrington, Tom Fowler, and Tamra Bonvillain. This opens up down at the Weird Office. It's like a big warehouse or just a giant space, really. Uh, full of filing cabinets, all set up into rows, making aisles, and uh, they're stacked four high, and on top of them seems to be long boxes of comic books. Hmm. Uh, and in each cabinet is a, a, like an immortal dreaming humanoid, or at least in one of them there's one of these, in like a pink vinyl wrap. 
Yeah, it's like it's in a morgue drawer, but it's a it's a almost like a like a a fleshy mummy or something. It's yeah, weird. it's this comic just makes you have to say the strangest things, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, it's like some <laughs> mummified thing inside of a it's a morgue drawer, but it, it definitely set up like a office filing cabinet. Yeah, and uh, something some kind of fluid or something's being extracted from each through all different tubes, and these tubes are feeding up to the long boxes. It looks like through the long boxes into the ceiling. That really is the best way I can describe this. I, think. <laughs> I, I don't know if that creates a good visual picture. Uh, anyway, the place is being attended to by a couple of office guys in short sleeve collared shirts and ties looking like, you know, typical IT department. Mm. The name, name badges on, on their uh, pockets and stuff. And uh, what they're doing looks really boring and rote. But we assume it has a larger esoteric meaning, right? Yeah, we assume so. We're just uh, we're just not sure exactly what. Uh, yeah. Like like we mentioned, it might be comic long boxes on top. It might be something totally different. So we don't know. Yeah. Uh, now, meanwhile, in Danny Land, Keeg, the negative entity, is doing science because he does science. <laughs> uh, specifically, he's fixing it so that the duplicate denizens of Danny Lands from alternate timelines do not negate each other when they interact, which is a uh, Something you'll probably want to read issue six for yeah. if you want uh, if you want that explained any better. Uh, now this does create problems because not everyone in Dannyland has a duplicate. A lot of them were uh, killed, remember? For the a lot of uh, them were ground yeah. up into meat. Yeah. Yes, uh, the two that we're looking at right now, for instance, uh, they share a wife and a child. Uh, Keeg suggests that they divide their responsibilities. Um, now, while Keeg does his thing, Larry slumbers. He is sleeping on the couch the entire time, uh, constantly repeating his lifetime in his dreams. If you remember, he gets he experiences an entire lifetime while the uh, negative entity is doing its thing. Yeah. So it's just happening repeatedly now, though. It's kind of yeah. Crazy. I don't know if it's a, is it the same story he sees or is it a different story he sees. I, I'm getting the impression right. He says in here that it's it's happening repeatedly. So it's I guess it's just like, maybe it is the same. Yeah. Maybe it's like every ten minutes you get a new one. I have no idea how it works. <laughs> Now, uh, Keeg tells Crazy Jane that she's also clear of the influence of Dr. Harrison, uh, and that's the person who created that crazy personality cult, again, from issue number six. So yeah. if you want that explained, you can listen to our issue six episode or go grab the book. Yeah, the issue six episode, by the way, from back in May. So this is <laughs> this is sort of why I think we're getting a lot of this expositional catch-up here. Uh, you know, it was sort of complex, but not. But actually, all the things, those two things are pretty much totally explained in issue number six. Yes. Uh, now back to the real world. Casey finds her cat Lotion on the doorstep, but now but don't forget Lotion is an anthropomorphic shoegazing punk rocker in a hoodie. Uh, he even kicks a garbage can over as a cop car rolls by, so you know that he's very uh, anarchistic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like authority at all, Chris. Uh, Casey figures Lotion can stay with her and Terry Nunn since, you know, he is her cat after all, sort of has responsibility. And uh, Lotion kind of starts hitting on Casey Brink, tells her she has nice eyes, and it's good. We're going to go there. I'm going to tell you up front. We're going right mm-hmm. where you think we're going. It's, it's you know, you, if you want to back out now, you can do it because it's, <laughs> it's going to go right there. Now, to help Danny, Keeg suggest uh, in Danny Leg, sorry, uh, Keeg's telling the team that Danny is broken. The problem is that he needs Casey at the helm to teleport through time and space. She's like the missing component, and she's got to be there to help him heal and do his Danny thing. To help Danny, Keeg suggests that Casey moves to Dannyland permanently, which she doesn't want to lose her cool apartment, despite the fact that it has a giant hole in the wall. <laughs> but she finally agrees to relocate, just let her have one more night in her 
cool pad. Certainly. Uh, we shift over to visit with the Reynolds family. Uh, this would be Casey's EMT partner, Sam, along with his estranged wife, Valerie, who's back from the Crazy Jane cult, and their uh, Satan-worshipping son, Lucius. Uh, skateboarding home, Lucius picks up a dead squirrel, and then some bullies taunt him from a pickup truck. Uh, it would appear that they know that he's down with Satan. Yeah. Uh, they say, yeah, what is it, go go make out with your boyfriend, Satan, or something. This is to give him a finger. It says, this is for you yeah. and your boyfriend, the devil. It's like, whoa. <laughs> You know, if 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 I knew the the devil's boyfriend, I probably wouldn't be messing with. I him. wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play around. It's true. No, you don't play with fire. Uh, now, when Lucius gets home, his parents are fighting. Uh, Valerie says that she needs some time to find herself. Sam thinks she needs to assimilate back into the family. And none of this makes Lucius feel all that great, uh, especially when his mother says that uh, that Lucius and Sam are not enough for her. Uh, and so, like any teenager, he goes to his bedroom and slams the door. Yeah, I mean, this really is not an angle I expected we to be examining, but it's interesting. No. A little, little heartrending, but uh, that's a fine. He didn't ask to be born. You know? It's true. Uh, we'll see some <laughs> of that, I'm sure, down the line. At Casey's apartment, she and Lotion are getting to know each other, and Lotion really talks like a total dipwad. I mean, this oh, guy yeah. is eating noodles. He says, man, these noodles shred. I love that. It's like, what a, what a jerk. <laughs> Uh, Casey's struck by Lo- Lotion's cuteness. I mean, he is a cat, and I love this panel where it's just like a cute kitten face. He goes hyper-realistic. It's yeah. really funny. <laughs> and uh, they kiss. And yes, they do. we are going to get where we are going there, folks. I'm We're getting there. But first, back in Lucius's room, we are performing a satanic ritual using the dead squirrel that he scooped up and the Game of Life game board, the board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like his ritual, get this, doesn't work. Uh, he opens a package containing a record titled The Magical World of Magic that has two adorable cartoon bunnies on the cover. Since he's down with Satan and not bunnies, he chucks that behind him. Yeah. And then we see that the, the bunnies pop out of the album cover. It's like a uh, one of those pop-up books, but an album cover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, maybe the ritual did work. Hmm? Maybe it did. In Dannyland, Keeg is performing more tests. This time he's uh, testing Flex Mentalo's strength. Uh, Cliff is concerned with all the time Larry has spent asleep, uh, you know, experiencing lifetimes over and over again. You figure that might not be the best thing for his body. Yeah, you just kind of see a montage of what he's going through, and it, start, it started to look a little... Uh, I don't know, bleak? Is that a good word for it? You a, little, know, like, a little twisted and unfortunate, it's yes. Got, it's getting a little <laughs> weird, yeah. It's like car crashes and, you know, some hardships, some good experience. very strange. Uh, but anyway, we just get nine panels of that. Now, back at Casey's apartment, we see that she and Lotion have screwed, I warned you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we it's implied, though. We don't actually see. It's not pornographic. We don't see penetration. They're, no. just, they're waking up the next day. And, in fact, Casey is mostly clothed, so... But anyway, we know what happened here. Casey emerges from her bedroom to find Terry Nunn just got home. And she's excited to see a commercial on TV about a new food food additive she just sold. That was at the end of issue number seven. It's called dollar sign, pound sign, exclamation point, plus sign, or shit is what we'll call it. That seems to make the most sense. Uh, the commercial stars, uh, maybe Eddie Zilch or maybe Mr. Nobody. This guy is yeah, wearing... You see his glasses. The glasses definitely give me a Mr. Nobody... Uh, feel, but yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that guy. I kind of threw, took him as a throwaway character, but maybe no one's a throwaway character in this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this food out of shit is apparently delicious, nutritious, and makes all food instantly better, more healthy, taste better. Terry shares a spoonful with Casey. Kind of makes her bug out and go twitchy, right? A little bit, kind of gets a little squirrely. Yeah. 
but then she says it's the best thing she's ever tasted, and her mood is improved. Outside the apartment, just that moment, two robots have upended Danny the ambulance, and they're you know, menacing the Doom Patrol who have all assembled outside. They have these weird spiky heads, and one says, Say it, while the other says, Say I love you. And Robot Man says that his fear of commitment is going to complicate things. And that's mm-hmm. where we leave that issue off. What'd you think of that, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I said it off the air, but it's like uh, this. This feels like a Doom Patrol uh, tribute band. It's somebody who read Morrison stuff, loved it, and wanted to outdo it. Um, I'm not sold on the shit. It uh, that kind of makes me feel like like when a little kid realizes that sticking up his middle finger means something. Yeah. So they do it all the time. It's did, like, did it, I mean, it's like uh, let's sort call of, it shit. We sort of just had a f- whole food arc about like you know we did. Bad food that's bad for you, basically, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like retreading the same type of ground. Yeah, we're playing with food. We're playing with consumerism. We're playing with uh, dumb consumers. At least that's what I'm getting from it. Um, I do dig uh, Keeg, Mm -hmm. who uh, who seems to be very chiefy here. Uh, He's uh, controlling. He's very controlling of the team. It's it's hard to trust him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, this is a new thing, the negative entity having a personality. Having a personality of Uh, its own, sure. And and even, like, interacting, although it's never been clear how the negative entity really works anyway. Sometimes it seems to be corporeal, sometimes not, but this time, you know, this is definitely something that can operate machinery, do science and whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that I found really interesting. Uh, I like the art. I wasn't, the art's great. I wasn't so bo- bothered by the lotion uh, uh, case. Oh, no, that, that, was, that was fine. It was, uh, my, only, it was, my problem with it was I yeah. like it was telegraphed from the second like they met. I was like, oh, these <laughs> yes. two are going to have sex. Like, I, mean, I, just, I was like, and it's like it's Doom Patrol, so having sex with an anthropomorphic cat isn't like offend- sure. offending my sensibilities, but it, there was no surprise there to me. I was just like, oh, all right. No, it wasn't just... nearly as shocking as perhaps it was supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, this this one, it, also the fact that it was a lot of refresher from two issues ago, which now we're talking about an issue that came five out. Five months ago? Four five months ago? months ago, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, four or five months ago. Because um, the last one was a fill-in. Mm-hmm. And that that should have been your time to get the to story. The exactly, get it going. Uh, they they didn't do that, you know, and this really is just dragging now. It's it's really I gotta say it disappoints me so much. If it wasn't for the art, I'd probably go pretty low on this. But I've come to really like this guy's artwork, Nick Darrington. Uh, That's wonderful. I, and and uh, I'm telling Chris uh, online, you can see his like sketches. I think he has Instagram. I know he has a Twitter. Um, you know, just to look at the art, it's pretty awesome what he does. He does all these different characters from Marvel and DC. And puts his spin on it. He's doing all the variants for Mr. Miracle, the uh, Tom King series with uh, Mitch Gerads. Mitch right? Gerads. So anyway, the, the the art I would say is is carrying a lot of this for me. On the site, I gave this a seven out of ten. Where do you, where do you think you'd go with it? I think seven's fair because um, you know we did get a little bit of progression here, um, which is nice since we got very little last issue. <laughs> and the last progression we got was four months ago. Um, I. 
it's hard it's hard since this is so delayed where i think we kind of grade it differently because you know we're i think i think we conflate things that we wait for with being things worth waiting for yeah and uh this might not be worth waiting for but i will say it's worth waiting for the trade i I would definitely we've been saying that all along that this (laughs) this is a trade weight and continues to be a trade weight and i have a feeling very definition it might be a really good reading trade you know i'm i kind of you know, it kind of, kind of killed ourselves doing that because we're reading it now. But uh, <laughs> I bet it would be a lot. It's a lot more rewarding. Of course, that affects the single issue sales. But folks, you can't save the world with it. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do, <laughs> right? You know, you got to you got to live by your true. own thing. So, uh, yeah, still good. Still, still enjoying sure. it. But it, this thing, it, it's definitely moving a little too slowly for my taste. I'd like to see mm-hmm. at least at least come out on our monthly schedule. That might be a good start. Yeah, and if it's not, just be upfront about it. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's not going to do that, then you know, yeah, I'll be honest. I could even accept if Doom Patrol did an image type thing where they, you know, seasons exactly drop six yep. issues, and then you guys could take a break, but just get them all get them all in the can before you start teasing them or soliciting them. Exactly. But whatever. Speaking of uh, getting things in the can, <laughs> we got we got she, the yeah. changing girl, number twelve of twelve. Uh, the title is maybe dot also dot dead by Cecil Castellucci, Molly Zarcone, and Andy Parks. Uh, we pick up uh, pretty much right where we left off. We've got, and, and this is, we're going to say honey as shade and shade as honey a lot. Yeah, so, uh, it's important. It, it's going to get confusing. Because there's body swapping going on, you know what I mean? So <laughs> try, to, try to follow along. I thought this was, I, I thought this was probably the best way to put it, but it's. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's still very, very difficult lot, to yeah. follow. So we do pick up with honey as shade sitting in the makeup chair, getting ready for her close up. Shade as Honey is nearby, continuing to fangirl, and gets so excited that she begins emitting the psychedelic Paisleys. Or is Honey doing that? Or maybe it's both of them doing maybe. that. It, the Paisleys do seem to be almost everywhere in the issue. It seems like almost like the madness has leaked out, so whatever. Absolutely. Now, if you recall, we ended last issue with Lepuck arriving from Meta, uh, so he's here too. He approaches Shade, who's really Honey. Either way, he calls her Loma. To confuse us even more. <laughs> right. Uh, he pulls her away, and as you might imagine, she is quite confuzzled. Uh, Shade as Honey recognizes him naturally. So then Shade as Honey begins to walk over to Lepuck to straighten him out, but this is when her old body, remember she's an old lady, decides to give out, and she falls over. Lepuck then spills his guts to Honey as Shade, repeat, despite her repeatedly telling him he's got the wrong changing gal. You know, this is not Loma. Uh, when he finally stops talking, he looks at her in the eyes and realizes, hey, wait a minute, this is the wrong changing girl. And then Honey as Shade report, informs them of their Freaky Friday swap thing that they've done. Uh, back in Valleyville, River and Teacup go through airport security, which is absolutely riveting. Yeah, I wanted to make sure you were able to do that scene, Chris. <laughs> uh, in Hollywood, Shade as Honey is loaded into an ambulance and administered oxygen. On Meta, in the glass tube where Lova's av- avian form lay, it opens, and Mellow's overjoyed. He can immediately grab the M-Vest, which is all he's wanted all along. Or the M-Coat, right? M-Coat, yes. Whatever it is, the M-Uniform. M-Thing. <laughs> uh, Hellboy's sister, who actually got her name here, Dr. Sands, right? Or something like mm-hmm. that. The first time we've seen it. <laughs> she thinks it's a bad idea. And so Mellow promotes her to department chief. Sure. As an alarm goes off, he leaves in search of his lover, Rack Shade, in the madness. 
Now, in case we didn't get enough before, we uh, return to the Valleyville Airport, where River and Teacup discuss things that eighth graders would probably find really deep, man. Whoa, even though we're all connected digitally, it's like we forget how to communicate, man. Everyone's in eighth grade at some point, you know what I mean? This is true. They have these revelations, so. (laughs) Now, uh, after a flight, they arrive in Hollywood, and on one of the uh, television screens in the airport, they see the news that Honey Rich was rushed to the hospital, and so they think they have a lead. Mm-hmm. On set, LaPuck and Honey as Shade learn that Shade as Honey was hauled away in an ambulance. Weren't they like 10 feet away? Yeah. Like they, I, didn't, they didn't hear an old lady hit the ground? They, I think they were in the area. I don't really understand. Right? <laughs> yeah, when the ambulance showed up, didn't that give them a clue? But Sirens, I guess, right? <laughs> I guess they were, you know, LaPuck is in the throes of pouring his heart out. He couldn't do it. He is. Now, at this point, Honey is not quite sure if she's ready to give up her new young body. LaPuck tries to reason with her, and when that doesn't work, he force-feeds her a psychedelic paisley. Yeah, that should work fine. Sure. Uh, River and Teacup arrive at the hospital, and suddenly there's more paisleys, which I guess are coming out of that hippo toy, right? Which I think is so. Connected. Uh, like I said, paisleys are everywhere in this issue. They <laughs> just seem to, seem to be not connected necessarily to the M-Vest anymore. Uh, Teacup's stuffed hippo begins to float and leads them to Shade as Honey's bedside. And as they approach, the hippo grows and opens its mouth, revealing Loma in her avian form. And here's where it gets weird. Er. Yes. Uh, we rejoin Melu as he enters an ethereal psychedelic space. I guess this is the madness or something? Maybe. Maybe, some, maybe something created by Rack Shade, who is in there, barefoot and meditating. And he says a bunch of things that are really just various words uh you know there's seems to be some chastising going on but it is just words on yeah i couldn't make a whole lot of sense out of it it just seemed like like words that might mean something but he's very he's very poetic but essentially he's he seems angry that uh malu showed up late even though there's even though it's timeless where they are so figure that out anyway he holds out his right (laughs) hand there's an eyeball in it why not now everybody gets to play. Uh, we've been getting these kind of gimmicky pages in Shade uh, late, and to be honest, this one was one of the lamest ones, I thought. It was. Uh, we yeah. had, in the other ones, we had paper dolls and board games. I remember we kind of liked the paper dolls, even though we thought it was a little waste of space. But uh, It was, yeah. But it, it, was, it was cute. But this one, it's like it can be read in any direction, but it's not really complex enough to warrant that. You know, it's just, No, not it at all. Really, it's just a handful <laughs> of panels. And uh, so what, what we see happening, I guess, at the same time, is that uh, Honey, as Shade and LaPuck are uh, in one area, and Honey's unsure what to do, Loma's avian form enters, to, despite River and Tika begging her not to. Uh, Rack tells whoever, depending on the order you're reading this spread, he, he doesn't want them there. Uh, but I guess he's talking to Melu. They see, they, I guess they're all in the madness now. Is that the idea? But Maybe. Not... Right they're next to the, each other. I don't. They're know. in the black lodge. I don't know. Um, <laughs> now Melu grows annoyed. Lapuk realizes that Melu's wearing the M coat. Loma's avian form hu- hugs Honey as Shade. Rack Shade somehow manifests a guitar. Uh, Lapuk hugs Melu or, or, or tr- tries to grab him or something. Yeah. Um, and this then gives he him a uh, or something. I don't know. What seem like it, right? Because uh, Melu looks up and opens his mouth, which is suddenly filled with concentrated paisley juice. Yep. Uh, Melu then unravels, leaving only a black dot. Rack takes the dot and places it within a paisley while reciting some poetry. 
we think. Um, now, Lepuck tr- has the... <laughs> since Melu turned into nothing, Lepuck has the M-coat, and he tries to give Loma or Shade or Honey as Shade the M-coat. Um, whatever happens, the girls somehow wind up wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sort of looks like a cocoon floating through space. Uh, at this point, Honey vacates Shade's body and does so by turning back into her old black and white televised self. Uh, she gives uh, Shade thanks for giving her the one last chance to live. Uh, Lo- at this point, it's just the avian form and the Megan form, and they touch heads. Yeah, and well, we'll talk about what we think happens in a minute. But <laughs> then we jump to Loma, who's sort of in a nest, and outside the window, she can see Earth. Uh, she hugs some psychedelic eggs that I guess either she laid them or got them from somewhere. Collected them, yeah. Yeah, and a giant tentacle comes in the window to hug her, and uh, theoretically, I, I surmise, pull her out of the window. Uh, at that same time, Shade in the M coat, now with a two-toned mullet, is holding some unpsychedelic pink eggs while the puck is hugging her with his tentacles in whatever 3D earth, what we would call that. Uh, on the ground, we see Shade's body, but Megan... Yeah, Megan's body. Megan's body with a big, gaping, bloody hole in the torso. So that might be where the eggs came from. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, they hear someone coming and run through a field of broken and cracked eggs. And they hide, and we hear what we assume. And there's even, you see, one of the eggs is like a beak in the, in the hole. There's a beak sticking out, yeah. Right, so, okay. Uh, they hide, <laughs> and we hear what we assume to be police officers arrive to find Megan's dead body. They assume it's a dead teen runaway, and really, for their purposes, they won't really be entirely wrong about that. Indeed. Now, Shade and Lepuck realize that neither can return to Meta. Shade tells Lepuck that he needs to leave Earth either way, since he, you know, looks like an alien, and yeah. Earth people don't, they don't take kindly to uh, tentacled fellows. Um, he refuses, claiming that he's been through much worse than anything an Earthling can do to him. She kisses him, and he disappears. And it's here that Shade learns what love is. Oh. In it's very touching. In the hospital, Honey, as Honey, maybe, I don't know, Honey's body dies. The old lady, she dies. Mm. Um, and River and Teacup are there, and uh, Teacup says she's going to take philosophy in college so she can understand things better because uh, she's very deep. Yeah. Uh, maybe we she jump... can help us out, too. <laughs> maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, now, we jump ahead two weeks, and we are at Megan's funeral. River and Teacup feel like they fail her, and they kind of did, but what are you going to do? Mm. Uh, off to the side, the kids see Shade. Two-toned mullet, gross long fingernails, M-coat, psychedelic paisleys, and all. They say Megan may be gone, but Shade is still with us. Hmm. And we end with a very odd little blurb saying, next issue, Milk Wars? Okay. So sure. I guess at least we have the best of intentions here that there will be an issue. 13. I mean, I'll be honest. I saw I saw a lion. Marley Zarcone showed some pencils from future mm-hmm. shade work. Mm-hmm. But that that mean you know what I mean? No, Those could be three page backups in Doom Patrol. For all exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or it could be part of this weird crossover that we know coming up. Sure. Until I see a solicit. I won't start to believe it. And even when I see this list, even I'm not then. Gonna believe it. But, but at least then I'll be able to say something is, is in the world, you know? That's, yeah, uh, one week we'll be able to say, maybe next week this will be exactly. out. Exactly. 
<laughs> now the, we go to a backup, which is thankfully not a life with honey. Yeah. Backup. But at the same time, unfortunately, it's a little bit more obtuse than a life with honey backup. I don't know what we're getting here. This is a bit too psychedelic. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because it doesn't really tell you anything about it's all. It's really about Lepuck's, I guess. It's about Lepuck, yeah. Going through psychedelic world, or maybe what happened to him after he left Earth. You know, after he disappeared. This is where this is where he went. Uh, yeah, but, or in between time, maybe I don't know. You don't really get any information about him, though. You know, like this. Here's a space where we might be able to see what his thoughts are, and but they're not really. Uh, coherent, you know, you don't know. Yeah, exactly it's more descriptive of the place and the activity than what, anything he thinks. What I think happens here is in the last panel we see him hugging an Earth, and I think was this, it an Earth or a nest? It looks like an Earth in a nest. Okay. In that last panel, there's some kind of a planet in there. I think, right? That that blue and green thing. I didn't know if those were. Eggs or eggs that were supposed to look like I don't know. As a matter of fact, looking in really close, it's not even a nest. It looks just like a planet in his encircled tentacles. And, okay. And okay. I think what ha- that's where he grabbed uh, Loma in that scene where she was grabbing all the where she was inside eggs. the yeah. yeah. And then and a, and a tentacle came in through the window. But I wouldn't swear to it, Chris. I wouldn't swear to it. I, you know what I mean? I would not stand in a uh, court, a court no, of law. No, you would not raise your right exactly. hand. <laughs> so definitely uh, the weirdest issue yet. You know, if you, re- Certainly. if you felt like we had a lack of psychedelia, well, folks, they gave it to you this one in spades. In spades. <laughs> um, I thought it was all right. What, what, what did you think of it, Chris? On the site, I gave it a nine, but I think I'd probably going through it and actually breaking it down. I think I'd probably go eight. Yeah, because uh, I I really enjoyed the because it, it just felt right. It was so weird that it felt you know it kind of felt like for the past eleven issues we you know the hose had a crimp in it you know like mm. it was just dribbling, and now with issue twelve they let go of the hose and it just burst yeah. you know and all this odd weirdness came out, and I think it was just so refreshing to me upon my first read that I was kind of over overcome by the madness. Uh-huh. Um, reading it now, it's it's still it's still enjoyably weird, but it's. It's somewhat disjointed, and I think, and this might just be me projecting, but I think it's it thinks itself a little more clever than it might be, and uh, that kind of weared on me this uh, second and third time reading. Well, you may, you might feel differently if you studied philosophy in college, Chris. You know, I that's know, what it is. Man. You have to get that degree in uh, philosophy. They said that's it was useless, not, but uh, that's because I'm not connected, man. Exactly. Uh, there is a little bit of that. I, you know, I will I will say that. You know, we know the what's of what happened, which is essentially that Loma, you know, doesn't exist. Her body is now Shade, which Shade. sort of looks yeah. like Megan. The Megan mm-hmm. body is dead. Honey is gone. Uh, you know, we, we, got a, we got a lot of, you know, conclusions to open threads. We just don't know how they happened or really why they happened. That's the problem. We, we, have, we have a focus on eggs. We have a gaping hole in, in her torso, maybe right. her womb. And we, and we, we know, know that, that the Megan body was, was yeah, pregnant or something was gestating in there, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, and it was pink. Now to think about it, remember? She swallowed it. Was. It was a pink thing. So, mm-hmm. Okay, why they were why the <laughs> eggs were cracking as they ran away? I we, I don't know why wasn't she carrying them? We don't know what happened with Mellow and Rack Shade. I'm not really sure. 
Yeah. Uh, is Melu gone? I don't know. <laughs> but all that being said, it was still a pretty good conclusion, though, because this is sure. This is a. Weird it feels look. like something ended. Yeah, and, and, and you feel like we came to an end, and it's a happy ending, you know, from the reader's standpoint. You know, obviously sure. Lapuck kind of had a bad turn Nebulous. there, but <laughs> but you know, Megan, who everyone hated, is gone, and now it's sure. all shade, and it's going to be all shade all the time. She doesn't have to worry about, you know. Trading bodies or any of that crazy stuff. Theoretically, we'll see if it we ever do see it again. She doesn't need to. She doesn't need to worry about the swim. I team guess anymore. she should probably stop going to school now too. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so I think I would give it an eight also, uh, yeah. and I think I would give it. I probably give this whole series about an eight. Uh, sure. I, I have you know we'd have to really read it over again. Somewhere in the eight eight point five. It really has been a, a, a good time overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like weird comics, this has been a really consistent good strange comic with characters that what i liked about it is i never came to sympathize with shade loma Mm -hmm. uh, but i came to understand the character as being sort of a you know high-minded artsy fartsy space cadet you know what i mean and and understanding that and feeling something for that uh positively about that and you know it's been it's been cool. Uh, it's been a good. Sure. Book. I would like to see it come back. I'd like to, I'd like to see this creative team on other things too. That wouldn't be bad either, to be honest with you. Uh, no. I think I think Cecil Castellucci has done a good job writing, and Marley Zarcone has a very you know I wouldn't call it a mainstream style, but I like it. I do like it. As, sure. As absolutely. A, as like a uh, I don't know what to call it. A, a pleasing flatness. Is that is that a is that an adjective I can use? I have no idea. It is now. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. But uh, yeah, this would be good. If you've been tra- waiting for that, then I would go out and get them, and you were going to have a good time with it. Sure. Now, next week, Chris, we have no Young Animal books. I'm not go sure what we're going to do. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll uh, make it be a bye week, or we'll figure something out. But the following week, we have one book I think is probably coming out, and one that I doubt is coming out. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get Cave Carson's Cybernetic Eye number 12, and that'll be the end of that series. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to see Bug the Adventures of Forager number four. Uh, it's Probably not. It's on Comixology, but I'm, not, I'm just not getting the feeling that that one is ready to be revealed, or who knows what the deal is with that. So, um, Yeah, I actually just got my, uh, my cancellations from uh, DCBS oh, on really? five and six. Yeah, wow. they they take a while to actually, you know, uh, officially cancel these books because, because yeah. uh, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I think I got the cancellation on like Doom Patrol number thirteen or something. Oh my but, god! Uh, but okay. uh, yeah, I, just, I guess just they're holding out hope, bug. right? They're like, you know, the, <laughs> yes. anything can happen at the last minute. We could get an eleventh hour reprieve. The governor will step <laughs> Six in. Six of them are coming out, coming exactly. out the same day. Yeah, these guys they started cranking them out. Uh, you know, we take it like it comes, folks. That's how we do it That's around all here. We can do. And uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to Cave Carson. But anyway, hopefully we'll see. We'll do something for next week. We're not sure where to be, but yes. I think that's all we got for him this week. Chris, you got anything else for him? No, it'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it
don't understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man The time on the podcast is here The voice that we all want to hear So here we go Eric, we're at the last mail section of the night, and you know what I think of when I think of the last mail section? What What's up, that, Fresh Cup Crew? That's Why what I think, think of, of. I don't know. It just You know what else I think of? What up, Fresh Cup Crew? Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's the just, same thought. It, there's just one other thing. Over and over in your mind. One other thing. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? <laughs> i got to try to do this again and try to see if we can get him to say it right. I don't want to talk to him. Uh, I know. It's so weird when you talk to him and you just say, say blue, red, yellow, and he'll go green six. And you don't know what's going on in in his fucking head. You just don't. Hey, wrong turn. What rhymes with ocean? Sky? That's the weird thing because you say what rhymes with ocean and he'll say land. So he has a connection, but he doesn't know what rhyming means. And it just it never works out. Like what? What How rhymes with alive? what rhymes with sun? Moon. He'll say it every time, and you're like, and we sit there. No rhyming is, you know. It's All hard. of a sudden, it's in actually, my mind, he's fucking Tom Cullen from the stand. M O O N. That's yeah, sky. I'm telling you, when when you sit there and try to think of trying to explain to somebody what rhyming is, and you realize it's very hard to explain. Yeah. It's something that naturally should be able to, you know, you know, like sky eye, but he doesn't know that. So you have to have an explanation, and it drives me nuts trying to explain it to him. I, I keep trying, and then I just laugh, and then I, you know, that's what it ends up, me having a ball. This is, it just ends up me being a piece of shit like I always am. Mail section number four, and this is Hussein's mail section because Hussein went to the Fan Expo uh, a couple weeks ago, and he ended up – he uh, yes, and he ended up sending an email, but unfortunately the email – was late. We ended up uh, recording already when he well, said it. He's doing a lot of fan expoing. What's he going to do? He was. And so he – and I said that we're definitely going to have it on the podcast. We're not just going to ditch it. And he said good because he has a lot of things to tell including a story about Tom King, I believe, Ooh. though I told him I would not read this at a time, Eric. I glanced through it. I'll tell you. I, I wanted to make sure. He's saying, you know, who knows? He, he likes cursing, that guy. I don't know. I just I had glanced through when I printed this up, but Hussein says oh, hello, so it's Jim. A bunch of hate speech out of nowhere. What are we getting? No, out here? no. I, I just have to make sure because if you don't have at least three disparaging remarks about Eric, you ain't making the mail section. Oh, so I had to make sure they were. That's and what's yes, been going on. and yes, Hussein's in there, and yeah, and Hussein. I trust Hussein's opinion on everything, especially reviews. And so if he says you're a piece of shit, Eric, I'm sorry, you're a piece of shit. That's, that's he probably has a reason behind it. Yes. Hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. 
or do, the do. Fresh Cup Pro. Poo, it's poo. been a while, guys. I've still been listening to the podcast, and so no worries. I'm all caught up. I had a chance to go to Fan Expo last weekend and had an incredible time. I went last year and thought it was fun, but this year just ended up turning out to be one of the most eventful days of my life. Nice. I try to list everything worth mentioning. The order of awesomeness varies. Number one, I met Michael Cho, the artist who does some of the covers for DC's Golden Age collections. I love his art, and I gushed all my love for his art to him, and he took it really well and nice. i bought this awesome justice league print of his that's cool number two i was resting when a friend of mine spotted no other than dan didio himself i ran up to him and he was absolutely amazed that i recognized him that's he's weird a very he, he's a very recognizable mind. person yeah. and, and a really good guy we took a picture together and he went on uh, on his way asking us to go to his panel later on in the day little well, did he know my life danny he says, little did I know, or he know, I had no intention whatsoever of attending that panel. And he has, that's funny. Number three, I ended up going to Fan Expo two hours later than I wanted to because I couldn't get my damn brother out of bed fast enough. And I'm guessing he, he mentions later that his brother does recognize people. So I do think that his brother's into comics as well, but maybe not as much as Hussein. And that always drives me nuts. Like if I want to go to a movie and, and you know, I want to go see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Eric, and I say to my wife, you know, we have to be there. The movie starts at 730. She don't want no Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Well, kind of like, you know, you know every I mean? morning when I, I got to be at work at seven. Yeah, exactly. And Jess, and you know, gets me there at 740. Nothing, nothing drives me more insane than wanting to get someplace and the other person not only just not getting ready but not even God being concerned God. yeah really tell jess where is she is she there is she no. home right now she's not she's home is, is she there get him to work on time there you go see i still have balls look here. you tough guy <laughs> i was don't play that to her you son of a bitch i was worried i would miss the jeff lemire signing at 11 a.m but i managed to be the last one he saw that day and he pretty much confirmed to me this is breaking news that he's going oh. to be working on hawkman post metal in his words cool. quote unquote it's pretty much been confirmed he's a really nice guy and he's from toronto as well so he's a local toronto fella him hussein and Drizzy. Number four, I found a very mint copy of the New 52 Batman number one for $75, which is an absolute steal. Is it? Yeah. I, I, wait, I'm wait, not... wait. A mint copy of the New 52 Batman number one is worth $75. Yes. That, actually, that's a steal. So I'm breaking my long boxes out. I'm going to go make yeah, some money. Yeah, you're going to get that? You're going to go and make some money, are you? You're going to pay for those fucking. Issues. Gadgets and gizmos that you Look, got. Look, a cellar dweller don't pay for itself. Really? Nothing's paying for that nonsense. <laughs> Number five. There's I no don't honesty. know. If, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his YouTube channel, but I met up with Sal from the channel Comic Cipriano? Pop. Hey, Sal Cipriano, you got it the Comic Papa, do you? Where's your sexy brother? I, I'm not familiar with that. I'd have to ask my kids. Uh, they won't know. They only like these fucking nonsense guys that get on and do reaction videos where I've never seen somebody react like they do for the most minuscule things that happen. Somebody walks into a room, the motherfuckers are on the ground in a goddamn seizure. I think that they fucking are at some fucking Southern Baptist fucking revival. I don't know what's going on. Holy shit. I mean, and that's all because they opened up popcorn and it tasted like popcorn. Oh, God. It's the the biggest nonsense. I I I told you. 
long cord to my freaking uh, my headphones here. I yeah. would have been on the ground to shake it right yeah. then. Oh, I'm telling. I told Ethan. I said, "This is the problem. You're not acting like these YouTubers. You got to be like them and go fucking bonkers Actually, over the most stupidest get thing." So angry at him if he starts oh, doing kill, that shit. I'd kill him. He was very nice, and we had a short but fun chat about comics not being taken seriously as a medium. Number six, I met Jim Lee. There was an incredibly long line, but I couldn't wait uh, in line with my buddy because I had to drop my brother off at this other section of the con since he didn't know his way. Jesus Christ, this brother's causing problems. I hope I'm not. Did you wipe his butt for him too? What's going on, huh? I just had to cough. Thank you for uh, filling in right there. Yeah, really. I rushed back. We're going to find. We're going to say that. And it's going to be some, uh, you know, situation that we're now the biggest pieces of shit ever. I rushed back to the. Yeah, really. Yeah. I rushed back to the Lee signing uh, line, but I was told by one of the Fan Expo staffers that it was a cap line and that I couldn't get in. Eric. Mr. T left, and when I asked if he was going to be back, <laughs> the guy said he didn't know. He didn't I lied. Know. I lied and told him that I was with my buddy, but I had to go to the bathroom, and I asked him very nicely to let me in. Like the dickhead he looked like he was, he went up close to me and said, I don't know your brother. At this point, I wanted to uppercut this failure of a human in the th- – I'm getting angry until another employee went up to him holding a big sign and said that the line isn't officially capped until the sign is put up. That, that's some good – that's some fucking fine print right there. So he let me in. I would have said thanks a lot, fucker. And then the next thing, he would have beaten me up. Jim Lee signed my X-Men number one, the Magneto cover. We were told that he, oh, he nice. couldn't We were told he couldn't take pictures with him only because of the fact that the line needed to move quickly, which he should only have been like the he last. he had done his face up that day, and he's a very vain <laughs> fellow. Yes, he is. So my buddy took a great picture of me shaking his hand. He was very gracious and humble, and I'm glad I met him. He always – I've though. never I've never heard him sound like a dick. Every, no, everything was. I've heard, he sounds like a really nice guy. Number seven, I wasn't – and actually, I've actually changed kind of the way I do things because of him because when he was on uh, the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast and they were interviewing him, a thing that stood out to me is he said that when he decided that he was going to be a comic book artist, he ended up taking a whole year – and working at it as if it was his job, even though yeah. he wasn't getting paid. And I swear to God, that's how I kind of took the podcast and things yeah, like was that. Yeah, such a cool interview. Of just going from that and saying, you know what? That actually makes a lot of fun. I've mentioned that to you a bunch of times since oh, yeah. then because it really did. I When he told me that made so much sense. So I did like that. And that's why I do the cellar dweller stuff while I'm actually at work so I feel like I'm getting that's paid true. for it. That's true. So it's like it's his job, making up fucking retractable take-apart fucking walls. He's still it. The other a couple weeks ago, Eric's making his set at work with cardboard. So he makes up this wall that's like got seven sections. You can take it apart. Nine sections. So at the end, he he realizes finally we got to get this the fuck home. So we have to sneak it out of the goddamn place. So we're running and we're not sneaking. We just have these big pieces of cardboard running through the factory trying to clock out. Then we get to my car and realize that it barely fits in. There well, was nothing else. If there was well, one I wasn't more section, fit a seven foot by seven foot wall in yeah. there. These sections were the best option I had. I had yeah, to and, do and that's the problem. If there was one more section, we were done. It yeah. wasn't fitting. Number seven. I wasn't able to attend the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo signing. This spins off right out of the Jim Lee line because Lee was late for the signing, and Snyder Capullo signing was right after. In a few minutes, their signing line capped off, and there was nothing I could do to get my shit signed. Too bad that sign went up. He could have yeah. used that again. I bet you tried too. 
I joke with my friend that Lee manages to be late with both deadlines and signings. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Jason nice Faba. Guy. Jason Fabak is such a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Uh, Jason Fabak, another guy we've talked to, seems like a really great guy. Oh, I was yeah. last in line for him as well. He seems to be bringing up the rear in all these lines. And he took the time to explain the behind the scenes of the Flash number 22 cover and why Tim Drake was on the cover. He said he drew the cover almost a year ago and that the story changed quite a lot in the months leading up to it. I it bet. makes sense. But I just wish that DC did a better job at organizing it. And we know. We, we actually, you know, that, that – thing batman was supposed to see tim drake in the buttons so yeah that makes sense number nine these last two were my favorite ever with the last one in particular being a personal triumph my group and i were on our way out of the event when we were caught in this huge crowd of people also leaving i decided to take a breather so i sat down on this little couch with my brother i'm sitting with my hands in my head uh with my brother taps me on the shoulder and yells to me that's greg capullo i jerk upwards and run towards him lightly tapping him on the shoulder while saying his name i couldn't get his attention when a hand grabs me by the shoulder the mysterious voice says to me don't worry i'll get his attention for you i turn around and find out that it's none other than scott snyder smiling at me making his way to capullo i tell snyder that his signing line was capped and he was seemed really apologetic well we do a bit of walking and talking until i ask for a picture which they both happily obliged to after which we parted ways it certainly made up for not being able to see them earlier it's better that's yeah. cool. And number 10, this is definitely my favorite memory of the event. Tom King had only one signing. We were told to come back to the line at a certain time, and this was after we were told that the Snyder Capullo line was capped. We came back in the line for King, and that was capped, unfortunately. I was visibly upset, and the kind fan expo employee whispered in my ear. A lot of people whispering in Hussein's yeah. ear. This, I want this people whole to whisper. convention would just freak me the fuck out. I Don't want touch people- me. I want people to whisper in my ear. Not me. Ugh. You could discreetly come into the line right now, though, is what they whispered. They didn't say, like, hey, you sexy tall man. That's Take what they say to you. And boy. it's you telling to yourself, to which I did. I waited in line, had my books ready to be signed, and I was very excited. Despite his Batman run, I'm a massive fan of his other works, particularly Sheriff of Babylon. Once we met, we shot the shit. I told him about my immense love of, for Babylon, among his other books. And I finally told him that I review books for comicsthegathering.com, which he does. And I'll tell you, Hussein does awesome reviews. Oh, yeah. To which he responded, man, if I knew you were a critic, I'd have been kissing your ass this whole time. Which is funny. And he said we had a good laugh. And I told him I gave Batman Elmer Fudd a nine. Nine out of what, he asked. And I told him out of ten. And he yelled an awesome fuck you at me. He then said, he says, listen, you don't give me a 9.9. You out. He then signed my Batman Elmer Fudd with a little word balloon coming out of Batman's head with the words, a nine. As as my farewell, I once again <laughs> told him how much I loved his other stuff and prepared to ask for a picture, which is when he started to look away from me and talk to this dude next to him. I felt kind of offended since it seemed he was just ignoring me, but then he calmly pulls out volumes one and two of his Vision series, which were already signed, and hands them to me. While he does this, he turns to the guy next to him, who turns out to be a vendor selling trades and told him that he was taking two trades from him. I was pretty flabbergasted, and he thanked me for his support of his work. And we ended up taking a picture together. I was beyond shocked, and so were the people with me. And that, that's cool. That's and an again, awesome story. That, that's really cool. 
uh, at the end of the day, wink, wink, this was an extremely long email, but I really had fun. See, he's making me. I've been trying not to say the end of the day. You son of a bitch. That's a mic's good. I hope everyone had fun listening to these stories. Have a great podcast and awesome week, guys. And P.S. Jim, if you like to see the pics I've taken, let me know so I can send them to you via direct message on Twitter. You can finally see my ugly mug. And yeah, I do want to see them because I want to see your ugly mug. That's the only. No, I, I'd love to see them. Send them to me. I'd like to show Eric as well. And I want yeah. to see if Tom King was wearing a hat. He seems to be uh, going with the hat wearing nowadays at signing. So I'd like to see that, Eric. He's losing his hair. Or maybe he's already lost it, actually. Is that why you wear a hat? No. You see me. I, I got a full set. I just don't like I just I don't like combing my hair. And my hair is actually or very yourself up at all. My hair you know? is very flat and, and it is thin, not thinning, but thin hair. I can't really do much with it. I just don't like my look. I really don't. I, I don't like the way I look. I never have. And then you have to fucking point it out and make me want to kill myself, Eric. Thanks a lot. Uh, look at you blowing kisses at yourself. I just want to blow kisses at myself. But uh, but my, my reflection, <laughs> it, they won't accept the kisses. That's all that happens. I, I've never liked my I, – I The have truth probably, finally comes out. I have out. probably three pictures of myself that I've ever allowed anybody to take. I don't like the way I look. I never did. So there. Take that, Eric. Is I'm that what sorry, you wanted? Jim. It's okay. Is that You're all you wanted? Mad. You wanted the truth, did you? Sometimes it hurts, Eric. Sometimes it really does. <laughs> well, we're going to go off to more stuff uh, in a minute, and then we'll be back with the end of the podcast coming up soon, Eric. And then I can go and cry myself to sleep, you son of a bitch. You're probably going to go eat something fatty. Oh, I will. You get that right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sitting there singing, I'm beautiful and every single eating fucking Haagen-Dazs, <laughs> fucking crying in my goddamn ice cream. We'll be back. Hey, what's up everyone? Vermillionaire here, welcoming you back to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week and giving it a listen. Uh, and this week I'm going to be bringing you guys uh, God Country Volume 1 from Image Comics, and that's going to be the first six issues of that. Uh, it's written by Donny Cates, art by Jeff Shaw. Um, and I'm just going to jump right into it. You guys know how I do things, going through the first issue uh, just just in, in, in detail and then giving you guys the general story from there on out. Um, and this is actually going to go pretty quick because it's a pretty quick read, especially, especially at first. Um, so just jumping right into the first issue, our story starts off in West Texas, uh, quote-unquote, a long time ago. Uh, but that's from when the narration is taking place, um, and it's all about the Quinlan family. Um, now, I know I said a long time ago, but that is from when the narrator is talking, so it looks like it's set pretty much in the modern day, uh, maybe a little bit before current time, but, you know, uh, pretty much right around, right around modern day. Uh, but Roy and Janie Quinlan are rushing home from picking up their daughter, Dina, uh, to find a sheriff at their house. Uh, the sheriff is trying to make small talk, but Roy, he just wants to know what happened. See, Roy's dad, Emmett, has Alzheimer's pretty bad, uh, like to the point where, you know, he can't remember his family or sometimes even his own name. Uh, and he gets he gets pretty violent sometimes because of it. 
Uh, so apparently Emmett was wandering out out into the driveway and attacked some some cops that drove by, uh, and one of them actually had to draw their gun on him to get him to go back inside. Now the sheriff and Janie actually uh, they they think that Roy needs to put Emmett in a home where he can get help uh, and have people watching over him all the time. Uh, but midway through his little argument with the sheriff, uh, Emmett flips out again. He starts yelling, you know, asking who's in the house, telling his dead wife to call the police, you know, uh, just just acting, just just going pretty crazy. Not He doesn't recognize his own son. Uh, he's calling him a thief. He's calling the sheriff a thief, telling them to get out of the house. Um but Dina, excited to see her grandpa, uh, she runs inside, um, but all she sees when she gets in there is him, you know, walking down the stairs looking super pissed off, just yelling, get the fuck out of my house, I'll kill you all, I'll kill you, um, and obviously, I mean, she's a little girl, she's pretty freaked out by that, um, and she runs outside to her mom, and Janie picks up Dina and yells to Roy that, you know, she's leaving with their daughter. She asks Roy to come with her, you know, put him in a home, come with come with us, we're your family, we need you. But Roy, you know, he just says that his dad is sick, um, and he's a good man underneath it all, uh, and Roy doesn't leave. Uh, so later that night, a giant tornado is ripping through the countryside, um, but it doesn't really look like a normal tornado. It's glowing green and has a, has a shit ton of lightning sparking out of it, you know, like, it just looks, if, I mean, obviously reading a comic, you get the idea that anything's possible, so reading a comic and seeing it there, it, it looks like a magic tornado, honestly. Um, so, Janie and Dee have been driving, uh, but they see that the storm is coming, so they turn around uh, to try to get to Roy and, and get him out of the house and get him to evacuate. Uh, but the storm does hit the Quinlan house and completely destroys it. Uh, Roy somehow manages to survive, but he can't find his dad. Um, Janie and Dee get there just as Roy is crawling out of the rubble. You know, they're excited that he's okay, but a black demon shows up uh, with the storm coming. It must have came within the storm um, and goes after Dina. But luckily, the storm didn't just bring the demon. It brought some good with it, too. So Emmett jumps out, wielding this huge... 12 foot long sentient god sword named Valifax and slices this demon in two. Uh, so not only does this sword give Emmett, you know, wicked power, uh, but it also makes him remember things. So for the first time, he gets to meet his granddaughter and actually remember her. But not, not everything is good that comes with this sword. The issue ends by showing that just outside of Earth, uh, the god that the sword belongs to is standing there you know, looking real menacing, and he wants his sword back, and he's going to come get it back. Uh, but that actually ends the first issue, so like I said, it's pretty quick read. Uh, the rest of the book is pretty much all about how Emmett, he fully intends to keep the sword and not give it back to the gods, unless they can fix his memory just like the sword does. So Emmett fights some some pretty badass gods and, and different creatures and demons, but it isn't all just about fighting with this with this awesome sword the whole reason Emmett wants to keep the sword is so he can remember who he is and who his family is you know he doesn't care about this power and being able to wield this giant sword he doesn't care about the sword he just 
wants to remember. Uh, so it's actually a pretty good commentary of a story on Alzheimer's itself and what it can do to someone's mind. Uh, and there's actually a, a really good story behind all of this God killing. Um, I wouldn't say that the art is superb or that it would fit for every book, but Jeff Shaw's art style in this one fits the tone of the book perfectly. You know, it's detailed enough to show that this is set in like a like a almost real world setting, but it's also wild and crazy enough art to remind you that it's that it's also about an old man killing gods with a giant twelve foot sword. Uh, so I really really liked how how the art accompanied this story. Uh, and when it comes down to it, I'd probably have to give this, uh, you know, around around like a 9 out of 10. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, there was just enough, there was just enough God-killing to be like, wow, that's fucking awesome. You know, the, the action scenes were great. Um, the way they were written, the way they were drawn, I thought those were really well. But then there was also that, that good story behind it all. Uh, to kind of to kind of keep it moving and not just be about this guy fighting fighting gods and demons with this sword, um, there has to be a story behind that, or it gets a little bit repetitive and boring. And the story was really good, and I really enjoyed the story. I really like the art. Um, I just thought this was a a very good trade overall. Now I don't know personally. I don't know if there is gonna be more to this story. Uh, it ended in a way that kind of made it seem like there could be. Um, if Donny Cates wanted to write more, but it's also just a really, really good story in itself. Um, I really liked pretty much everything about the, about this book. Um, there wasn't a whole lot, uh, to complain about, but the, the second issue was, um, actually a really long read after, after how quick that first issue went by the second issue is pretty much a lot of standing around talking, but it is important stuff to the story. It's complete setup, um, but it does set up a lot of good stuff coming on later in the trade. Um, but giving the trade, yeah, just as as a whole on on the whole rating, I would probably probably like I said have to go nine out of ten. Um, I really liked it. Really recommend it to anybody out there looking for a fun you know just a fun fun read that's kind of it's a standalone story i don't think even if it does continue i don't think that you would have to continue it on just these first six issues would be enough uh to to be a really good read for anybody out there looking for a fun story like this um but that pretty much brings it to the end uh so i want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me blab about this book i uh, hope everyone has a great week but that ends it so i'm going to Send it back to Jim and Derek.
Why, thank you, Dancing Mike. And we're ready for the end of the podcast, Eric. A couple more books. Just a couple Stretch more run. to go. Stretch run. Let's stretch this out. None. No stretching out because we have two of pretty much my least favorite books in, in a couple months uh, of some really bad books that we've kind of been in a rut. Uh, these two go up there taking they the cake. Don't need, I'm telling you, if you could just get these off the fucking board, the game might be even better just because of that it. That is true. Yeah, it, it, things would be a plus with this minus. That's Eric, right. We're, we're going to gain by losing because, yeah. Clever and SOP. the first one is something that really – it upsets me only because I think it upsets you because it is Bane that we, we, we will be talking about first. And you were a Chuck Dixon fan. Back and in when the 90s, this was Chuck announced, Dixon was my boy. Yeah, and when this was announced, you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that." You know, yeah. it wasn't even a, it, it was a given. Yeah. It was Eric Shea's book. Now I'll tell you, I think that one of the things that they went a little wonky is giving this twelve issues. There's no reason this should have Not been twelve issues. It should have been a six issue mini series that would be a little more tight and, and whatnot. Because this issue is just a bunch of garbage. Well, it, saying, it really like, is. Last issue, we started in on the whole filler kind of idea to me. If you need fillers for a 12-issue maxi, there's no reason it there's should be a 12-issue no maxi. There's no reason it should be a 12-issue maxi. Then, yeah, it should be a six-issue miniseries and just tell a tight one-thing story. Do the whole story with, with Bane and Bruce Wayne the the way that was when they were that in – That second you know, issue, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get something along that vibe. Even have a Bane-Batman team up. You're, you're working out of continuity here, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you no don't have continuity here at all. Yeah, you don't have to sit there and think, oh, you know what? Bruce Wayne and Bane and, and Batman, they wouldn't do anything. No, have them have to work together, and it'd be fun the way they had that going on. Uh, now it's just I, – I started reading this halfway through – I was just – it's weird. I told you there, there are so many explosions and gunshots and things like that. So why am I so goddamn yeah, bored? You're watching an 80s action movie, you think. But the thing is you read this halfway through and then you realize, oh, there's no point that I should be yeah, reading this because no nothing's point. going down. No, nothing is happening. So you're, I'm going to have to lean on you for both of these, Eric. Oh, I'm going to have to lean heavy because – yeah, especially – I'll, I'll even tell you. Lean on the, me. The next book is Cyborg, and I don't even know what's going on there. But give me your blurb for this. God, I need someone to lean on with that one. Yeah. But Bane Conquest number 5, written by Chuck Dixon, with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, and Carlos M. Manguel. Bane's game with Dionysus, where the two see who can take down a Russian crime family, first continues. But it, to Bane's dismay, Dionysus behind the scenes trying to take him down, so, and so is Catwoman, who has a mission all her own. After a brief team-up, though, where Bane helps Catwoman get the crime family's information for the Russian feds, which... Locks Dionysus out of their system. We see that there's no honor among villains when Catwoman electrocutes Bane so that she can make her escape. But with Dionysus' betrayal, Bane has bigger fish to fry than the, the Gotham cat burglar. Yeah, it's just – but even – telling you, there's there's nothing really to talk about here that I really care about. You, no. you do have Bane and Catwoman running around. Uh, in the meantime, you're introduced to this other guy who is a big uh, Clint Eastwood fan. Rango? And Rango, who who's a pretty good deal. But even the, the thing is I realize halfway through that I'm so non-invested in this book in general, I actually forgot what they were even doing. I forgot yeah. this setup with Dionysus. I had to really sit there and think, well, the what thing the is, fuck is going well, on? Like, Why are know, they going? I, I don't understand how the game works because it was set up last issue that, you know, is it Brains or Brawn, which is yeah. better? You know, Bane, I'm, you're going to go take, take try to take out this Russian crime family. I think it's the Vor, and you're going to do it using Brawn, and I'm going to yep. use I'm like, 
I'm going to do it using my brains. But the thing is, Bird was there, which Dionysus knocked out so yeah. he could get into the computer system. So I don't know. Was it a take turns kind of system? Or yeah, doing it, it, it seemed weird. Yeah, why would Bird, Bird – or was Bird just there to watch him to make sure – I don't know. And the thing is, you go back to even last issue at the end. You were even mad then, if I remember. Like, why is Bane just brawn here? You know, yeah, he, he is set up he, as being – That was the, the best part of the character. He was as smart as Batman, and he was stronger than and Batman. he was, he was stronger, yeah. Yeah. And he was the brains combined. It was an yep. awesome character so idea. So why why limit him? In exactly. the meantime, basically all he does in this issue is go through people and rip through him while he tries to get a hold of his guys to see what's well, going on. That's the thing is I'm not even sure the concept here where like he's got to take down this Russian crime family. Yeah. But what is he going to do to do that? I, it just seems like he's going to kill everyone. That that seems like what is the what is because the brawn option? Is, I you don't know what know. I That's mean? The thing is, I'm trying to figure out: was he trying to go in Braun style and get the information like Catwoman did? Is that the whole idea? I don't because know. he was sneaking through the building. Catwoman set off the alarms, which has alerted yes. all the people in the building. While Dionysus is back at his fortress, alerting the freaking you know the military and shit to all the shit going down. So yeah. we have freaking military coming in from the outside. We have all the Rush, Russian mob people on the inside going after Bane and Catwoman wants to get her freaking information because she's working with the Russian feds and she yeah. needs to get the information so they she let needs her the go. Information. Yep. And, and, and that, the thing is, trying to describe this book, which is ridiculous, is hard. It's so hard. And, and yeah, because you have this, and like you said, you have people locked out. Uh, there's a hack going on uh, as Bane is killing people. You have and, Dionysus, and the, who has this information. But again, what does this really lead into of taking down somebody in a contest? And what is Bane really up to? Because, like I said, it only seems to me that he's just trying to kill everybody he goes with now. And then you get Rango thrown in, who's a funny character or, like, though if he is trying to kill everybody or now if that's who he has to rely on that to get out of this goddamn yeah, place yeah i don't know because like you said yeah the alarms have gone off Catwoman's there she's trying to and get out she i, I want to tell you i love the art in, in this book i love graham yeah, Nolan's art. and the thing is though when this issue first starts you see bane going after Catwoman. what have you done thanks for the yeah. like distraction too tall and then all of a sudden he's electrocuted and like i had no idea what happened because yeah I had to go back to the last page. It looks like he's in some kind of electrical room. I'm like, did she push him into something? Is that what's going on? I had no idea that Catwoman had taser hands. Yeah, she has. And she even says later, you want me to taser you again? That's when I finally got the idea what happened. But I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck just yeah. happened? And, and did she electrocute while this, him yeah. or did he get like knocked into some wires? I don't know. And it seems like at that point she's trying to set him up to get caught so she can get so out. She can get, well, her, you have yeah, she can get her information and get out while they're dealing with fucking Yeah, and Bane. like you said, Bird is with Dionysus. So with He's knocked all, out. Yeah, he's knocked out. But like you said, what is the concept then? Because you have Dionysus, who, you know, little baby head. Mechanical baby head, and he's trying to oh, work. You know, it, man. he's the brains of the the contest, but yet Bird is out. So was he going to be there to kind of check out things or tell Bane? Because Bane's trying to get a hold of him, he can't. Uh, Wonder Woman then gets trapped as Rango is alerted. This Rango guy, who is a guy who seems to be obsessed with Clint Eastwood, even to the which, point where he's like, "They will be making my day," which, which, is which a was weird funny. Part though, because it's just it, out of nowhere. Here. Exactly, though. We, we're actually taking time to see the quirkiness of these Russian mob characters because we have Rango, the freaking mob boss, and we have these two, like, security, like, technical informants. Yeah, they're, they're who like are, the IT guy, the, the IT, IT people ca- working like people the, of this, yeah, of this Russian there's fortress. There's a fat guy and a woman. And, and, and a woman. And the thing is, you have to see their quirkiness, but, like, why yeah. are we taking time to try to flesh out these You know side why? Because there's nothing again. of a story here. The story is so paper thin here that Chuck Dixon had to come up with these other characters to make something 
something a little bit interesting. And I'm telling you, when this Rango guy was watching, like, you know, he's watching Westerns and he's watching a lot of Clint Eastwood. And he even, like, the whole deal with Rango. But then when he says, no one invades Rango's house, they will be making my day. He's, it's like, fun. all excited. And, like, oh, oh, man, now I get to be, like, American, like Clint Eastwood. And it made me laugh. Yeah, but I'm other saying, than that, fun, I was it's, just it's yeah. weird for this whole progression okay, because like happens. unless these characters come back, I don't know why we're taking and the time to really they won't, deal with I them. I don't think unless you know one more issue, maybe. But yeah, and you have these IT, you know, the the big fat guy who's sweating. It almost looks like a Henry uh, a bit yeah, from life, yeah, uh, Arrow, uh, Green Arrow, and he's you know drinking a soda, and they have the whole thing like like we've been hacked, boss. What a virus. No, something else. It's probably Yuri's in Yuri's system. His porno files. No, it's Lily's MP3s. No, your porno. No, your anime downloads. I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, you know, yeah. this is nonsense. Because while this is going on, basically you just have Bane going around. And there's some cool cinematic moments. You have these mobsters, and they're trying. They're going down the the freaking the hallway, and they don't want to just jump out and get killed. So the one guy has like the mirror, and he's looking around the corner. And when he looks around the corner. Bane's just Bane's face. face, and then the, he just gets destroyed. And Bane's killing people left and right, but he's going until at this point he's killing all these people. And Catwoman shows up again, and like, you're shot. That's a lot of blood. You gonna make it, big gay? And I'm just like, what's going on? And this is where he ends up grabbing his wrist, but she obviously it's supposed to show that he's he's got he's venom going. Up, yeah. Like she, and she's like, what? You're juicing up. I'm like, you have seen him all this time. He has tubes coming in with green Seriously. shit. I mean, wh- where are you getting this out of nowhere? You're juicing up now? Yeah, is that a smart thing to do? No. Yeah, it is. He's going. And, you know, and he has to shut your mouth. And I, I will give Chuck Dixon uh, a big thing. This Catwoman is pretty one tough cookie. You know yeah. what I mean? She does not get scared. And there's a comical moment here where he is still – he's talking to Trog. Trog gets a hold of him. He's like, can you hear me, boss? Can you hear me? Yeah, Trog. And as this is going on, Catwoman's behind every, picking up a Everybody is separated gun. right now because the whole facility yeah. is in lockdown. Like, yeah, it's in lockdown. Have come down. Like Trog's in the building trying to find Bane. Zombies outside trying to hold and all, birds all the freaking – And birds are knocked out. They're trying to find where he is. They're trying to get him. And yeah, when they're talking to Bane, then you do see Wonder Woman – or Wonder Woman. Catwoman picking up this gun, this rifle. And <laughs> And she's about to hit Bane over, over the, the head with it. Head. Yeah, and then he turns around and she like puts it behind her bag of hey, talking to the pals of yours. And I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. But then yeah, you see Trog breaks in, he sees, you know, a bunch of what appears to be just stacks of money. Stacks of money. Yeah, and he's talking, Hey zombie, wish you could see this. It's paradise. What's going on with you? He's shooting off a goddamn, you know, a, a rocket, you yeah. know, blowing shit up. And while all this is going on, Rango's watching. He's yelling to this Lili and Yuri to do countermeasures. And I'm telling you, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Because then Bane breaks into the server room where these two ITs are. And he's going to kill them. And they're, you know, hey, bad girl. Because Catwoman breaks in with him. And then you have the – it's just nonsense. It is yeah. complete nonsense. And, yeah, you have Bane tell the big fat IT guy to sit down and, and really go on because what else happens? Because this is where Catwoman is, what, gets her info. 
once they get into the IT room, uh, Catwoman plugs in her thumb drive into the monitor, and she gets all the information that the Russian feds needs. And this also somehow locks Dionysus out because while well, this I, is all going yeah. on, Dionysus is like you know uh, sent to security that way, like the the Spetsnaz and shit like that. Yeah, she, she put a like, virus in. She said, "I put a virus in. It's yeah. going to lock anybody out." The, the and Dionysus now at locked. this point has been downloading all of their files and all their yeah. information because this is what the character does. But now uh, Catwoman has locked him out completely and made all of the files he downloaded vanish, and yeah. she's got her information. And then she freaking it really seems odd because she's coming on to Bane and Bane seems to be very all about it. You know, like, oh, what's going on? Sexy cat lady. Yeah. And she tasers him again. He gets knocked down and she takes off. Yeah, the, the biggest the, thing to me was Catwoman, you know, unbeknownst to her, she ended up shutting down the system immediately before Dionysus was about to kill everyone, it seemed, because he's like, ooh, I can get nerve gas and just flood this whole area. I'm in control. What? What's going on? Oh, no. And he's locked out. Not only that, it's like, I'm locked out, and now my dad is going down. I'm like, That's right when Bird not- freaking wakes up, too. So he's yeah. having a bad time at this moment. Yeah, he is. All of a sudden, he's having a bad time. But again, you have this whole deal with like, okay, it's a contest. You, you lose complete track of that. You know, you know what I mean? And really, yeah. it's not that interesting. The whole thing is not interesting at all. And yeah, you have Trog and Bane running out. And like you said, then Catwoman shows up and, you know, tasers them and gets away. It's just nonsense. And then and they, Rango is going, caught by the freaking, you know, the, yep. the Spetsnaz of Russia. Yeah, and, and that's how yeah he's get he gets caught and Catwoman is on a, a you know a glider, a glider and goes out and then Bane, and Bane the goes woman back will to pay. Dionysus's fortress through the goddamn sewers and like oh, if you will allow me to explain <laughs> yeah yeah because that now he's got a you know oh and who knows oh, what is the next gun you know I I may have cheated there but I'll be fair the next time let's do this again and we're gonna go but it's like the next issue the serpent and I just wish to god that this was six issues because this is issue five i would have loved you in your little blurb saying this is the penultimate issue because this is not interesting at all all. it's not even like fun bane it doesn't and really the the thing that gets me is it's chuck dixon he's doing his character but yet he's not giving us anything new or interesting with him it's just you know they're really to me they're really relying only on that whole you know the creative team that made him doing you know a bane book but from there it doesn't seem like anybody had a good idea of what to do so it's nonsense but yeah we're not going to go too much into this because it's just nonsense what what did you give it I gave it a 4.9 out of 10 because I still love Graham Nolan's art. I do I like to go Graham back Nolan's and look art. at that thing over and over again, even though it yeah. became spelled out later on. It's just I did not know what was happening yeah. at that moment. I wish it was a little bit better. Yeah, like, I, I like out. Graham Nolan's art. Because taser hands out of nowhere doesn't taser make sense hands. to me. Taser face. And then you have – like I like Graham Nolan's art, but to me the story's nonsense. I give it a 4 out of 10. I, I think yeah. that you're being a little lenient because of I your nostalgia. Uh, now we can go and finish off this podcast, Eric. We're done, right? Uh, am oh, yeah. I going to tell you my pick of the week, and then I'll tell you what books are next week? Yeah, hey, can we do that? <laughs> oh, we have one last book. It is Cyborg, and it is bad. And I'll tell you right now, if you go back and listen to the podcast when we were talking at the end of the DCYOU, and uh, it was uh, David F. Walker was doing Cyborg, and then it and ended then up with Marv Wolfman. Wolfman jumping on. Uh, you will hear me as bored then as I will be now because you were dealing with tech one? breakers and fucking techno sapiens, techno sapiens and things like that, and it, it wasn't interesting. I think that this might be worse. I, I really do. It's just nonsense. But tell us, Eric, so we can get it done. 
Cyborg number 16, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Alan Jefferson, Will Conrad, Wayne Foucher, Ivan Nunez, and Rob Lee. It's Cyborg versus Cyborg in this issue, and when our hero goes to confront his doppelganger of this reality, but it shouldn't be too difficult because during this battle, Cyborg becomes a goddamn wizard that can shape and bend reality to his will because he's realized that this is a digital world, but because there still needs to be stakes to this story, the jazz player blue of his mind tells him that this is an ent- that this is an entire digiverse of wor- a digiverse of worlds yeah. that while digital are real for the people who are in them, and because of that, our hero needs to stop the OTAG virus before it can corrupt the entire digiverse. Yes. Eric, digiverse. Yeah, this is what I want to do. <laughs> Party's over, baby. No, it, it basically, it's the Matrix. It, it really is. It's this digital world that's constructed where it's only real to the people in it. But if you realize that it is a digiverse, you can control it by hacking it and making things happen and bend the will and the physics Pretty and the law Cy- of everything. Cyborg realizes that he's the one. Yeah, he's Neo. He's the one, and he realizes that and turns guns into flowers. And, and that's basically it. all because the jazz player Blue, who we saw throughout this who's run so far. Who's been setting this up all along. Of his and mind. that's what it shows. Yeah, of his in the mind, mind. Who's been fucking with his boom tubes, taking him to that video game world, which doesn't make a goddamn also sense. Also taking him out of nowhere. He went to that, you know, that conference that, that freaking, and things. Yeah, that freaking so, discussion on the singularity. Yep, everything all is. All stuff to yeah, prepare him for this moment for, where he is in the this. digital verse. Yep. Uh, where his nonsense. mother who is a part of this digiverse, this digital world, brought him in because oh God, because she can control realities and, and realize that. But in the meantime, there's another cyborg in there, his doppelganger. There's oh, God, two God. freaking anomalies. You I got all this out. nonsense. I don't know how you can properly explain this whole thing. Is At this point, I was so pissed off previously because we had cyborg variant XE. And uh, an anomaly all go to this world, and I was so upset because yes. I'm like, who is John Simper Jr. to say that you can go to this other world in the multiverse when this is not a spelled out world? Yeah, you cannot yeah. just say that your and world he you're did. creating here he is a part of it. And then you find out, out here it is not of doing that. So I'm like, okay, you have that, but what you have is one of the most convoluted goddamn things ever because we find out from the jazz player blue of Cyborg's mind. That it is one of these beings that created the digital verse. Like humans are not the first person to create the singularity and create a digital universe. Yeah. Aliens have been doing it for a long ass time. And when we see this, it creates a whole like like a universe of worlds, which looks like a mother box for some goddamn reason. Yeah. But the thing is, why would a digital universe, a digital world, let's just say that a digital world yeah. look almost exactly like Earth? Just yeah. a few things different where OTAC has sort of done this whole thing. Why would an alien race that created a digital uni- uh, digital world have this whole – The only way I went with it is because I think that what he – you know, they didn't go far into it. I'm guessing that he would say like whoever – it's shaped by the reality of where they come from and things like that. And it's not really real, but when it's created, it's created around you and this is a living, breathing thing but only really exists in this time and place. I don't know. But it's just know. nonsense. The, the problem with I have is you have the doppelganger c- cyborg who's not that interesting. You have well, two anomalies, not interesting. You have them working with this and that and the other thing. And at a point, it even gets so convoluted when people are talking to each other about what's going on. You also have where you know the cyborg in this world is upset because our cyborg cut his arm off, but that was in the theater of the mind of Blue, and, and the he's been coming. 
it's back. It's one of those things he... where, like, when we had uh, Cyborg's boom tubes getting all fucked up and, like, he couldn't control it. He kept going to weird places. Yeah. And at one part, we did see a red Cyborg, and yeah. Cyborg fought him and cut his arm off. And cut then another time, off. a few issues later, we saw a big red fucking robot monster robot that Cyborg thing. It's him fought. as well. These are both this evil cyborg who can yeah. fucking tra- – he's a transformer is what he fucking is. Yeah, he is. And, and in the meantime with that though and, – and that's the problem is he is a transformer but yet does not think – you don't get the idea that he realizes what this world really no, is no, like a, cyborg is, does. So how is he transformed? real to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, though you also have to tie it back is one of the main things going on is that Cyborg has to find the cure for the OTEC so that they can but cure why? Exe. But really, there's nothing to be done with because this is make make believe. This it, is a, a digital world that Cyborg has hacked and can control. Yeah, why can't he can just, just say, yeah. OK, O-tech you're no longer affected. Gone. Yep. You're not infected. I Cyborg, yep. Yeah. And also, like, you have all these. Guys come out, these soldiers come out with guns, and because he can hack into this and be the one, Cyborg just makes their guns – no, make them disappear. And, and then you have this red Cyborg that he turns into – and this is the robot version of him. You know, the big uh, – he makes them small. But yet yeah. at the end, he isn't small then. It just – it is complete I don't and know utter what's going on nonsense. With this it's story. nonsense. I mean, and really. The only solace I can take away from it is that John Simpson Jr. came out and soon. said it. It's, no, no. Said it was not a world in the multiverse. No, no. Yeah, you only got solace. that. I, I don't even have solace with that because, like I said, now you have doppelgangers of each per- person and it starts to get freaking it you know, convoluted again. The way this and digital world talking. is spelled out. Yeah, no. And, and then you have Beast Boy that's just there as a, you know, to me, just a prop. Uh, because he's not really doing anything, no, but he's but there at like one. Beast Boy and Cyborg together. No, well, at one point, yeah, but not here. And then at the one point, they're like, "Man, we should call Superman." Who? Huh, it must not be there in this world. And I'm like, at oh, least Krypton's still around. Christ. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to explore that later. That's interesting. <sighs> really, really, and they they go to the White House, and in the White House, you have the the red cyborg, and it's just it's just back and forth, back and forth. Hey, you and you you even have uh you know anomaly uh, going and and all this nonsense. I mean, what and that's else? another thing that really bothered me because when we first started this whole story out, where the singularity opened up and our characters yeah. were full, like you know plunged into this world, and like Eleanor Stone was telling her. This is what happens. Like this is your like vision, like uh, anomaly. This is what happens when you allow yeah. freaking machines to take over the world. You don't purge the human side or something like that, and the humans still yeah. like are f- warring against one another. Because you have two factions uh, warring against each other in this world that are trying to stop yeah. because of the OTAC virus. At that point, it really seemed like anomalies. Like, oh my, what have I done? But yeah. now that like we found out last issue, he has been unconscious, strapped to a table this entire time. Like, like. And then he sends out a freaking a message that allows the other anomaly, the other anomaly, to shoot down his doppelganger like here to go and get him. Helicarrier, they yeah. fall down, and he is found by the other anomaly. So it's two anomalies now going to team up to take down Cyborg. Yeah. And I'm like, where was the transition? Because it really seemed yeah, like you seem like you had learned. Yeah, you yeah. had learned the error of your ways where maybe we'll find out that he's he's playing and he's going to end up at the end so. being the redemption. I actually do think that's what's going to happen. I think that he's going to kill his own doppelganger even though you don't have to now. Cyborg's no, figured it out. Real. He could just he could just end up just let's go. Let's leave. This is nonsense. But yeah, in the meantime you have the anomalies talking and even that just it was confusing and just ridiculous to me and just 
led to nothing except and it all boils down that the, they'll come to us and we'll kill the heroes because we have variant yeah we have variant and they'll want to get variant so we'll show them variant they'll have to come to us and then we'll kill them but that's when cyborg's like you know out of nowhere everything stops and he wakes up in in the mind with blue and then basically i don't know it, it almost got to the point where i thought he was going to think that blue was god uh, because he's just I like I think Blue yeah, is God well, the He's just like saying like hey, you know what? You did this. You guided me with the boom tubes to places I would learn something I need to know. You sent me to the singularity me, deal. You sent me to Paralandria where I battled a digital foe and that's where he's like then I learned nonsense. that shit wasn't wasn't real. And it just really this is this is just complete and utter nonsense. And then for you have, some reason the Digiverse looks like a mother box which then the blue yeah. of the mind turns into an actual mother box until it vanishes and I'm like I, yeah. I don't know what you're doing anymore. I even liked it at the one point where you have John Semper Jr. that he really really wants you to know about the singularity and things because do you remember what happens? Of course I do. I videotape it all and then he plays the scene again i'm like really this is just complete and utter nonsense that's when blue tells him like you know what you when you came to this digital world you're just a young guy here you know this has been going on forever aliens are doing this and that's where it does kind of throw it off because it doesn't go full out to explain how these things are made or how many there are and what the, and you know, why would there be on. a freaking like a complete copy of earth with only like with the only variant being that freaking anomaly like you know set out the otak yeah that's, that's why i difference. i just got the idea that this was and maybe one of an those eleanor that, stone still lives yeah that's the i, only I just the way i took it was just there's a, a billion upon billion different uh realities that could happen and that's how they do it almost like a computer running scenarios that's yeah, how this is but they don't earth? go enough well it'd be earth because of what this scenario would be i get i'm getting there's one with just krypton there's one with this planet that planet whatever it is where you have it because he does show he's like look these all link to the other singularities and all the things. And at one point, there is a trillion different planets of different sizes and shapes. Yeah, but who that created just... this goddamn Digiverse? No, I just think it's they're never going to explain it. This is just something that's always been there, they'll say. I, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where they're going to say, you know, God created it or this created it. But it's just – it's been created and keeps going off. And it says they kind of link together and the collective consciousness of other advanced civilizations make more. And it's mathematical theories and this and that and it goes from it's like one of those things where when they talk about the universe it's odd to think like a two plus two equals four would mean the same thing for an alien race but it will and i think that that's how he's going with it and it just is never really explained though but i just think that math is supposedly like they say is infinite and and has always been around so that's what I'm this all, is i'm all cool with all these freaking digital universes being out and about just a freaking copy of earth is weird well, I think that's where Cyborg would go, you know, and that's where this version would be. Like you said, at the one point, it looks like there may be a trillion of them all around. It's not just they're not all Earth. No. I just think that this is their version right now, and they got sucked into it. They got sucked in by yeah, they his were mom. sucked into a world that's been going on for a while where these everybody inside believes it's real. Yeah, oh yeah. But uh, like I said, there's probably one that's a uh, Krypton. There's also one that's, you know, fish people from somewhere and, and things like that. I just think that the realities are just based on what that particular planet and things and whatever. There's just alternate realities. I don't know. Uh, you know, I can't tell you why did why do they call Earth 3 Earth 3? I I don't know. 
I don't know what it all means, and I don't think we're ever going to know. I think that if they go with this whole thing, that there's trillions of, of versions of this, and then they're like, well, you know what? The first one was created by an alien from here, and then they go, then everybody's going to lose their minds, and nobody's reading this, so it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, in the end, it does look like, you know, that blues kind of like the the jazz singer god, you know, playing his saxophone. He plays a song. They go back in, shit's gone wrong, and it looks like anomalies are now changing up the game because they have variant and they're going to draw them in and kill them. That's all it is. But really, that's the other thing. Do, do they die? It, you know, is this one of those things like they, they didn't spell it out? If you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. They never said it. Like, I oh, don't know that. Is, I don't know who these people are that are real inside this digital world. Like, they went and created, like, you know, be, created this digital world and they believe everything. They've been here so long. That they believe it to be the real world. I'm like, what? Like who? Like, like who I said, are it's these- just like the Matrix. I mean, the, you don't know who. Yeah, these but you don't have Eleanor are. Stone plugged in on Earth, freaking in this goddamn digital world. You don't have Beast Boy on Earth plugged in this digital world. Yeah, but I'm saying this is just digital versions of of all the different variations of anything that can happen. I just think this is like he says. This is just like if we got sucked into a video game. That's just all these are. This is just digital versions of an infinite universe and infinite possibilities, it seems. These people are just there. Like Beast Boy is not Beast Boy. He is a just a code in a machine. He's just there. And they think they're real because they're there. And they would think that they're real. They're not. So, it, it, like I said, it's just the Matrix. It's just another fucking video game that he's thrown Cyborg in that these people, because they're there, they don't realize. It's like they're in a movie and they, they don't realize it's a movie, but Cyborg realizes it now. To me, he could just change it all. He could just snap his finger and it's done. I'm telling you, it's John Simper Jr. trying to play around with this whole deal with you know math and, and the digital world being infinite and with these possibilities. It's just nonsense, though. But yeah, this isn't really... Beast Boy plugged in anywhere. This is just a version of him that's just digitized deal in this world. But and when Blue what says, "What does it matter if you do anything?" It doesn't because doesn't. Blue seems to say it does. Yeah, but he doesn't. He just says, you know, you can These change people things. People have been in here so long, they think that this is their real reality. Yeah, that, that no, that's where you you he. That's just John Semper Jr. trying to make it so that you have Cyborg at the end say, "I can't just shut this down because these people in my mind are living, breathing things in their own world, so I can't shut it." Down. All he's doing is making a rule so that Cyborg can't go in and just fucking make it all disappear because he, oh, you know what? I like this Beast Boy. He doesn't deserve. You know, I'm not going to tell him. He's not real because he isn't, but he thinks he is, so I can't destroy the world. It's trying to make it so there's some moral thing for Cyborg to not just destroy everything. I, it's all hokey setup to me. And they're not real. They're, they're, they think they are. But yeah, that's just because they're in a world. It, again, it's the Matrix. If we wake up, we find out right now that this whole world of ours is make-believe. We still think it's real. You know, it's not going to change our idea of what we do in a day or we go to work or you get cut and you bleed. You're still going to think that's real, whether it is or not. That's all this is. But am I real? Well, that's what I'm saying. This is what he is trying to – John Semper Jr. has painted himself in a corner where this stuff is nonsense. But then he realizes, well, if it's nonsense, Cyborg can just go in and destroy things. He's going to think to himself, and he'll say it. I guarantee you in the next issue, he's like, I could just bring this all down, but that wouldn't be right. These people think they're real, and they think this is the real world, even if it isn't, so I can't do that. It's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. But yeah, it's it's terrible. What did you give it? Because I fucking hated it. 
I gave it a 4.5 out of 10 because I enjoyed the art and I just really, I'm telling you, I just really love the fact that, this, that he did not say that this was a world in the multiverse because it bothered me so much. But no. I thought the art was really good in this issue. It's just the story is fucking bullshit. No. Oh, I am telling you, I'm trying to explain or argue the story. I'm about to give the worst score I've ever given on this podcast because I give it a 1 out of 10. It is fucking nonsense. I don't even care if the art is fucking incredible because I like the art. This story and this book is such goddamn garbage that I just don't even want to deal with it. It gives me a fucking headache. Where and yeah. then I'm and then I'm here having to ex, you know try to explain. I'm, fuck if I know I'm right. You know what I'm, I'm trying to explain the fucking most bullshit book that we have. This book should be canceled yesterday and, I'm and telling just you, it was, fucking it was the get worst rid of it too. Because you know, like you know, we we get a lot of our reviews done. We always say to ourselves that we're yeah. gonna get them done early so we can have more of a free night on Tuesday night because the reviews go out what like Wednesday at twelve a.m. Yeah. So. There I am, Monday night. We had off yep. on Monday, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a little bit of a head start so I don't so have so much I. work to do on Tuesday. This was the first book I picked. By the time I was done, I'm like, well, I am done reviewing for tonight because I can't yeah. deal with anything more after and, this. And then the worst is I'm about to sit down and at least read my books. I only had three reviews, and I thought to yeah. myself, well, I'm at least going to read the three. I may do like a Justice League. I may do yeah. Green Arrow, whatever goes on. I want to do one book. Then Tuesday I can do two right when I come home from work. And then I have some time to you know, tweet some shit out and do my stuff. You sent me a, a fucking message about what this issue was about without even reading the book. It depressed me so much. I'm like, fuck <laughs> it. I can't deal with this shit. I'm going to fucking watch a movie or fucking something. And I'm, I'm telling you. This is one of the worst issues of any book I've ever read because it uh, it's just fucking nonsense. It I is don't complete know what and utter anymore. nonsense that it needs to end. And where the the problem is, most people would say, "But Jim, you know, well, first off, they went from it being twice a month to monthly. The next step would be a creative team change. The problem is." I've had enough of this. This cyborg book has been going on since the DCYOU, and it has never been good. They nope. they don't seem DC and the editors. I'm telling you, you could get any writer, whatever, but whoever is editing this or whoever is going and saying, okay, what story do you have? And John Semper Jr. is like, listen, I'm going to get this. They're going to end up in this digital world. They should slap him right in the face and say, you sit down right now, you motherfucker, and write something better because this is garbage. It's the same garbage we got in the DCYOU. I like David F. Walker. I, I have actually liked a bunch of his books that he did on Marvel. His cyborg was fucking garbage. There, it seems like nobody knows how to write this character. Get him the fuck out of here. I, I can't stand it. It's fucking garbage. One out of ten, Eric. That's what I give it. One out of ten. Maybe 1.5. I'm looking at the art. I like the, I like art. the art. It really is. How about this? It's five out of five for art and negative 5.5 in, in writing. Now I just have a minus 0. 0.5. Can Good. I give that a minus 0. 0.5? Negative 0.5. Gotcha. Nonsense. Nonsense. But we're going to go and you know tell us, hey, this is not my pick of the week. I'll give you a little hint of that, but we're going to go no. and do that now. All right, Eric. That's it. That is it. That's Finally. What, that's what we call it. And we're going to talk right now about what is our book of the week. And I'll tell you, it ain't no cyborg. That's for sure. <laughs> no one's book of the week is cyborg. Actually, anybody's still reading the, it. The way my scores end up, you could you could go eight times my score of cyborg. It's still not the book of the week, which is nonsense and crazy. 
I need that. I need that done. And actually, uh, while we recorded that, you know, yesterday, in in the whole scheme of things, I actually thought of. So- oh, I know what I was going to say, and I'm glad that I remembered this. I just wanted to say when they ended up having uh, the rebirth announcements, and they had a big press conference. They did make a point because some of the people weren't there. John Semper Jr. was there, and he came out and said, "Listen," and I told you this, and you kind of laughed. Cyborg on the streets of Detroit. He said Cyborg was was going to show the plight uh, of a black guy in Detroit, which that's fine, and also yeah. that the thing that was going to change and why his run was going to be different than anything we'd seen about Cyborg was the fact that he had this really cool scene, and, and a bunch of other people, not just John Semper Jr. saying this, but the other people describing this was the Jeff fact Jeff is all about when, it too. Yeah, and when Cyborg heard jazz and the improvis- improvisational way that jazz is created, it, it was something that would have blown Cyborg's mind because he's used to crunching the numbers, you know, and, you know, things that made sense. But this improv stuff in jazz was going to show him a new world. It was going to open up things to Cyborg. And this is why the book was going to be different. Why is it now the same fucking shit that we always have gotten? What happened along the way that where John Semper Jr. seemed to want to give us something new, whether it was, that was going to be good or not? Jazz shit ain't working. We gotta Maybe get away because from this. you went from that, which even if you didn't like how that sounded, because you actually groaned about I that. Thought I thought it said, sounded terrible. Yeah. And and this was the jazz part, not a black guy in Detroit. I I want to point that out. You're not that racist, but the the what? thing about <laughs> the thing though, it seemed like something new. It seemed like okay, maybe it'll be good. If it's not, at least he's doing something different and not having Cyborg just fight different versions of himself and and viruses and you know computer. That's, that's all we get. That's all we've had, and that's what the shame is because somewhere part two. Yeah, that's all. It, it's just that book again, and I didn't like it then, and nobody did, and that's why you know they didn't continue that story into it and tried to rebirth it, and, and they have it. Huh. That's enough of that, though, Eric. We're not here to talk about the worst book of the week, are we? We're here to talk about our book of the week, and mine was Justice League. And I am, I'm loud and proud to say that one, Eric. I, I love the kids. I love the whole thing with it. I just, I still have that sneaking suspicion it's all going to come crashing down on me and I'm going to have to apologize to everybody who ended up starting to buy that again because I just wait. It's like Ethan. Right now he's in school. We've had two weeks now and he's getting A's and everything. Uh, and my wife's like, oh, man, you should take him out. I said, I'm not taking him out to dinner. No. I'm getting him any presents because I see where this fucking story ends. I've, I've read this one before. And the minute that he gets any accolades of this type, he, he gives up. Now he's he's achieved the greatness that he wanted to do. And then he'll go back to not doing work. And really, yeah. my son, you, the kid Ethan, was just telling me the last week how, you know, Beethoven was blind. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, and that, not, yeah. Not no, no, no. And and the thing about it is, he's not dumb. He's not at all. He doesn't do his work. He's no. like me. He's lazy. And you do your it, work. What are you but about? I knew. Well, I know, but I still am. Generally, that's the thing. I may do a lot of work, but I have the heart of a lazy man. <laughs> I uh, today I actually uh, was going to do a best songs ever. I have two that I already have written some stuff up, and I wanted to do. 
And I ended up going food shopping and coming back, and I fell asleep for an hour and a half. And then had, when I woke up, I had to get ready for the podcast. I pretty much was depressed at myself for doing that. I was like, I was really angry with myself because I have these ideas of these shows that I want to do. The problem is, where you're going to hear in a minute, next week, we're not going to have much free time. So I really wanted to take advantage of this hour and a half window, and I fell asleep. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah, those were two of my favorite books. So we'll see how that goes forward. But you want to hear what's going on next week, and I, yeah. I just mentioned it. Next weekend, Eric is going off uh, to the Great Yonder, and he's going to be doing. Yes, he's going to die. This is going to be an assisted suicide. I am very honored to be part of it and being one of the last guy. And I'm going to kiss him goodbye as, as he goes off you you're not aware of that eric but i care well, enough I, about you that i don't mind kissing you on the lips eric oh, it's nice. gonna be it's gonna be the last sexy kiss you ever have and you know for the last the la- next two seconds you will have you're gonna to doll yourself up first no that's the problem oh, i want you to die in horror and just utter <laughs> disgust no, you are going to a wedding, which to me, that's just as close as dying, Eric. And uh, you're going to go uh, be in a wedding, so you will not be around for the weekend. So in general, the intro, the males, that'll be me and Reggie. Reggie has already agreed to do that. Me and Reggie are also going to talk about his books. It'll just be me and Reggie talking about them, and there's plenty of those. But because when I'm going to read this list, we have a ton. This might be the most books we've had in two years it's a lot and when the last time we had this many books or even close to it it was close to a 13 hour podcast so we'll see how it goes but because of that me and you eric we're we're going to be start recording this goddamn podcast for next week tomorrow yeah so every day four hours yes every day we're going to have books i don't like uh talking about any books before I actually do the written Very review, well. it throws me off. And then I'm afraid that I'm going to commit myself to a score that now I have to stick with. And then this, I'm going to read it later and see something. But we'll see how it goes. And also, uh, just to remind people, if you go to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash weirdscience, you will be of your badass level. You'll even get to point out uh, or pick one of the books because one of these books is going to be on the Patreon-only spotlight and there's some big books. There's some you really that, big books. One of these books. Yes, one. Now, there there are some books on this list that we're going to talk about now that there's like seven books that seem to be very, very important because we have Action Comics, number 987, Eric, the start of the Oz effect. And yes, we do indeed. I'm here to verify you do find out who Mr. Oz is. It's it's not one of those. I actually was afraid that they were going to play the game where at the very end you don't find out, but you do. So that's all I'm going to say about that, Eric. I'm not going to let anybody know that it ends up being one Eric Shea. I couldn't believe it. Eric Shea is Mr. Now, would that be funny? If it ended up being you, and that's why you keep surviving all the disasters Turns in Green Arrow. Turns out this whole time in Green Arrow, I'm Mr. Oz all along. You're Mr. Oz. Uh, why do I have a silly name? I don't know. We're also going to be talking about Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 14, which starts a story with Huntress, I believe, is at the start, you know, at the at the front and center. Then we have Dark Knight's Metal, number 2. The Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, obviously that is big. We have Detective Comics, number 964, that continues the Utopia story. Not so big. We have uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 28. 
that it includes uh, Sinestro and Parallax, I believe, right? Or at least Parallax. I have no that, idea what's going well, on in that. Yeah, I don't either. Actually, I say that. I can't remember. Oh, no. It's the New God stuff, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't, shit I I don't yeah. know. Something. Harley Quinn 25th anniversary special number one. Eric, so how glad can I don't you have to talk about how, that. You're upset. You're not going to be around for that. Justice League of America number 14. We continue the crisis in the microverse. And yeah, we'll we'll deal with that, Eric. We have Mr. Miracle number two. Obviously, that book was very big. big. Uh, just an aside, I was talking to the Slack chat and I ended up, they haven't released the full sales for last month. And it actually shocked me because they did release the top 10 books from last month. Mr. Miracle was not in there. That's crazy. It, it's not in the top 10. And looking at the books that are in the top 10, the 10th book, 9 and 10, were like Star Wars 34 and 35, somewhere around that numbering, the Marvel Star Wars book. And when I look, that book generally gets around 70,000. So it, it sells good. I mean, that's good sales. I thought Mr. Miracle was going to be more than that, right? Especially with the that hype behind you? it and shit like that. Everybody yeah. talking about it, I thought it would have been huge. Yeah, that shocks me a bit. Uh, new Superman number 15. Uh, that continues that, which we love that book, so that's good. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 14. Smarty Pants, freaking Bizarro goes right. in there. Uh, I will tell you, you already get a little hint of what's going to happen with that. Uh, you have Suicide Squad, number 25. Supergirl, number 13, which ends the Emerald Eradication story, so that's pretty big. Superwoman, number 14. Teen Titans, number 12, which is a metal tie-in. The Flash, number 30, which is the blood work, number 1, Eric. Titans, number 15. Titans, number 15. What, what's going on in that? Oh, it's continuing. Is Nightwing is, Agent of High? Yeah, who is the... The bad guy, and if Nightwing is agent, right? and then Wonder Woman number thirty, which ends Shape Fontana's run. So that is a lot of books. There part is a the lot. Part of the Amazon Part Five finale. Yes. Yep, the finale, and then even so, even that, I'm sure we have a lot of other things involved as well. So yeah, it did could you say end Supergirl? up. Yes, I did. That ends okay. the Emerald Eradication story. So that ends that. All oh, right. Uh, it's weird because you even said you're like Supergirl again, but that was an annual, the last issue, so that kind of threw it us just off. fucked up that you give us two Steve Orlando books a fucking a week apart, uh, two weeks apart from yeah. each other like this. Yeah, two. The, th- throw in the fact that we also had JLA, and now we have that again. It, I'm it's saying too. Four books in two weeks. It's yeah. you know that's nonsense. What the hell is going on there? What the hell? But yeah, that's the podcast. For some reason, it, it came at the right time. Something loose in my voice. I don't know what's going on, all this goddamn talking nonsense. Uh, but yeah, that is the podcast. Like we said, if you want to go check out, get almost what would be a free trial of the Patreon, go over there and subscribe. You won't be charged until October, but I think that you will like what you see there. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thanks for the people who are listening to us live tonight on Mixler. And everything with that, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird, and we'll weird. see you in seven. Seven. Oh!